Testing, testing, and talking, and talking, and testing, and talking. Test. 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 This is JD. This is JD talking. Here I am talking. I can talk and I can walk. Hello, I'm testing. And here comes the train. But my voice is louder than the sounds of the train. That's because of microphones. You're two. I'm two? You're two, I'm one. And that's how it works, folks. That's just the way it works. So... I think this is going to be fine. I never really know. Oh, yeah, I'll put it on hold. This will be frozen, locked, solid. Okay. Test, test, test one more time. Test, 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 Connor. We gotta get out of this loud subway. We got great levels here. We got so many levels. Look at this little package. Well designed. Are we beginning? I think we got it. Let's walk out of the subway. Should we say where we are? I mean, I don't want. I almost don't want the podcast to start with just like a rumbling oh, train. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I feel like now it's definitely going to start like this. Yeah, but at least we're contextualizing it. That if it if it does end up starting like this, it's not what we wanted. No, this is already just, off. It's already off to a start where it's not out of our control. What episode number is this again? I, I have lost track. I actually don't know. Is it fourteen? I think it's fifteen. Fifteen might be fifteen. I'll I'll find that out. That's a. That's something that we people who've already started listening to the episode are probably already more informed than we are on this issue, because you've just clicked the file and seen which number episode it is. I do think it's funny that we started this episode with an audio context that we didn't want, and also without knowing which episode this is. Yeah. And I think on some podcasts, it's okay to not know what episode you're on. Yeah. It's like, I think it's 287 or 153. Right, but we should know. We should know. There's only like 14 of these. Um, yeah, it's just... Uh, time has gotten very tricky. Uh, my perception of the passage of time gets trickier with each passing year. I agree. All right, I think we can... Well, let's wait until we're up these stairs. I mean, this is the longest we've gone without introducing ourselves. Yeah, I'm Connor. I'm, J- I'm JD. Hi. We're currently on the stairwell. Yeah. Thank you. Make yourself small now. Make yourself small. We're in New York City. Uh, where uh, we're currently leaving the uh, Herald Square subway station. We're at the corner of West 32nd Street and 6th Avenue. Avenue. It is a. I think it's November 11th. It is. And... 11-11. Hey. 12-hour day on 11-11. This is... We're so close to it being the 12th month or the 12th day, and it is neither. 
Exactly. I'm J.D. Amato. I'm Connor Ratliff. And you're listening to 12-Hour Day Day with J.D. Amato. And and Connor Ratliff. (laughs) Uh, Right now it's... it's On the podcast called 12-Hour Day Day with with J.D. and Connor. Amato and Ratliff. Um, We're near the Nordstrom Rack now. Uh, They're not a sponsor of this podcast. We don't have sponsors. But we're just walking past there. And it caught my eye. Is that this new? This is new. I was about to say. Yeah. I've never seen this before. I haven't either. New York is way. constantly changing. We're going to walk over to the rack. Yeah. Um, we are... Uh, it's the first... I would say it's the first really cold day of the year, right? Uh, yesterday was cold. But this feels... But this is... Cold. So, like, yesterday was the day that was cold, but you were like, maybe this is one of those outlier days where it's cold and it'll go back to being a little bit warm and then today is the first day where you're like oh no winter she has come yeah and i also feel like already the sun is fighting against it in a way that makes me feel like the winter could be over tomorrow now this is going this comes from a very specific i'm sorry i'm gonna adjust my mic here this comes from a very specific perspective because connor you famously are Against. The founder, the founder of the hashtag Team Endless Winter, on social media. And you love winter. I do. Right now, you love this weather. I, I'm not crazy about how aggressive the sun is trying to prevent what's happening from happening. And I'd like to describe what Connor is describing: is it's a cold day, and there's a nice warm sun that gives you some relief. It's too bright. Winter should look. We need a little cloud cover. Um. I know, I really dislike the the contrast of a freezing cold day where you have to squint because it's so bright. The sunlight's so bright. Connor, that it feels like a parody of what a the the like Mr. Cold in that whatever <laughs> in a Rankin Bass like holiday yeah. special, yeah. It's like, oh, this winter's being ruined by this bright sun. I mean the cold miser. Yeah. I know. I oh, it's the heat miser the heat and the miser. cold. No, I think it's also the cold miser. It's not the heat miser and the cold miser. Um, okay. I don't know. Um, Anyways, Connor does not like when it's warm outside. And you don't even like it when it's my favorite weather, which is like 65 degrees. I don't mind that. I just know that that tips so quickly over to, into hot weather. Um, what is it? What is it? What is it that causes this? Me? Also, I'm sorry. If we're doing yeah. this episode about... So, okay, we're, we're going to spend the day at UCB Chelsea. Yeah, which by the time you hear this podcast, it's very likely that UCB Chelsea, if it, if it hasn't already closed, it will be within, you'll be within minutes of it closing, I feel like. So there's something I want to point out yeah. because we're, right now we're on 30th Street, mm-hmm. which we would I would walk constantly from where we were, the Herald Street subway yeah, yeah. station, mm-hmm. to here to come to the old training center. Yeah, it's where the Upright Citizens Brigade training center used to be. And by habit now, when I walk the theater from the Herald Square, I'll still walk down 30th Street. Mm-hmm. And there's this purse store yeah. that sells wholesale purses. Right. And they have these golden things that I don't know how to describe in their window 
that I always look at and wonder what they are, and this is the first time I've stopped to really look at what they are. Yeah. It's like a lamp, but it's... How would you describe that shape? I mean, it almost looks like... Um, it almost looks like it could be a fountain, like the base of it could be a fountain or like a, a weird plant mouth or something, but yes. made of gold. But it's shaped kind of like a... Almost like if you took a bird bath and bent it so that yes. the sides of it curved up a little. Yes. But in the middle of that, there's a, like a, a roundish orb, and it's and it's it's porous, like it's it, it, it's gold, but it's not solid. It's gold, almost like extreme Swiss cheese, kind of like it's just ring and ring and hole and hole and hole all the way throughout it. So you could, uh, it's it's hard to it's hard to picture this, but if you come to New York City. And you're on 30th Street between 6th and 7th? Across the street from the 23rd yeah, one, Precinct. 133A West 30th Street. If you look in the window here, you'll see what we're talking about. And there's, you know there's what? three or four of them. I'm going to go ahead and take a picture of this. Our because first boco? Our first boco of this because... Bonus content. I feel like... Uh, it's, it's, it's something that it almost feels like a game to try to describe this shape verbally. It's so complicated to describe verbally. Alright. I have a picture. Boko. I have two two pieces of Boko, a picture of the golden object, and there's many of them. There's many of them in the window. There's like four. Uh, but also a picture of JD and I looking at the object. Yeah. Um, That's the, the theme of today's episode is looking at the object. Uh-huh. Um, and that won't be literal. That'll also be philosophically. Yeah. Um, so we're walking past... It's too cold. ...what used to be the training center. It's not too cold. It is, but that's okay. Um, yes, and that was the lobby of the old training center. And, and JD and I, that's really where we met, you and I? Yes. And... Um, In fact, we're mere blocks away from our first real conversation. Yeah, that's right. That's right. When you um, and I walked to... The hotel, the hotel where my parents where were staying at. It was raining, and you and I were realizing that we both had a similar sense of uh, ambitious showmanship when it came to doing indie improv shows that were hosted by our teams. That we we both took a certain pride in the way that we programmed the shows and made them kind of into little events. Yeah. Um, realized that we were kindred spirits in that sense, um, but. As we were saying, UCB, Chelsea, uh, yeah, quite we, a, quite we say UCB, Connor already said it, it's the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. Yeah. It is an improv it's a comedy and sketch theater, theater yeah. in New York City. And, and LA. And LA. But, but our experience is in New York City. And in our experience, this was our first theater. Um, yeah. There was one or two before it. Yeah. In New York, but this was the one that as the when most people think about UCB, I think they think about this theater. Yeah. Like uh, veterans of the theater remember the previous theater, but really I think UCB came to real prominence with this as its home. And and they're moving now. So uh, the theater is moving um, and it's been, it's very sudden news. Like as of a month ago, we did not know this and uh, it's a very big change. The theater is moving to Hell's Kitchen to the address of 555 West 42nd Street, which I, I think sounds like a fake address in a movie. Yeah. 
because the 555 street address right. matches the fake area code of t- TV and film fake phone, phone number. numbers. Um, and the reason that we're focusing on this is that this is the theater where Connor and I both came up in, in the context under which we met. So for both of us individually and as a friendship, there's a lot of sentimental meaning here. Yeah. And I think we just want to document the experience of this space a little bit. And also, this podcast works best when there's just somewhere we can hang out. Yeah. And this is a convenient And we, place we've actually, out. almost since the first episode, we, we, you and I have personally talked about we should do an episode at UCB Chelsea. Uh, it was never thought of in terms of like, oh, I never would have, would have imagined it would be a farewell episode to UCB Chelsea. Um, but we had always imagined doing an episode where we sat in the front window of the theater. There's a big display window out front. Right. And did our live podcast from there. I think we're just going to do that for the last half of the podcast. I will say this. Yeah. Which I think is funny. What? Because we're going to about to meet her a little bit. But, you know, I think we even intended doing that for the second episode of the podcast. Uh-huh. But that was maybe right when Shannon became AD. Yeah. And she was being very careful about rules and access. Right. And... I feel like now that the theater's going away, she's just sort of like, yeah, all right. Well, also, I think she's excited. Shannon will be joining us in a little bit to let us into the theater and to yeah. talk a little bit to us. But I think now it's also, I think this is exciting to have as a record of uh, yes, commemorating the, the, the theater. But I mean specifically the window thing. Oh, yeah. Feels like a, I remember there was a, right. concern, a concern about it being either t- way too hot or way too cold. Yes, because, which today it will be way too cold. Yeah, which is why I'm wearing my winter coat. Um, ah, the, the, first lady day, coat. the lady coat. Um, which if you look on YouTube, uh, you look up my name, Connor Ratliff, and my new winter coat, you'll see a video from seven years ago. And this is one of the Connor Ratliff greatest hits in terms of experiential, uh, experiential comedy, bits. which is Connor was gifted a coat that... My sister gave me this coat that is a man's coat. But I immediately said, this looks like a woman's winter coat, because it's, it's cinched at the waist, but it's very, it's great for warm temperatures. Like, I could be, I'm wearing warmer clothes under this, because I didn't want to be stuck in this coat in the window, necessarily, when I'm sitting down. Right. But, in, typically, I can wear a t-shirt, I can dress for summer under this coat, and then go out and not feel cold, which is great, because one of the sort of dilemmas, one of the challenges of winter in a city is... You might have to walk around and dress for cold, but you go into any building and the buildings are hot. This sounds like a podcast we're creating for aliens that have just arrived on Earth. <laughs> or like someone who's just awoken from a coma and had all original thought erased from their mind. Yeah. Uh, the, the if, gr- if there is anyone like that, welcome. Welcome. Welcome to planet Earth. Uh, the things on your feet are shoes, and the things in your hands are a spoon and a knife, which I'm not sure why they gave you those. But that's what you have. If, if what, an alien arrived with a spoon and a knife, it would immediately be intimidating. <laughs> yes, it would. It would be so suspect if they came out of the spaceship with a spoon and a knife. <laughs> a spoon and a knife and shoes. <laughs> and shoes. It would, you would immediately think these, these have hostile intentions. Why? <laughs> Imagine that's, that's an alien that thinks that it's fitting in on Earth. Yeah. It's just a completely nude alien with whatever it's weird orbital genital bits <laughs> but it knows enough of our culture to know that shoes are a requirement and in order to feast one needs a spoon and a knife it's an alien it's a, a grotesque alien 
completely nude with its own bizarre alien genitals. Feel free to draw this, by the way, and tweet this at, at us. With a pair of Nikes on and a spoon and a fork, spoon and a knife. Like, I am human. Wow. You know what? I forgot my watch today, which is it's a rare day when I forget to put my watch oh, I have, on. Oh, I have my watch. Okay, so I think we started at 11.50. Yeah. I have to say, it immediately depressed me when I realized I forgot to put my watch on. It depressed you? Yeah, I don't like not having it, even though it doesn't matter today. Right. Because um, you know what you're doing for the next 12 hours. Yeah. Uh, it's more just like a, a comfort habit to have it on. Now, we're walking, we're now at the corner of, of uh, the Gracides where uh, UCB is. Gracides is a New York City grocery store chain, and... Uh, I, need a, I need to stand in the sun. You need to stand in the sun? Okay. Um, we have to I was thinking we could go into the grocery store if you wanted to be warm. Oh, you want to walk on the grocery store? Have you yeah. had lunch yet? No, I had breakfast. We could also go get lunch right now. Well, it'll probably take too long. It's 12.05. Um, if you want to get 25-minute lunch, we can. If you even if you just want to pick something up and bring it back over. You're not going to get lunch. I'm probably going to get food in Gristides. Got it, got it, got it. Uh, I might get a hot soup in there. I might get, you know, there's right. things I might get in there. But is there something? Because right now is the time to take our shot. If you want to go someplace else for food, this is our big chance. Let's, yeah, let's walk. Oh, let's walk to Kobayaki. Okay, where's that? It's over. It's one half hill over. Okay. That's my, always my UCB go-to. Great. Uh, not, there's not an official endorsement. I think you, you can endorse if you feel like it. No, no, I mean, no, if you I like it as a restaurant. I don't know the lives and pasts of the people who worked there and founded it. Oh, okay. They could be criminals. I mean, just put that as a disclaimer. You like the food. I like the food, but what if... I mean, at this point, everybody is a suspect. Uh-oh. What's happening? One of our my, mics. One test, of, is test. My, test, test. No, you're my good. Mic? Some, there's a noise. It was just a New York City moment. Look at this car. Ooh, I like this car. It's a Continental. Limited edition Continental. Yeah. Sorry I didn't snap a photo of that. It was a nice old car. That, um, that co ain't bow. That co ain't bow. Um, the, yeah, so um, for those of you who are, um, some of you that may be your first time listening to the podcast, um, a lot of the things that we said might make very little sense to you. Uh, thank you for sticking with it, uh, pushing through it. I think that'll be true for. A, I think that's true on and off for most episodes. That there'll be things that people might be confused by, but then other things that people might find surprisingly relatable. And uh, yeah, JD's concerned about the audio. He has a face right well, now. Well, okay. Is... So I usually get five minutes of us being stationary to make sure everything's working. Mm-hmm. And this is an episode where we just jumped right the. Not gonna, you know what? I'm not going to swear this early in the podcast. Yeah. Well, we just jumped right into it. Yeah. And so it makes me nervous. Yeah. Because it's like, it's like, it feels like maybe we're driving with a coffee cup on the top of our car. Mm-hmm. In the sense that, like, it's not, we're not totally ready to go. Yeah. And I'll listen back to this and our audience will, will be like, well, there's only one channel recorded or right. something. And I just keep hearing noises. And I'm self-conscious because there's so much street noise that I can't tell if this is listenable right now. I and bet it, it is. It might be. Um, 
So, um, we're walking by the old Martha Stewart studio. What films here now? Probably Rachel Ray. Really? I don't know. When you at any point when you on anything you've worked on, have you ever investigated the availability of the studios in this building? Uh, no, because they're always booked up by this one company. I think. Got it. I've worked in a studio. There's actually a studio across the street that I've worked in. Uh huh. It's a sort of secret studio. Yeah, very secret. I would I would not have guessed there was a studio across the street. Yeah, it looks like apartments. Back, see the wood panel on the that's the studio. Where? The the brown. That one. Yeah, the New York Action gotcha. Auction Company. Mm-hmm. Yep, Rachel Ray. Rachel Ray. Um, yeah, what's interesting is, I mean, I'm very bad with change, generally. I don't like it. Uh, even, even good change can sometimes be uh, a little part, little twinge of um, just lamenting the passing of time. Like even even things I look forward to every year are. are bittersweet in the sense that like with each moment that passes it feels like well there's a loss right uh and so like i'm very aware of like right now like i used to have an apartment not far from where we filmed the chris gathard show which is a show that jd and i both work on the studios where we filmed there is blocks from where i lived for my first few years in in new york i lived at the corner of 37th and second i didn't know that and it's so strange to me to think there's a part of me things like, oh, how, how great would it be if I still lived there? I could just roll out of bed and right. be at the studio um, or even at the offices, you know. But I never go to that neighborhood anymore. And so I think, like, for, for several years, from, like, 2003 to 2007, that was my neighborhood. Kipps Bay, that right. was the movie theater I went to was Kipps Bay. Right. That's where I bought my food. And then all of a sudden, when I didn't live there anymore, that little slice of Manhattan became... You know, it's a little. It's not, it's close to everything, but it's kind. It's just out of the way from my experiences in Manhattan. It's not right. a. It, it's as if that that neighborhood kind of might as well not exist for me right. anymore. Right. And I wonder if Chelsea is going to be like that for me because I kind right. of think it will be. That like the number of times I've walked past like the Fashion Institute, uh, FIT. Right. You know, it's been like at least a weekly. At least two times a week, I walk through past these buildings. Right. Often more. Some some weeks it'll be every day or, or most days. And we're about to enter a phase where I may never be in this neighborhood for any purpose. That's true. Let's check um, our phone to see if uh, Shannon has twelve ten. Should we eat here? You can eat here, and I'll sit with you, and then I'll get some food oh. and proceedings at some point. Great. Um, I'm gonna while you order. I'm going to use the restaurant. Right. How are you? Good. How are you? Could I go with a grilled chicken bowl? Oh, white rice would be great. Okay. Uh, to stay, right? Oh uh, yeah, that'd be great. And, uh, you want a water? A uh, drink would be fine. A soft drink would be great. Twelve seventy-five. You want the receipt this time? Ah, uh, no thanks. Thank you. Okay, Connor is in the restroom right now. I did not have the ability to stop the recording. So we're just hearing whatever that noise is, I'm sure. 
um, you could tell by the candor of the person. I come here quite occasionally, and it's actually funny because I I'm going to try to get away from these speakers. Um, that's where they are. I'll go right here. Um, wait, I can press that. These two. Oh no, we're on freeze. Um, I come here quite occasionally, or at least I did back when I was performing more. And so the fact that they still remember me and treat me like a frequent customer is actually a very nice thing. Um, this is a place, I think there's two locations. I could see it blowing up to be a bigger restaurant, Kobayaki. Uh, it's got like chicken, whatever, and oh man. Uh, that's the sound of Connor washing his hands. I really. That's the sound of Connor turning on the dryer. now Connor's coming out and now I finally am down and able to press the hold button but it's too late because we've already heard we've already heard it all so it is what it is Connor's looking at the menu Connor's got a very particular food hey, thing would it be possible to just get a plain burger with nothing on it yeah, yeah. how did you want to cook uh, medium well. Any drinks? No, that's okay. Nine seventy five. Um, I'll have it here. Yeah. You want the receipt? No, Thank you. Thank you. Oh, this is big. Connor's ordered something here. She normally doesn't order anything anywhere. You ordered something. I got a burger. I couldn't turn your audio off. That's okay. Okay. Could you hear a lot? No. Yeah. Um, okay. Your mic is facing away yeah. from you. Um, no, I, you probably heard, uh, like the sink and things like that. Oh, your food is ready. All right. I'm going to bring my mic and you have I'll to talk, talk now. I mean, I didn't do a good job of talking. That's okay. Um, Uh-oh. yeah, so JD is going to get his food now. Um, when he was ordering, which you probably just heard, uh, I went and used the bathroom, which I... Uh, obviously in a 12 hour long unedited podcast the only time we've ever edited is when there's been a technical malfunction thank you so much and uh, I pride myself on the fact that obviously we're going to have to use the bathroom at some point during these podcasts and I don't think uh, other than the use of the actual the sink or the flushing or things like that I pride myself on the fact that I don't think listeners have ever actually been able to hear bathroom sounds other than Right. I think this might be an interesting episode. Right. Not an interesting episode. I think we've started this episode in a unique way where I think we very quickly hit all of the things that people don't like during the podcast. Right. We're eating food. We're going to eat food uh, during sound. the podcast. Bathroom sounds. Yeah. We're outside in the subway. Mm-hmm. Like, we're really... We're leaning into it. We're leaning into it in a way that people might not make it through this one. Well, you know what? To those of you who uh, wish to drop out now, farewell. Uh, our apologies for what you didn't like about the podcast. 
Uh, obviously, I can't say anything to the people who've already stopped listening. But for those of you who have decided to, to stick it out, I think it's going to be a fun episode. I think we're going to have um, uh, some fun stories. We may have a few people dropping by uh, to join us. Um, and uh, I, I think it's and I think uh, it's been when was our last episode? Springtime? Our asked the last our asked last our asked last episode. Also, when it gets cold, I am unable to articulate as well. I can't tell if this is in a good place or not. I think this is in a good place. I I'm so self conscious about the audio, and I think I, I bet say, it sounds great. I think I say that every episode. Yeah, I know. But this one, for whatever reason, it sounds... Uh, maybe it doesn't. I'm also... Oh, I guess I can't do that. What's happening? What are you doing? Nothing. Don't worry. Don't worry, Don't worry, Don't worry about, about it. it. I think... Um, there's... Oh! What happened? What just happened? <laughs> <laughs> what did you ladies fiddling with the monitor and, and with something what would you do <laughs> just press the, the I think the people at home just got a scare <laughs> because I just pressed a button that accidentally took off a an audio padding right and then it caused there to be a huge amount of noise and then I screamed into the mic and it sounded very loud sorry I won't do that again um I No, it's strange to think about like there's a the, the same hotel that we had the conversation our first real conversation in front of is the hotel that my parents usually stay at when they come to town and it's the hotel that I stay at every year during the Del Close Marathon which is this weekend long improv marathon and I'll get a room there so that I can be close to the theater and not uh, constantly be uh, traveling back and forth to my home neighborhood when I have shows all weekend I'll probably never stay at that hotel again um, my parents would Wait, probably, why is that? Oh, because they're probably not going to come. Because if my, part of the reason my parents would stay is because it's sort of uh, equidistant. It's a convenient location. They like to come to shows and stuff. Now they'll probably just stay either... Uh, it's, at some, there's no reason for that hotel. Right. It's no longer oh, as convenient. Right. Interesting. Yeah, so it's a, a place I would, I would be at multiple times a year that now I probably will never be at again. Right. Uh, I realized the thing that I was worried about audio-wise was you can hear a hissing in the background, and I thought maybe there were levels wrong, but that's because there is a heater Thank you. up behind us making that noise. And I know you don't need that information. I'm sure if you're first listening to this, you're like, man, a lot of this podcast is this guy just describing the audio scenario. But it makes me self-conscious. Um, all right. So, Connor. Yeah. What are the things... Let's have a little just mini table of content. The right. things that we're going to talk about. Um, like, or I, I want to know the things that you have in mind that you want to discuss today. Uh, I'll, I'll do mine while you mm-hmm. take your bite. Yeah. I want to talk about Blade Runner 2049. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? Yeah, I'm happy to talk about it. I have some I, questions for you because I think... I liked it. I think you have some more very specific observations about it that I'm fascinated to hear. I want to talk about that. Um, obviously, we'll talk about used to be Chelsea. We'll mm-hmm. get into all that stuff. Um, I think we can talk about the podcast and 
I mean, we shouldn't talk about that thing that we've been emailing about, but things like that. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, what else? Oh, I want to talk about Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. I don't think we talked about Stranger Things. Yeah. I think it's been a while. Um, I want to talk about The Good Place. Yeah. Because I've watched The Good Place now. Mm-hmm. Um, I also watched a show on Netflix called Atypical, which I had a whole experience with that. Mm-hmm. And I think there's another big thing that I wanted to talk to you about. We'll cover a lot of good pop cultural stuff. Yes. Um, oh, there's also a really interesting... Someone posted in the subreddit mm-hmm. about how listening to episode one and listening through the catalog has been interesting. It's helped them with anxiety because they see the things that we're worried about and then they can hear how they all go fine and how our well, worries are almost never founded or when they are, it's something to laugh at more than it's something to... Mm-hmm. So I think we should, it's an interesting thing to look back at the past of the show because now we're maybe five years, four years. Mm-hmm. So I feel like our first episode was 2012, maybe? We did six episodes our first year, four episodes our second year, two episodes our third year, and two episodes this year, including this one. Right. But yeah, those are those are my bullet points. Right, you know, we're going to talk about all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And I will probably touch on some stuff having to do with. Oh, I want to talk about Porky Pig. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about. In fact, I made Connor stop talking about Porky Pig. In- yeah, JD and I were at a wedding a couple weekends ago. We've been to a couple of weddings, and the, the, um, there was a point where um, I started talking about this recent uh, deep dive I went into watching the new uh, five-disc DVD Porky Pig 101 set, which Warner Archives put out. It's, a, it's basically a DVD-R. That, Warner Archives is this fascinating... It's like a, a niche sort of boutique aspect of Warner Brothers' online distribution sort of website where they Warner Brothers has such a deep catalog of things and they have things that maybe don't have a big enough audience like old classic films that don't have a big enough audience to warrant doing a run of DVDs but they have the files and the they have the movies available and if you order one they basically print you a DVD-R with nice packaging of that movie and bizarre um which feels like, um, I mean, I think they also have a streaming service, so they're kind of in the, I think they're sort of in a little bit in that mode of like catering to collectors, but they're kind of like Netflix in that you can subscribe to Warner Archive and get some of it on streaming, but you can get a lot of it on disc, which is sort of the same as Netflix now. There are a lot of things on Netflix DVD that aren't on streaming, but most people just use it for streaming now. Are you a member of Warner Archives? No, not the streaming site, no. Uh, I'm maxed out at the moment on the number of streaming services that I have time for and that I uh, I could imagine if there was more stuff that I wanted to see like if Warner Archive put all of Looney Tunes online I would subscribe in a heartbeat um, sorry for that how much is Warner Archives? probably not that much but like with 
Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and. Uh, I just got the email from Amazon. It was like your CISO subscription has been canceled because yeah, CISO does not exist. Yeah, so this this podcast has charted the rise and fall of CISO, the comedy streaming service that both JD and I got some employment from. Uh, I, I performed in one show and then directed and executive produced another show. And your performance is lost to history, right? I they I got CISO to give me a copy of it. Oh, that's great. The whole episode. That's great. And I'm heavily featured in the episode. And I was like, oh, this would have been fun to see out there. Yeah. Oh, it's so sad. Um, CISO was a really great comedy channel for comedy nerds. It had a great library, especially of like old British, classic British comedy. They had all of Kids in the Hall, all of Monty Python. And when I say all of Monty Python, like they really impressively had every movie, every episode, rare right. tributes. Like they really like went hard at like uh, uh, a lot of stuff that isn't available anywhere else streaming. And it was, but the the four dollars a month proved too high a price yeah. for. Uh, I was one of the few people I knew who actually subscribed and watched things on CISO. I knew a lot of people who knew of it but and like liked the idea of it but didn't subscribe to it. Well, I generally think the downfall of it was its parent company was NBC. Yeah. And I had this conversation with somebody where by the metrics of a startup, it actually did really well. It had yeah. a, a really big user base. It was bringing yeah. in a lot of money. So if this was just like a startup that started from scratch, people would be like, whoa, impressive. Yeah. But because it was attached to NBC, which is a company that... Is enormous. Enormous is used to getting millions of viewers and their turnaround on content is... Massive. Massive. I don't think they saw how well it was doing or were willing to just like suffer through it. They know that up and down as they got their legs under them. Yeah. If it was just a startup, it might have lived longer. Yeah. And it's possible that... Well, the, the sad thing is, like, a startup would probably wouldn't have been able to afford to make it as good as it exactly. was. Exactly. Um, what's amazing to me uh, is how often the fortunes of what happens and what doesn't happen in entertainment often have to do with... For all the different systems and metrics and things like that, it often has to do with, like one person or a handful of people having like a good feeling or a bad feeling about something like I feel like if there was somebody in the right job at NBC who really just loved the idea of like this is a thing that should exist um, like I feel like there was a period like uh, and there probably are, still are people like this within Disney but there was a period when like Roy Disney Walt Disney's brother was in charge of right. uh, Disney that there were certain things that were just like important to him, whether they made a lot of money. Like he wanted to get like the rights to Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, which was like the the Walt Disney's big character that he lost the rights to before Mickey Mouse. Right. And it was just like important to Roy Disney. It's like I want to get the rights back to this character. Now nobody cares about this. These are silent black and white films from the 1920s that are just sort of these like proto Mickey Mouse cartoons that. Uh, it's not like anyone's making bank on Oswald. No, and I heard something recently. Somebody told me that there was, I can't remember the, I apologize for not remembering the details, but if you want specifics, I'm sure it's available online, that apparently since Disney owns ABC, there was a point in the past like decade where some sports network wanted to, like one personality that belonged to ABC Sports uh-huh. uh, wanted to transfer to NBC Sports or something. And... Uh, 
and NBC through some weird process of like a century's worth of uh, intellectual property packaging. Right. NBC had the rights. They owned the rights to Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. And so, Whoa. And so ABC... Uh, when when NBC was like, we want to make the deal to trade this broadcaster, um, ABC said you can have him, but part of the deal is we get the rights to we get the rights back to Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. And the NBC people were like, the rights to what? And they're like, you own Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. And they're like, what the fuck is Oswald the Lucky Rabbit? A bunch of black and white cartoons from the 1920s. NBC was like, oh yes, you can have them. Uh, so funny. It's such a crazy. Because now, if you go to a Disney theme park, there are actually, like... I have a t-shirt that is an Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. They make... Disney makes merchandise now of Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. It's very neat. It's like a... Almost just as, like, a, uh, a, a presentation we- of their win. Yeah. and But it's also just kind of, like, this weird, obscure thing for people like me to be like, Oh, what's this? I bet there are people who buy them who don't even know what they are, but it's almost like those... You go into like J.C. Penney and, in the, and there's like T-shirts that are like right. the Surfing Institute or something. And right. It's just like a made-up graphic tee. But it is like um, it's funny how like that's a, that's a case where it was just like Roy Disney was like my bro- this is part of my family history. This is a thing that was important. It's not a money maker for Disney. It's not a money loser. Uh, I mean, it might be a money loser. It could be. Um, I bet. I bet you're like one of the like 500 people who are like excited about it. And also a lucky rabbit shirt. Okay, yeah. so the rights history of this. But I bet there's also some weird little kids who are it was it was there it's as strange now for a for a 10-year-old to be aware of Oswald the Lucky Rabbit as it was when in 1985 when I was 10. Right. So I bet it's, you there's some weird kid out there now who's like what was the thing before Mickey Mouse? And then look it up and like, "Oh, there's actually a book out right now. There's like a nice coffee table book that is chronicling, because they don't even have all of the 26 shorts. Right. There's some that like they're actively still like scouring uh, uh, basements and libraries and stuff to see like, can we find the missing like seven shorts or whatever of it? Um, you know, that's something that I think would thank you, Connor. Yeah. Something you think about? So, it's sort of. Oh no! Uh, it's part of, to me, what is interesting about this podcast mm-hmm. is that I consider a lot of this uh, uh, an exor- like an archival exercise. Yeah. In the sense that, let me make sure I have everything. Um, I want to record a, a lot of this stuff these conversations, you and I walking around, yeah. as sort of a way to just stick it in the internet in a way that feels semi-permanent. Yeah. Because I do feel like the internet's this place where it's like, uh, you put stuff on there, and some stuff disappears, but some stuff, no matter how hard you try, is just stuck in the internet. Yeah. And I like the idea that, like, decades from now, someone might stumble upon these episodes, and... They might. This might be the only full audio tour of UCB Chelsea. Right. Or this might be the only... Like, there's so many things that I feel like we've documented. Right. That there could be these unforeseen changes in the world that we're yeah. like, oh, wow. I can't believe we have, like... You sort of... Uh, you ever go down the YouTube rabbit hole of, like, watching 9-11 footage? 
Uh, I haven't, but I thought about it. I do all the time. And a lot of it is, I want to say like every four years, there's something that's like, whoa, never before seen footage of, you know. Some moment in time, yeah. Some, some guy at a camera rental house was testing out an HD camera three blocks away and happened to have it on and caught this moment and then kept recording for the next 20 minutes. And suddenly you have this like, you know, yeah. unbroken hour of footage that shows another slice of life. I prob- of that day. I probably mentioned this before, because now I feel like uh, YouTube, the YouTube era, the era of being able to put, put video online and, st- as you say, stick it in the internet, uh, means that there's even more of those things now. Right. Um, there's a moment that I probably mentioned before that is, I think it was either on 9-11 or the day after, when I was like, I was living in Oregon, I was watching, you know, we had the TV on. And I was just sort of in a daze, you know, just like, oh, my God, what is right. happening? And I remember watching CNN, and they did a musical montage. This was in the evening. And clearly, like, somebody during the day was just like, I'll do this thing. Right. And it was, here's a, here's a visual look at the events of either this morning or yesterday morning or whatever. And they had cut basically a music video of 9-11 to U2's Beautiful Day. And... Literally, the first minute up to the chorus is just almost like stock footage of like a typical morning in New York. People walking around. It's just like B-roll. This is something that what channel was it on? CNN. And this was done in earnest. Yes. It was not done. This was everyone's shell shock. I think this is like maybe my favorite example of like this is the news being traumatized. Right. Like someone did this. Someone edited this. And then someone else agreed, yes, let's air it on our channel. Nobody said, I think no, I, I, absolutely not. I think I know where this is going based on what you're saying. Yeah. So it starts with like, da na na yeah. na Yeah, the heart is a boom, doom, doom. Because it's a pretty low-key, so it's a solid minute of that. No, we're not going to make it. We were about to cross the street, and I wanted to go, but the lights were against us. Um, and then when he gets to the chorus, he goes, because it's a beautiful day. Dun, dun, no, dun, dun. Please tell me. And they synchronize the shots of the planes hitting the building. And it was like, because there was only two of those. Right. So you saw it repeatedly to hit the beats of if you hear the chorus on a beautiful day. Why and would they do that? I think, Why would they do that? I think the, the only explanation for it that I can think of was, because I remember watching it and being like, what am I watching right now? And not even really processing how crazy it was when I saw it. Right. Like, I wasn't... If I saw that now, I'd be like, oh, my God, I'd be, I would be freaking out. I remember just sitting and quietly watching it and being like, why would they... Why did they do that? And you just think about how shell-shocked people have to be for that to... I mean, you know how hard it is to get something approved to go on the air on television. And that day, it was probably just like... People were just making stuff. Yeah. And, of course, this is pre-YouTube, so there's no record of it that I've been able to find online. I'm sure, like, CNN is not ever going to make that footage available. Did you, like, did you text Shannon, by the way? Uh, I haven't texted Shannon. Do you think she's in? Uh, we're at UCB again. We're back over now. We just went, to, uh, we just went and had lunch. We're done with lunch. Um, Let's see. I'll text her and say we're here, because I, I bet she's in there now. Oh, yeah, maybe. Oh, she just texted. Oh, no, she says 10 away at 1231. Maybe the light just stays on in here in the uh, thing. Maybe. Let's go in. 
Um, let's go into Gracidis and stock up on some stuff. Got it. That's so bizarre, though. Yeah. Um, uh, if you have that footage of CNN, uh, I, I hesitate to say post online because it's in such poor taste. Right. But uh, I want to. I want to. I want proof that I. This isn't a crazy hallucinatory memory because it's such an. Because there are things sometimes where you. Your brain starts writing its own narrative every human. But I know I didn't write that narrative. Right. Uh, I know I witnessed because I remember it cutting back to the anchor, and the anchor was like, "A historic day." It is a beautiful day. Um, yeah. Uh, now, what's your go- see, Connor? You seem to have a whole Gristides. You know where you're going. Connor's come in here like a child does when they go into a familiar house and know where the toys are. Well, not necessarily because I'm a little. I'm not. I don't have anything in mind for what is smart to have for the day. I just know that like. I want to get some stuff that I, so that we don't have to break away. Yes, I agree. So, so I'm thinking I might get a bag of apples. A bag of apples? Yeah. Connor, that's a bizarre thing to get. Why? That's the type of thing a, a horse that's turned into a human would think would get him through the day. <laughs> I love how you translate. Everything I do has to be into another... Yeah. Would you have an apple later? No, I'm allergic to apples. Really? It's this thing, I forget the exact allergy, but it's... So this is less of a good... Because uh, I'm not going to eat a whole bag of apples. That's why I was laughing, because I thought you were just going to get no, a bag of apples for yourself. sharing. I think, I'll get them. We might, I might give an apple to guests. Yeah. The, I will say, quite inadvertently... <laughs> also, can, what? I, can I tell you what my least favorite cartoon characters are? It's these <laughs> apples. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll take a picture of... Wait, also, every apple with both hands is snapping. I'm going to... Take a picture of these apples that JD hates. Hold on. <laughs> one of them. One of them. Okay, I'm gonna point this out. Two of the apples look like they have brain damage, and two of the apples look normal, but one of them looks very concerned. It's also very hard to get a, a, a good picture without the glare of these. Hold on. Oh, you just had it. Yeah. So look, right. don't these two apples look like something's wrong? Yeah. That apple's genuinely concerned even though he's got both snaps. Um, I'll give apples to our guests. Um, we have a lot of horses coming in. I, I will say, quite unintentionally, I've learned that for some reason, for some reason this year, I've learned that I find apples to be very funny. Um, apples are funny... The word apple is a very funny word. Um, and I've had, obviously, just by accident, uh, a number of apple-related comedy it's, moments on The Gethard Show this season. It's true. And mostly just because apples are around. It's, it's mostly been that, like, I've been in a room where there have been a bunch of uneaten apples, and that's the last thing that's there. And so right. I said, like, let's give out some apples. I also did a show... Oh, right. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, you... So Connor does the warm-up for the Chris Gethard show, and there was an episode where during the warm-up, Connor did something that for, uh, activated the entire audience to start chanting, more apples, right? I started giving away apples, and I made a promise that I would get four more apples than I had. Right. Um, so the audience during the warm-up was chanting, four more apples, but then Connor was in the episode. And so when the episode began, of which the, <laughs> the audience obviously... Had not seen the warm up. 
during the episode when Connor came out, the whole live audience just started chanting four more apples. And it made no, <laughs> no sense, sense to anybody watching at home or anyone on camera why the audience suddenly started chanting four more apples. Uh, it broke. I, I was trying to keep a straight face and I broke on camera because I was on the little uh, revolving thing. And when I and the audience started chanting four more apples, I completely broke. Because, because you I was, felt like, oh no, like, what have I done? Two, two, uh, another big mistake that I made this season that I think led to a good moment on the show was I'm very bad about, I forget stuff I'm supposed to do, and I forgot to remind the audience to not, to turn their cell phones off one week. And most weeks I do remember to tell it at some point, but the one week oh, that I actually that forgot, that was the one week. So I funny. forgot to mention it, and then within seconds of the actual show starting, somebody's alarm went off, and it, it, but it's enough that it's been in promos for the show that moment. Yes. Because uh, it was someone's, uh, Shannon pointed out that someone's phone alarm went off and she saw the girl mouthing that it was her alarm for her birth control. Uh, and the second that happened, I was like, oh, I didn't do my job. Um, but also, in a way, in a way you I helped the show. Well, I like that kind of, I, I think, I, I like that it's one of the, the, I like the mess on the show. I don't want these mini pretzels. I want different pretzels. Well, let's find the pretzels you want. Yeah. I'll treat you. No, don't treat me. Why not? It feels like some sort of ownership. <laughs> I mean, if I, if I thought you could be that easily bought... Oh, uh, do, do, do you think pretzels count as premium crackers? Yeah. No, I think they're with chips. I think they're, they're over with, like... Oh, these are the premium crackers here. Oh. Oh, you know what? I need to buy some crackers. What for? Um, because... Uh, you don't have a show tonight, do you? No. Oh, okay. No, I don't have anything. Uh, no, I just... Uh, I keep forgetting to buy crackers, and so while we're in a grocery store, I might as well... Uh, Buy some. These are really good. You ever have those? No, those look good. Pet- oh, how do you say that? Petite Ecolier? Something like that. Something like Maybe that? Maybe those aren't the... There's cookies like that that my mom got once. Um, she has around her house, and they're always very good. I feel like... I feel like I want to buy like a bag of cookies to give people if, if anyone sits with us at any point tonight. It just is like a... Do you want an apple or a cookie? Uh, apples is probably enough. Yeah. Um, but... But so I also, um, before any of the Apple stuff happened, because I had that Apple joke when I did the uh, remote piece from the... Right. Uh, but I had a... There was an improv show earlier this year where Dana Ashbrook from Twin Peaks was the um, monologist. Ask Cat is an improvised show at UCB where they have a celebrity, like a guest monologist. Where do they keep the chips here? It used to be over here. And it's now it's around. the giant sparkling water. Um, but there was a scene where Dana Ashbrook had told this story about he had a stepfather who um, a stepfather who had a name that was like uh, uh, contradictory to his personality like his name was like like Tony Rules or something like right. that but he's actually really relaxed or whatever it was and so we start the scene and Achilles initiates the scene and like uh, my name is Tony Rules and right. I'm actually pretty laid back etc and where do they keep chips in this? Oh, I know. It must be over here. Um, the last place we could possibly look. Right. Um, and then Shannon steps in for the second line. She says, my name is Lisa Slut, but I don't get the wrong idea. I'm devoted to my husband. Right. And I couldn't think of a funny third one. Right. And so I said, my name is Bob Apples. And what can I say? 
I love apples. And in, in, in one way, it broke the scene so completely because I did the it's, opposite. It's of, off game. Yeah. And even and it's not even a, a simple reversal of the thing. It's not like no. I'm Tom Mean and I am Mean. Yeah. It should be a very simple reversal. Yeah, it's both simple but complicated in a stupid way. But then that led to like a 10-minute run of scenes about Bob Apples, whose only game was that he loved apples. Now I go with these. I like these. But it's what it set splits, unique splits. They're fine. Um, but it, but that this has been the year of the apple for me in terms of like I clearly think apples are funny. Like right. maybe my favorite funny thing this year. And I also just generally I do like apples. 2017, the year, the year of the, the year of the funny apples. Yeah. Um, but it's also just the comedy of convenience that I've been around apples. And I've been like, what should this be about? Right. Oh, maybe these apples. Hello, how are you? Go ahead and put your stuff in. Oh. No, that's fine. I'm going to grab yeah. batteries also. Oh, great. Actually, I'm going to I'm scan that Snickers twice. I'm going to add one more Snickers bar to it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. JD bought a Snickers bar, and I didn't want there to be a part of the podcast where I regretted not having one of my own. Connor sounds like a crazy person. Oh, I forgot, and I already put it through. Oh, that's fine. Sorry. I'll get these. All right. I was just doing it by rote. I didn't think. Thank you. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. Put it in with these apples. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you. A special shout out to our 112 head and thanks for too nice. All right. Now, JD and I are, uh, Shannon's getting a coffee on 23rd, so she should be here momentarily. Got it. Um, we are right in front of the theater. We're in front of the UCB Chelsea. And this is, we're underneath the awning, and this was a new awning. Right. I remember the old awning. And that's the end of the awning talk. Yeah, that's a segment called awning talk. Never to be repeated. Should we get a picture of us in front of the awning? All right. Um, Yeah, so... uh, You're the apple. Um, I do think, like, it's interesting because I've this month of like thinking about the change of 
moving, having a new home base kind of theater. And you and I think have different perspectives on it because uh, you don't perform at the theater as often as you did a few years ago. No. It's sort of a, a rare occurrence now. Um, I perform twice a week with occasional extra things at this theater. Um, so for me, it's going to be like an immediate change that I'm going to immediately feel like, oh, I'm in a new place. I'm in Hell's Kitchen. It's different. Getting there is a different routine. Right. I don't. Even, I haven't even been inside the building yet. Which I think is going to be weird for me because of that. Because here, even though it's been a while since I've performed here yeah. multiple times a week, because there was a period where it was like, probably count on three times a week I was going to be performing. Yeah. Uh, and now it's, I perform once every couple months, maybe. Right. But I still always feel like this is a home. I feel comfortable going you in. You can stroll in. Saying, hey, can I sneak into this show, blah, blah, blah. And I know everybody. Mm-hmm. I know the rules. I know where to stand. Yeah. Not where, what to do, what to not do. This new theater, I'm not going to know that. Yeah. And I'm going to feel less comfortable going up and going, hey, it's your boy JD. Yeah. So I wonder if that's going to... Oh, whoa. Ten minutes later. Connor, I'm going to tell you something that's not good. What? What did we lose? From when we dropped the recording. We lost all of that? I think so. Oh, God. I hope you're wrong. No, I don't think I am. You think you're pretty positive that when we dropped... Okay, so if you're listening, there was a rare drop. But an actual physical drop. Of the equipment. Not just a drop, like people talk about a dropout audio-wise. I'm pretty certain that it got rid of what I think... Ten minutes? Less than ten. Seven minutes or so. Because it was... Shannon arrived shortly after. We talked about Nathan for you for a while after that. It was like 30 seconds. I don't think it was as long as you think it was. I described Nathan for you, too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I don't think... There's no way I did that in 30 seconds. Might have been a minute. But I think no matter what, there was not more than... There's not more than ten minutes that were lost to time. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not mad. You seem mad. No, I, I just I'm trying to think what we covered. So we're now in the UCB theater. Yes. Yeah, so we've, we've jumped Shannon ahead. O'Neil, Shannon O'Neill. Shannon, Connor and I are on the stage. We've put our stuff down. Shannon is in the tech booth, and she see. Is. This is why I need to be stationary first. Because we're out in the wild. I don't know what's going to happen. It's chaos. It's bedlam dro- out there. You still would have dropped it. It would have changed nothing. Wow. Because it's one of those things Connor's like... Connor stopped trusting me. No, no. No, I'm saying like... you're. I, it's, no, I trust you. It's That was an unavoidable event. You felt you feel more insecure because you like to start out stationary testing stuff. Right. We jumped into it in the wild. Then when this happened, it's further rattled you. What I'm saying is that was unavoidable and is not related to your insecurity about having to start on the fly. But... It ended up being, this will be known to 12 heads as the lost 10. Yeah. 10 minutes that were lost. We've actually, I'll say this, mm-hmm. in the amount of, grand scheme of times that we've lost mm-hmm. audio, yeah. this is one of the lesser ones. Yeah. Um, we won't even need to make this up with private time. No, I don't think so at all. Um, the but it is a bummer no. that we missed the transition from. Outside boom. the theater to inside the theater. So you got yeah. the full Gristides experience. We purchased our things. We came outside. Could you do me a favor? Yeah, what? Could you make a 
sound effect or if something or a, a voiceover that I can patch in there to get us from that section to this section. Yeah. Um, can how about this? Yeah. Um, I'll record three layers of a thing and you multi-track them. Yes. Um, breaker, breaker, dimmer packs. What do you want me to say? What what, what language would be good? Also, right now we can hear Shannon getting mad at. Shannon's in the tech so booth. So Connor and I are on, on the stage. On the stage. Shannon's Shannon's in the tech booth. She is lobbed up if she's in the tech booth trying to figure it out. And so she can't hear us, but I can hear her. Oh, you almost had it. Hey. Anyways, so yes, you're going to multi-track for us. What, what should I say? Well, it's just something that's got to be sort of Mr. Rogersy in the sense that we go from one place and then we absorb and we're inside. Mm -hmm. um, but what, what would be the what language would you like to cover the transition? It, it could be a Mr. Rogers like a do do, but no 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 no, or it could be like a Twilight Zone esque. You think it was ten minutes later, right? Ten minutes. Just, all right. So I'll just I'm going to sing the phrase ten minutes later. And I don't know whether this might not be good harmony. Right. But we'll just cut, we'll loop those. You'll multi-track them and that'll be what covers. Okay. Ten minutes later. Ten minutes later. Oh, yeah, later, baby. Ten minutes later. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah. So here we are, ten minutes later. Anyways. Um, I'm just looking at the Twitter to make sure that we are live. Live on Twitter. We are. And um, and so we we are we are uh, we can be in here. Okay. Yeah. Welcome to the stage, Shannon. How you doing? Good. So we should start outside. We're gonna start outside. Yeah, we're gonna do like a walking tour. Great. Oh, wait, um, I gotta set my shit up. I know. So as I was, that's what I was. Okay, you stay there. Oh, uh, I'm just Shannon, doing this. Uh, You're just holding that up to your mouth. Mouth. Uh, Shannon, we have two possible drop-by guests. Um, we'll bleep the name if you if you don't approve. If there's either of them that you you s disapprove, okay. we'll bleep the name. And I'm gonna put it. Well, one. now they're gonna know that I disapprove them if you bleep the name. They won't listen this far into the podcast. I don't believe you. People are very. People love listening. Okay, the, the, I, I guarantee. I, I'm, I'm going to say a series of names that aren't those people that we can also bleep. Okay. That are celebrities. Yeah. That still doesn't help. It's like. Uh, and then we'll come up with an excuse for them so that they don't realize. O.J. Simpson. I know. Don't let him in here. Okay. Adam Conover. Adam Conover? Yes, he can come. Is that yeah. who's coming? Probably, yeah. Yeah, if, let Adam if, if Conover. Yeah. Just don't let him ruin the theater. I mean, he ruins everything. <laughs> I guarantee you that. <laughs> I guarantee you that is the bane of his existence. Yeah. Like every... No, he loves it. Okay. Wait, you know how... I have it on, and then I just hit record, right? We have the same recorder. Yeah. So don't I'm get just... mixed up. Yeah, now you're recording. I'm now recording. Okay, great. Um, okay. But I don't want to start this now. But I'll just start it now. Yeah. You can edit it. You're yeah, just going to be we can, edit. we can edit this. Yeah. So Sophie will edit this. Uh, say your other celebrity name. Um, John Wayne Gacy. 
No, he's dead, isn't he? Yes. The but ghost, the ghost of John Wayne Gacy, is he allowed? Honestly, the ghost is allowed at this point, because I hope he haunts whatever happens after we leave. <laughs> um, Anthony Atamanek. Yes, Atamanek is allowed in the theater. All right. Martin Shkreli. Mm. I feel like those are the same person. <laughs> ha! All right, yeah. let me unplug the power of this one. All right. Okay. Power unplugged. And not and those are also two people. Adam might be too busy, and Tammy might bail. Um, both both highly probable. Both highly probable. Yeah. Um, but Connor, I think. Oh no! Is, is my mic not working? No. I is think, it me? I think you just have. It's touching your thing. What do you mean? So the way you have it, it just keeps. Oh, it keeps touching the. Yeah. Oh, should you put it on your collar like me, yeah. like an adult would? Someone's rubbing. Like that. That's better. I don't believe I'm rubbing. Am, am I, I rubbing? That's me. JD, am I rubbing? 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 Someone is. I can't tell who. I'll figure it out. Mine's not even touching. Okay, let's go. I realize I, yeah. pl- I have to. I forgot about this play. I have to go to a three. Let's go to a play. All right. What play are you going to see? I'm going to go see Lauren Brickman in Stuffed. Ooh. So I have all the keys. So yeah, we'll start outside and just like walk and we'll do a an orderly tour. Yeah. Because I'm going to try and take photos for... Oh. History. For mine. So like people can then look at photos as we walk through. Oh, that's great. <clears throat> oh, that's for you on. too. I believe in letting your burps out, by the way. Mm-hmm. Just make sure I have the keys. Back in. All right. Guys, you got to wait for I me. Do. They both walked ahead without me. Stay there for a second. Okay. Okay. No. All right. We were talking before just about how how strange it is in terms of like um, I don't know what I don't know. For what reason I'll ever be in Chelsea necessarily once the theater moves? Yeah, I've, I have nothing here that I would visit. There's, there isn't even like an audition place in this yeah. area. So in in some ways this will become kind of just like a memory neighborhood. That yeah, like, like my first I'll, apartment. Like I I'll never fi- go to that neighborhood anymore. I'll find myself like passing through it maybe once a year or something. I'll be like, oh yeah, yeah here yeah. we are. Yeah. You have the key? Yes, I have a key. All right. We are now outside of Chelsea. Okay, so now this is where I take over. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, 12-hour day. You can simulcast this with UCB Long-Form Conversations podcast. Yes, it will be a palate cleanser uh, episode, which means it's not about, it's not two people talking about improv. It's about some special topic, and it's going to be me giving a tour, an audio tour of the Chelsea Theater. Uh, great. So, hi, this is Shannon O'Neill. Uh, artistic director of the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in New York, and I'm going to be giving you an audio tour of the Chelsea Theater, which we'll be leaving at the end of November and have been in since April 2003, and it's now 2017. And along with me on this audio tour are J.D. Amato and Connor Ratliff. Hello, I'm J.D. Amato. Hi, I'm Connor Ratliff. Now, while I'm giving this audio tour, they are also recording a podcast at the same time, which is 12-hour day podcast, which is a podcast that is 12 hours. Uh, We're in hour two of our podcast. We're in the second hour of our podcast right now. So if you want to listen simulcast to this recording, you can listen to hour two 
to three of 12 hour a day episode 14, I, I think. Yeah, you guys can figure it out. Google exists now, so you can figure it out. Uh, great, so here the audio tour is beginning. So right now we are standing outside 307 West 26th Street, which in current day, November 2017, is uh, there's a Christides that lives above the theater. So when you stand in line, uh, you have to avoid the entrances of the Gristides. They get upset if you block it, which is makes sense. Totally makes sense. Now, a fun fact about... Uh, so outside is the window. So you see the UCB goggles, and they're in our main window. And I love this window. I think it's, it's so badass and cool. And the goggles inside were painted by the one and only Michael Delaney. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. If I'm wrong, I apologize, but yeah, I'm pretty sure he did this. He painted the goggles uh, at the old training center at 30th Street. He, I believe, did the ones on the uh, the front door of 22nd Street. Delaney's our goggle guy. Uh, yeah, it's a very artistic man. Um, the awning of the Chelsea Theater, right now we're on our second awning. It's actually very ugly, and that is not, um, that's not our fault. It's the landlord, like it has to be this maroon. We were never allowed to change the color of it. Weird. And previously, right now it has our current logo on it, which is like an upgrade, but before that it was like this black strip that just said the Upright Citizens Brigade. It just right. looked like we had just like taped it on. Yeah, it looked like those letters you... Uh, yes. Will you hide something underneath so that you'll be here forever when you leave? Will we hide something underneath so we'll yeah. be here forever? Yes. Uh, I mean, we, we have... Uh, there's ghosts in there that we'll leave behind. Yeah, I want ghosts up here. Thank you, you want ghosts? Yes. You go got ahead. it, sir. Thank you. I'll leave a ghost for you. Um, yeah, it looks the, the old letters look like. I mean, Connor, we just can't ignore that, that yeah, man walked, talked, walked up yeah. to us. A man just walked up and asked if we'll leave something behind before we leave. Also, that man was wearing a safari hat. <laughs> yes. And he just like bolted into the Gristides. Um Good for him. Uh, yes. Yeah, so the awning, it's not, but it's it's what the. Uh, the building required this yeah. maroon color. So that's a fun fact. And we the only reason it is replaced with this is because it tore. Safari Man was in there. He oh, literally wow. walked out of the exit. So he was in there for 30 seconds? <laughs> Safari he Man. He went in with a bag. Safari Man did a loop in the Gracies. He went in with a yellow bag, like a yellow Gracies bag, and he don't, no longer has it with him. So oh, he, he, he left, recycled it. He recycled, he recycled it. it. You can recycle it in there. All right, audio tour is amazing. Uh, so yeah, the... Uh, the uh, <laughs> The awning tour, and we had to replace it, I think, within the last year. So that was like a weird change when that happened, because I like the griminess of, of the theater. And okay. when you're facing the theater from the outside, to the right is where people would stand for standby tickets, Correct. and to the left is where people would stand when they had ticket reservations. Uh, right. Except but when there was... Ascat. Except when it's rainy, then they swap yes, it, right? When it's, when people it was, have tickets could stand under the awning, and people who didn't would have to stand That's right. There's get the, rained on. Yes, the standby would have to get rained on, and those with tickets would stand under the awning. And during ASCAT, everyone stands in the, the same line as far as if you have reservations and tickets or if you're in the line for 930 free tickets. They all mix together and it's... Interesting. Yes. The classes clash. All right, so we're going to enter the theater. It's just two glass doors and a single key. Honestly, why hasn't anyone ever broken in and robbed us? Not true. That has happened. Okay. <laughs> uh, there's right. a calendar always in the door. In there's the, always, not always. Usually. Well, for, I guess actually it's for a, a while, yes. We've always had a, a, 
a calendar. The current calendar is designed by Diana Kolsky. Um, now we're at the top of the stairs because the theater is in a basement and we have another window that when you look at it now is merchandise. And it was not always merchandise. It used to be shows would submit to put a display in to promote their shows. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, it was really fun. People got uh, either really creative or were super lazy. I remember Gil Ozeri's show that he had. Uh, that was the first display that really stuck out in my mind. That was Gil Ozeri had his like character show and he had like a standee of himself. Uh-huh. That was in the window. Yeah. Think it was Do you fun. remember my Prison Freaks yes. display? Yeah. I honestly think that was the best one that ever yes. existed. Um, and one of the best shows at the theater. I, I saw that show, I think, four times. Oh, okay, I'm creeped out. All right, so now, uh, also at the top of the stairs, Connor, if you'll, you'll move out of the way, there's like a little door that is rarely, you rarely see it open. It says no standing. And it is, oh, I don't, I could probably find the key for it. It's not that great. Inside is just storage. <laughs> It's like, or our merch is actually in there now. We used to keep our merch in the box office, but now we have so much more merch that there's merch in here, and there's ice, I mean, there's like salt for when it gets icy outside. And I will say, when uh, UCB Comedy started out for the second time, this was one of the two closets that we were allowed to use to store equipment. Because UCB Comedy used to fit into two closets. That's there right. There was one in the training, old training center, yeah. and then we could also put stuff in this closet, and those were the only places we could put anything. That's, that's a fun fact. Okay, we're now in the stairwell. It's a pretty steep stairwell, guys. Oops, that's not, I just, I'm taking photos just for the audio tour to know. Uh, it's a very steep stairwell. And that photo of it makes it look like it's right out of The Shining. Like, when you look down at this now, it looks creepy if you're just looking at it as a stairway. Yeah, and um, there's not much of a lobby down there, so people can't stand in there to wait for shows. You literally, like, you come down the stairs when you are gonna enter for the show. And on uh, the wood paneling on either side, right now we have what are called snap frames. They're just easy frames to like put posters in and out that we put uh, show posters in. But I would say up until, we've only had these maybe for like two years. And previous to that, it was, in the early stages, it was like, it was a mess. Anyone could print out a poster for their show and just slap it against the wall. And it was just like random posters all over the place. It was like a grocery store message, like bulletin board kind of. Yes, grocery stores, that's being kind. It was, it was horrendous. And then when I took over as artistic director, I made a rule uh, that they, they all had to be the same shape and um, the same size, like 11 by 17. And then I would, I would put them up or a manager would put them up so they were much more organized. And then I... And then we did these snap frames. It just makes it a little, a little bit nicer, and the, the posters are really cool. Um, and you can see it gets very, it's very dusty up here. Whatever. So this is the stairs. That's just a little history. When I first came here, I remember on the ledge up there was the dolphin, dolphin head. The dolphin heads, yes. And a, maybe it was a Matt Walsh head? Yes, there's a Walsh uh, a cast, like a rubber cast of his head. Yes, the dolphins, there's... We have three dolphin heads. Two of them are disintegrated, and one of them is in pretty good shape. We might see one of them in the if we get make it to the chill-out room in the back hallway. Wonderful. Yeah. But as we walk down, there's a photo of the uh, UCB uh, from their TV show days. It's a very cool photo. And I wonder how many people actually know what that is now when they walk in, if they really know the theater for the UCB4. Um, okay, now we're in the lobby. We, we reached our box office. There's nothing too... It's just a small lobby. I don't really have too much uh, uh, history. It is very, 
it's like, uh, yeah, we got a lot of handwritten signs. And that will probably go away when we move to Hell's Kitchen because our box office is a little bit slicker. Right. Um, and we might move, uh, we, we might not have all these little weird handwritten signs. Yeah. Well, we and. We have, oh, here's, this is fun. So we have uh, uh, Del Close. This is his uh, Universal Life Church credentials are framed um, and hanging outside the box office. And I'm going to tell you something. I never noticed this. I've never noticed this either. This is, this is, the, is this an original? Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be. That is so insane that I never noticed that. From 1972. But you know why I never noticed it? I've never paid for a fucking ticket in this place. <laughs> <laughs> why would I notice that? Um, but I do hang around in front of this box office. Wow. Look at that, an audio tour, and I just noticed something for the first time. Yeah, what else is down here? Now we're going to see if we find any new clues. I know. Well, this is all stuff that... Legal I mean, stuff. occupancy by more than 160 persons is dangerous and, law and unlawful. Has it ever happened? Uh, never. We've never gone over 160 we, we, people. Oh. Never. Once we hit 160, we're like, no. It's also probably worth saying something. Don't, don't go back and look at cage mat ticket ballots. <laughs> don't count. Just count bodies and <laughs> yeah. photos. It's also probably worth mentioning since we just came down the since we just came down the stairs that one of the big reasons why the theater is moving is because this is the only way into the theater and it's, and it's basically impossible to make this theater ADA compliant. Yeah, we are moving for uh, we're moving out of this theater yes uh, into a theater that will be ADA compliant, wheelchair accessible, and also not just wheelchair accessible. There's you know as you know just just walking down these stairs. Uh, there's I won't yeah. say their name, but there's a a commercial agent that has never been in this theater because they have vertigo, yet they represent many of our performers. Wow. Weird. I'll tell you later. Um, That'd be... I, yeah. in 12 hour, listen to 12-hour day for that, Scoop. <laughs> I don't know if I want to... <laughs> I don't want to say that loud. This is um, also... I want to say this... Uh, the wall to the right of the ticket booth yes. is where... I guess it's still there, but for a while it was where... Oh, thank you. All of the Herald teams and then, then the, also the mod teams and the weekend teams would have their uh, team pictures up there. Yes, this is, there was on this wall, right now it's just like a flat black wall, but before there was like an additional piece of wood, like a giant wood thing that was on top of this wall that we just had individual frames hanging on. And it was fine for, for a while, but then we just, we just, once the East Village Theater opened and we just started having so much more stuff. We decided to kind of just organize it a little bit more. Um, but this was the place where, as a student or coming up, it was. It seemed like the, wanted, on, the honor. Yes, yes. You wanted your face to be on that wall. You wanted your photo. And the frames that different Herald teams uh, would bring in, they would always break. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, no one invested. They, people invested a lot in their photos, but then, like, would just get, like, a $5 frame. Right. And they would always break. Um... Yeah, and to the to the left we have some photos from the UCB TV show that um, will come with us and we'll put up somewhere. But I don't know that a lot of people, this isn't like a place that you really hang out and uh, look around. All right, we are now entering the house, dun, the theater dun. house. Right to the left is our bar. I don't have the lights on, that's okay. We all kind of know what the bar looks like. And through the years, uh, like we have a computer system now. When we first opened, it was just like 
a cash, like a, a loose cash drawer. There was no computer system. It was just like tally system inventory. Uh, but as we've grown and just as a business, you just have to do a better job of keeping track of shit. We now have, I think it's called a POS system, point of sale, Ooh. I believe is what it's called. Um, so yeah, this is where our beer, we have beer and wine and soda and our, uh, and our little merch thing. And it's, uh, what will change is now bartenders, oh man, that's a big change. I'm just realizing it. Bartenders now can serve beer and they can watch every show. But in Hell's Kitchen, kind of like at East Village, the bartenders can't watch right. us. But at, in Hell's Kitchen, the bar will be in the lobby and will not be in the house. Oh, that's a big difference. That's yeah. a bummer. Yeah, um, that is. Yeah, there's going to be like those little things that are going to going to change. So it's something very special. That is very special at this theater. Like the bar is in the house. Yeah. That doesn't happen in a, in a lot of places. Um, great. That's the bar. We have our lovely piano. This is where we uh, we have Del Close. On the, uh, we keep his photo up. I don't know where in the new theater we'll have his photo, but Dell has always uh, lived over here, and I believe we keep these lights on during the show, so the lights are always on the on the photos here. This piano is great. It's seen its days. Um, there's a sheet on it with the UCB goggles spray painted all over it, and I don't know that we've ever washed it. Okay. <laughs> So a lot of history in that sheet. A lot of history. Like in a that scientist, sheet. a lab could oh really. Oh my god, the box office. We're now in the box office. This is a tiny box office that is probably the same size as the box office slash main office of the UCB theater that was uh, on Twenty Second Street when we just had uh, the theater was everything. The training center office, the theater office. Um, so having been here for 14 years, there's a lot of a lot of stuff on the walls that are, and there's already something missing. Someone has already taken something home with them. <laughs> <laughs> Especially above the box office window, there's lots of, uh, I don't know, like money that people tried to use, foreign money. There's photos. We don't have any, uh, I'll double check those photos. I don't think we have anything. That's what like, year did this theater open up? 2003, April 2003. There's something about the vibe of this office to me that always feels older than that. Like, this reminds me of what places looked like when I was a kid. Like, or, or like... I mean, yeah. Well, this is probably the one space... Like, these walls have not been painted since we moved in. Yeah. You know? Whereas everything else, like the green room has been painted, the carpets in the theater have been replaced, the chairs have been replaced in the theater. But this is, this is a lot of, like... Maybe this desk... Um, is is on the newer side, right? Like the fridge and the water cooler, but like, yeah, these like walls. the vibe of this box always is like when you see like a taxi dispatch office in a movie in the nineteen seventies. Yes, has this kind of like weird. I mean, it, we got like these metal bars. Like the box office is like metal bars, which I love. <laughs> I love yeah. those too. Yeah, there's such a, like a cool. Uh, it gives like a cool vibe. You come down, it's just like metal bars. I was also looking at there's uh, for the person running the box office there is. All of the current IDs, so yes. you can tell if people are trying to cash in on super old classes. But it turns into an accidental. Uh, it's a museum. Museum of yeah. all the old IDs. But not. Yeah, I think it's just from like the past year <laughs> or two. This is like 2014, so clearly we have not updated this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm cool. With the like industry IDs, student IDs, because there's different. 
I haven't looked at a student ID in a very long time because yeah. there's sketch IDs and there's improv IDs. Oh, interesting. A lot of great old Polaroids here. Lots of great old Polaroids. Ha! And again, this theater so, used to be. What'd you just laugh at? The postcards of, from people. Oh, it was not funny. You should refund everyone. The kid in the red hoodie should be tasered. Tasered. <laughs> Every time he says um. Counted 56 of them. Anybody caught, anybody can get nervous laughs talking about sex, but you can't do a show without it. You all should be ashamed. Keep your day jobs. No name signed. And it's a postcard from Atlanta. From Atlanta, June 7th, 2010. Yeah, we get a lot of fun. I mean, comedy's pretty subjective. You're going to come in here and you're not going to like it, and that's fine. And then you're yeah. going to write a postcard and then mail it to the theater. Yeah, with... Pretty lousy handwriting. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's the. Tr I mean, that's. If we didn't get postcards and complaints like that, mm -hmm. I don't think we would be doing our jobs. Yeah. Because it's we have our own specific brand of comedy, and our tickets are very cheap, which allows us to have specific and cool and different unique voices. So thank you, Atlanta. You made us laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, we have a lot of fun stuff. Uh, I don't know how much of this stuff is going to come with us. Definitely going to make sure that post. Is this note it. attached to this this weird gun? This that weird anime gun? gun? There's an anime, anime gun, gun hanging here. Dear UCB, I found this and decided the best place was for for it was as a theater prop. So I'm sending it to you. Perhaps it will be of use to you. Ruth. Ruth. Thank you, Ruth. I think that yeah, I think that gun and that note. Um. Yeah, there's a lot of. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff in here. Um, it's a fun. There's two vacuums, a couple of brooms. There's a, we have a lost and found system. Oh, what I wanted to say is when we first started, I would imagine, yeah, when we were, uh, I don't know when we went over to an online reservation system. At 22nd Street, you would call and make a reservation. And we'd write it in a book. Um, and at 26th Street, we may have done that in the beginning. But then we, it turned into you could make reservations online, but you just made a reservation. You weren't paying for a ticket. You're just like, it was kind of like we would, I, the number was 270. So for a stepfather show, we would allow up to 270 reservations because we would hope that. 110 over the fire code allowance. Yes, because that was like, oh, 110 people will not come and use those reservations. Yeah. And that's, and that's it was just like a guessing game. And then we eventually... Uh, ASCAT became pre-sale pre at one point and then in 2000 and somewhere around 2014 when I took over as artistic director um, I pushed everything into prepaid tickets and it, it, just, it just makes everyone, everyone's I'm, lives easier. I, I had forgotten that that's the way it was when I was going to see shows initially but that is such a crazy system to just have like... It was a guessing game. Yeah. Well, and then a little, I mean a fun fact is if it was like raining outside... It just meant like, oh, there was no stakes for those. They didn't have to show up because it was raining. But now it's like you, you know, you pay for a Broadway ticket and it's raining. You're gonna, you're gonna go. This isn't Broadway, but that also meant that the training center person running the phone got calls constantly of people trying to make multiple reservations at multiple shows. And yeah. that job was, I remember sitting and listening to people making reservations constantly for like this show, this show, this show. Uh huh. And depending on who you got on the phone, you'd you'd have very different experiences. Yeah. And now, oh yeah, of course. And now with technology, you know, students can make reservations online. They scan in with their IDs. It's like, 
it's Big Brother. Let's go into the bathrooms. Yeah. Because honestly, they're really cool. I've never been to the women's bathroom. In the women's room? I haven't either. Well, I believe you. Um, okay, so we're gonna go in the women's room first, and I uh, love the drawings. Oh wow! Oh, you've never been in here? No, no. Oh man, this honestly, the women's room is so cool. There's like so much. Yeah, this is so uh, Stephen Gemberling, who is the. This is a fun photo. Hey. Who is John Gemberling's father? John Gemberling of Death by Ruru, Broad City, making uh, history, making history. And uh, President Show, all just the best. One of the funniest voices ever to come out of the theater. His father's an artist, and we had him paint um, a lot of stuff at the theater. I'm still recording, right? Okay, I get paranoid because I don't know how this works. Well, you have mine, worst case scenario. Oh, that is worst case scenario. Um, and he, so we asked him to, yeah, to paint the bathrooms. And we didn't want it just like a color, so he put like a lot of effort in, and there's like a a Buddha person with a dick and balls. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's got like the UCB goggles. And I'll be honest, I'm sure this offends people, but it's art and you got to chill the fuck out. Um, I think it's awesome. You know, there's a lot of, I think if you, yeah, people should, I mean, yeah, like look at this. Yeah. There's not enough, like you come in here and you wash your hands and you leave, but I'm just sitting in here for a moment. Yeah. And then, oh yeah, this one, this Buddha has a fox for a, has a fox head for a crotch for a vulva. <laughs> you say crotch. I was making it. It could be. I'm assuming it's a vulva because that's yeah. that, that'd be my power animal down there. Um, yeah, this is awesome. So it's a shame that a lot of people will never see this. That's great. You guys never saw this. I've never been in here. Yeah, and these bathrooms are. I mean, yeah, I'll admit it. They're they're dirty. They're not dirty, but they're just like these floors have never been replaced. You can see, like, even on the sink, you know, like, there's splashbacks. Yeah, the it's wood New York be- City. It's New York City. So the wood behind the splashboard is, like, is kind of, like, rotting because the water gets there. But it's, again, our tickets are very cheap. Yeah, this theater is, like, we want to break even. <laughs> there's, like, where we Ugh. invest our money is. Oof. So Just gross. asking for a top ten list on paste. <gasps> Please. Okay, I'll leave that in. <laughs> Uh, oh, this one stinks, guys. This yeah. is the men's room. Oh, oh, now we're in the men's room. It smells like a thousand urinal cakes it were set on fire. It does. Wow. But this is very cool, too. Actually, I've not spent a lot of time in the men's room. Maybe I've been in here like a, I couple, believe you. a couple times to uh, help put in like a, a toilet paper and stuff. It's so intricate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's like he really put, I mean, Stephen Gamerling really put an effort into to painting this stuff. And it really has... Um, it just has so much character. It does. It gives the theater a lot of character. And I think it's... It also... These bathrooms are very underappreciated. It also, like, the... the oh, I accidentally triggered the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was the... The, the air dryer. dryer on. Um, hand dryer. It... It makes up for the fact that they're grimy. Like, it, it, the, yes. the character of the art actually makes the, the grime of the bathroom more tolerable because it feels like it's part of the personality of it. Yeah, and your ceilings feel much lower in the men's room. It is funny because I, this, you spend so much time coming up, sneaking to this bathroom between shows or before show, right after a show. So I do have a weird, this is one of the places at UCB where I've spent a lot of time, I mean, not as of late because it was performer bathrooms, but yeah. coming up, this is a place where you, especially when you 
Harold, Harold used to be one full night, and so yeah. it'd be like, all right, I'm going to have to go to the bathroom at least like two or three times. Or like when DCM used to be, you'd just camp out, and you could stay yeah. in the one venue the whole time. Uh, you know, you'd be in here yeah. every few hours. I'm so happy to have a male perspective on this tour. Um, I feel like this sink has been replaced. But yeah, wow, this is cool. This is really cool. The bathrooms are so cool. I'm going to have to make sure people check out the bathrooms before we, yeah. before we close. Uh, all right, so now we can... I guess we could talk about the, the, the back wall. I don't know how to turn the lights on. I do know how, but I... There's somewhere else. That's okay. So along the back wall of the theater, we have a lot of old photos. Um, and they're all of, of the Upright Citizens Brigade in their early days in Chicago. Some of their groups they were in before, uh, before they were solely uh, members of the UCB. Um, if, if I had done my... I done my uh, redid my research to reacquaint myself. Uh, this would have been a better audio tour, but by the time you listen to this, we're probably not even going to be in here. Uh, <laughs> and we have plenty of uh, stuff. Wait, but um, did you almost get something? What came on for a second? What something came on for a second? Yeah, some light came on. Oh, for that a was second. my flash. Oh, that was a flash. Okay, that was a flash. Connor on, just got mesmerized by modern technology. <sighs> uh, yeah, so we got photos of. Yeah, different different uh, groups from the past, up through like early UCB photos, um, and then we start to get into when it was just the the UCB four. There's a photo of 161 West 22nd Street, which was our theater previous to this one, of Amy, Ian, and Walsh with the uh, must vacate sign on the door, which is a, a pretty Fun photo that and I like. And there's, always, there's always something mysterious about because these photos on the wall don't have any context to them. No, there's so no there's, plaques. There's no explanations. So to you them. just see these weird. Some of them there's some text on them, but some of them are just weird photos of shows, and you might recognize like half the people in them. Yes, and I and I like that. I like kind of letting it be like of a, you need like an oral history to kind of know what the different stuff is. I mean, it's also interesting of, of who is... Who, do you want to explain? Who are the, the Titi brothers? Tite brothers. Tite brothers. The Tite brothers, uh, yeah, that's a sketch from the early days of the Upright Citizen Brigade. And then they also did it in their show. Yeah, I remember that yeah. from the TV show. Yeah, so you can... But this isn't an oral history of the UCB TV show. This is of the Chelsea Theater, Connor. Oops. Let's stay focused. Oops. So, yeah, we got, like, Respecto Montalban and Monkey Dick and Feature Feature back here, Mother... These are all shows uh, that happened. Uh, actually, Monkey Dick, I can't remember. I, they may just be Chelsea. I don't know if they were. They were a practice group at 22nd Street. I don't remember if they became a house team until Chelsea or if they were 26th Street or 22nd. Anyway, so on this wall is like some of like the heavy hitters of, of the past. Inside Vladimir's, one of uh, Amy and Tina's teams in Chicago, and that's up there. There's an early ASCAT photo back here from, uh, this is 22nd Street. The Swarm legendary improv team, their logo. It's great. A lot of fun photos. Real Real World, which was an improv show 
face off real world. Uh, if I'm correct, this photo is of the building above 22nd Street Theater, but who cares? I'm not 100% sure, so let's move on. Uh, so yeah, lots of fun random photos on this back wall that we've never, oh, what is missing? <gasps> Something's missing. I don't like that. I'm going to have to take a photo and report this. Please don't. What is that? I'm taking a photo right now on this audio tour. Something you think people are taking advantage of the, the final weeks? to are, are people starting to swipe things? Well, most of this stuff is... is, uh, is Bolted down? Like, like these are... This, I'm not, some of these are not as much. We might just start taking these down sooner than later. Um, yeah, I hope people are not swiping things. That's like rude. Uh, now back here, oh, we used to have this big, we did redo this back wall. This right. seems pretty sparse right now. There used to be a big photo, a big, uh, like art piece that would say that it was like of, uh, the United States. Right. And it was, it was, had like texture to it that I think Walsh made. Um, there was something that used to hang back here, but we replaced it with some Del Close marathon stuff and a New York Times article. That has baby Chelsea Clark and baby Brandon Gardner in it, and baby Stephen Tice. My favorite thing about this is Steve Tice is so uncomfortable about this because they made him wear these sunglasses. And oh, then, yeah, and then like, he has that quote. That's he really has that quote there, that's too. really uncomfortable. He, Steve will hate that we're bringing this up on this. <laughs> well, audio this is tour. the Chelsea Theater. This is a walking tour, and there's a. So they like. It asks them like who your role models are, and various things like that. And I. They were trying to peg him as this writer guy, uh-huh. and so they asked him who his favorite uh, writers were, and they pulled this quote where he okay. says, role models, Tina Fey as a writer, not necessarily as an actor, though. She's funny, too. <laughs> though she's funny, too. But they were, but they were asking... Work qu- for little stranger productions. <laughs> yeah. But they were asking specifically a writer-based... Right. Question. But they made it seem like he was as if criticizing he, her As acting. if he volunteered that as like, I want to point this out. Um, uh, can I ask what are these things? What are these things called that are, that make up like the they they make up these little pods where the audience is? I don't know what the proper term of of this is. What Connor is pointing to is our audience is in four sections, and each section has uh, walls that kind of block it off in some way that are covered in a a fabric. Now this like is a rough fabric. A rough fabric. Now this is this is replacement. So this is not the original fabric. We had the previous fabric replaced, which was a little bit more like the soft side of like the Velcro, like mm-hmm. the itchy, like the, yeah. not the loop part, but the other, not the hook part of Velcro, but the other, it was like very yeah. itchy. Um, and, I, I, and I do remember there was uh, a moment in time where a bunch of people were leaning and started getting bites. Yeah. And like it a, was, and like a, a bed bug scare. It wasn't bed bugs. But it was a scare it was, because it was, it was around a scare. that time. People were going crazy. It was also like you're also rubbing against this stuff that like we don't vac- like ab- we didn't vacuum it. We didn't clean it, you know? It's yeah. just like just like And it was a natural like any seat, like your bodies are just like And it was a naturally kind of abrasive, irritating yeah. texture. Yes, to but begin people with. like to panic and it was just like bed bugs. It was not bed bugs. It was during the bed bug scare, but I remember I was there that night when it first started happening. Everyone that was in the back row got, like, a rash on their forearms. Yeah, yeah. I think it was just, like, time to change over. 
so yeah, so now we're in. <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at me? Nothing. Just dismissing? <laughs> well, I just think it's such a funny UCB story to be like, oh yeah, we got a rash on their forearm. <laughs> so then we decided it was time to change it. I don't know if that's exa the exact timeline. Yeah. I'm making some jokes during this tour. Yeah. Figure out. Listener, it's up to you to figure out which what's parts a joke are jokes. And what's real? So we're now, okay, we're standing center stage now. And this is, uh, right, so this is like 100, I think I've written down that it's like 158 seats. And that includes, on the left and the right side, the back row, they have benches. So it's like, we assume that like each bench would hold like two to three average people. Um, and the, right now, these, are, these blue seats that are in here are not the original, the original seats when we moved in. We had these like brown, kind of like fake suede seats that the springs were popping up through a lot of them. They'd, they'd be duct taped down. There was like in the front row, Achilles uh, would often sit to the, to the right of the center pillar and he had like a seat every time for Herald Night. And he, was, he would sit in the broken seat that was just sitting on top of like a milk crate. Like that's how his seat was, was stabilized. And it's just how we lived. But then eventually we learned we had to, it was like time to replace the seats enough of them were like busted. So these are not, these actually are not brand new seats. We didn't buy brand new seats. These are refurbished. So these were used. They're from FIT. Is that they? right? They might be. Yeah, whatever, Kate Murphy. Uh, are they from Kate Murphy? I can't remember. I don't remember where we got them. I don't think these are Kate Murphy seats. Because I think whatever it was, they redid an FIT theater, and I remember we got those theater seats. That could be it, unless that's what we got for the East Village Theater, because the East Village Theater has seats too. Maybe. It might be. Well, I mean, you know, for the what? next audio tour. For the next audio tour. Yeah, maybe that was <laughs> a joke. That like might have been all a joke. Yep, that might have been a bit. Just could have been now. a joke, guys. That could have been an audio tour joke. Uh, yeah, and these seats have. Uh, these seats are great because they have like cup holders, but they also those cup holders fall off a lot. And right now we have a uh, spotlight on the center curtain, and that center curtain is gross. <laughs> oh my god, that center curtain is disgusting. I've never noticed how gross it is. Because I never use, yeah, you never use a, uh, oh my We're all so proud to God, walk through it, it, and it is just like a CSI crime scene. That center curtain is a crime scene. Well, you know what? These curtains are very hard to clean mm -hmm. because they're, well, they have to be fire retardant. So there's like a special material on them and stuff, so That's I don't it. know the process of, and most curtains also shouldn't have, I don't know what scene this was that was called, who can come on the curtains, but that looks like that's what happened. I mean, this is oh, years man, of that, pie babies. What a great show that was. Who can come on the curtains? Yeah. Looks like everybody. Um, <laughs> the, uh, now, do we want to talk about, because I think during the, the audio ceiling? dropout, the, the buckets, I know you like Audio to, dropout. We lost 10 minutes of the podcast. Oh, of my. our podcast. Oh, of really? Our, all of when we met you all got lost. No. Yeah. Oh, when you met me in the top of the show? Yeah. Or when we started the tour at the top. No, no, no. no. When we met you. Oh, okay. He had dropped the audio equipment two minutes before then, and it stopped recording. We didn't wow, realize. the blame is flowing here. No, okay. no, I'm just explaining. Great. This is the but, simulcast. But um, the buckets above the uh, theater that catch water that drips, I know you want to set the record straight on this, because oh, the running man. joke always is that people like to say that it's shit water that's falling down. And honestly, I'm not really sure what the truth is at this point. <laughs> I don't like when people say shit water. Uh, that's it, that surprises I, me. I don't think it. I honestly, there's no. It's, it is not. Um, it's not shit what water. we have is we have just like pipes that are running on our ceilings because we are in a basement. Let's remember that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the and Gristides is above us, and 
uh, I am, I'm just going to go, I'm going to say they're not shit pipes. What I'm going to say is they are, they are water pipes or just like drainage. drainage. Yeah. It's like drainage. So Gristides has a butcher shop. You so know? it could be it's blood like, water. It's a food. So there would be, there would be some, yeah, blood from like the butcher shop that when they're mopping the floor, yeah. it goes in. And that stuff's not going to be clean. It's a, it's a grocery store and it's New York City. Yeah. So or the pipes would have leaks in them and we used to just have bags that would be duct taped. <laughs> and then the bags would fill like a bladder and then get to a point if we didn't get to them in time or if you didn't change them properly, they would drip and they would fall. So oftentimes if you were in the front row on this, uh, there's, a front, there's a couple front row buckets on this side right now and you would, get, you would see it drip sometimes on audience members and I'd be like, eh, you paid five bucks. That's part of it. But now we have buckets and I don't know, I don't know the system of when the buckets are emptied or that they, or that they actually need to be emptied. I feel like they're just kind of like emergency buckets at this point because yeah. we have had things fixed so they would, you know, cause like right. we just don't live with a leak. Things have been adjusted and changed through the 14 years that we've been here. But it was pretty bad when we, in the early years, just like seeing these, these bags fill. And especially like condensation would be part of it too, like during the Del Close Marathon when it'd be Ooh. hot outside and there's just like sticky, nasty bodies inside, the condensation would, would build up and everything, like the floor, like this is not the original floor, like this would warp, the wood on the floor would warp from just like all the gross, especially like if it was like a rainy DCM and humid. I have a dumb question. It feels like when I was in, when I was first seeing shows at the theater, it was very common that people would crawl over the top of this, at the back wall of the stage. Is that possible still? Yes. Do people do that? I haven't, it's been a long time since I've seen anybody crawl over the top of the stage. Well, I think we have things blocking a little bit more now. Right. People would come over the back wall. Right now we have a subwoofer on one side above a door, so that's... That subwoofer has not always been there. So right. pre-subwoofer, this uh, subwoofer, I don't know. I have a tiny speech impediment that I'm proud of. You, uh, you could get over this side. Yeah. Um, and then now this, this is not our original screen. Right. Um, I think, but. It's probably harder to crawl over that you now. Can't you can't crawl over that because yeah. this is like connected, you know, this yeah. is like wired in this screen. Like the tech booth pushes a button for it to come down. I think yeah. er, in early days it was like a pull down. You have to be a very tiny, tiny scrappy person to crawl over a couple yeah. of little openings there. There was a show uh, last week. It was a, a goodbye tribute show to Chelsea, a big dumb thing. And they had a bunch of different lyrics in a song. And they, someone did sing about the back wall and like sang a little lyric about the back wall. And someone did try to climb over it again, and I can't remember if they were able to do it or not. They kind of got I think, stuck. I think, yeah, I, I think that's the yeah. only spot, and I don't, I wouldn't be able to fit through You're there. Like, yeah, right here. Yeah. And you gotta. Be I also wouldn't be able to. You do gotta it. be confident in grab, like gravity. You ever crawled? Have you ever crawled over the top of it? No. No. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I've been lifted. I've peeked over it. Yeah. I think, but I don't think I've ever crawled over it. I don't think so. Um, and also, like, now we have a, a, a projector that's, like, on the ceiling that's, like, a decent projector. But way back in the day, the projector would be next to the pillar on the left side. And there would be a postcard. It would be on all the time. So there would just be a postcard flipped over it. So if you wanted to use it, you would flip the postcard up, and then it would. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, like, the, if it was showing something, like, the tech would, it would be blocked pre-show, and then you have to come and, like, flip it up. And then you'd have to have a friend sit and protect it because someone would always bump it. And yeah, so you'd turn it on and it'd be like facing yeah, the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. Because if it got bumped, it would like get messed up or people would put drinks on it. So yeah, you would have to 
make sure someone didn't uh, mess with it. I'm trying to think if there's anything else about um, my brother um, redid this stage. Really? I don't know if this floor is his version or the one before it. Uh, oh yeah, remember how warped it got? It used to get warped, and then my brother came in and he actually re he he redid the stage for us one time, and he put down um, wood that you use on a skateboard ramp because that's right. like exterior outdoor wood yeah. that would uh, handle humidity and and a lot of abuse. What I think should be discussed is one of the most famous elements of the theater. The pillar? The pillar. Yes, the three pillars of UCB Chelsea. Well, yeah, so we're in a basement and there's three pillars. The center pillar seems to be the one that uh, people talk about the most, but I believe all three equally um, cause, cause, uh, cause problems. Um, definitely blocks a lot of sight lines. There's a specific seat that I sit in and previous artistic directors have sat in in the, in the back corner for watching Spanx, which are our audition shows. And uh, I do two things when I watch Spanx. I block the seat in front of me off and the seat next to me. And that's for two reasons. One, I don't like being crowded when I'm watching Spanx. Like, it's just better for the Spanx if, there's not, if I'm not crowded and I, and I have good sight lines also. And also so I can like, kind of like lean over um, or like if I have to step down and like move over, I'm not distracting to audience members. And are all three of the pillars, they're all structural pillars. These they're are, important. These are support. These are support. These are keeping the ceiling above us uh, up. I mean, yeah, there's a pillar. That big black thing over there is a pillar. Mm -hmm. uh, there's like a, you know, but within that wood, there's pillars. And like within the wood over there is pillars. Part of like, and also it's like, just like structural beams is also part of the um, reasons why it made it hard to make this place ADA compliant as well. Because uh, you can't remove support beams. Right. That just makes, yeah, you just can't do it. That also means that secretly the, some of the best seats in this theater are the front row on the sides because you can always see everything. You can see everything. But then that also means that two people are doing a scene. They're playing out in front of house, so you're always getting someone's back, too. Yeah, well, that's like the, yeah, the thrust stage makes it. Some people uh, can play in a thrust stage very well, and then there's certain people that just never figured it out. Mm-hmm. And they'll have to at the new space because we'll have a little bit of a thrust space there sometimes. The seat I always sat in for shows was always that seat right there because I, I, it wouldn't, people would come in, it's on the far side of the theater, front row and side, and I could rush over to that side while these one, the good seats in these sections would be taken up. I could almost always get that seat. Is that right? And I knew that it was like, it was a good spot for seeing shows. Yeah. I preferred to stand for shows because uh -huh. then you could move to catch the action. You can move around and see where things are going. So a lot of times when you're trapped in a seat, something funny is happening, front row, whatever, and you can't see it. Yeah. So I always want to be up. Yeah. And this space did have that. If people would just forget, and they would, you, anytime you do a scene on the ground uh, here in the Chelsea spe space, if you're too far uh, forward, a lot of people can't see you. So you got to go back closer to the wall if you're going to do scenes on the ground. Or the new space, this stage is... Uh, raised so that should not be an issue also there is the the seats that are the closest to the back wall the doors open into the seats so if there was a lot of if, if if the night's particularly packed things end up scooting down sit then down whoever would sit here oh yeah would that's so interesting i didn't even realize that those people 
<laughs> like, because a lot of times in improv shows, people would do big entrances where they would open the door not fully, and well, then I that meant that they also, just... You can kind of see where, uh, I think, stage used to go to this point here, maybe. Yeah. Because there's a line here. I don't know if that was us. That's so funny. I never thought... I never worried about these people. I always worried about the people sitting on the ground. Yeah. But then you'd, people would always open the door like this and do a scene, and then that meant, like... Oh, yeah. Half of the theater. That's another thing. Yeah, I couldn't see what was going on. I've become pretty conscious of that. So that if I I open, yeah, if I would open the door, no one can see this visually, but I would try to step out so people could see me. Yeah, because really, all the way up this side, you kind of have that thing of. of And also the curtain. Like, some people think it's fun to put a. uh, If you do jokes that are like behind, yeah, like behind the door, Mm -hmm. most people don't see it, or even just like. You open the curtain and like I'm and I'm I'm now standing like maybe like half a foot behind the the back curtain and like the whole side can't see my joke right now. Yeah, you guys can see it. it's pretty funny, right? <laughs> it's a very That's funny a great joke. joke. But now you listeners, you feel like the people who have the bad sight lines. You I couldn't see the joke. Come across. Uh, should we go behind the back wall? Yeah. This beautiful back wall. Ooh, that's gonna be. I think that's gonna be an interesting. The back wall. Yeah. There, there's a lot of history back there. A lot of history back here. This is this spot. I feel like is maybe the most nostalgic spot for any performer. Yeah. Yeah. So right now we're behind the curtain. It's hard to read on a camera, but there's a little. I'll put a little. S- s- there we go. The curtain looks cleaner back here. Um. No. Look at that flash. Yeah. No, but I mean, <laughs> just because the the front looks so awful, uh, it's by degrees. It still looks filthy, but it, it looks like there's. Le- fewer stains on the on this side than on the other side. Yeah. Um, so back here, I'm not gonna. Oh, we'll just have to. I don't want to speed through, but I do. I again, I'm gonna go see Lauren Brickman in a play, and I don't want to miss it. So back here, the back wall. We have a lot of people have have put a lot of signatures or wrote in weird stuff. Um, there's joke stuff like Dial M for Murder, Spring '94, Cast and Crew Forever. Like that didn't happen, obviously, but it's like a joke. There was a time um, where people would stick their gum back here. They would be chewing their gum, like, oh, no, I'm going on stage. Let me put my gum back here. And it was so disgusting. It was like a gum tree at Great Adventure, just, like, so gross. And I had to, as you can see, the sign says, the gum wall exhibit is closed. There's still a few little remnants here. There are. People have since put gum here. And I know one person that had a lot of gum back here, and her name is Fran Gillespie. (laughs) (laughs) Because I would see her do it. So, yeah, this was like a project where, and I thank those interns that did it, of just scraping the gum off. Because you would put your hand back here and it would touch gum, and it was gross. It's pretty disgusting. Um, And it's a weird weird habit to just want to Stick your gum back here. Um, this is also where people during sketch shows, you come back here and you change, and it's a very, it's a very narrow hallway, um, if you can call it a hallway. And then eventually, teams and shows started to use the back hallway, and we can open that up and, and look at it. Um, also, the, the lighting, skipping around, but the lighting back here has gotten better. It used to be, like, pretty dark. And then we finally, we have this, like, strip of lights that got put up that gave it a little bit more visibility back here because it's, you don't want to have bright lights for, like, the show. You want to keep it 
on the dark side. Um, are you recording that, or are you just looking? No, I'm just looking. Just looking. Yeah. Famous like mustache man put his mustache here. Oh yeah. He had a show. You can, you might even see there, JD. Well, you can definitely see, and this is an audio tour. But there's still blood. Oh uh, yeah. Remnants from Kilgore, which is a show that Matt Walsh wrote, and we did a few times in this theater. That we would paint the stage white, cover it in plastic, and it was just a blood fest. You can just Google Kilgore, and you'll see just like the most disgusting, awesome photos. And for a while, that would be it. I had a, I think it was George Kerman. I had him in a advanced study class or advanced performance class, and he climbed over the wall. Mm -hmm. And then as I was giving him notes uh, in the back hallway, there was Kilgore blood on his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't remember if I apologized or I was just like, your fault, dude. Either, either response is, is acceptable, I believe. Um, yeah, there's lots of stuff here. Awful DJ, great show. Um, Mixtape, it was a great mod team. It's, there's a big don't think. I think I'll have to come back here and just admire this a little bit more before we before we leave. I don't know the fate of this back wall. We might keep chunks or we might say goodbye. Um, okay, let's move. Oh, real quick. So yeah, we had behind the back wall. There's a door that opens up into the back hallway of the the basement, and this is where people would put folding tables and put their props and their costumes on top of it and you could after a sketch run back into the hallway and change and we were able to do that for a good chunk of time but then within the last was in the last year we had some people we had to shut that down because people were getting messy in the hallways and we don't own the hallways we don't rent the hallways it's like a shared space so we had to we weren't allowed in the hallways anymore and we can get to not being allowed in the hallways for parties in a little bit uh, so we're walking ha -ha. back ha ha we're in the tech booth. I mean, this is where uh, our techs of, of yesteryear, your Pat Bears, your Frank Hales, your current Alex Adan, um, who have all been our like head techs, they, uh, this is where they, they tech. And there's a, I think we've had like leakages in the ceiling that have ruined sound boards or, or light boards in the past. You know, we didn't always have a computer or like, you know, like pre-iTunes and playlists. A lot of stuff was, was off of uh, just like CD um, mixes that people would have to burn. We have what we call the Frankenstein light, which if I do this, you can hear that hum. That's the yeah. house lights. Like this switch is never changed. And that's it's like so huge just for the house lights. And uh, I think we're going to try and take that with us. Not to use, but it's kind of an important part of our, our history in a, in a weird way. Yeah. There's all sorts of stickers above, like Police Chief Rumble sticker, all different of the UCB logo stickers are uh, stuck everywhere. There's a headshot of Craig Rowan. Um, I do, this does remind me of, I remember when we painted the vents, because these vents were all silver, especially like in the house. Mm -hmm. The vents were silver, and I remember it like painting along with uh, painting in black along with Billy Merritt way back 14 years ago. So this is the tech booth. You sit back here. Eventually, we had a monitor put back here, so this turned into like another place that you could watch shows from, which was like a big deal for DCM because the shows would get packed. 
You can come back here and watch on the monitor and still hear over the, uh, the speaker. There's lots of cords. I don't know this stuff. This area is where we keep the furniture. We didn't always keep it here. Mm -hmm. This was like a Shannon O'Neill uh, decision that I made because it was hard to find furniture. It would be, it'd be all over the place, so we just made a little area for all sometimes the furniture to live. And sometimes it would be crowding the backstage, which was already very narrow. Some of this stuff was like little tables were back there. Just like tables back there. And for your improv show, you want to be able to, to run around, so you use this furniture and then you get rid of it. And if, I mean, I guess the, there's some red chairs from Ikea that have a little bit of history. A couple of them we, were, we bought specifically for one. The Gethard Show had uh, Diddy as a guest. What right. year was that? 2010? 2010, yeah. Um, so we bought brand new chairs uh, for Diddy. They're not, ex I mean, they're Ikea. They're not, they're not expensive. And then we just have been using, I mean, 2010, it's now 2017. We're still using them, obviously. Um, we abuse things, so they bust. And then the, we have these two, we call them third degree tables. Not everyone does, but these are tables that came from 22nd Street. Uh, they were made for a show called Third Degree, which was like an improvised courtroom show. And they have lasted for like, what is this, 15 years now they've lasted? Yeah. They've been re-nailed, repainted a few times. Yes, they will be coming with us. They will eventually go away. I have, a, I have an idea of how to get rid of them, but I'm not going to reveal that yet. A special ceremony. Um, so, yeah. Do you guys have any thoughts about this area? No, this way, during DCM, sometimes this used to be, this would be turned into a bar space. Yeah. But it was also the place where as a performer, you could be back in uh, DCMs of times past, there'd be sort of more party atmosphere back here. Mm -hmm. And this would be the one place you could come to sort of remain in the party zone, but also watch shows. Yeah. And this is also the quote unquote performer corner. We're right next to it where Yes. For a performer, this is where you would stand to watch shows. That's right, the performer corner. Good call, JD. This is where all the performers would stand. And I'll tell you, it's, it's like a fun thing, but also a very distracting thing. Because as an audience member or as artistic director, when I'm trying to... Look at you guys, you're performers. You're in yeah. the performer corner. It can be... Because we all... We, we, TV is a very supportive community, and we love, and I say we as a, a majority of people. I'm sure there's some sour, jealous people, obviously, and that's your there that's, there there life. Be, right, Shannon? There, must, there be, must be there some. There must be some sour, jealous there people. There must be. But I personally love watching people perform and, and getting to laugh. It's my favorite thing to do is, la is laughing, and I'm so lucky to do it. And I think a lot of people love seeing their friends, and, and we all find each other very funny. And when we do, like, maybe edgier stuff, you may find it funnier than an audience member, so the, the amount of noise that comes from this corner can be distracting. Yeah, there are shows that appeal more to this corner than yes. to the entire rest of the theater. Yes. And whenever you have a place where it's comedians, the comedians are going to be laughing, even if it's at the same things, they're laughing at different times. They know where the joke is going or what's happening. But so when you have like all of them in one area of the theater, the audience can be distracted. It's like, why are all these people laughing at a different thing than us or earlier than us or... Yeah. So it, it can be weird. You know what I realized I might do? Is I might do a two-parter. I might go into the play and then come back. Because yeah. you guys are going to be here all yeah, day, we'll right? Yeah, we'll be here You're all not day. Yeah. We might do that. So we'll keep going for like another... Maybe we'll get to the... We'll finish this off here. And then what you can do is you can go away and you can come back and do your final thoughts. Yes. Because be like, you probably you'd record this and you go away and be like, oh, I didn't talk I about that. I forgot about something. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And, I have a, and I have a thing that's written in like performer documents 
that says, and people say they read it, but they don't, but that it does specifically say, like, do not stand behind Shannon during Spanx because I'm trying to watch. And then everyone is just like, they like laugh. And it's also, I'll be like, if I'm sitting, I'll take a photo of the seat that I sit in. And it's, it's like in the very back corner is where I sit. And then JD, just like stand behind that seat. Oh my God, I hate you, whoever you are when you do that. <laughs> well, it's for like, a lot it's of... Like, it's like, why are you breathing right by me? For a lot of performers... And just, like a, just for like an, an audience member sitting there. Yeah. I think if you are just like right up in their business, I think you can take a step, a step back. But we're leaving here, so that I think a lot of performers there. come to Spanx and the real show is like, is, is Shannon, Shannon liking the show? Is she liking the and show? I don't, I don't tell... I can't... I don't really give answers with my body language too much because I have a very loud laugh and a very obnoxious laugh and I've learned to kind of uh, pull it in during shows so that I can also pay attention to what I need to pay attention to all right so we're gonna I'm gonna this is the end of part one which is just the basically the house of the theater and then when we come back when I come back we'll do part two because there's Which a lot be, of history about the party so much, space and that. There's so much more to talk about, and I don't want to rush through it. And yeah. I realize I have, I can go to the play, and I have plenty of time yeah. between the end of the play and Diana Kolsky's uh, keg and weed party that I'm going to tomorrow. I mean, later on tonight. What? Keg and weed party! Okay. We well, promoted of, live on the Gethard Show this week. <laughs> we did promote it on the Gethard Show. The November uh, 9th, 2017 Gethard Show. Okay, end of part one for long-form conversations. But 12 Hour Day listeners, we'll keep going. How do I stop it? Right there. Oh, stop. Thank you. Um, <laughs> leave that part in. I will. Um, <laughs> I'll leave it all in. I don't need to delete any of it. I love it. Um, it's all history. So we're going to keep going. Yeah, let's go. It is running yeah. out of juice, so, so we'll go plug go it in. Plug it in on the stage. That'd be great. Um, so oh, just, please. yeah, whatever. Just so you guys know, since I'm going to be leaving. Yeah. Just, you're not leaving at all, right? No. no. Okay, great. So just leave it as is. If you, if you go into the back hallway, make leave sure you... Broom. Put that broom in there because if you both leave and it shuts, you're not going to get We're back stuck. in because that front seat, that front door is, yeah. And um, don't let anyone in besides um, John Wayne Gacy, and Adam Conover, and Atamnik. Great. Sorry, OJ. <laughs> not allowed. I don't think there's anything else you need to to know. Okay. If for, it's not that cold out, but if for some reason. Nancy, the facilities manager, who is a goddamn queen with everything she has to do, usually checks on the theater during cold days, but she just told me if I see anything to let her know, but I haven't seen anything. Okay. Thank uh, you, Shannon. Do you, have your, do you have your lav mic? Oh, yeah, yeah I'll give you yeah. my lav mic. What if I, you just hear me during watching Lauren Brickman? Ha-ha! <laughs> yeah. we'll, hear, we'll hear just one of the channels of our podcast will just be the audio of the play. <laughs> that would be amazing if it could go that far. I think these batteries. Do you want me to? Try? I can put the lights off. So you're sitting in the dark again. I mean, I prefer the light because I need to see all the equipment. Yeah. I think and I'm not a creep like Connor. Right? Yeah. Yes. And if if I get bothered by I the light, I turn it off too. So if I if there is a problem, I can. Uh, uh, Tamek says he's going to be here around four or five. Probably what's good, the right? first? The first show. Oopsies. Uh oh. What is going on? Oopsies. Oopsies.
Are we still recording, JD? Yeah, we got it. Uh, what theater is the play at? Side theater. It's actually right near the New Hell's Kitchen Theater. Oh, great. It's 43rd and 10th. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, the first show here, I think, is the curfew. It's Veterans Day, so there's no grad shows. Oh, that's actually very convenient. Which made it cool for you guys. Yeah, and, and it's New York Comedy Festival weekend, so it's a big festival audience for the shows. It is. Oh, I'm a knucklehead. I should have put that. I had flyers made for the new theater, and I didn't put them out. It was an emotional choice that I let, that I let happen. Mm -hmm. Letting the emotions get in the way of some things that I'm happy to admit out loud. Yeah, you guys are here until 6.30-ish. Yeah. First. So I'll be back before that. Great. Awesome. I'm going to lock the box office, though, just so that you're not accused of committing any crimes. Right. Yeah, that'd be great. And we might still be accused, but we'll have a rock-solid alibi with that locked up tight. Yeah, you're actually helping us in a way. Um, Wait, is this, your, this is yours. Yeah, yours is right here. Thank you. <laughs> what are we talking about? We're talking about the recorder. Oh. Um, so it's 2.17 in the afternoon, JD. And um, do you want to take an apple to the theater with you? No, thanks. Yeah, okay. Um, that's what happened. What happened? So this just got damaged. Damaged? When I dropped it. Uh-oh. No, it's just the headphone thing. Right. Which is good, because that yeah. means it's not actually affecting the audio. Yeah. Um, see, watch. Test, 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 JD. Test, 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 Connor. We're good. Yeah. You're a little soft. A little soft, but that's okay. I'll give you a little more juice. Um. All right, I'm going to charge batteries, too, while we do this. Great. Um, oh, I have a little file here somewhere of stuff that uh, I want to talk about. Um, things I want to make sure not to I forget. Hey, uh, one thing I'll say, because uh, we'll transition out of Chelsea mode for a little while. Yeah. Um, so it's been... At least six months, I think, since our last episode, right? Yes. Does that feel right? I think so. Uh, it's roughly. That's, at least that's how it feels, even whether or not that's accurate. This is also the part of the podcast where I take the headphones off, mm -hmm. and I'm able to connect more as a human with you. Great. Um, I feel like I have noticed more in the past six months people that I'll meet who will, the first thing they'll say to me is that they listen to this podcast. Yes, uh, and I've noticed on the Gethard show, so if, if you're just listening for the first time, I'm an executive producer of the Chris Gethard show. And I'm uh, the warm-up act for the Gethard show and, uh, and a featured correspondent, uh, which is a relatively new role that I've stumbled into on the show this season. Now that, now that the show is on True TV, if you haven't watched it before, uh, you can... Uh, watch it every Thursday on True TV. You can find it on the True TV app or website. But um, so on the Gethard Show Facebook group, there's a lot more people 
Sorry. Yeah. I heard noise. Oh, it's still Shannon. I was like, oh. Um, no, it's okay. I was just like, is someone immediately breaking in? Um, there's been a lot more people that are like, oh, I just started listening to 12 hour day. Right. And I don't know what is the impetus or why, but it just feels like that's more of a thing that's happening as people are listening to the show now. Yeah, I just feel like, um, just feel like one of those things where as the, the various things that are linked or connected, whether it's UCB to the Gethard show or the Gethard show to like Gethard's podcast, Beautiful Anonymous, or our podcast, it's, there's sort of like a, an interlinked, uh, if you're interested in one of those things, you can kind of fall into one of the yeah. other things fairly easily. Yeah. Have a fun time, Shannon. Thank you. Bye, Shannon. Bye. Bye. Um, and it feels like uh, uh, if you're in a position where you're like, oh, I love this show that's on one hour a week. Right. And then you're like, oh, there's a, you know little you know things that happen on Instagram or things that are connected to that. But if you're looking for like a big chunk of extra sort of related content yeah. that it's just sort of like here's a giant here's more of this world here's a giant uh, for, especially for people who have a lot of time on their hands to listen to a uh, uh, like people who have jobs where they can listen to a podcast all day um, etc it's a, it's a big load of content uh, that's immediately available for free yeah um but yeah, even when I was in I was in London uh, uh, in late September, and there were people uh, in London who were like, "Oh, I listen to Twelve Hour Day." I was like, "Oh, that's fascinating that it's you know that uh, not something." I don't know why I would have expected why I was surprised that people in a different country were listening to it, but it was like, "Oh, I wasn't I was surprised to have it come up." Yeah, it is interesting. Well, because the other thing is. When we did the first episode, there was a lot of talk about it among our peer group. Mm-hmm. And then now that's been three or four years. And so for us, it feels not like a novel idea anymore. It feels like just a thing that people know that we do. Yeah. And I will say it's like something that like eventually when we talk to people, it comes up, I feel like. Because mm-hmm. it is a very funny thing. The pitch of it is very funny. Yeah. Um, but I forget that new people listen to it and they start with episode one and they start going on that journey it's a yeah. thing that took us four years to go through or whatever. Yeah. And they are traveling back in time to versions of us from years ago. Yeah. And, like, the things that I've gone through in the past four years are, like, ridiculous. Yeah. And I feel like the person four years ago is a much different person than the person now that I am. How would you describe the differences? What would be the key differences that come to mind? I had a lot of anxiety and stress and uncertainty back then. Mm-hmm. I was sort of blindly moving forward in the confidence that I would figure things out and that things would happen how I wanted to. And when I was put in situations, I'd be able to figure them out. I was definitely sort of in a fake it to make it phase where it was like, I think I'll be able to do this. I don't really know what the things are or how it's going to manifest. Or I don't know. It was everything yeah. felt like new territory. And also, I had never dealt with that amount of anxiety or stress that came with that. And I had no way to emotionally or physically deal with it. So it was just a lot of unknowns. Mm-hmm. And so I think that f- whenever the first episode was, it was just sort of like, I don't know, I was a lot less sure of myself. I feel like I was not an adult then, whereas I feel like I feel like an adult now. Yeah. 
Whereas now I've had super low lows, I've had successes, I've had failures, and I feel like I have a pretty good sense of the stuff that I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. There's not that many, there's a couple things, but there's not that many at least, speaking career-wise, mm -hmm. things, or even life-wise, that I feel like I couldn't handle. They would be overwhelming and still stressful, but at least I understand how to deal with that stuff or what it would take. Yeah. Does that make any sense? I think so, yeah. But I also feel like the you of four years from now will feel that way about the you of right now. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Mm. But even like, I remember like the first episode or two of the podcast, there was... I remember having the conversation with you, I think on the podcast, where you were like, no, if I'm just an improviser and I just do improv and that's it, mm -hmm. I, I'm a, I work in a bookstore, and I, you didn't say where you'd work, no. and I do improv, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Which is probably still true, you would be fine with that. Yeah. But, and there's things we can't talk about, things that are going on career-wise, but like, you're doing a ton of stuff right now. I'm doing a ton of stuff right now. I will say that I still maintain that same attitude, which is that I, like, a few months ago, I actually felt like I hadn't done that much this year because I hadn't up to a certain point. A lot of the stuff that was right. happening was stuff that I had done a year earlier that was just coming out. So there was this weird time delay. I didn't really book any work in the first six months of this year. But, but things were being released. Since, episode, since the first episode, you launched... Three major stage shows. Mm hmm. Terry Lewis Mistress, we did it together. Yeah, George Lucas Talk George Show. But then George Lucas Talk Show and Way Past Your Bedtime are mm -hmm. two things that you made specifically as like, I'm going to make late night talk shows. Right. And I do think there's a part of it that was like, maybe there'll be a future outside of this. Whatever. At least it'll be a fun thing right now. Yeah. But it was an active effort to have a thing that was spotlighting you. Yeah. And um, then on top of that, you are working on TV. Yeah. More consistently than almost anyone that I know. Well, certainly like... Consistently being the word, like, you have, you have a television job perhaps every week, oftentimes two or three jobs per week. Right. It's crazy. And, well, like, since the... I think there may have even been some talk in the last episode where I was, like, thinking, like, will I move to L.A.? Yes, I, and I actually don't think you talked about it because I feel like... You had confided that in me. I don't know if you mentioned it. I think it. I may have talked about it in the episode. I remember you saying something about how that disappointed, that like depressed you. Yes, I think so. Yeah. But that was the time where you were, you didn't tell everybody in your life because you were making the decision still mm -hmm. and you knew that it was a big yeah. change. But I also was because I, like I wasn't sure, to be honest, even when the, even when the Gethard Show got announced for True TV. Right. And it wasn't a source of tension at all on my part. I just genuinely didn't know when people would be like, oh, congratulations, the Gethard Show is coming back. I was like, well, I don't know what this iteration of the right. Gethard Show would be. I knew that I'm always down for whatever's happening with it. Right. But I also was like, genuinely, I don't know what the shape of it will be on a, new, on a, on a real TV network. And I'm like, maybe, there's a, maybe I won't be needed or maybe I will be. I genuinely didn't know. And I'm like, I'm happy to be involved but I also would understand completely right. if they got to a point where it's like, we just don't have, it's changed its shape and it's now this kind of show or something. Um, 
So even as of the time we last recorded the podcast, I wasn't even counting on that as a... I got the email for when we were doing the, the promo shoot for the photos. Right. And I re, I, when I responded, I was like, just to be clear, like no one's talked to me. I wasn't sure whether they, they could have been someone at True TV working off like an old list or something. Right. And... Uh, but like in the summertime, I was sort of thinking like, well, who knows? Maybe I, maybe I will uh, need to look at moving to LA at the end of the year or next year or something like that. Right. And I went out to LA for a week, uh, and I rented a car, and I was staying with our friend Will Hines, um, and that was the second trip I'd made to LA this year. It's funny because I think I've told a very similar story on the podcast. I'm like, I stayed with my friend Phil Jackson. <laughs> but it's the same, the same apartment. Same apartment. Yeah. Um, Which is also a very funny thing because I will say this: at this point, you're maybe one of my closest friends, mm-hmm. just in the amount that we share with each yeah, other. Absolutely. And even in the frequency that we see each other. Mm-hmm. And I think my one of my next closest friends is Phil Jackson. Yeah. And I think one of your next closest friends or other mm-hmm. close friends is Will Hines. Yeah. And it's funny that... And, I, and, I, and I'm friends with Phil and you're friends with Will, but we're also gen- generationally, I'm closer to Will, generationally, you're closer to Phil. Yeah. And we also, you were on an improv team with Phil, I was on an improv team with Will. This sounds like a Sesame Street. <laughs> it sounds very Muppety. Like, this sounds like, uh, who, are the, who are the ad agency that Kermit works for in Muppets Take Manhattan? Oh. There's Gil... Phil and isn't there something Gil, like Phil, Bill, and this yeah. is Jill. It's literally yeah. we're literally living that. The your friend Phil lives with my friend Will. I'm on an improv team with Will. You're on an improv team with Phil. Yeah, I'm also friends with Phil. I'm also friends with Will. It feels like it's a lesson about you're allowed to be friends with other people. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I went out there. I rented a car because I've been out to LA for like work and show related things a couple times in the past few years, and. Every time I'm always kind of feel weird because it's a car town. Right. I'm like, I should at least see what it feels like to have a car when I'm out there. Yeah. And on the second day I was there, and I had a few things I tried to do when I was out there. One goal when I went out in the summer, one was to to try to see, like, how does it feel to have a car? Yeah. What it felt like was I like driving, I hate parking, and I hate thinking about not knowing where I'm going to go, be able to park at the place I'm going to. Right. It's really stressful. It's a source of stress that um, is, takes up a lot of emotional space in my brain when I think and about And I LA. think, to me, actually outweighs the stress I have about the MTA. Huh? Because at least the MTA, I can place my anger on them. Yeah. I've done my job, and it's them failing me. Yeah. Whereas parking, it's up to me to find the space and fit into it. And sometimes it becomes a a challenge of, all right, here's this space. The only way to get into it is to parallel park, and it's very tight. Yeah. And it's just like, no, I have to give up on myself and admit that I will not be able to fit in that space. Yeah. And now that means I'm going to spend 20 more minutes looking for a spot. Yeah. And so there was that. I also, I also made it a, uh, a goal because uh, earlier this year, uh, Tony Hale dropped by uh, one night when... Um, Matt Walsh was sitting with ASCAT and they were filming some New York. That New York there was a New York thing where all of Veep was here. So a bunch of Tim Simons and Tony Hale and yeah. there were people who came to see ASCAT that last night. Tony Hale pulls me over and he was like, listen, Arrested Development's coming back. 
got to get you on the uh, uh, come visit the set. It's like, oh no, wait, you're an actor. We got to get you on the show. And I was like, absolutely. So uh, Tony Hale, whenever they announced it was happening, Tony Hale's like, I put your name in to try to get you a part on the on Arrested. Right. And then when I went out to L.A., I made a point of trying to get. Uh, a meeting, just a general meeting with um, Allison Jones who casts Arrested right. Development. And so I successfully got that meeting when I was out in LA. Right. And it went well. It was just like a nice conversation. Arrested Development didn't come up until the meeting was essentially ending. And then I realized, like, it was one of those situations where I realized, oh no, I need to just like blunt object, insert this into yeah. the conversation or I'll regret it. I'll be like, I didn't break So as they were trying to wind up the meeting, I was like, oh, by the way, I also, uh, Tony Hills put my name forward to try to get me on Arrested Development. And uh, and they were very receptive, but they were like, oh, they were very receptive to the idea, but they were like, problem is you'd have to be a local hire in your New York. And I was like, I will be a local hire. Like, I will fly out. I'll fly myself. I will pay my own way. I'm willing to lose money yeah. to work on this. And they're like, oh, well, then we probably will be able to make it happen. Right. It hasn't happened. I right. don't think it will happen at this point. They have other things to worry about. But yeah. I got so I got fifty percent of my goal, which was that I got the meeting. But even that yeah. Yeah. is a level of career inspiring. Yeah. That four years ago I wouldn't even call that career conspiring though, because as always, my main goal is not to get an acting role in arrested development. My main goal is to get a role in Arrested Development so that I can be on the set, so that I can get the answer to my question. Yes. Was the character of Larry Middleman named after my television without pity handle, Middleman, in 2005? Um, But still, the point being, there was a version of you that was very much like, this is what my life is right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to step outside of this. Yeah. And there's a version of you now that explores a lot of different possibilities and options with the same devil may care, whatever. I have to if it keep, happens, it doesn't happen, it doesn't matter to me. I have to keep one foot out the door in show business for my own mental health. There's an element of, in the movie Heat, there's that thing where... Um, Robert De Niro's character, Neil McCauley, has this philosophy that his mentor gave him. Uh, he's a bank robber. And uh, he said, um, do, not, um, do, not fi- do not let yourself get attached to anything that you can't walk away from in 30 seconds when you feel the heat around the corner. Right. And it's about like if you're, if you're no matter how much work you've put into planning a bank robbery, when you feel that the police are on to you, walk away from the job. If you are, you have a nice home life situation and you feel like the police are on to you, you need to be able to walk away from that. You, your survival is your number one priority. Um, and I feel like I have a little bit of that in terms of given how much of show business is out of your control. Yep. Um, if you're a creative person in a creative role, Unless you get to a point where you accumulate, even, even when you get to the point where you've accumulated any amount of power or prestige, there's always right. some element where someone can shut down your thing or make it that you're, it's not going to happen for you. You know, you have, there's movies that Martin Scorsese's been trying to make his whole career that he hasn't been able to. 
because you know you're just not in full control of it. And so I can't. And I guess that, I mean that's probably there's an element of that that that's just a true thing about life. But I feel like it's there's something about it in show business that I'm like, I can't attach my sense of how I'm doing too strongly to how things are going in show business because then then it really is like uh first of all the second I do that I know things will start to go south for me uh the the more I want something I, it probably is what sabotaged the arrested development thing is that like I wanted it and right. so it's like no you can't have that whereas if I'm a little bit like oh this would be nice but who knows but also you're on the stepfathers yeah that's the thing you wanted. Um, no. Well, okay, yes. I, yes, yes. I, no, because actively, so the Stepfathers is the imp- weekend improv team ECB that I'm on. That's like, the I would say, the flagship team of the theater. It's the oldest still-together team on the theater. Yeah. And a, less than a year before I was on the Stepfathers, there was a Gethard show here where they did the March of Dimes raffle, and one of the prizes was that you could sit in with the Stepfathers. And I, I donated whatever it was, the 10 or $15 that, that got you in that raffle. Right. And I did it under Tom Levin's name, specifically. And I was like, Tom Levin bought one. I went up and bought one and put it in Tom's name. And I told Tom, I put it in your name. He was like, why? I said, I don't deserve to sit in with the, to be on the same stage with the stepfathers. Right. And that was less than a year before I got added to the team. So I was not looking to, for that. And if you'd asked me an hour before, I would have been like, oh, no way. I can't do that. Sure. You know, my first question when when they added me to the team, I remember looking at Shannon and saying, "If it doesn't, if you guys decide it doesn't work out, do I get to go back to Harold Knight, or am I just like, is this one way, or I'm just out an exit door? Like, if after three months they were like, this guy's a nightmare, would I just be like, you don't perform at the theater anymore? Right. Uh, almost like a video game level where you you get to a certain level and then if you die in that level, you're right. You're done with the game. Right. All right, but back to what we are. Yeah. So, yeah, so my Thursdays at the moment are like Gethard Show at night, and when I'm not needed for like a rehearsal or something for that, I'll do little bits on Anthony Atamanik's President Show, in the, which tapes in the daytime. This week, the President Show is off, so I did a, a little part in a movie. I did a scene with Billy Crystal on Thursday morning in a movie, a Ben Schwartz Billy Crystal uh, movie. Did I tell you about the filming of that at all? No. Two things. Uh, so I'm, I play this, uh, it's a very brief little scene. It was one line in the script, but we didn't actually really do that. We just improvised an interaction that sort of had the same tone as that. Right. Um, so who knows what it'll end up being in the film. But Billy Crystal plays this character who comes in and he's like this uh, older guy who's like hung over and he's getting a slice of pizza at his favorite pizza place. And he's like a regular. And... He comes in, and we would just improvise the scene differently in every take. And the first thing was that while we were filming at one point, um, there's these, it, it's a glass storefront to this pizza place, and there's two doors sort of next to each other. It's like a window in between right. them. And this guy comes over. We're between takes, about to do another take, and this guy in a suit comes over. I assumed he was Billy Crystal's like, agent or manager, right. one of his people, because he came over, and he, he had, I thought he had like, an important phone call for Billy, it looked like he was right. like Billy, Billy, and he comes around to the door that was locked. He pulls on that door and he's like, "Ugh!" Looked frustrated, like, "Oh, this door's 
locked. And he goes around to the other door. And he literally comes in the door, standing right next to Billy Crystal. He goes, Billy, Billy, hey, listen, I, I just, and he holds his phone up, and he's like, I just want to get one, uh, just a quick, for my wife. And he was, he was just a stranger off the street who'd wandered into this film set and got, like, right. up. Like, he had his arm around Billy Crystal and was just getting a selfie on his phone. And, Billy, and there's silence on the set, and Billy Crystal just goes, I'm working right now. And he goes, oh! And then he looks around, and like as if he's, his eyes are opened anew, he then suddenly notices like the lights and the cameras and the crew. And the like, 100 people standing around. Yeah, and so he's, he's like, oh, 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 oh I'm, I'm sorry. No, no, oh, that's okay, that's okay, all right. And he just walks out and then just carries on walking down the street, which was both... Funny and also like terrifying because the reason he got onto the set was just because he, I mean, it was a location, but the reason, the way, the reason he got in was he was confident and had a suit. He had a suit on and was so confident that everybody assumed he was supposed to be there. Right. Uh, Then we were doing the scene and. Which I'll say this. Yeah. That is the trick of getting on any any set. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows who everybody is. Right. Even if you just walk like you know where you're going. Yeah. Or you're asked for someone, you'll be pointed in the direction. You yeah. could just you could walk onto a live take, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. So that's a little life hack for listeners out there who want to ruin uh, film and television sets. Is that just, you just uh, can get a suit, f- learn people's names, and uh, stroll wherever you want. Walk confidently. If you have a single glance of doubt, though, they will, you will be stopped. And you won't. We won't promise you this. You won't be able. You won't be allowed necessarily allowed to stay. But you will get those precious few moments where... That only goes for locations, though. Yeah. If, you're, if it's a studio or anything like that, no chance. No, you got to have your... They gotta, they're going to check. Yep, you're going to be stopped. Yeah. On location, though, you can sort of go wherever. Yeah. Uh, then we're filming, we're filming this scene, and, uh, and I've gone back and forth in my head. I think I, I did the professional thing, because I, I checked an impulse I had. Right. But it was an, ir- an almost irresistible impulse, which is Billy Crystal comes in playing this character's hungover, and he says, and in, in multiple takes, he improvised the line, "How do I look?" And the impulse, my brain just immediately checked into when someone asks you a question that leads to one of their very few comic catchphrases. Right. Um, for those of you who may not remember when he was on. Saturday Night Live, he played a character named Fernando, whose catchphrase was, you look marvelous. And I knew well enough I wasn't going to ruin a take, take the risk to ruin a take doing that. (laughs) But my brain, in trying to search for a thing to say, the the, sort of like the front line of my brain was like, here's what we have. You look marvelous. Connor, say this. It will get a laugh. Uh, it'll get a reaction. I knew it would get Not a reaction. Not from him. Yeah. But people in the room will laugh at you saying this. Uh, and uh, Nicole Dressel, uh when I told her this the other night, uh, did point out to me that like, it either goes really well, in which case it's a fun thing that happened, or it goes really badly, in which case you have a fun story about how seriously you uh, misjudged the circumstance <laughs> in your scene. 100%. Yeah. Um, but I don't regret not saying it. So that was story one. Story one. What was story two? Those are two stories. Oh, those are the two separate. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's really fun. Yeah. 
I remember my only interaction with Billy Crystal was I was working on a magic show in Los Angeles, mm -hmm. and one of the executive producers was Robert Morton, Morty. aka Morty from Letterman. And there's a lot of Morty stories that I am not at liberty to tell on a recorded podcast. Right. But which is what this is exactly. Um, but one day we were, we were on a studio lot, and mm -hmm. Billy Crystal was outside. So I was like, oh, Billy Crystal's outside walking by. And Morty went, what? And he opened the door, and I believe he called him Willie. He's like, Willie, Will, Will. And Billy was like, Marty. And they had this weird, like, shouted conversation from the third floor of our little studio thing down to the floor. Mm -hmm. And it was the most I felt part of, like, old school television, old school, like, oh, these are just two people who have been around, been around the block yeah. in a number of ways. Yeah, he was very nice. Uh, uh, we worked together all morning the other day. It was very nice, very fun. Um, it's just a low-budget little indie film. That's fun. Um, so it's not, like a, it's not like the full City Slickers experience. of. St it's still on a, 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 a pretty small crew, small scale right. thing. Um, but also the advantage of that is like everything had to go quickly because uh, they had to like get a, a certain right. amount done uh, in the daylight. That's fun though that you're making so many things. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but it definitely feels like the difference between how I felt in our last episode and how I feel now is I came back from L.A. On the second day I was in L.A., I had nothing to do. I had nothing planned, and, I, uh, and everybody that I knew in L.A. was busy working. So I was just in Will and Phil's apartment, and it was sunny outside. It was a nice, quote-unquote, nice day. Right. And I felt at such a loss for what to do. Like, I felt... That's the problem with L.A. for me. Yeah, I felt... I don't really get depressed, particularly. Uh, or haven't really in a long time gotten, like, really down. Right. And I found myself... And part of it is you're not in your own... Maybe I'd feel different if I had a, a, my own apartment in L.A. or something like that. But I don't think it was that. But I know, like, if I have nothing... Because Phil and Will are very good hosts, and they just sort of let you treat their apartment as yours. Yeah. And I just felt like I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I'm not content here. And I felt like there's nothing going on. I have nothing to look forward to. Right. And I just thought, oh, I can't take this. I don't feel like that ever in New York. And even the idea of like, oh, I'll go see a movie is like, mm. oh, I'll get the car, I'll drive. Drive to I'll Universal park. City. Yeah. Like even... I, I went to see a movie, I went to see Dunkirk in the big IMAX theater, and I had to drive into, like, the uh, Universal Studios lot where you, even, even though you get your parking money back, it just felt like a whole big ordeal. Like, you go there, and it's, like, $20 to park, and you get 15 of it back when you buy your movie ticket or something. Right. It's just like, ugh, this, is, this doesn't feel the way it feels. Like, my most bored day in New York, I'll go for a walk somewhere, and it'll be fine. Right. But in L.A., I'm like, oh, I couldn't take too many days like this. And then I came back to New York to immediately uh, the Gethard Show, which I, I, I love doing the warm-up for the Gethard Show. Um, uh, very surprised to uh, have, have, like, 
kind of fallen into a, a more prominent role on the show than I had during the fusion years on the show, which I was never unhappy during the fusion years. I liked right. doing the warm-up, and I liked being part of the... I felt like uh, when there was the live stream was like how a lot of people watch it on Fusion. Felt like, oh, I'm a big part of the, the environment of the right. show, the, uh, even though not necessarily the episodes. Um, so that combined with the president's show, combined with other things popping up. Uh, and also, even with UCB moving from Chelsea to Hell's Kitchen, which is obviously going to change a lot of things about it's going to change a lot of uh, the vibe of what it feels like for me to live in New York. It's still, there was part of me that was like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I, my worry before I went on my trip to LA, my worry was, am I going to be one of those guys who feels like I stayed in New York too long? And am I going to start feeling at UCB like I'm the, I'm the, this old guy at the right. theater who, should have gone to L.A. a long time ago and didn't. I came back with a different feeling, which was that everybody goes out to L.A., which means that the talent pool of UCB L.A. players includes every generation right. of, peop- of New York expatriates plus all the homegrown L.A. people for decades. Right. And the place that I have at the Theater in New York is actually like... Uh, it's almost like having a rent-controlled apartment or something. Right. And I, it's, as long as I continue to be funny, I have like a home at this theater that I don't know what my... I, I would have a role at the theaters in L.A., but it would definitely feel like a different thing. Yeah. Um, and the fact that things are... The kinds of things that are happening for us in New York are really the reason why a lot of people move to L.A. because those things aren't happening for them in New York. You know, right. that like people go out there because there's, you know a thousand shows being made and and there's just more opportunities for stuff. But like, I mean, you're in a position certainly where uh, you're probably, your biggest dilemma is just finding the amount of time within a calendar year to be able to do the, all the things you want to do because they you have a limited, you have limited windows of time that aren't already like eaten up by things, right? Yeah, well, it's funny because I actually feel similar to what you're starting with the your, your LA feelings and that feeling with like the sort of rent control in New York is I sort of feel that way with TV a little bit mm-hmm. not fully to that point but I'm right. dabbling in that area where it's everyone's always like oh you're gonna move to LA eventually and I'm like I don't know like I don't think so not if you can help it because I like you I find LA to be a very depressing place I think I've said it before on the podcast I forget who said it but let me just make sure my audio is working um, someone once made the comment that in L.A., everybody's, everybody's in their own car even when they're not. Yeah. So, like, even when you're out among people, people you have this bubble in, New, in Los Angeles that you can sort of hide in. Your apartment's separate from everyone else. You're in your car driving separate from everyone else. When you're out with people, you're not, you don't have this collective thing for all this place together. Everyone's thinking about how they're getting home, where they're going, da-da-da, and everyone's talking about their own projects. I mean, I'll say this. Yeah. Connor and I, I won't even give the context of it. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Recently observed a conversation. We were at, a, we were at a, a festive event. Yeah. In which there was a, a, a very pleasant merging of UCB worlds. UCB yes. New York, UCB LA. A lot of our friends who were in, in LA. Uh, and JD and I were in a circle of friends. Most We were the only two, like, current New York people 
and everyone, I know we've been talking about show business for the past how, yes. 30 minutes or whatever, but the, I think the tenor of our talking about it still feels different yes. than the way people in LA talk about it, which is like specifically about deals, about which companies uh, are... Uh, it was about money, representation, title, titles, deals. Deal. It was, it, it was a thing to the point where it almost felt like a scene from a very blunt sitcom where Connor and I were standing there silently as this conversation happened around us. And we'd sort of check in with eyes at each other, like going, we have no, we have nothing to add to this conversation. Yeah. And even the things that we do have to add, we don't have the same emotional connection to that, those topics in a way that felt like a comical mismatch for us to be standing there as this conversation took place. Yeah. And it, again, it was all people that we love. Yeah. And the things they were saying were... They were correct. We were yeah, things if, that if we you were have like, investment in that, there were things that were, yeah, they make total sense, but it was just so funny. It's just funny. a different culture. Um, but we had this moment where we were like, wow, that conversation was not for us. It was, it was honestly like, it was as different as like, like if two people from a tropical beach island uh, environment were in a conversation where everyone was like Minnesotan and talking about shoveling the snow off their driveways. And it kind of just felt like, oh yeah, I know what that is, but we don't need to talk about, we don't, that's not a thing that we're yeah. connected to in the same way. Like it, it felt like a very... Uh, I'm trying to think of any analog that's similar to it. It's hard. Well, like I noticed a thing, which is friends of mine who live in St. Louis... There is a conversation. Do you know anybody? Uh, have you ever witnessed a conversation from people who live in St. Louis? Yes. Do they ever? I mean, I've noticed that maybe it's a thing that it happens if you spend an evening with people who currently live in St. Louis, uh, even if they know each other and talk all the time. If you spend more than an hour and a half in conversation, at some point, inevitably, the conversation will turn to how, which highways people use to drive to work. Right. Or which highways they avoid. Right. Because St. Louis is just like a big old pretzel of interstates right. and highways and sprawl. And, the, and I'm amazed that the conversation comes up, even among people who clearly have had this conversation before, where like, well, I take 70 over here and then I go up to 50. The, you know, they'll right. always have the same, or they'll talk about, well, I do this and that way you avoid all the lights. Oh, yeah, and it's always this. I'm just like, that's part of St. Louis culture is this thing. And L.A. has that, which is just like, this is a business, is an industry town in a way where it's like, if we don't talk about that, then, the, then what are we going to talk about? But it even felt like that conversation had emotional resonance mm-hmm. for people. Oh, yeah. In a way that it wasn't even, a, I, I don't know. It was, it was a, so anyways, yeah. that's all to say that even the tenor of Los Angeles feels different to me. Yeah. And while I've had opportunities to go I've worked on shows in Los Angeles, several of them, mm-hmm. done projects in Los Angeles. I've been offered jobs, long-term jobs in Los Angeles that I've turned down. I don't feel like I am destined to go there because it just feels like a different energy to me. And like you're saying about the performance thing, it's like there's a lot of people in Los Angeles, and it becomes this thing of you're part of that machine now. Yeah. Whereas in New York, there's less people. And in a weird way, I feel like being in New York, I have that sort of feeling with, well, as long as I keep making shows and be a good person to work with and know what I'm doing, 
I'll always have opportunities here. Yeah. Like I've gotten to the point where like people trust me enough that the, and there's enough stuff in New York. Yeah, you're on a list. Of, you're, at this point, you're on a list of names that people think of when a thing pops up. Very specific things, yeah. but yes. But it is like when they're like, we need a person who can do this. Oh, is JD available? Like it's a thing that... Right. And so to me, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I need to move to LA and become a part of that thing. And I don't want to be a person that... You know, maybe once I'm there, I, th those things do resonate emotionally for me a little bit more, those things that we're talking about. Yeah. But for me right now, it doesn't. So I, I just, uh, I like being in New York. And even if it means sometimes the profile of what's being done is on a smaller scale or there's not the sort of infinite sort of uh, infinite enclosure into which to play where you can just like, oh, you could go up and make billion dollar movies and billion dollar TV shows, da da da. New York, there's not that as much, but I don't think that's the place where I'm destined to. But I also anyways. feel like there's also a weird element of that like, not every, a lot of those billion dollar right. movies and TV shows aren't even made in LA, it's just that's where the deal gets made. Then yeah. you go someplace else and make it, which it's just as easy to, to probably for you to end up in the running for those things where it's like, well, my home is New York, but then when we make this movie, we film it in Canada, and then, uh, and then I go right. back to New York. Or, I, or I do post-production in L.A. for a few months, and then I go back to New York. Right. I also, the thing that really, the big, the big takeaway for me from L.A. was that the thing that was under consideration for me was like, am I done with New York? Do I need to make a move from New York? Yeah, just as a, as a shift. Yeah, do I need to? And the big answer was like a resounding, like, no, I don't need to. I came back to a situation where after not really booking anything in the first half of the year, suddenly I found myself with like two TV show jobs every Thursday and then other stuff popping up here and there. Right. Uh, and what the conclusion I came to, because I actually looked at uh, a couple of apartments when I was in LA just to get an idea of like, what's right. it like? And there's a sort of a myth about yes. LA apartments, which is that you'll get so much more space for the, It's so much cheaper and you'll get so much more space. It's not cheaper because you got to buy a car, and it's about the same price, and it's actually less space. That's what I found in the, the anecdotal examples of what I was, was searching for. When I was looking for the same amount of space that I have in New York for the same amount of money, I couldn't even find a listing that, for it. Well, I think what it is is, so in New York, there's these magical apartments you can find that are super cheap and have a lot of space. Mm -hmm. Those exist in Los Angeles, and I think those magical apartments are, do have more space because they're from an architectural era Right. That is more spread out. Yeah. But on average, I think it's pretty much exactly the same. It's about the same. The only difference is maybe you can, because it's car-based, you can find more obscure areas. Yeah. Whereas in New York, the areas where there's really cheap apartments, you would never live because of subways. Yeah. And th things that L.A. you don't have to worry about because it's yeah. you're driving no matter what. So the conclusion that I came to, because uh, also like I found one listing that I could afford, and then when I went to the place, they were having an open house. And immediately the first thing I found out was that the, the uh, pad mapper, which I was looking to look for things, pad mapper had the wrong prices. And they're like, oh, they have the wrong price. And it was actually, instead of being uh, 1300 or whatever it was, it was 2000 or so. It was like right. a massive difference. And it would have been a perfect apartment at the price it was listed at. But it was like, oh, it's way more than that. I can't afford that. And the... Um, the conclusion I came to was like, if I have to move to LA, it will be because something happens that it 
the opportunity pays for itself. Yeah, where it's exactly. like, but I cannot move to LA at, at any level of struggle. Or under the auspices that it will be a financial, like, ease to you. It would have to be that it's, it would be a financial ease because I book something that pays so much. Exactly. I'm like, oh, this means I can live wherever I want. I can buy a car. I don't need to worry about it because I have this great yeah. new thing. But I think that's, you know, it's just as likely that if, if I'm in that position, I can probably afford to stay in New York. Yeah. If I'm in a position where those kinds of things are on the table, I can probably find something in New York that means I don't have to move to L.A. Right. Um, I find it hard to imagine a circumstance where it's like, the only thing that's happening for you is this one thing that's such a great thing that it means that moving to L.A. will be no financial hardship. But other than that, you're in big trouble. There's right. nothing else happening for you. I feel like I could get something that's like, oh, what, I could stay in New York and do something that's right. half of what that pays and be happy. Right. Um, and not have to move to L.A. Yeah, because that's the other thing, too, that I've come to feel is like you just you do your thing and then some, at some point you die. Oh, yeah. And so you, planning super long term isn't even that. It's important, but also you need to find happiness now. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying other than the fact that I've, I've witnessed a lot of... I think about this all the time when I get stressed out or whatever. As I think yeah. about my close friends who have passed away at far too young an age, I'm like, oh, they don't get to do it anymore. Right. And my good feelings about them and the impact I know they left, I'm like, oh, and that's it. Yeah. So anything that I do now is a bonus from those people. Yeah. Like anything I do now is like, oh, I get a little bit extra. Mm-hmm. So why have it be anything that yeah. isn't the thing that I'm enjoying because at the end of the day, everything's ephemeral and all you can hold on to is whatever joy and comfort you have. So like, I think that's to me why it's like, well, moving to Los Angeles to go after some aspirational, non-tangible success feels to me like maybe a mistake unless you have some tangible thing that you're moving there for. Yeah. Because otherwise, if you're happy where you are, which some people might not be, like, that's a hard thing to achieve. And if you're comfortable where you are, it's a hard thing to achieve. So why not just enjoy that and revel in that as opposed to being like, well, I've got, it's like, it's like being in a casino and being a little bit up and being like, I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet everything. Yeah. I'm going to bet everything because I could win big here. But it's like, no, I'll just stay a little bit up. And that's my personality. It's like, yeah. I don't like gambling. I don't like fast cars. Like, I just like, no, nope, I'm just going to stay a little bit up. I want to yeah. be a little bit up. I mean, honestly, it is one of those things that when you see people, and this is something I think about a lot in the Trump era, which is just like, when you look at like, you look at, and, and one thing that's been pointed out recently is that if you listen to the arc of our podcast, oh, that, yes. that the number of times that, that I think me in particular, that I confidently have had predicted that there's no way that America would ever elect someone. This was even before he was running in 2016. Just the idea that, like, Donald Trump... I mean, the funny thing is somebody, some Trump troll retweeted a tweet of mine from, like, uh, a confident tweet of mine from 2016. There was a point in one of the primaries where uh, Megan, when Megyn Kelly asked Donald Trump about all the horrible things he said about women, and then Trump's response was, he was like, you said this, that women are pigs, they're disgusting, da-da-da. And then Trump goes, only, only Rosie O'Donnell. 
and it got a huge laugh. And I said, that sound, that laughter that he got in the room for that joke, was the sound of Hillary Clinton winning the election. And I believed it at the time because I really thought it was such an awful, right. cheap joke. And because it wasn't a no, it wasn't a denial of right. uh, his misogynist attitudes. It was a confirmation of them. It was like he chose in that moment to like, I'm going to double down on being a dick. Right. I'm going to get a quick, cheap laugh. And I thought, I really thought, I thought it's going to cost him. And obviously it didn't. Although one can make the argument that it did in other ways and that he has, the only, the only schadenfreude kind of silver lining in some ways or one of the few to Trump being president is that he's not happy and he accidentally fucked up his own easy life. Right. Uh, this is a guy who is not having a good year, uh, personally. Like he spends most of his year being unhappy. And I don't think he was, I mean, he's always been a profoundly unhappy person on some level. Right. But I think he had like a pretty sweet, Set up. He doesn't get his creature comforts or his emotional personality comforts. Yeah, anymore. now he's in a. Now he's in a. He literally lives in a reality where he's constantly having to deny the fact that sixty percent of the country can't stand him. Right, it's a huge number of people, um, and that most of the people that do like him are not the people that he would choose to like him. He's sort of like ended up with a lot of people that I think he actually has a, a deep contempt for. Yeah. Um, but, oh, 100%. But that's who he's left with. Yeah. And, but, no, I... I yeah, where, this, what was the stem of this? The stem of this was that... Um, uh, oh, where did this start from? Because uh, I had a very specific stem of this. It um, started from... People have noticed that even our conversation about... Yeah, but even right before that was the stem of... Um, Oh, being happy. It had something to do with that, maybe. Um, that uh, even, uh, this may, have, may not be the exact stem that I got to, but uh, that thing of like, you have to find, uh, even, even when horrible things like that happen, where, you know, we've, uh, you know, it's a pretty dire time in some ways, uh, that this is the, you just have to figure out a way of coping with it. Yeah. That, um, that even, even as, as like depressing as, because I, uh, we just had the anniversary of the election night and everything. Right. And, uh, and it is one of those things where, uh, thinking about, uh, even when things feel like, I mean, it's been an exhausting year in many respects because it yeah. feels like uh, even, even though like a lot of things are going really well for you and me career-wise and personally, there's like a lot of reasons to feel good. It can be easy to get sucked down into the fact that there have been, I think there have been worse people, obviously, in, uh, uh, there have been worse leaders, worse monsters in history like Donald Trump's not the worst yes he hasn't I mean there's still given time there's still Much all it would take do, is yeah. one mistake for him to instantly right. shoot to the top of those ranks but I will say I'm not sure there's been anyone who's been as big an annoyance as he had. like as I can think of people who are worse in terms of uh uh you know, like George W. Bush has a much higher death toll from his administration, yeah. and 
things like that that are like legitimate metrics for the, sort of the misery index of it. But in terms of just day-to-day making people feel exhausted by how annoying right. his presence is, I'm hard-pressed to think of he's like the equivalent of like a high-pitched noise that just won't go away. Right. And to the point where, and this is like, I hate having this thought as a morbid thought, but I don't think it's an uncommon thought, that like there have been lots of times in our life where like a bad person has like passed away. Right. And there were times when like people that we really admire passed away. Like 2016 was this big year where like Bowie and all of these like big names and you get very sad that this person is dead. And then, and there are other times when it's like Osama bin Laden is dead. And I can't say that I've ever had uh, uh, thoughts in terms of like, I remember when bin Laden died, I didn't have an emotional reaction to it. I wasn't like, good, they got him, he's dead. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they got it. Right. But I didn't have a big cathartic emotional, like, I wasn't wishing, I wasn't acting, it was just like, it took up real estate in my, in my brain about like a horrible thing, but I wasn't like spending every day saying right. like, I w- oh, I'll feel so good when he's gone. Right. And I do have that about Donald Trump. I do have that feeling of like, if he just like had a stroke and it was in the newspaper, I would have a relief that I feel bad about the, just the thought of having it, but I would have, I would legitimately be like, oh, that's, oh, that's good. That's good. Because it means that that noise, it's like that high-pitched noise will just like, it's like a migraine headache will just be like, oh, it's a, I don't have that nerve pain. Right. It's like dental pain or something. That will just be like, oh, it's gone now. And I right. don't have to hear it anymore because as annoying as like his kids are, they aren't the same thing. Like they aren't this like attention monster that eats up every, right. every bit of energy. It's such a weird thing to have that in my head, that thought of like it would be a relief if he just wasn't a, wasn't around. Right. Because it's such a morbid and horrible thing to have. And I've never had that. I've had politicians that I've hated, and I haven't had the thought, like, I wish they were dead. But you're not, say, you're not saying, like... I'm not saying I hope something terrible happens to him. But if something does, it will feel like a relief. Right. Even if he just... Because anything that is the equivalent of... If he were to say, I'm re- resigning and you won't hear from me again. Anything that does that same function... Right. Uh, will on some level feel to me the equivalent of, oh, that high-pitched noise went away. Right. And I can't think of another example of someone, even though there are more horrible people who've been in the spotlight and there are more horrible people who've done more horrible things, but they're not in your face all the time taking over everything. Right. Um, I would feel the same way if the character Elmo was on everything the way Trump is. I'd be like, I want Elmo to go away. I can't hear that voice. Every day. Yeah. Uh, I was never annoyed when Donald Trump just had a TV show. I never watched it. But I could deal with that level of Donald Trump. Even though I was like, I don't like that guy. He's annoying. So I don't watch his show. But now it's like everything that's out there has him in it. Right. Imagine if Elmo was on every single, it was connected to every single major event. And and imagine if he was the one trying to craft policy. I mean, it would be. I mean, it would be kinder. It would be kinder. Elmo is a kind soul. But it would, but it I would, would not be sophisticated enough at all. It would, it would, it would, it would not see the full picture of no. how those... It would be preferable, but I, I would say it would be almost a toss-up in terms of 
speeches or rallies, like, I don't want to see an Elmo rally. I don't want to have to hear that. No. I won't also, even... the anti-Elmo propaganda. Yeah. Pro-Elmo uh, propaganda. Be rough. And I'm not here to Muppet bash. And, you know, the problem is you'd, just, get, you'd get these militant groups like the anti-fur. Yeah. And, the, and let's anti-fur. face it, generationally, I think you'd agree with me. Like, we're both Grover guys, right? Oh, my God. Grover, I mean, Grover's Grover... imagination, Grover's optimism, Grover's anxiety. Yeah. Confidence in the face of anxiety. That's I think that's the, I think that's the thing. Because it's, it's a... Pre- Elmo is ignorance. It's, it's, a, it's a fairly... Uh, I'll say it's a fairly hacky thing to complain about Elmo in terms of like it's not an original thought to have. But it is just because that role was already... There was already a character that served the function of being the, the voice of innocence in that world. That and was Grover. Grover was just... Grover's a little smarter. Yeah. And Grover's not as sure of himself. Yeah. Though he acts with the same confidence, you can tell there's a level of unsureness beneath Grover yeah. that drives him. Whereas Elmo, it's just this ignorance, this... And I think, honestly, the difference is, I think there's an age that is, like, sort of... Each one's supposed to represent a specific age yeah. of knowledge. And I think Grover is, like, a two-year-old. Yeah. Whereas I think Grover is, like, a three- or four-year-old. Elmo's a two-year-old and Grover's a three yes. or four. Yeah. Where, like, Grover... Grover isn't as temperamental, but Grover has an imagination he's still trying to figure out. I'll say this, because I don't have the energy to do it, but if someone out there wants to do... Um, uh, wants to pitch a book that is like a... You know, people will do those humor books that are, like... Uh, kind of like topical humor books that don't have a very long shelf life, but they might, might be a big holiday seller, like a picture book humor book. Yeah. It's pretty easy to do a Donald Trump version of the monster at the end of this book, uh, replacing Grover with Donald Trump. Um, that would be a pretty, pretty pleasing structure for a Donald Trump humor book, um, where it's him talking... I'm not interested in any Donald Trump humor book. It's him just uh, bashing the horrible monster that's going to be at the end of this book. And then at the end, being in complete denial about the fact that it's him. Right. I think that structure would work. I, again, I don't, uh, I don't, I'm just throwing it out there because I don't have the energy nor the, uh, uh, I don't feel the initiative to create that as a book. But I think it would be a, it would have a reasonable chance of success as a pitch at a publishing house. Uh, if there's people out there who are looking for that kind of like um, short term, short money. Sure. So pivoting the conversation, yeah. there is a project that I'm working on with Jim Henson Company right now. A very, very small thing. Is this, the thing is this the thing I know about? Yes. Okay. So by the time this podcast is released, it might already be known. I, or not. It might not. It might, oh, it might never be known? Well, we might shelve it. No. For later. Oh. So maybe... It might be known, maybe it might not be known, or maybe it'll be known And later. even if it happens, people might not know that that's the collaboration that's taking place. Yeah. But... Um, I hope it happens. It was, it's fun because when you go there, they offer to give you a tour where they show you around. And the New York Henson Company offices are mainly for Sesame Street, and not just New York Sesame Street, but every Sesame Street. Yeah. And it was interesting just hearing about the process behind the scenes of now that they shift over to HBO, the amount of puppets they're needing to make, the type of puppets they're needing to make changing. And also, they get sent all of the international ones. So seeing the, like, 
oh, this is the like the Ecuadorian. This is what Cookie Monster looks like in Ecuador. He's got yellow fur and a big thing and a whatever. It's like very interesting. But they were working on Snuffy, the original Snuffy, and the original Big Bird. Mm-hmm. But it was Snuffy unzipped, so it just looks like this like. It's like Snuffleupagus, but like, like, bisected in half, and because of the big framework, it just looks like that. Like they killed the Snuffy. Like, Snuffy got caught in a piece, giant piece <laughs> of industrial equipment and was sliced in half, and it, it, it is somewhat alarming to see. We got to figure out our um, annual holiday screening for December. Oh yeah. Um, we got to figure out what it is and what it's going to be. We got to figure out when it is, too. Yeah. Because I think I'm going to go back to Chicago for a lot of time. Um, Actually, this might be the first year that I go on a vacation. That's big news, JD. Is my mic off? No. No. Let me check. Test, 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 JD. Test, test. Um, I haven't gone on a vacation, a a vacation vacation ever as Mm -hmm. an adult. Yeah. Um, It's time, JD. So I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to go, what I'm going to do. Here's some options. Okay. There's two things that I'm trying to figure out. I'll start with this one. The second one is uh, a birthday party. So I mm-hmm. want to talk about both those things. Vacation option one. Uh, my friend Sophie, who I grew up with. Yeah. Grew up with, went to high school with. Uh, I don't know. How long have I known Sophie? I think high school. Mm-hmm. Um, we're close. Continue to be close. She is, I guess, fiance, husband. I don't know. They're... Hip young people who I don't know if they're ascribing a specific label to it, but I think that maybe they're getting married. Mm-hmm. But her significant other is from Belgium, and they're moving back to Belgium. Mm-hmm. So she was like, you need to come to Belgium for a few weeks, and if you're going to write, just do writing there. She's like, I know a house you can stay in. I'll get you a bike, the whole thing. Yeah. So one option is I go to Belgium for a couple weeks. Yeah. Just like not even like... Because I'm not looking to go sightseeing. I'm looking to just disappear from things. Yeah. Another thing that I'm thinking about doing is going on a silent retreat. Where would that be? So, there's options. I was like, maybe I'll go to a warm place, somewhere that's warm. Mm-hmm. And this is like, you know, a week of just vow of silence, doing work, doing stuff. Not like, just like inside your own head for a week. Yeah. Then, as I started doing research into that, so, let's do research that. My therapist was also like, don't convince yourself you need to go somewhere warm because mm-hmm. I have bad associations with the winter. Because mm. I had a bad winter three winters ago. Mm. And my therapist was like, maybe go somewhere that's still cold, but just reframe it as this nice, lovely thing. For mm-hmm. Then I started doing research into the best silent retreats. And there is one that is in India mm-hmm. that is very famous that is like an actual sort of like half religious thing. The whole thing is 10 days long. Yeah. But you sleep on like a ground with a quote-unquote wooden pillow and then you do work during the days. And I was almost like, yep, I'm doing this until I believe it is a nine-hour drive from Delhi, Uh which to me is like, I don't want to have to go to India and then also... Drive for nine hours. Drive for nine hours. Because it was like, oh, you can take a bus, but it's an eight-hour bus ride. And it's like, I'm not going to... Yeah. That's not going to fly. That's not going to work for me. And then I was like, maybe I just go somewhere else. Yeah. 
go skiing, somewhere like that, snowboarding, like something like that. Silent skiing resort. Silent skiing resort. So I'm trying to figure it out. So that's my first thing. Vacations, what do you think, Connor? I mean, I think a, a, a silent retreat, um, I don't think I could do it. Even though, at least not in a, on purpose way. I could imagine going someplace and ultimately being silent a lot of the time. Right. And it wouldn't bother me. But I think there's something about the having to be silent that feels like I would, I would chafe at that. But I think you would be good at it. Because I prefer not to talk. Yeah. Which is a funny thing to say on a 12-hour yes. long podcast. <laughs> but I think people that listen to the podcast would also know that this podcast is probably 70% you talking. Because I often... That's skewed just by that one episode where you uh, went to work for four hours. So here's another thing that happened. This is a, a side shoot. I want to get back to vacations. Yeah. The President show had an improv show that oh, they yeah. did a couple weeks ago. I haven't been at the President show for since months. June. Since June. It was a show that I helped launch. I think I was the third Fam- or fourth person hired as an EP of the show. Named in the, in the opening paragraphs of the recent New York Times Magazine article. Oh, yeah. Because I bought Anthony a sword. Yeah. Um, as a going away gift. Um, then an improv show. And I haven't really done improv in a long time. The soonest improv I did before that was the Herald Knight 20-year reunion, which was... They, uh, it was the anniver- 20 year anniversary of Herald Night, which is a, one of the sort of, not flagship, I'll say flagship, one of the improv signature nights, signature yeah. nights sort of what the house teams at New York are. And so they, had, they brought together performers from all generations. And Shannon kindly asked me to be on one of the teams. It was great. But I, before that, it had been years since I'd really improvised, it felt like. Yeah. Or at least improvised in the sense of regularly doing it. Regularly yeah. doing it. Because um, I'd done Terry Withers or the whatever um, Frank the Snitch stuff. Yeah. But that was the closest. But you also go into that sort of knowing your character a little bit. Yeah. So, anyways, that was fun. But then they're doing this improv show, and Christine Nangle, an, a now EP of the President Show, said, We'd love for you to come and do the show with us, even though you haven't been there for months. You know, we all love you, and we'd, it'd be great if you could come do it. We'd have fun. Yeah. So I was like, Sure, 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 sure. I showed up. I immediately had this feeling of like, oh, because a lot of it was staff that I didn't overlap with. So it's people that maybe I was with for a week or right. so, and then some people that I just had never met before in my life. Yeah. Which always for improv is a weird thing. Right. And already, as you know, my personal insecurities, I don't like, f- my nightmare is being at something when I'm not really supposed to be there. Right. Or feeling like I wasn't invited to do like I don't want I don't want to ever feel like I've imposed myself on a situation. Right. I want I, I don't I, I don't want to feel like people are like oh man why is this person here? Yeah. So I already was feeling that a lot because I hadn't worked on the show for a long time, and it was people the people that I did know were people that I knew through a professional capacity and not had ever improvised with. Yeah. Except Anthony. Anthony's the only one I'd ever actually improvised with, and even that not much, and then some people I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So we do the show. It's broken up into sort of like three sections. It's like an hour improv show. The first section, I sort of get in there, do some scenes, things like that. But I'm feeling like, oh, I just don't, I'm not a part of this group mind as much. So I'm trying to do my thing, but I can just tell the vibe of it feels different for me. So I'm trying to do my best. And it almost feels like, you know, when you're in a a jam Mm -hmm. 
an improv jam where you're like, all right, I'm just going to try and help these people add in, add the thing, but there's some, there's some, some element that's missing. Yeah. And then the second section, for whatever reason, I mean, also Anthony and Pete Gross are great improvisers, so they were really jumping in and getting into there. Yeah. I didn't step out once. Oh, wow. Which wasn't, I think that was just the grocery yeah. store. I thought I heard a knock. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's just a thumping. Which is like, it's like 15, 18 minutes of whatever. But it was moving so quickly, and there wasn't really reason to. And it wasn't unusual. It wasn't yeah. like I was the only person not. But it was this thing where it's like, oh, I haven't done a thing in this. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is weird. And yeah. then in the third section, I did one or two moves. Right. And one of the moves went really well. Yeah. And it sort of set a thing off. But then afterwards, people were like, oh, man, like, you okay? What happened up there? And I was sort of like, I just was enjoying observing it. Yeah. And didn't feel like I needed to put myself in it. Yeah. Which is obviously a different mindset than I had when I was regularly improvising. Mm-hmm. But I've been so much in the mindset of, like, observing and watching and seeing what I need to help and then not stepping in it that I, like, didn't even think that it was weird for me not to jump in. And I felt so self-conscious about it. Yeah. Afterwards, like I keep thinking about it, I'm like, man, why didn't I just jump in and do that stuff? And it was like, well, I was just enjoying watching. I didn't think I was need. I don't know. The whole thing was weird. So it's all to, all to be said, I'm, I find that in my default setting, I am mm-hmm. a person who prefers to just observe. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh... I also, I'm not going to be invited back to that show. You don't think so? I don't. Uh, only out of kindness would they do it. So I didn't really contribute much. They don't I, I think stage you and I should both be doing that show. I think you should be doing it. I just realized I don't improvise that much. Because I honestly, I am in a mindset now where I'm very good at observing and then doing stuff. Whereas improv trained this aspect of my brain that I got really good at, but I haven't done in a while, which is step in, then you figure it out. It might also be, I mean, I think... I mean, it's up to them. It's their show. But I I think they'd be wise to bring both you and me into that show. Me, because I'm improvising constantly. You, because I think if if the show had an extra person who's like a get-in-there improviser type, uh, one of your strengths as an improviser is often... uh, figuring out a shape or a structure to the overall show. This also was not a show that that was going to be a... Well, that's the thing. Yeah. is That's why I think having... Because I know that that show was like a mix of veteran improvisers and like writers. Because so, like frequently there'll be shows at the theater that are like the, the writing staff of various, right. you know, the, the Daily Show or Late Night with Seth Meyers. And it'll be a mix of people. Some, some people will be like uh, 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 Sal Gentile and Ben right. Morahide, people who are great improvisers. But then they'll be like they'll be carrying the writers right. who don't really have who are really funny but don't really have a lot of like improv stage experience. Yeah. I also um, yeah. now there's something so I also have the mentality too where I'm like also people are here to see Anthony and Pete. Right. They're not um, here to see me who doesn't even currently work on the show. But I think if you maybe had like another uh, sort of structural pillar uh, improv wise, yes, uh, then I think it would be. Um, um, the, uh, but it is like um, you have a, a, a very good eye for being someone who can look at an improv set while it's happening and figure out like, oh, what would be a good thematic or structural move that could right. 
how to do that. But if it's kind of a rag, if it's kind of a ramshackle set, then it doesn't necessarily. It's harder to figure out what that structure is going to be. Um, Especially if I haven't done it. So, anyways, yeah. Back to the stem. Let's talk about vacations. Yeah. That's where I think I could do silent retreats because I, I I am very comfortable just observing. Yeah. The, uh, and people who know me know, though, that when I start talking, I won't stop. But I mean, people that work on my shows know that I, I love talking in front of the staff. Um, um, like, I did a show last night, because I, I do uh, improvise Seinfeld, which right. Noah Foreman plays Jerry Seinfeld, Drew Johnson plays George... Catherine Mudon plays uh, Elaine, and uh, Michael Antonucci plays Kramer. And uh, me and Alex, it used to be a show that came out of a sketch show here at the theater. Right. And I started sitting in with them largely because their usual slot now is the second half of the 7.30 Friday show. Right. So me and Alex Dixon, since we're going to be here at 9 o'clock for The Stepfathers anyway, it's just a matter of us getting here a little early. And... It's an interesting show because the stars of the show are uh, the Seinfeld characters. That's the whole, the whole enchilada in terms of like what's, what's fun right. about seeing the show. It's seeing a new Seinfeld episode. And very much uh, it's a different kind of show for, for me to improvise in or for Alex to improvise in because our whole role, our whole function in the show is to create a framework for those characters to be fun in. Right. So it is, um, it's just support moves. And it's not that we couldn't come up with a good character, but it really is about like trying right. to set up. Uh, it's not the same impulse as um, just a standard improv show where uh, it may or may not, where anything goes, where you could be, you could find yourself uh, uh, having like center stage for the whole show. You're, you could do a character like the Bob Apples thing that was referenced earlier where right. I did that move because I didn't have a move at, or I thought I didn't have a move and I thought maybe it'll be funny if I reverse it which led to 10 minutes of scenes where I am Bob Apples and we're exploring the different ways that I love apples. Right. Um, and it's... Uh, but last night in the show, there was a, uh, a, a Kra- the Kramer plot was that he had uh, found a goat and he wanted to try to learn how to make cheese. And the only thing that I did in the whole show was play the goat. Right. I played no other characters and that meant I couldn't talk, which meant I intentionally sort of handicapped myself in terms of like... I decided, I made the decision, I'm not going to be like a human, an anthropomorphic animal. I'm going to just make goat noises and try to be an accurate-ish goat. Right. But what, what that ended up meaning was like, I, I'm just trusting that Antonucci is going to, he will label whatever it is that we're doing. And I have like a sort of a limited palette in terms of how much I can communicate. Uh, and it's a very fun challenge to do shows like that where you are... Um, you know that it's like, well, my role in this is I have to do this kind of thing, you know? Um, 
I find that appealing. I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't, if that was the only show I did, I would probably get frustrated by it. Um, but as a, as a, an exploration of like, oh, I do this one show where I just do these support moves and it's right. just about doing that. It's a very, it's almost like, oh, uh, uh, you're, you're the bass player basically in this. Like I gotta, I gotta sort of like anchor this scene so that, uh, the stuff that is really fun can be, uh, played out. Right. Um, looking through the groceries here. Um, I, oh, our Snickers our bars. Snickers bars. Um, Adam Conover is on his way. Oh, great. Uh, he was the one I thought wouldn't make it because he has a show here tonight. I knew Anthony wouldn't. Anthony is now saying he probably won't make he it. Just got, he has so much going on. I know, but he has also a couple weeks off. I mean, they're not really weeks off, but... Yeah. Um, I still am holding out hope that a Tamnik will make it. You're holding out hope for what? That a Tamnik will drop by later. Yeah, I could see that. Um, because I'll tell him we can promote, we'll promote his show in the podcast. Huh. Um, I always like the idea of using this show as a, a, a stressing, come on our show as a promotional, a promotional vehicle that you'll get to mention your thing in hour nine of our podcast. I think it actually there is an element of promotion on our podcast. I do. I actually do think so too. It's a funny thing, but I do, I do actually think that you have a greater chance that if you come on this podcast and talk about your show, that someone listening to it might check it out than you would if you did another podcast that was actually more uh, uh, smartly designed as the, uh, a conventional promotional tool. Right. Because people realize people that listen to this podcast are looking for things clearly. Yeah, if you're in, if you've made it to hour nine of this podcast, you are looking for stuff. You're searching for something. I'm eating my Snickers bar right now. JD is behind the stage. I don't know what he's doing. I was just, I was looking for my teams. <coughs> written on the stage. <coughs> but anyways, that's, <coughs> that's vacation talk. That's me thinking about going on vacation. The other thing is, in my adult life, I have never really had a birthday party. JD. Twice I've done the uh, Dungeons and Dragons thing, which you did one of I them. I did one right? of those, yeah. But it, they weren't really birthday parties. It wasn't a party that I threw for it, myself as much as it was. It was a gathering. That was the one where I, my character's name was uh, Elfish Costello. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dumb. And his power was song. He was a minstrel. Oh, right. <clears throat> that was really fun. Yeah. But I've been encouraged to... Because I'm turning 30 in two months. Which feels weird. Mm-hmm. To have an actual birthday party. Now, is this... Is this you're actually turning 30? Or is this your... Um, myth- are, you, are you really 33 and this is your... My manager and... Yeah. <laughs> no, my... Uh, because you have a show business, for a while you had a show business age and a real age that was... Uh, well, my manager, I was laughing, he's, I said it the other day, and he's like, he's like, we can't let that get out, that you're 30 now. Because mm-hmm. for a while, I was, the pitch was always so young. He's a so young. young. New young guy. 
But so I'm trying to plan a birthday party. Mm -hmm. I've never done it before. Yeah. What are your ideas? Do you have a preference? Do you I have don't. A well, it's funny too because I've brought my therapist. My therapist was basically like, make sure it is a birthday party and that you don't just do something that you claim is a birthday party, but that is actually getting people to gather for a different reason. Mm -hmm. Like, let it be a party that's about you having a party for yourself. That's okay. Does your therapist want you to have a birthday party? Yes. Already, doesn't, it, doesn't the fact that it's your therapist is setting down these rules, doesn't that automatically change it from what a birthday party is? My therapist is saying, <clears throat> allow yourself to do something that's just for you. Right. And my, I was like, well, maybe I'll put on a show. And my therapist was like, <clears throat> I think it will be a healthy exercise for you to do something where you know people are coming just because they enjoy you and like you. Yeah. And don't, you don't need to create a, an event that you can emotionally place. But also, <clears throat> also, I don't think that's... <clears throat> That's part of who you are, though. Yes, like, but I think the point is perhaps more that I will sometimes deflect doing things for myself right. by having this other shiny object that it's like, oh, no, it's, they're all coming for this thing. When it's like, no, you can do something and your friends will come because they are your friends. And like, what you, you experiencing think? that will be a healthy, good thing. Like... What I ended up doing for my birthday this year was weird. But, <clears throat> but it was nice. But it was a birthday thing for you. Mm -hmm. And it probably was not the smartest idea in terms of it probably would have been better to just go to a restaurant somewhere and people would, could all talk and hang out. But it was fun. <clears throat> we went to the... I, I, there was a screening just by happenstance at the Paley, Paley Center for... Media, which used to be the TV museum, and they had a free screening of what they identified as um, it was a noir series, but they had a very loose definition of what noir is. Because I, I always think of noir as having very, <clears throat> very rigid sort of rules, like black and white, and a certain kind of like right. lots of shadows and certain archetypal things, you know, like. Like, if it's color, it's got to be, like, Chinatown. It's got to be, like, conforming to, like, the genre uh, the kind of story. But this was just sort of, like, moody, dark TV stories. But it was, like, Twilight Zone, Twin Peaks, X-Files, Battlestar Galactica, Angel, uh, Hannibal. I will um, say. Yeah. <clears throat> the Battlestar episode, the Angel episode. Yeah. And even the particular episode they chose of Twin Peaks, right? All did not feel very noir. No, um, like it felt like weird choices. I'm sure they could justify it, but I didn't. I didn't see the connections they were making. The thing that I found out was uh, the thing that I found weird is that the only one that really, really held up in a theater screening to me. I mean, the Twilight Zone one had moments. Um, but the X-Files episode was the only one that really, really... Like, I was surprised how... Yes, the X-Files one was a good story well told. I was really stunned by the fact that the 
Battlestar Galactica, which I've only ever watched the one time through as it aired originally. And it's, I always thought of that 33 minutes episode. It's the first regular episode of the series. I always thought of that as like a particular high point, like a great episode of television. Right. And I was kind of stunned watching in, in a theater environment with other people to find myself... I fell asleep during that. ...very bored watching it. And I was like, if you'd asked me five minutes before watching that episode about it, I would have said it is a gripping episode of television. Yeah, I fell asleep during that one. And you know what part of it was? There's a weird thing that happens. It's sort of like when, that, when I look at the X-Files, when it originally aired, there's the mythology episodes that follow the ongoing serialized plot, and then there's the standalone Monster of the Week episodes. And when it originally aired, I loved the Monster of the Week episodes, but I was all about the mythology episodes, this ongoing serialized storyline. Right. And it's a storyline that falls apart. It goes nowhere. I mean, it's still falling apart as we speak. Uh, right. That <clears throat> there's no satisfying payoff to it, sort of notoriously. And I... When, you, when a story like that falls apart and then you try to revisit the early parts of it, if you can't really latch on to the old feelings you had, right. then it really becomes sort of worthless. Because if, if all you really have is the... If you can key into like, ooh, I remember what this felt like when I watched it originally, then you can maybe have a great time. But if you know the story doesn't, that it falls apart later, all the things that were like intriguing about that, like the Cylons are after them. Right. At, at the end, I was I watching this again, I was like, I don't care what happens to right. anybody. Like I was just sort of like, I was amazed how I couldn't latch onto anything. Pivoting before Adam gets here, uh, back to Porky Pig which we didn't really talk about. Um, because... Uh, which, is, which is funny because for anybody else in the world, the amount that we did talk about Porky Pig would be like, man, we really talked about Porky Pig, huh? We, I, we didn't even talk about it at all. Uh, so I get this DVD, Porky Pig 101. I, I want to point out, Connor and I are now standing at the UCB stage where both of us are very comfortable. Yeah. And we both have our... I realize we are both... We're both enacting the ways subconsciously that we behave on stage. Yeah. Where I keep we're walking, pacing, we're pacing I keep the walking stage. towards the audience yeah. and stepping up into it or walking on the edge. I keep finding my light. And keep counting keep finding his light. <laughs> I am so happy here right now. Can I say that? So I, am I. This, this is, is this is the place. This oh, is the comfort. Like I just I, I I can't even feel sad about the fact that this will be gone in less than a month. This will just be garbage in a month. This will be a garbage basement in less than a month. Right now, this... And this is part of that thing of, like, that what we were talking about before. Like, we're all going to die at some point. Live for today. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Uh, the, uh, which is a great song, by the way, that I've never thought about until I just said that sentence. It's a great way to live your life. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, happy and you know it, clap your hands. That's it. Very simple. And you don't need, I don't know why we need organized religion um, when you have that song. I agree. Um, So anyway, uh, the... Wait, just on the... When we were backstage talking with Shannon, and she was sort of like holding open the curtain a little bit, this image has so many feelings. Like, just stand here. Yeah. And just this... This image, with the lights peeking through a little bit, yeah, 
That's everything. It's exciting. That's everything. Like, we're I feel my body. Right now. I feel my body right here with my hands in the curtain. The amount of times that I've been here, I've been like, and that's me. Yeah. It's like just such a good feeling. And honestly, we're both tapped into it because uh, one of the crucial uh, burned-in permanent images that's always in our head is Kermit the Frog. I know that's a red curtain, but Kermit the Frog in front of the Muppet Show yeah. theater curtain comes to introduce the the show. And there's just something about like that that little that's our little Muppet Show curtain, you know. And you and I spent what is it two years where oh, yeah. once a month. Yeah, where we would, right now, J.D. and I are in the theater. We're in the opposite we're, VOMs. We're in the opposite VOMs, which are the side uh, sort of corridors. And we would be introduced, and we would walk. J.D. Mono and Conor Ratliff. This is the opening on. of the Terry Withers Mysteries. We're walking onto the stage. We walk to the middle of the stage. We shake Take hands. Me. And then we start, our, uh, we start our opening patter. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to, to the, the Terry, Terry Withers, Withers Mysteries. Mysteries. And I got to say, that's one of the things in 2018... That really, if it's ever going to happen, we got to make that into a TV show. Oh, we have to do another. We have to do another stage show of some sort. I know, and I think we'll be able to figure out something like that. But I really do believe you and I on stage. This thing where we circle and do yeah. this. Yeah, it's a, it's a show. It's a thing. It's a show. It's a whole thing. We can, we don't need to come up with the Terry Withers part. We can spin off our opening thing into its own show. Yes, um, but I do genuinely believe that in the world of modern comedy that we created for a brief period of time, for a couple of years, we had one of the best comedy shows in New York City, and one of the most popular comedy shows became a popular show instantly at the theater. To the point where I believe it is perhaps the only comedy show at UCB, for sure, that I can think of, Mm -hmm. that had a spin-off series. Right. That, of course, died a grisly death. Died a grisly death. Uh, I never fully figured out the structure of it. And we also, there were other just circumstances that made it uh, yeah. uh, difficult. But, but I we still had a show that was so popular that a spinoff series did well for at least three well, or four incarnations. I, I still maintain, you can see the first one. And I think the first one is purely successful. The Christmas special. Right. Is uh, you can watch it online. I think it's a really funny show. Uh, and then there were things we couldn't recapture in the second and third uh, editions of that show that we attempted to. Yeah, and and we came close to. I think we came close to cracking, and then we had to cancel the fourth show because right. of a personal situation. Um, but Terry Withers Mysteries remains this thing that I'm like. I think that is. In a world where um, shows can be made and we are in a position to make shows, I think you and I are two moves away from being able to be in a room where we say this needs to happen and it happens. I also Um, think that doing my first season of fully live television mm -hmm. perhaps helps that Mm -hmm. become more existent. Yeah. But anyway, to Porky Pig. Yes. Um, To Porky Pig. To Porky Pig. Cheers. Um, So this... Porky Pig 101, which I highly recommend. I think it's one of the most satisfying collections of uh, vintage animation. I'm going to pee while you do this. I'll be able to hear you. All right. But I imagine you're going to be monologuing here for a moment anyways. For a little bit. But I do want you to hear this as well. Yes. Um, I'll keep the door open. Yeah. So uh, these are cartoons that I have a strong personal connection to. The the, the reason I came to mind again was we were were talking about the the way that... um, the way that our memories of 
shows and circumstances. <laughs> oh, I got to the bathroom. The door would be coming. Yeah. Um, the way that uh, we lock into things, the way we remember uh, the sense memory of... When I was thinking about Battlestar Galactica, about how locking into the way it felt when I first watched it. Right. So a lot of the... I bought this Porky Pig DVD collection because it was like... I've, I generally buy every collection of Warner Brothers cartoons that comes out. And I haven't watched most of the ones that I... I mean, I've seen the cartoons before, but I haven't taken the time to watch all of my like golden collection box sets that came out 10 years ago or whatever. Just because I haven't had time and uh, other things get in the way and stuff like that. But I grew up... My dad hosted this show, Showtime, that was a live kids show Monday through Friday. And they would show Warner Brothers cartoons during the show. And uh, what I realized when I got this Porky Pig DVD set was, like, a local TV station that was showing cartoons, uh, Warner Brothers cartoons, they would get a package. They would get the syndicated package, which was basically, like, a few hundred 16-millimeter prints of Warner Brothers cartoons. Right. Uh, and these would not be the cartoons. These would be separate cartoons from what you would see on CBS Saturday Morning or on Boomerang. Or like the, these were like a different package. Right. So it was sort of like the B-level cartoons. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't get What's Opera Doc or One Froggy Evening. You wouldn't get the, the ones that make all of like the top lists of the greatest. Uh, right. Uh, and you also wouldn't get the worst of them. You wouldn't get like, these badly animated 1960s ones that showed up right. a lot on, on network TV. So a lot of them were these... Um, I realize now, colorized versions of these Porky Pig cartoons. The Porky Pig cartoons in the 1930s, in the, I think the 60s or 70s, Warner Brothers had them traced over by like, uh, like I think a Korean or a Taiwanese like animation studio and remade them as color cartoons. So the drawings would be sort of second generation. They're not quite as good because it's being done cheaply and quickly. But I'd seen a bunch of these cartoons, but I don't have a memory of them being black and white. I have a memory of them as these like bat, less well animated, but in color. Right. And so a lot of these I'd seen, and I uh, it was very intense uh, sense memory to be watching cartoons that I probably saw multiple times between the age of two and ten, uh, where I'd see like these. Like, Porky Pig had this... Uh, there's a couple of cartoons where Porky Pig has a friend named Gabby Goat. And this is this character that, like, clearly they're trying to... Here's the fascinating thing. What I realized is, my whole life, I've been watching Looney Tunes. And basically, I've only ever watched them in shuffle mode on random. Right. I've never watched them in any... I've never had any sense, really, other than, like, oh, this is a, the 1940s. The temporal nature this of... This is 1950s. This is the first time I've ever watched them in a way where... You can see over the course of these 101 cartoons them trying to make... Porky Pig is the first big star of of Warner Brothers. And they spend all of the late mid to late 1930s, early 1940s trying to make Porky Pig into their Mickey Mouse. And they never quite... More so than Bugs. Bugs barely exists at this point. Right. Uh, When Bugs Bunny, his first cartoon... He's not called Bugs Bunny. It's just this crazy rabbit who's annoying. He doesn't look or sound anything like Bugs Bunny. Can I say something really stupid right now? Yeah. I knew it. Of course I was aware of it to some degree. Yeah. But it's not until now that like consciously do I realize that every name of their character is just alliteration. 
Porky Pig, Daffy Duck, Bugs Bunny. Elmer Fudd's not, but he's a little different. Marvin the Martian. Marvin the Martian, Roadrunner. Um, there's a few exceptions, but for the most part, Wiley yeah. Wile E. Coyote, Wiley Coyote uh, uh, Tweety Bird, Sylvester don't have it, but yeah, a lot of it. Uh, and there's probably a few more that we're forgetting. Um, Who's the big hair guy? The big what? It's like a big, that big thing of hair. Oh, um, I can't remember his name offhand. Um, I can't remember. Uh, Yosemite Sam doesn't have, but has some alliteration within. Um, yeah, but one thing that I, I learned, first of all, you see how different directors are just better. Right. Like Bob Clampett's cartoons are always a little better than uh, 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 like uh, uh, who, who are some of the ones that were popping up. Like I always, Frank Tashlin directed a bunch of them and he's one of the few animators who, he went on to direct like a bunch of, he directed all the big Martin and Lewis live action movies. Directed a bunch of Jerry Lewis movies. And his cartoons are very cinematic. Interesting. But he, I think his comic timing is a little less funny than Bob Clampett's. And the really impressive thing is that they, there was no editing in Warner Brothers, so all of the timing of any of those jokes, they didn't have the bu- budget. Right. They'd have to just figure it out before they ever... They, the, jo- the timing of the joke would have to be in the animation. Right. There's no... Uh, it, they'd have to know how to plan it out so that a pause was the right amount of frames that it would be funny. Which is... That's a weird kind of comedy mathematics to have to do. To draw something that's funny and draw it so it's timed in a way. And I notice in some of Tashlin's cartoons that like, some of this is like the changing nature of how a joke is timed over decades, how it, now jokes are faster than they, right. like they take less time to process. Um, but I noticed that like the timing in some of Tashlin's shorts in places, they would linger on a joke longer than you need. Uh, but it was interesting to look at these things and see like, like Porky Pig's stutter, which I always thought was like, that's always the big issue with him is like, oh, is that making fun of people with speech impediments? And the original voice of Porky Pig was just a guy who had a stutter. Really? And they eventually replaced him with Mel Blanc because it took too long to record because he had a stutter. Right. But one thing is, there's one joke with Porky Pig's stutter, which is just um, Porky Pig trying to say a word and then changing his mind to a right. different word. And that's right. the only joke that Porky Pig really had. That's his signature joke. Uh, but when I watch all these cartoons, what I noticed is, like, they're, until they come up with that joke, which is actually kind of late in the collection, it's not an early thing, he just has a stutter. Right. And there isn't really a lot of... Uh, there aren't really a lot of jokes about, like, look at this guy's stutter. Occasionally you have a character who's intended to be mean who will make fun of his stutter... But in those cases, we're always relating to Porky Pig. He's always the right. hero of the cartoon, pretty much. And it's, it has me thinking in an interesting way that it's like the role of a speech impediment in comedy or drama is a complicated one because it's considered now like it's... Uh, mean or offensive if you have a character as a speech impediment and it's... a uh, you know, there was controversy about, like, Michael Palin having a stutter in A Fish Called Wanda. Things right. Like, that, that people are like, you're punching down, sort of. Right. But the answer to it seems to have been no portrayals of anyone who has a stutter. Because 
it can't be made a joke. And it's, I, I'm trying to think of the last time I saw anyone in a movie who had a speech impediment, uh, who had a stutter. And it's just not something that you see. You'll see it in older movies and it feels like a cheap joke. Right. It feels like, oh, they're going in for, they think this is like funny that this character has a stutter. But it didn't, it didn't translate into, because it's a hard thing. Like it's a, it kind of has to be the, it kind of has to be the thing that's about, it's about that. I haven't seen anyone come up with a version of it where it's like, my character has a stutter, but he's also like, uh, he's just like an interesting character. King speech. Yeah, but that movie's about that he has a stutter. Right. I haven't seen anyone figure out a way of like, it's just like, it's a character on ER and he's a doctor who has a stutter, but the main thing is he's this doctor. Uh, There's a character in something recently who had a stutter. I could be wrong about this, I just don't see enough culture. But my sense is that the way it was dealt with was just by like, okay, we just won't, if it can't be a joke, we won't, or, it can't right. be, or if it isn't the main topic, it just won't show up. And Porky Pig is actually a rare example where I would actually say, if I was a kid who had a stutter, and Porky Pig was the example of that. I guess maybe there's a little kid doesn't want to be called Porky Pig because it sounds like it, there's other aspects of that. Yes. It sounds like you're being insulting. But just based on the actual content of the shorts, I would say that it's a positive portrayal of a character with a, with a stutter. Right. Uh, yes, it's probably a positive portrayal, but I don't think the character is a positive character, at least not later Porky Pig. Well, later Porky Pig... Because earlier Porky Pig, there's a lot of characters that are like big wolf characters that are like, you are the bad man. Yeah. Whereas later Porky Pig, he is more the butt of the joke a little bit more often. I would actually say the, the most famous Porky Pig cartoons are actually later cartoons where he's Daffy's sidekick, where he is always the smarter and more... Uh, he's the character that's kind of looking to the audience like, isn't Daffy an asshole? Like, really? But isn't he sort of like a weaselly prick? No. Like Duck, like Duck Dodgers in the 24th and a half century, he's like the competent uh, first mate to, right. to Daffy Duck's like uh, uh, buffoonish captain. I guess what it is is he plays more the straight man. Yeah. But in a way there's a kid you're like, boo, more fun. Uh, see, I always thought he was like, oh, he's like Daffy's the asshole who uh, screws everything up. And Porky is the one who kind of, he's like Jim from The no, Office. No, you're right. I'm trying to figure out what, I I'll, feel like I'll, there is a negative connotation with Porky Pig. Though. I think part of it is if I'm like, hey, Porky Pig, it sounds like you're calling someone fat or it's something. Just, man, we hate pigs as a society. Yeah. But if you're actually, like a lot of those Porky Pig cartoons, he's basically doing the Jim Halpert. He's like looking at the camera and being like, oh boy, like this guy. Right. And he's also like, I'm trying to help. He's not thwarting Daffy. He's like trying to help Daffy, and Daffy isn't listening. And then he's like, okay. Um, I tried to help. Um, but it was, it was such a, a fascinating thing. Uh, if you want my, com- my full commentary, short by short, I did a thousand tweet uh, uh, thread on Twitter where I was following through. Which also led to the most bizarre article. Of all time? I'm not sure what... Well, how, I don't know how to categorize whatever that was. I don't know how to categorize what it was. It was also like a deep cut tribute slash reference to... The, the headline was Comedian Loses Mind Over uh, Porky Pig on right. Twitter. 
And Which felt like a reference to... It was a direct reference to the articles about me losing, quote-unquote, losing my mind uh, on the, when I was trapped on the subway a few years back. Which you did actually lose your mind during those. No, I didn't really lose my mind. I did funny, crazy tweets when I... Uh, I was trying to play into the yeah, kid, yeah. babe. Uh, but some people read this weird Porky Pig article that was on some sort of... I don't understand. It's like one of those, like... It's like a BuzzFeedy kind of thing. But it, I'm not sure how it's curated or what the process is. Like, it also felt like it was just like an... An open source website that right, anybody that could post, post anything, an article. Yeah. Um, but some people were reading it and they were like, I didn't think you were losing your mind. I'm like, no, that's just like a deep cut reference to earlier articles about me losing my mind. Uh, uh, yeah, it was very interesting. Um, I have gone a little bit a little bit out of control just in the sense that I've... I think I'm at the end of it now, just because I don't know what else I would get. But I've purchased, I've made four Porky Pig related purchases. I did one right in front of you when we were at the, at the wedding recently, where I purchased a, a uh, Porky, a Porky Pig pocket watch from the. Yeah, to the point where it almost felt like you might accidentally have been like betting against yourself on eBay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like there's some guys like, how come this costs so much money? How am I, how come I'm getting so much money for this? I bought an expensive pocket watch that is vintage and it's really cool. I just bought a little display thing for it to go in, and then I bought a piece of pencil animation from a 1938 one of the shorts. You should be you should carry that pocket watch though. I don't know. I, I uh, I'm worried I'll lose it or break it or something like that. Um. But I, I have a pencil piece of pencil animation from one of the cartoons that was on the collection, which I got, and it was, it was cheap, I think, for what it was, but expensive for me. Uh, but I don't regret buying it because it, there is something about owning a, a piece of paper that has the pencil animation for a cartoon that is 80 years old uh, that... I just feel like there's something about that that feels like almost hard to process. That like when I was a little kid, these were already old cartoons, and now it's like 40 years later. Hundred percent. I'm also someone who has like almost all the original cells of the Toxic Crusaders, <laughs> a very short-lived television show. Yeah, and I still think that's cool. But uh, I will say that with the caveat of I think it's cool, objectively. Yeah. It is a very silly thing because it is a piece of paper that is just the character layer. Yeah. And the character is pretty far away in the screen. So it is a very tiny little drawing. Yeah, it's about that big on the thing. Uh, it looks nice in the frame. 95% of the page is blank, though. Yeah. But also, I know what it is. So it's not... Uh... I do think it's funny. Anyone who's not you... Mm-hmm. Who does not have this context or explanation? Yeah, I wouldn't buy it for them. Would be confused, um, which is what I find to be funny about it. I also just bought a Christmas ornament for my little Christmas tree that is a 1977 Porky Pig thing, which is it looks like it's it fits in with all of my like Peanuts and Sesame right. Street ones, and I just realized like oh that was there's a brief window where that was the way Christmas ornaments looked right like this sort of like ceramic slightly off model. In a right. weird way, in a charming way, uh, where it was just like, oh, in the late 1970s, a bunch of people were making ornaments like that. Very quickly, 
it would no longer be the style. And now when an ornament is made, it has a different look to it. Right. You know, like there's a period where they looked closer to what a, an accurate toy would look like right. or something. Um, transition to a story that maybe this might be a slightly... Um, uh-huh. This might be a slightly inappropriate story, but I think... Uh-oh. Viewers that are not open to inappropriate stories... Tune out tune now. Tune out now. I'm just thinking out loud. I think this will be interesting, and I don't think I'm selling anybody out too much, although I'm going to name names. Okay. Or name a name. Because um, I, I also think I'm going to give a pretty balanced view of what happened. Okay. Um, but there was an ASCAT monologist recently that was... If, for people who saw... This particular ASCAT, it was a very like tense evening, and uh, were you at the ASCAT when I did monologues? Yes. Yeah, that was a nice evening. Unless I unless I'm just inserting myself in the false memory of it, but I remember you doing monologues. Okay. Um, Lloyd but, Kaufman did monologues uh, recently, like last week. Interesting. And there's I, a lot that I have to say. Well, uh, he was very friendly. Yes. I mentioned your name, and he remembered you. I'm sure he did not. Uh, he bluffed well, then. Really? Because uh, I mentioned your name, he instantly was like, oh, yeah, JD. And he goes, that was back when, when, and I was like, say, he was like referencing that it was back when you were in, uh, when their office were in uh, Hell's Kitchen. I assume that he immediately forgot mm. about... I mean, you know some of the stories that I can't, <laughs> I can't tell on the podcast. Well, here's the thing. Okay. It was a fascinating evening because he came in and he was very friendly. Right. And it, but he was, always, he was also, uh, he's an older gentleman who has a kind of, uh, I would say it's fair to say, like kind of a borscht belt sensibility in terms of like he was joking. Yes. Constantly and in ways that were both aggressive but then also self-deprecating. He is like like an old time comedian. What the person, the sense of humor he would I would conflate the two things that I would conflate together mm-hmm. would be like uh, man, what would I combine? Like Mel Brooks, mm-hmm. but then also like Times Square from 1980. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like. Or like a little bit of Mel Brooks, but then trying to be a little bit of Andrew Dice Clay or something. Like yeah. a, a little bit like Mel Brooks has a really good barometer, I think, for like I'll say something shocking, but but I'm not gonna go too. I'm not gonna make yes. you hate me. I'm gonna right. be smart about it, you know. Right. Like I'd say, Mel Brooks is sort of notoriously like a master of being able to figure out how to right uh, uh, push the envelope without ripping it. Which Lloyd's whole thing is stepping across the line. Yeah. But, so. So anyway. So. And the context also is I worked for them after my freshman year of college. Mm-hmm. Which is now 10 years ago. Wow. So. Comes in. very friendly. Hands everybody. He's handing everybody back in the green room his business card that has the information about how uh, trauma is putting all of their their old films on a YouTube channel for free. We're giving it away. You know, he's like emphasizing this. So he's giving everyone his card. We, uh, ask out starts and they bring out all the improvisers and they always bring out the guest last. 
Shannon and Aubrey Tabak are doing the uh, hosting at the beginning of it. Shannon gives them a really good introduction, talks specifically mentions that you can get all the old trauma films on the YouTube channel for free, da da da, da, da and here he is, uh, Lloyd Kaufman. So Lloyd comes out, and the, and the first thing he says, and it's a joke, but he says it like, I have to say, he goes, that was the worst introduction that I've ever received. And uh, Shannon, Shannon's reaction, <laughs> Shannon looks at him and goes, um, fuck you. <laughs> and, and because he said it with such a, there was such a hard edge. I know he was trying to do a joke, but it actually just came out as if he was legitimately saying, right. like, you did a bad job of introducing me. <laughs> Shannon just goes, she was smiling, and she goes, um, fuck you. And, and he goes, no, no, no. And he's like, starts making these other jokes. But immediately he's like, sort of off on the wrong foot. He then uh, says, well, here's what I got to say is, you know, we made these, uh, we made all these films and we're, we're trying to give back. We're trying to, uh, 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 making all these films for our fans, for free as a thank you to say, you know, like, so you go to the YouTube channel. So he's like talking and talking. It's actually one of those things where it's getting funny that he's talking so much. Right. And it's before the monologues even begun. It's, right. And so, um, Shannon, Shannon says at one point, uh, uh, I should have, we should have charged you for this, uh, uh, commercial at the beginning of the right. of the night, and uh, so we get around to starting the monologue. And at this point, like there's, there was a point where I was just watching Shannon's face because Shannon kept shifting back and forth between uh, where they're kind of joking and laughing to the right. points where she's like trying to like sort of handle him. Right. And I was laughing because I'm seeing Shannon processing this, and right. I'm seeing I know there's so much of it where Shannon is like biting her tongue. And trying to be like the gracious host, right. but also being like he kept he kept making jokes that were a little bit kind of like uh, yeah he's definitely like I'm gonna I'm, I'm not gonna talk to you I'm gonna go talk to her over here I'm gonna talk to Aubrey instead you know like uh, right uh, I think he called her Margaret or something and um, so finally we get around to it's it's comical how long the prelude is finally gets around to starting the monologue and he. Starts off wobbly, but then by the end, he has sort of like a... The story ends up being fascinating. He's hit a couple of key funny parts during the story. And by the end of it, the audience is 100% on his side. Like, right. firmly. People are like, this guy, he did it. Like, it started off looking like it was going to be a train wreck, but he really did it. He was a conquering hero at the end of his first monologue. Right. And we get to the second monologue, and he tells a story that is about, and it's a story that I'll say, I think there's a way to tell this exact story and have the audience completely on your side. There were just like a number of factors that made it a story where right. the audience was totally against him. Okay. And it was a story that had to do with Harry Knowles. And apparently, I guess when this was first reported, that like Harry Knowles had, uh, I don't even know what the details are because I, I have trouble keeping track of who's, done what or who's yeah. accused of what. And apparently Lloyd Kaufman on Twitter got into a, he saw some people tweeting about this and he started saying like to these people who were saying he's been accused of these things, oh, well, look at you. Are you the uh, Woodward and Bernstein of the internet? Right. Um, he was like defending 
Harry Knowles, which is weird because I don't even think he was, I think he even said he didn't even really like Harry Knowles. Right. He just was like, he's an older guy who's like looking at it as like, I don't understand the way the internet works and it feels like mob justice right. or something. He was trying to make this point uh, and I guess people then started, and first he made, a, he made some joke. This is where he really got off on the wrong foot. He made a joke about, he was referring to uh, a woman, but then he said, or I don't even know, like, what do you refer to them as anymore? Like, it's not a man, but I guess a, a gyno person? Like, what do you, what do you, he was, like, trying to make a joke about, right. like, w- not understanding how to refer to gender anymore. Right. Um, which was really, uh, it was confusing. This audience. It was confusing, and to a millennial, mostly millennial audience, it immediately was just like, we don't know what you're doing, but we don't like it. Right. So then he starts talking about how he, he was defending Harry Knowles uh, on Twitter, and then he was, like, tweeting pictures of the uh, 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 McCarthy hearings in the 50s, saying, right. like, this is you or whatever. And, and, and in the story, he's talking about how his wife and his daughter were like, what are you doing? Stop the, like, what you, why are you fighting with strangers on Twitter about this? Like, stop doing this. And, uh, and then he was like, and of course, you know, it turns out, you know, he uh, admitted it. So, like, I guess he was guilty. So I, what do I know? I'm the schmuck who was like, trying to defend him. I guess I was in the wrong. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you've like structured the story all wrong because right. if you structure this as a story of like, I was trying to say like, let's not rush to judgment and it turned out I was right. completely in the wrong about it. Then you have a different story. But at this point, he told everything in an order and in a tone that you could feel the tension in the room. Right. No one's laughing. It's very, very uncomfortable. Then the people in the audience start trying to like, heckle back at him, not with anything funny, just with statements to yell out, signifying their own, like, right. I'm on the right side of this. You're, like, so people were yelling things like, uh, you should try it sometime, or like, you should know better. There was, they were like, I'm like, oh, God, this is actually making me right. uh, hate the audience whom I agree with more than the guy who's saying the things that I don't agree with, right. just because I'm like... It's also tense because I'm like he's a guest in the theater, like right. he's invited in to do this thing for free, and there's this weird tension. Of like, how do you react when you're you're on the back line of the stage while this is happening, and the audience right. is looking to you for like, what do you think of this? Um, and then I was also thinking like, well, it's a matter of time before I'm on some level of this position because this is the thing that happens to people as they get older is that you uh, your perspective shifts and you don't. Not every, or your perspective doesn't shift. Or it doesn't shift, and you can't quite understand the new attitude. Uh, I always think there's that thing of, like, uh, um, generationally, there's certain things where it's like, if you're 16 and you're mad at an 80-year-old because they're using a term that just stopped, just suddenly became, like, a, yeah. unacceptable, that it is a thing of, like, oh, you have to understand what the intent of it is when you've spent your whole life thinking, like, well, these are the terms that we use. Right. I'm not saying like the worst of the terms. I'm saying it like at the at the periphery of what's yes. acceptable. Um, like if you have, if you get to a point where you're like, if if it's 1993 or even now or something like that, and and like and you're a 75 year old person who's not a bigot, who's not a racist, but you use the term black instead of African American, right? It's going to be hard to shift from that. Like it's just going to be right. you've been talking a certain way your whole life, and it's it feels like a weird thing to suddenly be like put that person in the same category as someone who's actually got, like, bigoted right. viewpoints, you know? Um, so I'm watching this guy give the monologue, 
and I'm trying to think in terms of like, I can see, because even within his story, he has these sort of carve outs of like, and of course it turned out the guy was guilty of it. So I'm the schmuck who uh, was defending him, shows what I know. And my wife and my daughter are telling me why I do So he'd already like carved out these things. And I'm like, you told this story in a different tone and a different order. You're actually fine because your basic point is, look at the stupid thing that I did. Right. I got into this fight that I had no business being in. But as, but as the circumstances of what was actually happening in the theater, it was just so tense and so uncomfortable and really hard to figure out. I think we had no problem making scenes off of it right. and figuring out ways to comment on it without, you know, I, it was a real challenge because I was thinking, well, you know, his wife is here and his daughter, I think, might be here. Right. Um, hello. How are you, Shannon? I'm good. Uh, how was the play? Uh, I was given the wrong time. Really? You didn't go yeah. to the play? No, it was at 2 o'clock and not 3 o'clock. Oh, oh no. It's okay. I'm going to go next week. Lauren Brickman, I, she's going to give her tickets next week. I was already coming in. Connor's just telling you an ass cat. I got lunch instead. I went with Bethany Hall. And so I was like, oh. oh, that's great. So I bought her some lunch. I was just unpacking. You don't have to weigh on this if you don't want. I was just unpacking the Lloyd Kaufman experience. Oh, oh, on 12 Hour Day Podcast. Deep into it, deep into it. Deep into it. Um, What's the experience? Just the experience of, like, the, the awkwardness of him telling that story, alienating the audience, our experience of being on the back line trying to figure out how to negotiate that, yes. and also the thing of, like, it's like a guest in the theater, so there's this certain amount of protocol in terms of uh, what, what level of respect do we keep intact? How much? Yeah. How? What do we owe? And also thinking in terms of like his wife's here, and you don't want to like figuring out how to do scenes in a way that it's like we don't want to feel like uh, we're just uh, we can't take a full and like he didn't. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like, I won't name the name of the worst person that I ever experienced a monologue of uh, here, but the guy who was genuinely like a hateful person. Uh, I can't, actually, I can't remember his name now. Oh, I can remember his name, Gavin McGee. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, where... You want that bleep, Shannon? No, no. I don't care. No. There's a fucking men's right activist or some shit. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Like, that was... Those were the two most tense ones that I've been at, and they, but they were felt like a different, a different experience. In that one guy was like actively like, give me one second. Yeah. Mic. There. Now you're back. Shannon's back on mic. Shannon's back on mic. I'm gonna hang out here for a while. I think. Good. Does that bother you? Not at all. No, that's we love it. Great. I had a, I had such a disconnect with the moment that you appeared because I was just literally getting a text from Adam Conover saying that he was nearby, uh, and as soon as I got the text, and I. Heard someone walk in. I was like, "How did Adam get in?" Oh, well, I have to. I, yeah, we can. We'll figure out the mics after that. Yeah, I can. I can steal like an SM58. Hmm. Yeah, you can steal. Yeah. And I won't return it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, where into the Co- Lloyd Kaufman story are you? I think at the end of it. So I was just talking about how like. Also, I used to work at Trauma. Oh yes. Well, a that was. Ago. I don't know that it was you. No, it was not you. I think it, I don't want to say this person's name, just in, but yeah. it, well, they didn't say anything bad. But there was a UCB person. They just were talking about him and did not know he was doing monologues. Right. 
And I was like, oh, he's doing monologues on Sunday. And they're like, oh, good luck. Interesting yeah. guy. It wasn't you. Okay. <laughs> I know exactly who it was. Okay. Yeah. 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 Also, I might have had that conversation separately. With separately someone. with yeah. someone else, yeah. I was also speculating, though, about I always have a fear that, like, there were moments during his monologue where I had a thought about, like, I mean, my dad's not like him, but I could imagine my, I've seen my dad try to be funny in situations where it comes out wrong, and it's, and it's... No, he prefaces it by saying, do you want a story about women hating me? <laughs> that's right. That's right. And I was but like, I also said that's, and in my mind, I was like, oh, he's going to admit to flaws. And he did, but he did, but he buried it. Like, there's a, there's a way of telling that story where you... Because he did say a thing about how, in the end, it turned out that Harry Knowles had, do, had done those things. Yes. So I'm the schmuck who was, like, uh, defending him, and I shouldn't have been. Yeah. But he, tonally, he was all over the place. But I had this thing about, like, I've seen my dad try to be sarcastic, and it comes out mean, and he's not mean. And, uh, like, people who try to be funny, and they well, kind of... I wonder if he's a guy... Is just like a generalization who, I mean, he is, he is in a position of power within his company. Yeah. So he's the, everyone laughs at. Everyone laughs at the king, kind of. Yeah, we're all laughing at, would you say the king? The king, yeah. Everyone laughs at the king. Yeah. So it is like, oh, let me, has that confidence in in telling a story like that because. Yeah, like a businessman who gets laughs from all his employees. Yeah, so it's like, oh, wait, this isn't working here. Yeah. Yeah, he's and also. And I, and I don't. I think we're at a point. Not at a point. I'm at a point where, if the monologist is garbage, like I don't. I don't care if yeah. I if, if if I come across disrespectful. Because I. Uh, I was saying before. I loved watching your face during the prelude before things got real tense. Uh huh. You when he came out and he said the thing about how that's the worst introduction I ever got, and you went, uh, "Fuck you." Yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> your face was just a roller coaster ride uh, of you. I, I could see the moments where you were like, I'm going to bite my tongue for a second. Okay, I'm going to let that pass. Nope, not this. That, uh-huh. Like where you were trying to process, is there a way to keep this cordial or are we going, are we, yeah. Yeah. It was, and that, that was before it took a turn though. Yeah. It was I, I, a- the thing I worry about is I worry about, what is the thing that I'm really not going to get? Like, as I get older, what are the, what are the areas where I'm going to be like, oh, you know, like, I don't... That you're going to say those things. Yeah. Well, it's good that you're worrying about that. Doesn't mean I'm going to not find myself on, like, you see people get to an age where they, like, are set in their ways, and they're like, I don't get why this isn't funny, or whatever, and... But I don't know if set in, set in your ways is, is a thing anymore. I think oh God, people, I'm already. I'm I mean, I think it is. Already right. passe. Yeah. I don't yeah. know that it is as much of a thing. Yeah. Because. Well, because I also, mean, I've only. Go ahead. There's, we have mechanisms to have cultural conversations now that did not exist during the period of times when. Yes. That idea of all of our grandparents being set in our ways, there was no context to have that conversation. Whereas now, yeah. I might argue there's maybe even too many <laughs> contexts to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. But I think you're right in the sense that like you can no longer hide from those things. Mm-hmm. And there's no way for you to not know as much anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like with AIDS and everyone make, saying AIDS was a, like a, a gay man's disease. Right. You know, or a drug addict's disease. Yeah. Because there was, the information couldn't 
the truth of that of those things couldn't flow. Yeah. Of what what that disease really was and how what how you did get AIDS. Yeah. And all that stuff. And I think yeah, it is. I, and I can only speak for my life, but I feel like I'm pretty positive that I have grown more as a person in the past ten years than I would have if I was born fifty years earlier. I don't know that I would have grown as much as a, as of a person yeah. right. because of just being more aware of things and uh, just the diversity of of people that I'm surrounded by and having all those difficult conversations yeah. about, you know, uh, sexual identity and race, racial stuff and, or racist stuff and, and racial whatever, or, you know, all the, all the, all the stuff that I think I'd be a much more boring and unsatisfied person 50 years ago, but I wouldn't know. I'd just be comparing myself to other unsatisfied people. Yeah. yeah. Everyone just leaned back in their chairs. We all just leaned back. <laughs> Except for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think, I mean, I think, I mean, I don't, sure any of us will say something stupid. Yeah. But I, I have a good feeling that we'll, we'll learn from it. Hope so. Stuff, this fucking podcast you'll listen to in five years and I'll we're going to be like, like oh, fuck, why did we say that? I, you know, the funny and thing. And I that, think that's okay. Yeah. Like, well, that, that, that was the impetus for the creation of the podcast. There's two parts. I th- I'm sure you're, we're talking one, about the you're podcast. insane. Well, one was a, a funny idea that reacted to the uh, People are always complaining about podcasts being too long. <laughs> and Connor and I were both people who were like, no, this is the answer we to that want question. long podcasts. And so it was like, well, no, we'll, then we're going to do one. So we'll you show really you. Don't, we'll show you. Mm-hmm. Then the other side, for me, it was a mixture of, creative anxiety and all this stuff and I was like I want to put something out there that is just human and that shows me and the world and everything in a very unedited unmanufactured way where even if you wanted to and Connor and I try to not say things that we're going to regret this will undoubtedly have that in there mm-hmm. and likewise the people that are listening to it they get the good parts of us they get the bad parts they get the parts with energy the tired mm-hmm. parts the parts where we have good opinions parts where we don't know what we're fucking talking about mm-hmm. and so I think for me, creating more output where I couldn't control my identity, where I couldn't, con- I couldn't have this masquerade of who I was and just going, nope, here's 1,200 hours of who this person is. That's been that exercise too, which I think now more than ever we're seeing that become an interesting, healthy thing, which I think also means we're going to get less David Bowies. We're going to get less people who their persona is this crafted thing that you can put on this altar above regular humans and be like, oh, this person's not human. They're so what, like, but it also means you're getting the full spectrum of human experience in Mm. creative stuff. And now I think we're seeing that fallout happen where it's like, yeah, we're starting to see the curation finally of the humans and their work and that not being something that can be separate, Mm -hmm. which I think is interesting to see. But a thing that uh, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast before, but a thing that I think we both just realized fairly recently is that uh, when JD and I go on other people's podcasts, that we separately pride ourselves on making other people's podcasts longer than they 
intend them to be. Like when we go on other people's podcasts and they're like, normally it's an hour, but we went 90 minutes. We always consider it a victory on behalf of <laughs> this podcast. Because it is one of those things where it's sort of like, people are like, all right, well, we're at it. Like I always, I, anyone who's podcast is doing a podcast and they like, all right, well, unfortunately we're out of time. Whenever I hear that, I like, in my head, I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. There's no out of time. You're, the amount of unless it is a scheduling space. thing, unless yeah. it's a scheduling thing, unless someone has to like come in and use the room right after you, right? Or, or they literally are like, "Oh, I could only get you for an hour because you have to go to this other yes. gig." Yeah, but often for the most part, yeah. Whenever, whenever it's the hosts that are like, "Well, that's an hour," it's like, "Why are you doing this? To what end?" This is this is based on old TV formatting, even because radio formatting was like eight-hour blocks of programming or like. Mm-hmm. Radio dramas were like 55 minutes long or whatever. So it's always so insane to me when people do that. So I, I just like to go like, no, if we're just humans having this conversation, we want to keep having the conversation, let's just do it. Yeah. Because we're also past the technological era where it's like, oh, man, 90 minutes on my iPod, that's going to fill it up. It's like, no, we all have 100 gigs on our devices. Mm-hmm. And these files, compressions are so good, these files are like 10 megabytes. You know, one thing that um, that I think about a lot is the... Because even though we didn't do it this year, the Fear Bazaar, mm-hmm. the three years, we did oh, it three yeah. years, right? Mm-hmm. The fact we'll do that, it again next year. The fact that in each of the, when you think to each of those years, there are things that we've done that even a year later we would be like, we can't, we do, can't that do that joke. Yeah. Because it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. I mean, particularly, I won't say them, but particularly. The we can, I think we should say them. Yeah? I mean, people saw, oh, yeah, I don't, or like you can. Should we? <laughs> <laughs> I'll say like the Cosby thing. Yeah, the Cosby thing. Within a year, I was like, "There's no way we can do that." No, 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 no. We but it was no. like the because Fear Bazaar, which I probably mentioned on the show before, is the haunted house of social anxieties that uh, Shannon and Anthony Tamanik and I uh, developed a few years back. Uh, and we would always pull things from whatever the current climate. And I'm actually glad for a lot of reasons that we didn't do one this year just because I feel like yeah. the, I feel like it would have I mean there was just scheduling that we couldn't do it well but, last year was pre-Trump and this year is post-Trump which is a much different world as far as like yeah I, think I mean would, we made I even think last year we had uh, a trigger warning joke right like we just had a poster right. of trigger warnings and it was just like every everything yeah um, and, and, it, and it was kind of just like a little bit of like a, a, a we were making I don't want to say it was, like, a, a joke, like, trigger warnings, like, we didn't... Right. We were, like, thrown, like, trigger warnings are very important, but it was kind of in a joke form of, like, here's all these things, though, that could be trigger warnings, just based off all the weird fucking shit that happens. Yeah. But also, because we, because we would yeah. start writing it in, like, August, uh-huh. um, by the time we got to the, to the end of October, there would have been so much stuff that would have been, like... What do we choose to incorporate from what's in the headlines uh, and what what would play? Like, I don't know that this year a lot of the... Th- it feels like... Because even the shows that I do at the theater that will sometimes have, like, a topical monologue at the top, I'll, I'll go six months where I'll just be like, we're not going to do topical stuff at the beginning of this because everything that happened this month is well too terrible. And that's like when I... The talk show I do is Strangers Wanted where I do an improvised monologue at the top. Yeah. I used to ask for two topics from the news and then I would combine them in, in a monologue joke, you know, just yeah. like improvised. 
and since I brought it back a couple months ago, I don't do that. I just say, cat. I was like, who has something good to say? I just asked someone to give me like, what's some good news that you may have heard? Yeah. Just so we can all talk about the good news. And it's like, <laughs> there's never any. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or there was. Someone's there's a like, Thor movie out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And but, yeah, the fear bazaar, the like Cosby stuff, which that was two years ago. That wasn't yeah. last year. It was two years ago. Two years ago. And it was... And a year later, I remember when we had the first meeting, we were like, I we, can't believe we did that. I can't believe we did that. But the year prior, it, it was, to me, it was, for the most part, okay. <laughs> the first year of it? Well, because no. there's always a, a different, like, Between kind the of, first year and the second year was when... Stuff. The Those Hannibal, are the two that I know. Yeah, yes. The, the first year, Cosby was not a story. Because I think between no. the first Fear Bazaar and the second Fear Bazaar... Cosby did South by Southwest when we were there. Yes, yeah. and I hated him. And his whole thing was about... Uh, women being... Yeah, complaining about women. Nagging, nagging women. And I was like, oh, and I was trapped. Yeah. I was trapped watching Cosby do stand-up in a pri- at a private event, yeah. and I couldn't get out. Yeah. My favorite Fear Bizarre memory was the first year. Connor had asked me to help be a part of doing... The Barker? What's that? You were the Barker. Originally, I, there was some asked me to be more involved in some aspect of it, but I couldn't fully make it to all the meetings because of some other thing. So I remember I came late to the one meeting I could make it to that I think Anthony had already come like 45 minutes late to. Does anyone want a slice of pizza from Pizza Supreme? Oh, Adam Connor was asking. No, thank you. All right, I'm going to get a slice. All right. <laughs> thank you for letting us know. Um, and then I remember when finally he did show up, I was like, what? Why, what's going on here? And it just felt like Anthony improvising what the show was going to be. Oh, like this was the meeting? This is the first year. Yeah, where I think you'd be like, Anthony. I'd already started talking about you're it. You're like, we've already covered that. Covered <laughs> all of this. Yeah. And, oh. it's, and what I told them was different than what you're saying right now. <laughs> and then when it finally got around to Anthony talking to me, because I was just going to be one of the, it was me and Langan were the two Barkers that and would me. get people in the door. Oh, and you. Yeah. We'd get people in the door. And just be sort of like rude, mean, but also just act like there's all these rules they have to follow. Uh-huh. And then, then there was this bit where certain audience members, Lang and I, would pick and take them on this like other journey throughout the theater that would take them backstage to see the actual what's going on behind the scenes. And that meant taking them into a room. And Anthony had this idea that involves... The brain thing? He has something about... He, had a brain, he has a brain scanner helmet thing. But he had been recording secret conversations. Oh yeah. <laughs> with someone, it was like you and him talking about conversations, or whatever. And it was like he was like he was like it's like eight hours of eight hours of audio. So JD, if you could go through and you listen to that audio and then you edit pieces out, and I was like, I'm oh, gonna stop you right here. Yes, he. I'm, want, not, I'm not listening to any of this. We recorded all of our meetings. Right. And he wanted to go through and take certain pieces of it. And it was just like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It was but too much. in the meeting, he made the ask if like like like. Listen to it, and then you'll edit pieces out. And I was like, Anthony, that's too much. Not gonna do it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, but I'm not gonna do it. I remember that. <laughs> and he's like, right, 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 right. It's too insane. Too insane. Oh, we would say stuff in those meetings. We would record them, kind of like how you guys record this. And it's just like, when you're just trying to plan Fear Bazaar, which is already a very pushing the limits. A bizarre. Very everything. bizarre, and really pushing the limits of of anyone's. Uh, whatever 
the limit of whatever someone finds offensive. Yes. I mean, the meetings were even insanely offensive to yeah. anybody if they were elsewhere in them. <laughs> that's what it, I mean, that's often I find when you're, when you are writing comedy, you just push it, push it, and you're like, nope, pull it back. Yeah. That's just part of it. But I was like, Anthony, pl please don't record this. He's <laughs> 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 got a lot of dirt on me, that Anthony Tamanick. Yeah. Those were fun, though. Yeah. The two that I did were fun. This, the last year we had, um, oh my God, I forget who made them. My brain is, it was, oh, Dave Ebert. All the babies were inside like alien eggs. Like he oh, made okay. these paper mache eggs. Oh, that's cool. And so then Carrie McCrossan was the pregnant, was, our, was Sissy. I think we gave her a different name and it was, then it was just like tearing open the eggs and they were like in this like, Weird goo. Gelatinous, like this gel. It, gelatinous, is that the word? Gelatinous. Gelatinous, gelatinous, like goo. And then you got to take a baby home. I loved all the weird babies that we made for Fear Bazaar. Um, I don't know why something you're saying. I that. Oh, this this goes to go back a little bit when you're saying like you know just like talking on this podcast. You're, like, you're clearly going to say things that. You're like you're the the raw versions of yourselves. Right. I've done. I did two panels this week, mm -hmm. and uh, and I just feel like this year I've done a bunch of panels, which is like a a weird and new thing to try and challenge myself and get and get better at in a way. Yeah. Because I feel like I I honestly like will hear hear the question and then I'll forget the question <laughs> as other people are answering it. Right. But someone did ask me on on Tuesday. I, I did one at Gray uh, Advertising. And it was this idea of, oh, the product you put out, people are, are much more um, careful with it because if you put something out that's you know, tone deaf or offensive, like, you, know, you want to get it through a lot of channels. Mm -hmm. and, then, and, I, and then it just came up and I was like, but when I'm improvising, I, I, don't, I really don't let myself get filtered as much. Right, yeah. Because that's the... I just find that's the, the, the beauty of live theater is like that being in the moment and I don't try to say things offensive. And there are things that obviously that I maybe would have done on stage years ago that I know now is like, no, no, I would never do that again. And not because like, I, because I know it's not right. Right. <laughs> but I still love live theater so much and improvising so much because it is a much... It is as unfiltered as a performance as I can do. See, now here's something I don't think I've ever talked to you about this, but the, I've talked about you. I've, I always use you as an example when I've talked to people about there's very few. I always think of like... Women, women you find funny? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I have a very short list of women I find funny, and Shannon is on that list. No, it's just, uh, up, it's not about... Uh, the, uh, no, it's that... Um, I've never seen you, uh, like, I always say that, like, you and, and a Tamanic is also like this, although I've seen a Tamanic go past the line in ways that I haven't seen you, like, you, I, I think of you and he as both examples of people who, it's like you know how to handle, um, chemicals that are combustible, like, you know what gloves to wear, and you know, like, you have the judgment to be able to play with dangerous topics mm -hmm. comedically while improvising. 
without, uh, uh, you've just got like instincts and judgment that are, I don't know if they're learned or if they're uh, uh, honed or a combination of that or whatever, but like. I think of it as free diving. You know, those people like can dive underwater really deep, but like not mm, without, die underwater. With, yes, without any snorkels or Yeah, no or snorkels oxygen. or anything where they just like are on a little boat and they like, take a breath and they can go down, mm-hmm. get like whatever sea treasures and get mm-hmm. up. It's yeah. Like, uh, same thing for that. Yeah, and like, there's you know how to go there and not die. There's right, a, and there's and, and there's a short there's a pretty short list of even within UCB where there's so many funny people. I can already think of a bunch of people who, if they try to do the same type of thing, will get themselves in trouble. So they don't, you know, like uh, it's a very specific skill. Um, like I, I usually, I think I have different ways of of approaching material that make sure that I don't. I don't even get to the point where I'm handling the the vials that have those chemicals or whatever, uh-huh. um, because I because I don't trust myself that I would have like my way of my version of it is like oh I just won't go into that room because there's a lot I mean I'm mixing metaphors now but like there's a live tiger in that room so I will stay like two rooms away from it right. whereas you're someone who's like I know how to go into the room next to the live tiger and I actually know how to run through the room that has a live tiger in it <laughs> without the tiger mauling me. Um, Thank you. It's very nice of you. But is that a thing, like, have you ever felt like the, the, I mean, I think part of that's the fun for you is, like, you know that you're in a danger zone and you know, like. I, I, yeah, I guess I don't know how to describe it, but I like, I do, I, 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 I have a skill set of pushing buttons and not making people, like, with audience, when I talk to audience. Yeah. I feel like I can push buttons and make fun of audience without being rude. You also know when it's okay. What, what, like when I know when it's okay or I know when to pull back and I can figure that out. Or if someone, or if it is like, oh, no, this person is truly an asshole, yeah. I will push them harder. Oh, yeah. you're, you are an asshole. Do you remember when Rush Limbaugh was on Letterman? Were you interning around that time? Or would that, that have been maybe before you were interning? Do you remember the Rush Limbaugh Letterman appearance? I was ninety fall of ninety seven. Okay, so it was, I think it was way before that. It was. It was. I was there when. Oh no, I don't know if that's true. Go ahead. Do you remember that when Limbo was on? What happened? Um, clearly no. Okay. Uh, no, because I just want to. Uh, no, I don't. I don't. It, it was great because, and it's an example of a thing that you do that I think is like a. It's a. Similar... I would say Letterman. I probably learned it by wa- a lot of it by watching Letterman. Yeah. He's truly the best at pushing. Pushing the right buttons on the right people. Yeah. Limbaugh goes out, and Limbaugh is... Letterman is Limbaugh's idol. Like, Limbaugh was, like, so stoked to be on Letterman. And he comes out, and he's... The first part of the interview, he's just a gushing fanboy where he's like, I can't believe that I'm here. This is, like, the most exciting achievement of my life. I'm such a huge fan. All sincere, I think. Mm-hmm. Letterman starts kind of like talking to him and it's cordial and everything. And then there's a point where Letterman was like trying to get him to say something nice about Hillary or Bill Clinton. And he's like, well, you know, obviously you disagree with them politically, but like surely there must be something that you could say. Like, and they, he had like, I think Hillary was on the cover of Vanity Fair or something like that. He's like, well, what about, like she's on the cover of Vanity Fair here. Like that's a nice, could you at least concede like it's a very nice photograph on the cover. Could you at least like concede that, like, uh, and Limbaugh, like, he was trying a couple of different ways, and that, I remember that was the last one they tried. Could you at least say that it's, like, it's a nice photograph on the cover of the... Mm-hmm. And he said, I think she looks like a hood ornament. 
and you saw the sort of like the dial turn in Letterman's head where he was like, okay, I've given you like three chances to be nice. He didn't say this, but you just see it all happen. And Letterman mm-hmm. was like, well, uh, you're certainly, uh, uh, you're certainly a picture. Of, you're certainly one to judge. You're certainly like a picture of beauty sitting here. Right. Yes. And I remember this now. The whole audience moment, yeah. goes nuts. Yeah. And you see Limbaugh as he realizes that the audience is cheering against him. Letterman under his breath goes, Oh boy. Like he, Letterman see, does. No, no. I, Limbaugh, oh, Limbaugh. So Limbaugh says, he goes, Oh boy. He like takes a big breath and he realized, and it was just like, it was such a skillful, cause like Letterman was like, you're the guest on this show. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to give you a chance to be a person and all you have to do is take it. And he, and let, and it would have been so smart. Like it, it, Limbo just couldn't even allow the slightest crack in his brand even though that probably wouldn't have hurt his brand, but it right. might have, it would have been the smart play. But it was just like Letterman gave you the opportunity to go on here and just show a little, a little human side or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is that thing of like I've seen that exact moment with you and and audience members or various other people where it's like other people have to like uh, you you always give people the chance mm-hmm. and then once they like once they like break that contract. Then bye bye. Bye. <laughs> now. All right, I'm gonna go get Adam upstairs. Okay. Connor's two, I think. Channel? Are you doing channels or or channels. levels? Channels. Oh. Oh. So you need to go get a new mic for uh, yeah. Conover. There's probably a mic back there, right? There's mics. I'm sure there is. I'll bring them back. There are. They're probably hearing. Connor, we'll see another podcast is happening on Monday. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, I, I Adam Connor! Hey! I'm getting you a mic. I got you pizza. Thank you for this pizza. Pizza. Wow. Last looks in here. I'm going to go to the bathroom. Let me turn Okay. You might be. I know I've seen bins of mics. Right? Yeah, there's like a, a, a fucking crate of them. Right. I know there's a ton of them somewhere. Yeah. They should be back here. This isn't. They're like right, right in front of our face, I bet. They should be like one of the easiest things to, to find. Starting, starting at the new theater, Mike's going to be way easier to find. <laughs> Maybe they're on stage somewhere? No. Right now, well, I, I stopped talking because I could hear that JD and Shannon were talking in the other room. They're looking for a microphone for you right now. Oh, got it. Do you guys edit it at all? No. I mean, we lost 10 minutes earlier because he dropped the, JD dropped the thing and it stopped recording. Um, <laughs> oh my God, this is so Because <laughs> we know there's a lot of them. I mean, we fell asleep during one of these. We fell asleep during one of these episodes. <laughs> For, for like two hours. We were on a, a, an airplane. All the cords are here. Right. All the stands are here. 
you remember what I wrote for your book forward? Yes, I do. It's very nice. Are they about under how, the... About how I looked I in there. The they're so funny because they're, they're too large to be... Enjoyed. To, to be enjoyed. <laughs> like they're, not, they're not actually like consumable as works of comedy. Yeah. The, the idea that you're doing them is always yeah. pretty funny. Mm-hmm. But no one's yeah. ever actually experienced <laughs> the work. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's I think that's fair. I think that's a fair critique. How many uh, how many DLs do you guys get for F? Thousands. Thousands of DLs? Yeah. How many plays? Dozens. Dozens. <laughs> Insane. Right, JD has the has the analytics. Oh, I would love to see the analytics. Can we check this drawer over here? Um, I don't know if no. they're talking right now, so. So we shouldn't talk. No, I think it's okay if we. It's so weird. I think it's okay if we talk. Very weird. This will just be a weird part of the we podcast. We already moved them. Where it'll be a little psychedelic, oh, maybe. This is very funny. We're trying to find a mic for you, and it's like insane that I don't know where they are. Oh. I don't know where microphones are. Mm. Text and find out. So, how long are you in town for, Adam? Should I try to get close yeah. to your lab? Yeah. I leave on Monday, mm-hmm. and uh, I got in about an hour. I got to go to the Gramercy Theater because mm-hmm. I'm doing a show there tonight. That's close. Yeah, it's yeah. like yeah, a couple of avenues away. So I'll just I'll just hoof it over. But yeah, I got to get some of my favorite pizza in New York. Is that a, is that a place you love? Pizza Suprema. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I used to go there when my old sketch of old English had an office by there. And I went there and, oh, this is pretty good pizza. And then, like, a year later, this guy ran a blog called Slice Harvester, ate at every pizza place in Manhattan as, mm-hmm. like, a blog project. Mm-hmm. And then this was his, this turned out to be his favorite slice of pizza in the whole city. He was like, this is the only, it was a 10 out of 10 for wow. Slice Harvester. Now they advertise that everywhere that a blog once said. But I was like, I felt very vindicated because I was, like, the place that I personally like turned out to be the best. Are you ever going to do a, an episode where you ruin pizza? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You got to. I didn't know. I didn't know when I White came down here under that I would be subjected to the most basic interview question. <laughs> You've never been asked that before. <laughs> oh, microphone. This is what I'm asked more than anything. Stupid. If you're going to ruin pizza? Yeah, pizza specifically. The, the devil's in the details, Adam, and you know it's it. Like this is not an easy question, yeah. and you've been avoiding Thanks, it yeah. by trying to lump me in with every other uh, uh, press junket <laughs> hack that you've dealt with. Look, Dave, you're going to ask me how I came up with the idea for the show? <laughs> no, I know how you came up with it. <laughs> and I know I encouraged you. I was, an er- I was an early encourager. What did you say? What did you do? <clears throat> the second you did that uh, diamonds, hey, the second you did that diamonds hey, video, I texted you and I said this should be a TV show. And I said, "Oh yeah, we're actually working on it." Oh, you don't remember that? I don't remember that. I'm sorry. Those are the two pieces of advice I ever gave you. The other one was don't leave New York uh, for a couple. <laughs> for, I kept you here for a couple of years. You were like, stay. I was trying to get you to stay because I wanted you to keep doing improv with me, and said I had already quit doing improv. You hadn't fully quit. You were still doing a little bit with us. I had quit. I had mentally quit. Maybe I just like oh, hanging out. Oh yeah, with you, you had you mentally thought, quit before maybe, we maybe even you started. Thought I was improvising, but I was. I was not. Counter <laughs> pause. Yeah. Got it. There's yeah, Zoomy. Hello, Adam Khan over here. Mike check. Test, test, test. JD. Look at you. Have a whole test, test, test. Connor. Test, test, test. Connor. 
Are you offended that as a stand-up we gave you a mic like that when we have lav mics? No, I love this mic. All right. Why would I be offended by that? I don't know. It seems stereotypical. We did it as an offensive action. <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about offending people, so we figured that would be a great way to heighten. Um, I still haven't answered my question. Oh, could I ruin pizza? Yeah, do you think you could do a whole episode where you ruin pizza? Not a whole episode. That would be really hard. Oh, just one of those little animated commercial thingies? Yeah. Well, Can I say this? Doing? I don't know if I said this to you personally. The little tell me more segments? Yep. I really like those. Oh, thank you. People are a little divided, but I, I really like them. You know what I like about it is that I like that it's, I think it's interesting. It's always a little jarring, but in a way that I like that it's, mm. that your actual conversational voice is different than your character voice. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what people find divisive about it? Um, I think some people are just bored by interviews. Oh. Like, interviews are kind of inherently boring. Um, compared to the rest of the show, right. um, but uh, but you know that's fine. I like doing them. I like that they're on the show. And the reason they're there is because of a really weird network mandate, where they needed because of ad reasons the show to be delivered in two lengths, twenty four minutes and twenty one minutes. Mm-hmm. And we can't make a show that's both those lengths, so we just added a segment that you can take out, which was those interviews. We're uh, TV baby, we're TV, TV. family. We oh, you have that. Oh, you have the same. Yeah. You guys, I got the LCI. Yep. When yep. we're live, we're 49, and then our re-airs are 41, 30, and then we at, we do even do rewinds, which are 21, 30 versions. Do you, do you guys find it easy? It can't be that hard to cut eight minutes out of your show. Uh, some episodes, it's so easy because I can just we can just go. All right, clean up every single call where the person is like, uh, "Am I on?" And then that yeah. gets us nine minutes. And then some episodes. <laughs> We're like, we have to cut a full bit or like really do some work and it gets difficult. Yeah. Ours is, our show is impossible to do at two lengths. There is no way to cut. Right. There's, because it's an, it's like three arguments that all add up. There's nothing. And if even the some, way you shoot it is, it's a linear, yeah. like you follow the journey. If there's something inessential, it's already not in the show. So there's nothing to cut. So we had to our figure out how to create an extra three minutes that could be removed, which is a real pain. But And our show is an exercise in. Inessentiality. I was, Everything in our show is inessential. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I'm so happy. I told them when they picked up the show, I was like, that's the coolest thing you guys have ever done. And I'm so happy they did because it's so it's cool. Fun. You told them? Who specifically did you tell? I told Chris Lynn, the head of the network, to his face that I thought it was so cool that they had picked up the show. You hear that, Chris? You hear that, Chris Lynn? <laughs> I told him to his fucking face. Um, Thanks, dude. Because it's, it's genuinely... It's like people, like kids are going to come across it on cable at 11 p.m. be like, what the hell is this? I think, like, this is just for me. You know, like, it feels like cool and it feels like something Adult Swim would have done in 2005. You really stood up to your boss telling him he did something cool like that. <laughs> that, was, that was where the irony was coming from from my delivery yeah. earlier. What'd you think of that pizza, huh? It was good. Best pizza in New York. Did you even taste it? You no. ate it so fast. I ate it so fast. Yeah, same here. Like my mom I just wanted the vitamins. Did you even taste that? You ate it so fast. You just wanted the vitamins? I was just eating it for the vitamins. Oh, my God, Connor. Um, so, the oh, uh, pizza vitamins. So why do they take a sledgehammer to this place? This place? Oh, my gosh. They just, last... they just they removed the pillars, I think, on December 1st? Yeah, we didn't know. They didn't tell us we could have removed these pillars the entire time. Really? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> we just found out. <laughs> no. Uh, we're here until uh, November 30th is the last day of our lease. So that'll be our last day 
Got it. Public last public show is the twenty eighth, and there's a private show the 29th. Oh, there's more. There's more happening other in November. November, yeah. That we have, yeah. Oh, I thought it was already done. No, oh, there's gonna be shows here in a couple hours. Yeah, there's a show. Oh, okay. Tonight. We're gonna yeah. go up and be in the front window. Got it. Cool. No, which was which was I think the second we started this podcast, we immediately were like, we should do an episode in the window at Chelsea. And yeah. uh, the first time you asked, I said no. Well, because <laughs> it, it was too so hot. hot. It was too I hot. Was, I was really worried they would they would uh, dehydrate and die inside that window. It was also. So hot, and I think it was like a month or two into you being AD. Oh, and I think there's an aspect of two where you're like, oh, not, we're not even going to get into this. Yeah, I don't want anyone dying. Yeah. Immediately. <laughs> Whereas now. Now, if you guys freeze to death, it'll be a great story. Yeah. Connor would, I think the happiest you'd be is if you froze to death. Oh, when I watch, when I watch <laughs> the end of The Shining, and I see Jack Torrance get that happy ending at Shivering the end where he just to death. freezes to death in that uh, topiary maze or whatever. My dad told me he's just going to walk into the woods. Really? Yeah, a long, this was a long time ago. He probably doesn't remember. But that's is. from other people's perspective. Yeah. <laughs> from his perspective, <laughs> he'll be he'll be in the woods and suffering in some way. My dad. Well, if he walks into the woods, then that's something what, else happens. Like, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he, no, that's the point. Is like if he's ever sick and dying, yeah. he said he just wants to walk into the woods and just like let himself like he'll just like go and freeze to death. Like he'll get cold enough, he'll go numb, and then he'll die. Mm. Interesting. So he's like, if I disappear, look for me in the woods. Apparently drowning is supposed to be a very pleasant way. What? I, heard, I, heard the I, ab- I can't imagine ab- it. I heard the absolute opposite. <laughs> what, I've heard, what I've heard is drowning is that your body, once you pass the point where you're struggling yeah. for air, your body's yeah. like, all right. This is why, this is why they use, this is why they use waterboarding in the CIA because it's so pleasant that people divulge all their secrets. <laughs> they're like, oh, simulates drowning get, and they're like, this is so water. nice. Yeah. Because I think drowning it's not is, painful. at a certain point, you let go of it. Yeah. I've actually heard that burning to death is the best way <laughs> uh, because you're just, you feel this tremendous warmth yeah. come over. It just consumes you. Here's the thing that actually, I think I talked about this. I heard 24 hour decapitation is the best. <laughs> <laughs> Just the slowest. Whoa. Um, but I, so I went, I was put under, I had to get a colonoscopy last, two years ago. Yeah. And I was oh, put under. I said last night. Last night. Just fresh <laughs> off of it. Had to get one. Colonoscopy I, is search, like looking for stuff. Looking for stuff. Not yeah. draining your butt. No. That's a colonoscopy. No, what's a. No, that's a. a colonic. 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 That's a colonic. No, this was searching for cancer stuff. Okay. Yeah, and you you ruined uh, colonics on your TV show. Yes, I did. Oh, no. Not, I haven't had one yet. Yeah, don't, don't get one. Don't. Yeah, they're bad. Great. Yeah, they're bad for you. I Great. didn't know that until I watched your show. Have you, had you gotten one? No, I didn't like the idea of it. <laughs> yeah. I love the idea of it. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, apparently. It's the same thing. I won't do it like, now. I'll watch. I mean, it's a. It's, it's like ear candy. People are like, oh, it feels, but it's not. I don't think it's. It's a false metaphor yeah. for like, how your body yeah. works. The it's idea taking that the bad stuff. It's taking good stuff out, right? Yes, taking good stuff out. The idea that there's bad stuff caked in there and then it comes out is like a very nice visual metaphor, but it's not true. What about how Elvis Presley died? How did he die? He had like 40 pounds of impacted fecal matter in his colon. That's bad, right? Is this true? I mean, I believe it. I feel like we, <laughs> right. JD was talking about his. His colonic. His, his colonoscopy. Oh, but have you guys ever been put under for surgery or something like that? Yeah. I, yeah. Because I had never had that. Yeah. And so the kind of thing. I where, love it. I was Well, that's the thing is I'd never experienced Time that. travel. Yes. <laughs> because I, I was laying there and it was a huge cancer scare. I had to get an endoscopy. And so I, was very, I had a lot of anxiety. And for whatever reason, there was a, a crossover in shifts for the anesthesiologist. So there was like four people in the room. They're like, well, I'll just do it. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> I, which, which I couldn't tell if it was a good thing Team. or a bad thing. Um, they're like, you'll pay for all of us. 
Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but I was laying there, and they're like, they're like, it's been a pretty stressful month for you, huh? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, well, where do you want to go? And I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, just think of a place you're going to be there in like 10 seconds. And I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, count back from 10. And then you do the thing where you go 10, not, and then immediately it's like, like Looney Tunes, the tunnel just closes. But not oh. in a scary way. You just get warm. They're like, you're going to feel warmth, and then the tunnel's going to close. And you feel warm, and you just feel yourself go like, oh, I'm okay with this. And it was the feeling of like, oh, I could see this being what death feels like in a certain way, where you're just like, and the chemicals are going to let me let it go. And Yeah, goodbye. it'll be fun. I don't have any. I, I've been under a couple times. I, I've never had any feeling going under. It's just like, they're like, count backwards from 10. And I'm like, 10 nine and then someone's waking me up yeah. and and i'm like oh that wasn't so bad and then i'm like in pain because i have an incision or something right. you know like um so that's that's the only part that's like because you think surgery is going to be, be painful but it's, it's only time, recovering it's actual time travel yeah it's your oh yeah yeah um i've had i've had two experiences with it one was when i had my tonsils and my adenoids taken out as a kid and I remember, uh, I remember screaming as they took me. I remember my parents having, you know, when you see in like hospital dramas, the terrified, like emotional parents while uh, like a ER tra- Like I remember my parents being like, the looks on their faces when I was screaming at them, "Don't let them take me! Don't let them take me!" I don't, <laughs> and, and they took me in, and I remember telling the anesthesiologist, uh, I was like, like eight or nine or ten or something. I remember telling the anesthesiologist. You won't be able to do the surgery on me if I don't. Uh, if I don't go. If I if I stay awake, you won't be able to do the surgery. And I remember the anesthesiologist being like, "Yeah, yeah." And I remember being furious and thinking like, "He's not taking." And yeah. I was just like, yeah. uh, I was so mad that he wasn't taking me seriously. And then I was gone. Yeah. Uh, and then I woke up and I was in so much pain. And that whole thing about how you can eat all the ice cream you want, you just have no desire for it because it's. You're in so much. It's a your lie. throat's been like yeah. cut up, and they're just like, you know, all the ice cream pops you want. I'm like, I don't, I hate this. Yeah. The other time was at uh, a dentist when I was a kid. He left me on the gas and forgot about me. Whoa. <laughs> and I remember <laughs> the experience because I've never done any drugs, but I remember this experience. I remember I forgot who I was, <laughs> and and I forgot what I was. And then I remember forgetting, like, what even is it to be? Like, I remember going, who you were, where you were, and 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 what it what existence was. Yeah. And what was what? And then I remember near the end of it, he, some witnessing something that was along the lines of like, "Doctor, is still?" I was like, "Oh, oh!" And he like, and I heard them say that they had forgotten that he had left me on the gas. They had left me on too long. Well, that, that fine. After my colonoscopy. So there's all, uh, the weird viral thing from whatever, like two years ago, when people like film people waking up from whatever mm-hmm. yeah. being under, and you say insane Is stuff because your brain's yeah. Yeah. just <laughs> dealing with all of it. But I woke up and my friend Blake. Did you ever play basketball with Blake? Yeah. Blake was my like, whatever. Yeah. Supervised my uh, chaperone. He was the one that was there, and you wake up because, like you said, you close your eyes and suddenly you're just awake. And for me, I'm awake, and my body feels bizarre because I just put things down my throat and then up my butt, and also you're just like laying there, like, and you're in, I was in a different place, and apparently it's a procedure that mine was supposed to take 45 minutes, but it ended up taking like four hours because you're whole, so tall. Yeah, they were so tall, like just. This guy's got the longest colon we've ever seen. Yeah. We gotta get the extension cord. Yeah, exactly. Um, but a thing that I'm, I, I, I feel 
I feel uh, a sense of happiness about or, or balance about was a lot of people speak their whatever that they say the things that and my buddy Blake was like, JD, what do you what do you think right now? What do you what do you think about everything? He's just trying to get me to say something, and I just I just went. I just want to be a great director. Yeah. And, I'm like, and now I'm like, oh, good, good. I didn't because there's so many people that are like, I want to be a singer. I want to. Right. I'm. I hate you. Like people Who talking about you? their wife. Yeah. You were yeah. ready to have a revelation that you that that you uh, were afraid to voice. Right. I'd admit something about my soul that w- I was not consistent with who I thought I was. Yeah. And it was nice to be like, oh, good. All right. Then I think I'm. I think I'm in a place where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. The man that didn't recognize his own wife. Is this yeah. the new mushrooms? Is waking up from colonoscopies? I think is that, so. Well, because I've never done any drugs. Uh, you should do drink. mushrooms. Is that you? Yeah. You're a big mushrooms guy. Yeah, well, not for a little while, but yeah, you'll have you'll have those you'll have those. Uh, you'll be like, oh, I learned something about myself. That's like the bet. You know, you get a lot of right. insight into yours for whatever reason. It seems to work. I think I'm someone. I, I just feel like I would have bad experience with drugs. Well, then maybe you would. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's, <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, but if you didn't think you, you were going to, you, then you might have a good time. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm personally obsessed with is I, whenever I do a podcast and it says Zoom on the auto, audio recorder, I always think about the fact that upside down it says Woo Too. Like, yep. I, and I stare at it during the whole podcast. Do you see what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Did, the the font. Did yeah. you get your Woo? I see Woos. Oh, it could be Woos too. Woos. 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 But or yeah. Wu Tu. Wu Tu would be a great name. Wu Tu. For a... For a... Uh, Speech impediment rock band. <laughs> or, if you look at it vertically, Wu-tu. it's no three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there anything upside down vertically in the other direction? Okay. It's um, a, Oh, E. Eun. 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 See, aren't letters fun? Yeah. All right, uh, viewers, uh, look, uh, up look up the Zoom it. recorder logo, and <laughs> you can see. take part in this. You know what? I'm gonna I will tweet it out. Boko, seek our go to our Twitter, and I'll get a I'll get a I'll tweet an image of it. But they're gonna have to look at the tweet from days ago. You don't yeah. tweet a lot, though, right? Not that much, no. Um, and if you're if you're in for a 12 hour podcast, you're willing to do the work. Yeah. Go yeah. Homework. I mean, we're That's true. we're taking them halfway there. Connor said you had analytics for this podcast. We do. We we're, so we have the weirdest listenership, where we randomly <laughs> will have a lot more downloads and listens than we anticipated. Yeah, but we also have a core listenership that is super super dedicated to the show. There are people that every night will listen to this as they go to sleep. Because our, our, our listeners are are people that have date like data entry jobs, super long commutes, social anxiety. Yeah, people that just live alone and want to hear people talking in the background. Yeah. And then people who need something on when they go to sleep. Because we talk about long podcasts. I, especially years ago, I loved long podcasts. And the longer they were, the better, because that meant that I wouldn't have to worry about changing it. Yeah. It was on, and I knew that was going to be on in the background. So when it's on for 12 hours, people feel like, great, I put this on, and I know I got my day figured out. (laughs) So we did one episode where... So there's people that sleep to it. We did one episode that is a favorite of people that sleep to our podcast where Connor and I flew to a friend's wedding and on the flight, both Connor and I fell asleep. And so for two hours, there was just ambient airplane noise. <laughs> and there's people who have communicated to us that that's the one they like sleeping to the most because they know that we're also sleeping. So it's like this 
this community experience. But if you listen to that, you just hear the sort of whispers of the people on the plane. You hear yeah. a baby, but we're fast asleep. And then two hours later, you hear the captain come up like, all right, we're making our descent into Denver. And then you hear Connor and I rustle and I'm like, oh no, did you fall asleep? And we just both realize that. That does sound really nice. I actually think that would be a really good um, ambient, uh, uh, you know, like sound yeah. to sell. Like a, like not a CD, but you know, like a like for a couple bucks you could sell, uh, you know, plane flights of different durations that yes. like just have the sound. Because I, you I don't choose your really, airline. It could be all right. The, yeah. the Japanese. You airline. leave out the yeah. shitty parts. You know, like American. I fly American, and the and the. The in-flight safety video is really long. Yes. Like, it's it goes on forever, and it's just like a little bit too... Uh, it's not as bad as that fucking Virgin song. That song would be stuck in my head for... I started avoiding taking Virgin because I didn't want to have that goddamn song stuck in my head. What about the kid that raps? Oh, my God. I could almost do the whole song. <laughs> Uh, there's a part where, like, when you're popping your head to the flat screen. Yeah. Almost the whole song. Yeah. And then it goes right back into the Thank you. That was most of it. That was a good 5%. We're on our way. What'd you say? And they have the, like, the high-low, like, and the seats turn into cushions or whatever it is. There's rapping robots, a rapping baby, and then also a baby with a low voice who speaks. In that song, <laughs> yes, and also a nun that judges a contortionist. A contortionist sits no, that's no, that's Jet Blue. You're thinking of Jet Blue. I'm no, pretty sure Virgin has a contortionist. Okay, she like sits in a seat, and then a nun's like. Maybe I'm thinking of something different. Delta yeah. has the 1980s one, the one that's all 80s references. Just, just okay. keep it. We don't need it to. We don't need that to be fun. In fact, I want I, my flights fun me. I what I, I like what I what really bugs me is there was when they're like for the for the zero point one percent of you who never put on a seatbelt before it's like I want them to take it serious yeah. you know just like here's how to put the seatbelt on because there are people who need to know everyone has to know we're gonna tell you you know I was in an exit it's safety row. we're doing safety here exactly I was in an exit row for my flight to Pittsburgh and number one it was very funny because I was in seat. I think it was like 12C or something along the window. And for whatever reason, the, the window on my exit row was broken. And it was the exit row, so like, we just can't fix it. So part of the in-flight thing was, all right, and then do this, this. But if you are in seat 12C, you cannot do this. And it wasn't even everyone's eyes. They just kept saying 12, seat 12C, and everyone sort of looked at me, and I'd be like, got it. <laughs> What, can you, what couldn't you do? The window wouldn't go up and down. Oh, okay. And because of that, there was something, the, the tray table also on that one seat for uh. some reason was broken. But because it's the exit row, they have to use special equipment to switch stuff out. So they're like, your seat is different. So everyone on the plane would hear these you know, announcements that were just for me. And I'd sort of give a little wave and be like, got it. I'm good. There's no way this story is true. Your, sto- your story has a fatal flaw. Mine does? Yes. What's this, that? I feel like this is like a detect. This is like a, sh- a detective. I know short what you're going to say. This is like an encyclopedia detective. This I know you're going to say, and I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. Okay, no. Well, this is this is like. Can you can you figure out how we know that he was really the murderer? Was what the hole in the story was? This, the twelve C is never a window seat because it goes from the left to the right side of the plane. A B C D E F. Right. That would be for three and three. Right, or if it's two and two, it would go A, B, and then C would be the next one two over, seats, and then D. Seats. Oh, why, Watson? Seats, that would seat. be the case. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, you failed to consider 
that on small domestic flights from New York to Pittsburgh, there is one row and then two rows. So flight 12C oh, is in fact a window seat. Oh, you're right. I forgot about I forgot about the regional feeder airlines yeah. with their with their narrow body planes. What a fool am I? I did all the math about no, this never is. Yeah. Oh, this is why I'm a piece of this shit. This is why your show isn't live. Yeah. <laughs> you had all of you have all of the muscle memory of being able to do a perfect uh, correction, but I will say I didn't care if it was right. <laughs> I was like, I doing? seeing your eyes light up when I said 12C, and you were like, yeah. I found it. <laughs> yes. I found it. The crack in the wall. I do love that as an example of uh, that you are conversationally uh, that you have created a thing that is conversationally the same thing that you would be doing even if they took away your show you would not stop doing that thing. Well, I don't do it in regular life as much now because now I do it on TV. But right. this is not regular life because we're doing a podcast, so I was right. trying to be entertaining. No, but I. <laughs> no, but uh, I think when I'm we... on right now. Yeah, but I think even when we went when I was in LA a few months ago and we went out to breakfast, you, it's still it's such a natural part of you that it's okay. not a bit. Okay, what did I say when we went to breakfast? I don't remember, but there was a thing where I was like, you told me something about something. I was like, I wish I didn't know that. <laughs> Now I wish I knew what it was. Yeah, I'm happy to know what whatever it is. Well, you still know it. it yeah, I know it. I just don't yeah. know of what I of which you speak. What, yeah, I can't remember what it was, but I know that you I had the feeling. Can't remember. You have such a good memory. I don't think I do have a good memory. Um, <coughs> so what, what happened? The water went down the wrong pipe. That's the worst too. <coughs> yeah. Edit that out. Is there a pipe though? How many pipes are there? Is that really a true thing? <coughs> There's pipes. <laughs> I will say that that experience of having water go down the wrong throat is like the most uh, the it's most like presentational. Yeah. Let me say that felt great. It's <laughs> it's the most present. That way, I wouldn't mind. It's the most presentational. Like you have to cough and make noise, and yeah. everyone around you is like, "Are you okay?" But you know, so sure that you're fine, and it's yeah. just like I just need to cough. a minute to get this out of there but it is the most you just feel it's more frustrating that you know you're going to have to make a lot of noise and it's going to be like two <clears throat> lingering minutes of feeling it yeah, yeah. But I think it's a bad quality because some people when they actually hurt themselves they're like I'm okay like a lot of people have right. that first instinct to be like I'm okay even when they really hurt themselves especially because a lot of time you don't know how hurt you are like yeah. if you get really hurt I've never been that badly hurt but if you you know like if you if you were really you know if you're not knocked unconscious or whatever you can be like I'm fine and then like 30 seconds later, be like, oh, I'm dying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a lone wolf hurt person where when I get hurt, I Walk stray the from the herd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Has everybody had an experience where they think they, they are going to choke to death alone in their apartment? Never. Yeah. Had the experience? Definitely. Yeah. No. Ugh. Definitely. I had one like maybe two weeks ago. I was eating dinner. I forget what it was. And I, it, it was just for a second. Yeah. But I had to think of like, oh, this might, I have to, oh, no, I'm fine. But in that moment, I thought I'm going to have to go to the door, scream for Blaze and Ricky, the upstairs, the upstairs guy. <laughs> you're, cho- well, you're choking. You're not screaming, my friend. I know. Well, that's, see, that the fatal flaw in my thought. Yeah. Blaze you got to fling yourself Ricky. on the couch and try to. Exactly. You know. Have you guys having you? Yeah. Uh, and that <clears throat> moment where you realize, because I, I was eating something, uh, like in the past year, there was something where I was eating something. And it just like slipped down my throat. Like it was just like, 
Oh, yeah. A complete fluke. And then all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I'm choking. And then I was like, I can't believe this is it. Just that was my first thought was like, I can't believe that. How long until they find me? I, I still don't know how many. I, I can't figure out how many days it would be before people would actually find me. I've thought um, about that. My neighbor, my next door neighbor, just died inside her apartment. And I think she was dead for a few days. I know it would be at least a few days. Because I also was like, I think she's dead. And then two days later, EMTs were outside. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? That, yeah. The, uh, it's the woman that not... she gets water delivered, and she usually she leaves it out for three days. And it was like day five, and I was like, oh, she hasn't gotten her water yet. It's like, I bet she's dead. That's a wa- that seems like a wonderful way to die to me. That seems like how you should die. It feels very natural to me. Choking to death in your apartment? I'm not choking, just dying. But also it's like a thing of you're fearing something of... It's almost like, it feels like that would be like a sad way to go, mm-hmm. just because like no one finds your body. Right. But you're just, it's, you're just died. You're, you died. Yeah, why is that sad? Yeah, it's not sad. You just died inside your apartment. That's it. Yeah, yeah with a all, lot. trying to buy all your favorite things. Yeah. yeah. I mean, would you rather choke to death in, in a mall and die in front of like 40 people you exactly. don't know, or in front of nobody exactly. that you do know? Ah, it's such a tough choice. <laughs> I think I would like to make a make a splash with how I go. I'd like it to affect some people. Oh like, I'd like, like... The actual... I mean, yes. dying I mean, will no, no, affect people. No, I mean the, the actual death. The I want moment that life leaves your body. Them. The moment life... You, you You're want talking to, about a murder-suicide? What are you talking about? <laughs> I just... This is what, <laughs> I, I don't want it to be something where people are like, whoa, that guy died. Like, I want other people to witness it. I don't want there to be any of that, like... You know, the, just a lot of people... A lot of times people will die... And you just, it, it becomes almost hypothetical, where it's like, oh, I, they're existing, and the next time I saw them, it was at the funeral, closed casket, or whatever. I want there to be people that are like, we saw that guy die. We saw that person die. That happened, for sure. So, if you, well, you have like two, I'll give you two options. Okay. One is, um, A, like, we're all leaving a Gethard show rehearsal yep. and we all walk outside and you cross the street um, and we all, sit, you get, we all see you get hit by a bus. Right. There's that option. So like, oh, we all saw him die that sure, way. Sure, sure. Or the other option, there's many options. The other way is like you're terminally sick and we, it's like, oh, you have a week and it's like, I think today's the day and you have like a, like a, there's a group me that you just send it being like, okay, two hours. And it's like, let's all go to JD's bed and then we all watch you die from sickness. I think either of them are... Or you create an event where you're doing a high dive thing and you just happen to die. Or I do an event. It's like a thing like, oh, J.D. Right. was like... J.D.'s oh, doing gonna, his high dive show. He's doing his high dive. He's going to jump off a cliff. We're all jumping off cliffs and we just happen to see you die that way. Right. Let's see. Or it's see. like in water and we don't really see you die, but like we see you hit the surface of the water and the next thing we know you're dead. I think that one's okay. Deathbed is pleasant. I think that's actually... a pleasant therapeutic thing mm-hmm. i think if it was friends seeing me get hit by a bus i think that would i vote no on that, that I, think, <laughs> I think that one would be traumatic trauma. yeah exactly i vote no because not deciding right now how jd dies i don't want that one i hate that one yeah because i do uh. think in the right context there is something that is close to the same amount of like existential beauty of watching a birth as watching someone die at least somewhat peacefully. Mm-hmm. 
Honestly, the getting hit by a bus <laughs> out of nowhere, as <laughs> especially uh, the street. But it's a, it has a Young Sheldon on the side of it. Oh well, then yeah, totally. If I can get a little bit more eyeballs on Young Sheldon ads, also I, I pictured it. it on the street where the bus wouldn't even run. So in my mind, I'm kind of like, <laughs> we wouldn't even have expected that. Yeah, on, <laughs> yeah. on the street. It's a, school bus, bus, it's a school bus full of children. Oh, yeah, oh. Well, then I'm okay with it. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, children are the future, so it makes sense. Yeah. The only, every scenario I think of I don't like. The only one I come close to even liking is you give me a slot for a show and I call the show. I die at the end of the show. And I open the show by explaining that it's not a bit. And... <laughs> And, oh my God. and I so talk edgy. and I talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> this is alternative comedy if I've ever heard it. But it's a Tuesday midnight show, so the audience is just yeah, like a, a it's couple one of the, people. It's one of, the, one of the last remaining five dollar tickets, uh, and uh, and it's just an honest hour. It wouldn't be alt comedy. Don't, how dare you? Uh, there's nothing glib about it. I would I would I would, I would treat it there's, with. Uh, it feels like it's only glib. No, it's one hundred percent glib. There's almost no. nothing else. If anything, it's part of the new sincerity. <laughs> and then how do you die at the end of the show? Um, yeah, how would you? I die? don't know. It's a. It would be a surprise to me. A surprise to you. So yeah. you put someone. You hire an assassin. I'd probably put JD in charge. Of <laughs> then he's gonna go to. He's, you know, there's gonna be so much legal stuff. He's gonna have to go to. He'll probably be incarcerated for a little bit because of it. No, we will sort out. The paperwork will be airtight. You'll do it in a euthanasia-friendly uh, yeah. state. I went down a we'll rabbit hole it, recently of watching. Um, videos of um, man, there's so many terms for it, and I can't think of whatever the one is that is the correct one. But when uh, snuff movies, <laughs> yep, snuff movies where people are murdered on film. So, anyways, let's talk about that. No, the uh, when people, um, it's in Oregon, other place where you can you can choose to have people come in and like e- euthanize you. Yeah, end your life. But it's it, there's a term for it that I cannot for the life of me remember. Euthanasia. Angels of Mercy. There's like a new term where it's like, yeah. it's like, it's like peaceful, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, there's like death positivity and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. But it actually is a really interesting, powerful thing to watch because it's these people in their homes surrounded by all their friends or family members, and there's these two drinks that you have to drink, and mm. you drink one. One's Coke, one's Pepsi. Well, here's the thing. One, <laughs> one, the, first, the first thing you drink has a bad taste to it. Coke wins. Oh. So they always have the person chase it with their favorite drink. So um. legit, it is like, and here's your root beer for right after. Right. And the person drinks it and they're like, oh, this is gross. Ugh, ugh, as they drink it. And then they, whatever, drink that thing. And then it takes like three minutes. And oh. they start breathing heavy. And everyone's like, goodbye, Bill. Goodbye. We love you, Bill. And it's like, Good night, weirdly, John boy. it honestly is like this very emotional, interesting thing. And it's, it's yeah. that sort of have you've never seen it where the person sort of says, like, well, thank you all for this and thank you for coming. And, you know, it's been so great I, and goodbye. Mint chocolate yeah. chip milk. That's a very nice way to do it. What's your chaser drink? What would your chaser drink? Honestly, what I tell you, JD figured out the ending of my show in like five minutes. <laughs> like, that's it. We got a show. That's a great ending to a show. What would your chaser Mine would be mint chocolate chip milkshake. What would your chaser mine, drink be? Mine might be the exact same thing. That's yeah. growing up, that's always what I would. Uh, that was always my go-to. Yeah. 
a chocolate milk and four Mexican Cokes. <laughs> a chocolate milk and four Mexican Cokes. Because if I'm going to chase it, I might as well be like, well, there's no consequences. I'm going to drink as many of these yeah. as I want. I'm going to eat a whole pizza. Like, it's going to be like three minutes. three minutes of just like, no one, no one will have time to be sad about it because they'll just be processing the horror show that they watch of me scarfing. You could, you could eat that food before you take the drink. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this, is, this is something that... <laughs> need to wait for the last minute. This is something that people, no, but, who, you know, that, that, the, the people show, who do this know they're terminally ill for a while. They've got a while to eat pizza. The, the, the show would be, would be quiet and dignified, but the last three minutes would be... <laughs> 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 and you, you wind up do, actually choking to death. Yeah. <laughs> this sounds like the most overwritten spank like, UCB <laughs> show. No. Where you it's take straight. the pill at the beginning and then you're like, you're going to die in 30 minutes. You know? I would not spank the show. I, I, I go straight <laughs> to slot. That's up to me to decide. It's a policy. No, you got to do a spank. I would make it a, I would in the end be like, Right when the show starts, I'm like, by the way, Connor, this is a spank. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to do it at any other theater, so I'm at, at, between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. So I've got the I got the Apple AirPods, you know, little uh, right. headphones. When I have in my ears, there it's a great product, but my only problem with it is that um, I while they're in my ears, I I constantly think about taking one out and swallowing it whole <laughs> because it's so possible to do. Yeah. It's definitely possible and 100%. I just can't not think about it. And so that's probably how I'm going to die. <laughs> oh, that's a, so that one day it was like, uh, uh, due to a train traffic ahead, this train is delayed and you're sort of sitting there and you're like, oh, oh yeah, that is a weird size. Right? It's like you really it's could. Just enough. You really could. It's, you would feel bad but you really could swallow it. So Which end would you put in? Um... The the ear end, I think, is where you would start because that's what you're sort of, um, what are they called? The peristaltic waves are going to grasp yeah. is it, and pull it down, Ooh. you know, as it goes I down. I really thought about that. I also have the, you know, those little super, uh, I have a lot of, th- often I can't stop thinking about swallowing things. Um, mm-hmm. with, you know, those little, those tiny little rare earth magnets, like if you're seeing these, they're like little tiny spheres and you can like build cubes out of them and stuff. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I... Invented After those. I worked at College Humor, <laughs> I would make I paid the rent by making all the commercials for those. Oh, really? And I stopped being able to pay my rent because the company shut down because people would swallow. If you swallow more than one, they fasten on either side yeah, of your yeah, intestines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, Jesus Christ! Yeah. And yeah. then they tear you up inside. So they stopped making oh. those medicines for a while. I still have them. If on you want the them? I'll, I'll give you a bunch. Of no, them. I think <laughs> I'm going to throw out the ones that I have. If the company shut, I didn't know the company shut down. They basically there were how many? Nine cases. Yeah, that took place, and they yes. three of them Cases. resulted in death, and the other ones resulted in very invasive surgery. Yeah, cause because you're getting serious sepsis because it's it's like tearing apart your yeah. intestines. Because yeah, they would they would bind those things are so strong they would they would bind through the folds of your one little magnet, another little magnet. It's like well, pinching stip- your guts in. Yeah, and and so oh. I would play with them, but I'd also be unable to not think about that. Because what kids would do is they would give themselves piercings, so they'd like put one inside their mouth, one on the outside, and then or they'd swallow it, and then they'd swallow. Ah, it. Uh, here's a product that's similar to that that should be. Banned. I'm surprised it's not banned. Are, are those immersion blenders? You know, immersion blenders. Uh-huh. They're, they're like are. it's like a stick blender. So okay, so imagine a blender, it's a like blender this. blade. Yeah, and so what you use, and, and it's got the blade on a stick, and then you can yeah. put it in a in a pot of soup. Right. So you don't have to put the soup in your blender. Right? I got it. Here's the problem, and I've done this myself. 
people, it looks so much like sort of a cookie batter thing that it's really hard <gasps> to not stick your finger in oh. and lick it. And I've actually done that before, like, like without thinking about it. Yeah. But your thumb is also usually on this button. And right. The motor is super powerful. So oh, a huge God. number of people. Oh. I'm sorry, this is bad for your friends who are trying to sleep who are listening. <laughs> Wake up, everybody. But, but so that their Happy hand nightmare. just pushes the button. And just like one pulse is like... Boom. And like people's hands get mangled, and it was another like oh, a New York Times I know. thing. There's the immersion ones where the blades are covered, but then there's the ones that just like it's like yeah, well, there's covered. That's fine. Mine is like it. I have. I should throw it out. It's it's like a dome, and then the blade is like here. So you know, it's a wide area on top. You know, yeah. like you could you can stick your finger in there, and and like uh, yeah, I'm shocked that they that they even sell them because it's like it really is this human thing. It's like I'll just put my finger in there. Right. You know? Uh, yeah. It was uh, when I was at President's show. I was I had there was some night where I was. I mean, at that show there was so much anxiety because we just are, are immersed in the stupidity of all the politics stuff. So I'd go yeah. home and I'd have to de-stress. And one of the things I do to de-stress is for whatever reason I find it very comforting to watch a video of big waves. Mm. Just like some, there's something so hypnotic, and I have this sort of. Uh, a weird childhood fear of deep water that now being able to watch the footage, there's some I get some feeling out of that. So I said I was watching these big waves, and then YouTube has its recommendation engine. And the recommendation en- engine was like, oh, here's another big wave video. I was like, oh. And then it's like, oh, here's big waves in a storm. I was like, oh. And it's like, oh, here's ships in a, here's ships in a big storm. And those, the big ships, it's so cool to watch. And then it was like, here's a, a, an oil derrick in a big storm. I was like, oh, what, how would an oil derrick react to like a big storm? And you see it bobbing up and down. And then it's like, uh, and here's an oil derrick that the, the big waves sort of break it apart. And I was like, oh, I want to see that. And then it's like, here's another oil derrick disaster where uh, the, the <laughs> thing comes out. And I was like, oh, okay. And I click that. And then I see this thing and I see guys getting like, like flung. torn up, flung and torn apart. And it's like, oh, here's an oil derrick that catches on fire. And I was like, click, okay. And then it's like, oh, here's um, someone who gets stuck in an industrial printing press. And then suddenly <laughs> this thing that was a de-stressor, YouTube just like, sort of convinced me to come yeah. to this place of industrial equipment, like snuff footage. Yeah. So the next day at work, I was telling all the writers about that, and everyone was laughing, so I was basically like, oh, I went to watch these relaxing things, and YouTube basically coaxed me to watch death footage. And then <laughs> everyone great. leaves, except for Gemberling, who stays in my office and is like, what video was it? And I was like, uh, it was just, he's like, send me the link to it. And I was like, I'm not going to send So then... He's so fascinated with that. So then for the next three weeks, every day, Gambling would send me, like, two links of people getting sucked into industrial equipment. Oh, man. Like, Did you see this one? But you learn of equipment in those videos that is that exact same thing. We are like, how could you be okay with this existing? Yeah. One of them is there's a giant thing that they use to grind up metal, grind up, like, dead livestock, and it's a giant chute that's, like, mm-hmm. the size of this stage that has, like, ramps on the side that leads to these giant metal teeth. Yeah. And just seeing that, and, and it's, like, shredder, them, it's a giant, it's, like, a giant industrial shredder, and it's just, like, the only thing you can think about is, is, falling, is in. falling into it. Yeah. And yeah. then, of course, that happens. Uh. <laughs> or, like, people that, like... And they're part of the dog food now. Yeah, exactly. And then it's, like, the same thing with, like, uh, the, like, the, like, crop farming equipment that like you know like tills the earth or like takes corn like 
but there's a point caught in that yeah. stuff oh, every man. day. There's a point where like, but you can't make it safe, or else it's not going to be able to do the job it needs to do. Exactly. It's just you just have to be a smarter yeah, person. You, you have to be yeah. smarter than the machine. You ever hear right. about the one with the guy? This is real, and so I'm sorry if his family is listening. But there's yeah. like a guy in like the bumblebee tuna plant. Who this sounds so, so much like an urban legend, but it was a guy who in the bumblebee tuna plant who was like in the like oven where they cook all the tuna to like clean it and it closed and he got cooked like the tuna. And I think it's like a water thing. It's like almost like a dishwasher kind of like right. a hot water. You can't water. get it open. You can't. Yeah, you exactly. You gotta wait till the cycle's done. And then there was a lady who they have that cryo healing thing where you get in a, cl- in, a in a, in a cold right. chamber and, and a lady died because she got locked inside her own, like someone who does the people getting locked inside a piece of industrial. It's really like something that, Seems like a Tales from the Crypt, yeah. you know, end of an episode, but it happens a lot. Yeah. I was always so terrible at getting, like, summer jobs, and I could never, I never knew, like, my friends all seemed to get, like, cool jobs, and I would always end up getting terrible jobs. But I remember one summer just going off, like, a want ad in the paper. Like, just the fireworks one? No, that no. you've told that on the potty. I gotta go after you tell this story. I all right. go to my show. Um, what if the story changes your feelings about <laughs> about the show? I can't go I can't anymore, go have, knowing what I know now. It's just, um, what's the point of comedy, even? No, but I remember there was one, and it was at some... I don't remember what it was, but it was at a factory. It was a factory job. I remember filling out the form for it, and it had, at a certain point, it just had one too many questions about who do, I, who do we call if you... It, it just got too specific about if you lose, like, a limb or a body part. There was just... It got so specific about all the things that could, could go wrong that I was just like... Can't I can't finish a, even applying for this job because mm. I just knew like I'm if I work here this will happen to me I'm not good <laughs> enough at the whatever it is that I would be yeah. doing here I'll leave you with, I'll leave you with this thought yeah <laughs> <laughs> I know, we got um, to a, such a dark place I read once that because I because I often you know have the feeling of like um, when you're like waiting on the subway tracks uh, you know on the platform and you imagine jumping in front of the train like compulsively and you're like why am I picturing or like swerving into traffic or stuff like that. Um, I read a, a theory anyway that the reason you do that is your your brain is sort of playing out what would happen if you were to do that, so that you don't do it. So if you're having the fantasy of doing it, you're less you're less likely to do it. So it's a defense mechanism to mm. gruesomely imagine your own death right. over and over again, which brought me some comfort when I sense. would because I would be like, "Am I going to jump in front of the train? Like, what what's going on here? You know?" Um, yeah. So, uh, good night, everybody. Sleep well. Don't jump in front of the train, everyone. <laughs> Have a good show, Adam. Do you want to? I know this won't come out until after the show. Do you want to plug your show tonight? <laughs> yeah, sure. It's at the Grey Mercy Theater. It's, okay. in, it's a doors open in half an hour. Where can people? Bu- where can people have bought tickets? <laughs> I think LiveNation.com of all things. Great. Yeah. Um, what is the show you're doing tonight? It's just, just a live stand-up show. Just a stand-up. I tried to produce. I tried to make a an, a brand new PowerPoint. Like comedy, comedy PowerPoint about why Elon Musk sucks, mm-hmm. um, but I couldn't finish it in time, so I'm just doing stand up. <laughs> All right. Well, it was good to see you, Adam. Good to see you too. Good, good to see you, Adam. Yeah. Thank nice you. to come down here. I'm gonna go look in the back in the in the in the back one more time. This is my last chance. Yeah. I'm just gonna peek. You gotta take your final final walk. Yep. Like the ceiling dripped on me there. I drew graffiti in the bathroom there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. We'll wave goodbye to you again as you're walking out for real. Yeah, please do. Do you guys want to... So 6.30, people will start showing up, staff. Yeah. 
So we can maybe move our move our stuff into the green room, and then we can finish we'll part finish two the of the tour. Of the yeah, that's board. great. That's perfect. Yeah. My phone is charged. I'm gonna do this real quick. What'd you do? Did you created a second recording. Uh, no, I just have to. I have deactivate the channel the that channel that he was using. That he was using. Got it. I don't think it really matters, but I, as opposed to recording like three hours of a blank channel. Got it. Oh, Connor and I were saying there's something very fun about just like this is such a comfortable place yeah. for us. I'm sure even more so for you that it just like something about just being able to sit here and talk in this environment for so this long. This is very cool. So I'm, I'm glad that I had today. I had a, a mod packet reading planned for today, but enough people were no longer available, and I right. didn't. I didn't need to use it. Yeah, that I, I that I had the day free, so that I was able to be like, oh, I can do. I can kind of have a, a chill day inside here before I have a, frantic, right, sad um, goodbye day. It's uh, yeah. We were just saying. We just realized we were like walk. We were like pacing around the stage, talking, and just realizing like how happy, uh, a place the stage is. Yeah, and we both sort of started like, walking the same paths that are sort of our default. UCB <laughs> walk around walk pattern. around areas. I'll tell you, this is just a. I mean, what's your spot, Shannon? My spot. If you're like, what's the spot that just like naturally you default? Your brain is like, this is where I'm going to be. Well, I mean, when I when I when I host Ascat, I always come to the left, um, and that's where I, I prefer to be on the left side when hosting. Right. Um, but that's about it. I wander. I stand on different spots on the back wall. I think I consciously don't let myself just have a spot. Right. Because you know the back wall already is a place of like rest in a way. That I, I don't want to just like find too much comfort back there. Right. But yeah, this is like this is my. I would say this is my spot here. That seems like a Shannon O'Neill spot. Yeah. Um, you have to create a Shannon light in the next theater. <laughs> Shannon Light. This, the, fucking, uh, this cum curtain is really amazing to me still. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've never realized how disgusting that curtain is. <laughs> it's something, well, no, I can't say something must have recently happened. But there's also, I guess it is the, it's the, definitely the light. Yeah. It just seems like it's only faded in the middle, which could be, I mean, that's also where most people are. You enter and exit there, so that's a lot of. A lot of thingies. Yeah. And if people have liquids that they're walking through. Yeah. But this right here is really gross. I take a picture too. Yeah. <laughs> is someone trying to get in? Is a Taminic coming? No, I, no, if he comes, it'll be later. And, and JD and I differ on whether or not I'm taking the long odds that, yeah, that yeah. Uh, Taminic will make it, but he probably won't. Has he contacted you at all today? Yeah, he, a bunch of his uh, like Christmas show stuff uh, came up. And he, he, if he makes it, it'll be late. Oh, okay. So that's probably a no. But I'll tell you. So he's in the city already. Well, he might be in the city. Yeah. Perhaps. I'll tell you one of my favorite. It's hard to choose, but one memory that, that is so specific because it's so, such a specific physical memory is the stepfather show where you were announcing, was it the freshman fling? And it was, uh, and you were saying what the dance move was. And it was, it was just against we, the wall. We, we just threw ourselves up against the wall, and so that whole scene was just. Was it me, Finelli, and Sylvia? 
I was flinging myself too, or no? No, you were telling him. You were, <laughs> you were standing on stage, right? And you were calling it, and we just would run. We would get as far down on stage yes. muscle, run at the back wall, and at the last second, we would jump like that and yes. throw ourselves against the wall. And well, that's a classic uh, Shannon uh, pimp is physical, so much, physical exertion. So much fun. On the other, that was really, yeah. I think that was you, Finelli, and Sylvia. Yeah. That is, yes, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, another, another thing. I always, I always like telling when I, ha- when I, uh, when I have long-held thoughts of improvisers that I'm friends with that I realize I haven't necessarily told them, and I told told one them that, that you're friends. Yeah. No, just that. Like, I don't think I've talked to you about that thing about how I think your your judgment, your instinctive judgment about dangerous topics and right. how to find what's funny about them and, and, and embracing the danger but also not, not screwing up with it the way right. a lot of people do. Right. Uh, but I was talking to uh, Santangel- Jim Santangeli uh, last week and I realized I'd never told him a thing that he does. I've seen him do a move that there's just something that if anybody else does it, it would be like a, a disastrous move. Uh-huh. But I've seen him do it. He had no memory of ever doing it. But it's a thing where he'll like make a big move and then say, ah, just kidding. Oh. He'll do like, <laughs> he'll, he'll comp- and it's like, that's a move that even like a really great improviser, if you try to do it, it kind of like subtracts in a way that the, it, it disorients yes. the yes. But he has this magic thing about him that yes. when he does it, it's just charming. It's just like delightful. Yes. I have seen him do that so many times. And he had no, and I was, maybe I shouldn't have mentioned it to him, but I think he'll already forget it. But the, uh, he was like, I've never done that. Yeah, forget it. Ah, just kidding. Um, Even that side of the curtain. Someone, that's like shaving. Who knows what that is? It looks I like do think that's like years of pie babies. Yeah, that is pie babies. That's what that is. Pie babies? Yeah. That's D- this is DCMS. Because also oh, yeah, shaving, fucking... shaving cream will no, this stain is, stuff. No, this is, this is definitely, that's DCM curtain. Yeah. Got a, got a nice photo of some 10-year-old Old English graffiti. Hey. Oh, yeah? Hey. That's yeah. great. Uh, on the back wall? Yep. That's great. Yeah. You guys, you guys do anything with the stuff on the back wall? That's the, that's the I, best part. There was talk of bringing, that with the, bringing this back wall with us. I think that would be a cool move. But I, it, it won't fit. <laughs> it won't necessarily serve the new space because the new space has such high ceilings. Right. Um, oh, it might look puny on that stage. Yeah. You could even just like... But I mean, I wouldn't Cut mind out just sections and yeah, I wouldn't mind just taking it and then reversing it and sticking the back wall against something. Like we could put it. There's like an upstairs where we could. Yeah, or at least take photos. Take a yes, a at least big pano and make a make a mega image because like yeah. there's some cool there's some cool there's, signature yes. right there. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And it's a little cooler than the one like the one at Sunset is like feels like it's like I don't know. It's like this. This is more organic. Like, yeah, exactly. It's more organic. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's yeah. That's maybe my the coolest thing. Uh, okay. Bye, Bye. Adam. Bye, Adam. Bye, Adam. Bye, Adam. Have a good you. show. Have a good show, Adam. Oh, this smells. We're going to do an Elon Musk show tonight here, though. Yeah. We're going to finish it. Great. <laughs> uh, so we are now moving from the stage to the green room. Uh, moving our stuff. I'm going to move this thing. 
Yeah. Uh-oh. Hey, Adam. What? Do you want an apple? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I'll take it. I bought a bag of apples. Bye, buddy. Thank I can't eat them all. You're welcome. I'm currently in the first green room. Uh, do you need help with anything, JD, moving stuff? No, I'm, uh, if you want to bring the, uh, the audio. Uh, extension audio cord and that cord connected to it. You mean the, the microphone? Yeah. Let's see. You need okay, that so plugged right in at all just, times uh, you charge it. Don't need to. It would be nice. Tidying well, we're moving around. Things. Yeah. But you can, I mean, there's a plug there. Yeah, I might... While we, we still have a little bit of time before, I think I'm going to go to the bathroom before we start this next. When shows are here, this would be, there's not many shows that are here that need to like change, are there? No, it's all, um, not until, uh, There's no sketch shows, it's all improv tonight. Yeah, I don't know, what's the midnight show? I don't know the midnight show off the top of my head. We'll be gone by midnight. Oh, but if, when but did if you we set recording? up our stuff in here, that won't be a problem. No, people like to use this to chill out in, right. but as long as you are charging there, and when they're here, because you're going to go up in the window. We'll up in the window. Yeah. Yeah. You can leave your personal effects in here. And it's yeah. On this, on, yes, on this table, and it won't get in the way. Got it. Dry skin in my ear. Okay, stop. All right, stop. Um. No! It's okay. All right. We're currently rebooting for part two. I got some battery back. When I start re-recording on my Zoom, it's, it, I, this sounds like an old woman asking this question. Go start a new file. Great. Thank yeah. you so much. Because <laughs> you, you are from the tape era the analog where era. there is a fear that you would record over stuff. Right? Well, I just don't like, I mean, I think it's more that I can't, I don't understand this yet. Right. But I always, I had a, a fear in dealing with new digital equipment that just came from growing up on tape stuff where you're like, I'm not going to record over this, am I? And that's not really a thing. Yeah, and I can't, it's like a... It doesn't have, no it doesn't have like well, a reassuring... It's a reassuring. Cool digital screen, but I don't understand the screen yet. Yeah, there's yeah. no Even interface when, to yeah. put you at ease about what's happening. Like Sophie was showing me. No. Uh, how to like change the screen? Yeah. And I was like, she's like, you don't need to. Right, I'm gonna, and honestly, I'm gonna pee and keep my mic on. No, yeah. We do that all the time. It's um, not an unusual pee. It's pretty. Uh, let me look and see. Basic. Of things that have been talked about, what things I can. Uh, Oh, when we were talking about meeting 12 heads, was that during the part where we, we lost the audio? Um, maybe. Why do you have more? No, no, I just, I, I feel like that was an interesting thing to say on the, on the podcast, just to record that sentiment, that in the past, apologies if this is a repeat, but I think this is something that was talked about during the missing 10 minutes. Um, just that in the past six months, in the past six months I feel like I've met more people 
who the first thing they say is that they are fans of the podcast, that that'll be the thing that they will lead with. And it's always a very interesting sensation because you realize that you're, if they're, if there's someone who's listened to even a couple of episodes, then they've listened to a lot. They've basically hung around us a lot. Right. Well, it's that thing. I think we've talked about it in different incarnations, but God damn it. JD's struggling with the audio pack. Well, I always think that I've got it figured out, mm-hmm. this pack system, but I never totally do. Yeah. I guess I've done that in the past. Okay. Um, damn it. Damn it. I'm trying to make this setup portable. I haven't found the perfect version yet. Yeah. I'm close, though. So close. Um, but yeah, it's a thing where, you know, in so many creative instances, you're like, well, you don't really know me. Yeah. You, but you know my work. Right. Which is different than me. This is the one thing where it's like... Some keys that we'll need. It's like, oh, no, you do. You do know us. Burp, burp. Yeah. I guess let's walk with Shannon so we don't lose her mic. Uh, What are people saying on Twitter? Um. Oh, also, have you seen people still... Do you need to move your batteries? Yeah, I'll move all that stuff. Sorry. That's okay. There's no one here yet. Just want to make sure. We'll probably Connor. be in the back for... Yeah. Connor, do you want to bring the extension cord and the power source thing? Oh, is that this? Yeah. Yeah. What were also you going to say? Gonna leave Did a we? note. All right. We'll be up in the window. Yeah. Ew. I keep forgetting about that. We're just moving some stuff right now transitioning. Oops, so sorry. This is, You're losing this is like a little signal. interlude in the podcast. If we had, if we were a different kind of podcast, there'd probably be like um, like jazz music or like kind of Philip Glassy kind of music right now. Like if this was a if this was like an, uh, a public radio type podcast. Right. This would probably be the part that would go like dum, 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 where there'd be like a transitional sort of mu- little musical thing to cover yeah. to cover the yeah but we don't have that well, like, yeah like a little Oop, we're losing Shannon's mic she's not talking right now though right no but I get oh, static it's a static thing yeah that's a fun viewers look. at home are wondering what that noise is that's a fun little uh, bonus for people to hear what it sounds like when a microphone goes too far from their receiver they hear at the end of every episode yeah We should have brought, like, a space here with us. I think we'll be fine. There's just, uh, for up there? Yeah. You could probably borrow the one from the, um... You're, you're layered. You, do you have another coat? I have a coat, yeah. yeah. The new space is going to be cold, too. Really? Yeah. There must have been about a dozen or so space heaters. <laughs> there you're just, like, walking around like, oh. <laughs> Good Well, there's know. also, like, a room that they had, that they kept a lot of props in, which we're going to have as, like, a hangout room. That just was like, keep door shut, gets cold. But I think all we need to do is just put, like, uh, put some, like, fabric. Just stuff, put some, yeah. Well, not, like, just, like, some fabric on the walls. Right. A rug on the floor. And it's just to keep the draft a little bit. Is there more hangout space or, like, at least not, backstage it's, space? It's just, uh, I mean, there's more square footage, but not. but the way it's laid out is just, like, a little different. Like, there's, like, a second floor that has a lot of, that has probably like the amount of space like of this 
green room right. plus more, but you can't put storage up there because you would have to walk downstairs. Right. And we don't want people walking downstairs with stuff. Not using, uh, not having a hand on a handrail. Right. Got so it. it's like a safety issue. That so that that'll be. But for physical humans, there's more room, maybe. Yeah, we have a place to hang out, which is great. That will be a little bit, maybe slightly quieter than oh, cool. the amount of noise that we make now. But I that'll that's to be. TBD. That's TBD. Yeah. <laughs> it's nothing that I'm worried about right now. Is this too spooky, or maybe I'll leave this light? I'll leave this on. Because people are going to arrive, and I left a post-it note on the box office store that says we're recording a podcast. But. Oh, cool. Okay, so I've got the bat key, da, 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 da. the prop room key, theater key, and let me get my zoom going. I don't really need all of these right now, but you know, I think one of the one of the reasons because I'm really sentimental about stuff. But I do think one of the reasons why uh, I haven't been at, like I'm sad about I'll be sad and missing Chelsea. But one of the reasons that I'm a little bit like okay with it, okay with it, just has to do with our Woolly Mammoth experience last year. Oh yeah, the theater was that that it was theater, just a different experience. Yeah, that, yeah, because that was such a doing that. We know how you die with you and BSJ and Molly. Um, those are people, not drugs. Remember that when we did that show with uh, with BSJ and Molly? Um, Yo, man, I was, uh, we were so fucked up. Yeah, I did so much BSJ, and then and you I, were on Molly. I was on Molly constantly. Um, no, but just like because that was such a satisfying and fulfilling experience, I've just sort of, in my mind, I'm sort of thinking of the the new theater in terms like that. Yeah, we'll just this stuff. We'll just it's a new place to play. Yeah. That is doesn't have any. Inhibition, inhibitions in inhibitors inhibitors yeah um, like this space has it, it'll just be different that like we'll adjust in new ways that will create new things that we haven't done before yeah which is very cool it'll take a while it'll take a little bit of time because I don't know what uh, we got to figure out we got to be in this we got to you know just like being in Chelsea the first time will, will it wasn't like you don't have it all figured out well, is it more likely to be able to do a show where we have like Peter Pan style flying rigging? No, there's no, no? Rig, there's no flying rigs. Is there a grid? A light grid? Yeah. Yeah. But like, because here it doesn't have like really a grid. Yeah, there's a grid there. Ooh, so maybe you could do Peter Pan flying. I think I heard Alex say no. <laughs> I think I also just heard you say no. What about a trap door? <laughs> what a trap door that? for like a, a prestige style Houdini tricks? Uh, there will be a trap door. There isn't one now, but I think... We're going to cut one. There's going to be one, just as far as, like, being able to get under, the, like, having to be able to get under that stage for functional purposes of theater facility stuff, but... Yeah. Um, all right, so we're going to start part two now. Okay. I am... Please return to your seats. Please return your seat. It's saying I'm recording, right? You see my levels yep, going up? Yeah, you're recording. Great. Uh, okay, we are now, this is Shannon O'Neill, November 11th, 2017. This is part two, or just an immediately continua- continuation of the, the previous uh, part I recorded. Uh, continuing the audio tour of the Chelsea Theater on 26th Street, here with J.D. Amato and Connor Ratliff. So we finished our time in the, in the, within the house, 
And I can, oh, since I recorded the last one, I've come back. I did reconfirm Delaney did do the goggles in the window. Wow. Got it. It's, a, it was an over, it's an overhead projector, which still might be in the back room, which I can show you, that does not work anymore. He would project it onto the wall. That's so cool. Draw it and then paint it. So he did do that. And we will be painting it over before we leave. Ugh. I know. That's, the, that's the hard part. We were going to do, Alex Sidis uh, had the idea of making it like a, the um, reverse of an advent calendar. So we'd slowly right. paint it every day mm-hmm. of November until it was gone. But I just couldn't get my shit together to make that happen. Right. <laughs> um, do you have to paint over it? As part of we don't like, have to, but we want to because why give somebody else the? It's such an iconic logo. The, yeah, it's such an iconic logo that like, if there is another renter, why give them the yeah attraction of? Gotcha. It's not for your pod. Never mind. Your idea for uh, taking over the theater. Yeah, we'll do. We can talk project, about that when I undo it for your podcast. Exactly. Okay, we're going to continue the tour now. Part two begins now. <laughs> or before, I don't care. Um, <laughs> so we're now walking. Uh, this is the... Man, why do you describe this space? This space, what do we call this? This is the... For a while, there were always drinks stacked up here. Oh, there are boxes. There are some boxes. This boxes is where, bottles. well, this is where the... Um, oh, the AC is on. This is, uh, yes, when we, the beer has to be returned for deposits to get our money back to deposit the bottle deposits. So all the bottled beers will get stacked up. So tonight you'll see boxes as people drink beer. Um, someone must have come last night or, or maybe even this morning and, and grabbed stuff because there should definitely be more than just this session. So this is the, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Vestibule. I think I call this a vestibule between the house and the green room. And you're not supposed to talk in here while shows are going on because the, the, it travels. But it's just a little area that isn't really used for anything yet but for recycling uh, and bottle deposits. And there's a cork board that... has like safety, like emergency... Well, it has our emergency action plan for everything from uh, a medical emergency to an active shooter because uh, this is the time that we live in. Yeah, 2017 America. 2017 America, active shooter. If you're listening uh, to this in the future, hopefully that has been solved. Yes, hopefully active shooters have been um, destroyed. All right, now we're in the uh, in the green room, and uh, the green room is a special and wonderful place. I don't know where to begin. I guess... It's always green. Our green rooms are always green. In this green room, you can see like shades of previous colors. Yeah. So uh, we have some memorabilia of uh, some poster art that used to hang um, in the front window. So there's one of like the Stepfathers and Death by Ruru and Cage Match. And these, and even I think the Ascat 3000 one up there, these were just a student that I believe just offered to make these graphics for free. Oh, wow. That's cool. Um, I don't believe this Death by Ruru was one of those. Uh, that's a little bit, it's not the same aesthetic. And then, yeah, these hung in the front window where the goggles are on, like, fishing line, kind of, like, floating in the air. You can see this huge, this green was one of the original colors, and then this green here is, like, this isn't even, like, green. It's, like, a gray-green. 
it's green if you don't look at this green. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This, this audio tour. <laughs> I had so much energy earlier yeah. when I showed up to do it's this. All, <laughs> and now I'm like. I love now that it's an audio tour. We talk about different shades of a color. Yeah, it's just, just purely this, visual. This is green. <laughs> not this if you look at this not. green. Oh, guys. I think this audio tour is really kind of special. Yeah. Let's shut this door and then we'll get. Um, the real experience. The real. Well. Because here's the other side. Oh, here's more. Oh my gosh, we really got to We're going to get people to come in and take photos and stuff, but I just want to take some here. So right to the, we'll go to the, so we'll start with the right. There's a door here. It says Hot Chicks Room. And this is basically where we store some of our beer. And the Hot Chicks Room was a sketch on the UCB TV show. Um, and then it became just where we would store beverages. So the 22nd Street Theater there was a similar closet called the Hot Chicks Room, and that's where the soda and water was kept because we didn't have beer and wine at 22nd Street. And so now this is where we keep uh, some of our beer. Um, and this was a lot of, and all this decor, there's a, all the decorations in the green room were also Stephen Gemberling. So we have these uh, like action figures within like these styrofoam kind of decorated displays that are above the doors. Uh, I think we lost one over of the, this green room door here. So Stephen Gemberling did a lot of cool stuff. He came through and did, uh, I mean, there's been very many iterations. We've been here 14 years. So this recent iteration of, of decoration. Uh, Stephen went and found postcards from previous shows and adhesed them to the walls. And I think it was... Connor, didn't you ask me if we're going to be taking these with us? Yes. And the answer is no. Um, but I hope uh, people take a look. Because honestly, I've never looked at these over here before. Hey, here's one. There's I know they existed here, but I've never really paid attention because that door's always open. Oh, there's an early Oh, yeah, Chris, there's an Chris early Gethard Chris Gethard show one. Uh, I designed that postcard. Did you? Yep. Looks like you did. Um, and I like this thing on the floor. We painted the floor. And then Stephen painted a couple of rugs in different places onto the floor. And I think that's just... It's really nice. I mean, it's so cool. And they're painted as if they're like... Tile. Like mosaics of the Roman era. Yeah, and it has the goggles there, which is so... Yeah, but this is um, the main room. And if we, if we come in here to the left, this is a dressing room. And this first dressing room used to be mainly prop storage. And there just was bins of props, and it was always a mess. And people's props would go missing, and people would take each other's props. Or if you didn't have a sketch show and you were here to do a bit show, they would take each other's props. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just a constant where my cop pants emails. Um, and then I eventually... When did I do it? Like a couple years ago, within the last year and a half or two years. Wasn't it like right after there was after a DCM where this was there? Yeah. We had cleared it out for that, and then it never went back, right? There was something well, like that. Well, like yeah, was, we organized it for. Yeah. Um, I think I must have done it two years ago, where we created a, a, a. We finally got a storage room cleared out in the back, and we'll go into there later, where now all the props are stored. So now we have like a place for people to hang out and relax, because that's a. I think that's a very important part of pre-show warm-up for performers. Mm -hmm. um, 
often eventually as you become more veteran just turns into sitting around with each other and talking and having that relaxing and chill ability to do that is very helpful. Yeah. Right now Connor's sitting on on a couch. Um, it's comfortable. Yeah. And it's uh, and we also have in here the Timmy Woods chair. So when Timmy Wood passed away, we we got his chair and it's very comfortable. And uh, it had a plaque on it that it fell off. I have the plaque at my uh, on my desk at work. But the plaque says that the chair is only to be used for chilling, smoking, and fucking. <laughs> but please don't fuck on that chair. Um, and then signed Timmy Wood, the ghost. Do you have any? Mem- do you guys have any memories of this room? This was always the room. So there was a shift that happened at a certain point because it used to be New Year's parties, holiday parties mm-hmm. would happen in the theater, and DCMs there weren't multiple theaters, so this was always the place. And back here was also where a lot of people would specifically go to have private party time. Yeah, you'd smoke your weed in here, do whatever you did in here. And there's also, there was a New Year's Eve party. We'll get to the parties once we get down to that valve, <laughs> that special valve. The, had, part, the party oh, valve. I, I've, ne- party I've never valve. known which valve it specifically oh, I'll is. I'll show you. Right. Uh, so in this room, we also, I feel like this audio tour has taken on a 12-hour day kind of <laughs> I know, it's taken podcast out, yes. feel. Because I just was, if you listen to the... 12-hour day podcast, I just was on it for like two hours. <laughs> so now we're talking, talking more at the pace and the candor of yes, that. Yeah. Yes, so enjoy this. Um, but there was a New Year's Eve party that we had, and I think for a couple years in a row, this room became like a theme room, and so it was just covered in, uh, like, it was either black or it was covered in black cloth, or maybe it was like tin foil. but it became just like... Um, you would lay on the ground and look up and you could see like constellations or something. So it was like, you know, if you were high, it was a different experience. I also but, felt you know, like it was thematic. Back then, the sort of like Dante circles of being a performer were like, all right, you pass the curtain into the vet, into the like where into all this the room. furnitures were. Oh, yeah. Then you get into the vestibule. Then you get into the green room. And then you get into this room. And then you get into this room. And oh, it was like, yeah. that was sort of, this was agree. sort of the room where. You really only, and this has changed now over time, but yes. back in the day it was like, uh, this was the room you'd hang out in if you'd been around for a while. Yes, I would, uh, yeah, I would agree with you. That definitely is, that definitely Yeah, is like it would feel like it. sometimes you, I have a feeling of passing by, having, passing by this room and seeing people and I'm like, oh, Matt Walsh is here or something. Like where it'd be someone that I'd be like, oh, or like Horatio's in here with Delaney. Uh, I feel like yes. that's one that I would see a lot. And I wouldn't lie, I've come in here and I've, I've sat in recent, like, in the past year, like, I'll be in here and I'll be sitting in the Timmy Wood chair and someone will walk in and then they'll, they'll leave. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you can hang out with me. You can come <laughs> hang out with me. <laughs> uh, I get it. Um, so now we're back into the main green room. And it's actually, uh, we've actually gotten it pretty organized in recent years. This, there's an area to the right where it is like kind of like around where like you can get to the air conditioning a little bit that used just to be stacked with garbage. I used to we um, maybe even had a chair in there at once that you could sit in, but there'd always be stuff on top of it. We finally put up coat uh, hangers for coats just so people could hang their coats and not just like leave them on the floor. 
This would oftentimes turn into a coat pile before the hooks also. Yes, there'd be a chair and it would just be a coat pile. That's I right. also, I used to, when I, before I would carry around a bag and I would have like pockets where I'd have like keys and wallet and stuff like that, I would just leave them, I would hide them in the garbage around the corner there. Yes. And uh, go out and do a show so I wouldn't have full pockets. That's a, that's a fun fact. Um, we have also in the screen room, there's a little bench uh, that Stephen Gemberling made. And you can actually, you can't do it anymore, but uh, because we put, but there was an ability where this bench, you could actually fold it down. So if we needed space, oh. it would fold down, but it got broken because people weren't like aware of that mechanism enough and they just kept breaking it because they weren't using it the proper way. But it used to fold down so that if you needed space wow. to, to do stuff, you could do it. Um, Steven Gemmerling been to the new space yet? I don't know. I don't know, actually. We're now in the couch area of the green room. There's currently two couches, one black, one brown. Uh, we had many iterations of couches through the years. At one point, up until recent, up until DCM, I think it was just post-DCM, we had a couch that was from uh, SNL. SNL was getting rid of furniture uh, while Amy was still a cast member and she was like, oh, UCB could use that. And we inherited some uh, SNL furniture. And Amy hasn't been on SNL for, oh my gosh, like, when was her? It'd be uh, when Palin was uh, running, 2008? Yeah, in a decade. that was like her last. Yeah. So almost yeah. a decade. So we had that couch for about longer than eight years, probably. Yeah. And it was so gross. Um, it was like melting. Yes. The pipe. Yes. Like we have uh, ah. a pipe and a very low a wall that's a ceiling that comes down very low where like the air conditioning vent is. And we, it's very funny. This, do you know how long this stuff has been on here? Not long. Maybe two years. Yeah. For the longest time, we finally have like a foam covering on the edge of of this uh, low-hanging ceiling, hard this hard corner. And finally, I think, I believe this foam is like Nancy Melchert facilities manager area era, which is maybe now just two years. Because I remember I was like, can we do this? And she's like, yep, and she put it up for us. The pipe has always had stuff wrapped on it, but people yeah. constantly hit their heads on it. And it's just part of it. And yes, we do have a place at the new space where everyone will hit their heads. And yes. I'm very excited about it. Um, so these couches back here, like many a conversation has been had. You, it's just a place to hang out and, and talk to people. You find yourself just caught in conversations long after your show has been done. Um, this is like the pre-show conversation area, I yeah, would say. Yeah, pre-show, If someone has a show coming up, this you usually allow this space to turn into whoever show is. Yes. Up next, sort yes. of. And there's like a, it's like a written rule, but unwritten rule of you give that next show their space. So like when the stepfathers, when we're done our show, we'll say hi to the law firm and interact a little bit. But then we know like, all right, we're going to leave so that they have their 15 minutes, 20 minutes of just their time to connect with each other uh, before a show. Or we go into like the little other little room to like give them their space. So that is important to give teams and shows their, their prep time. And one of the things, and, and this is a little bit different now just because the, there's the Beast for class shows as well, but the like... The UCB East Village Theater. Yeah. Uh, should I not call it the Beast? 
You can call, that's just like amongst people, but I like people to know that like, right. I like people to know it's also the East Village Theater. Um, is that I remember when I, taking 101, uh, the first improv class, that when we did our class show, you know, you got to be back in this green room mm -hmm. and then perform on the stage in the theater. And I remember being stunned that that was all that, because it didn't feel like it didn't cheapen it. It felt like yeah. for this one afternoon, you get to sit on these couches and you get to walk through, you get to have this full experience as part of the class. And I was like, this is the same room where if it was a quote unquote real show, that, you know, like that was my feeling you're at the time. You look at it as like the NBC experience where you get to pretend you're Al Roker. Yeah. That's what it, yeah. it honestly yeah. felt yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, I see it. I see it. Yeah. That it's like they let us sit back here just like real people do. And, you know, uh -huh. it just was really exciting. And this is a new thing in the past, like, two years, I want to say, where there's a TV monitor where you can see a feed of what's on the stage. Yeah. But for many years, yeah. that was May not the yeah. case. I would say maybe that might be even longer than two years. Really? Yeah. It feels, yeah. Yeah, probably, you're right, you're right. It might be like a few years. Alex Adan wouldn't, Alex Adan did that. Because we put it up for DCM uh, one year and then kept it. It was a way of just being able to keep an eye on when, like, the shows were happening and stuff. And, or to be able to watch also. And now uh, one, of the, one of the features uh, that is that, because uh, there's a GoPro camera on the middle pillar in the stage, <laughs> and in, in act breaks during shows, like during the break, audience members will stand up and stand directly in front of this GoPro and they won't be aware that we can see them. They're basically full frame on the, right. the monitor back here. It's very, it's, that is, sometimes that is fun because you'll see people just like, yeah, not knowing that we're watching. But I feel like one of my experience, the experiences that I remember the most about this green room is you're back here, I'm thinking most like Herald Night and like you're up next or whatever or you're, and you're hearing the laughs permeate through the walls. You have mm -hmm. no idea what's going on, but you're like, oh man, that mm -hmm. team is crushing. We have to come correct. Or it's like, oof, I'm not hearing anything. We gotta get this audience going. I mean, with the monitor, it doesn't change that, but it was, you'd sort of be back here and you'd you only have your imagination to sort of know what was going on outside there. Yeah. Um, and also these current couches we have, both have, are pretty are much higher off the ground but we've had previous couches that were very low to the ground. And we really neglected cleaning up under those couches. What are some things that you found <laughs> under the couches during like the... Like a full burrito. <laughs> oh, no. There was like a really bad smell back here, and we didn't know what it was. And I don't know that it was a, the full burrito, but that's just been stuff It's like, who does that? Ugh. That's another thing. We People are not as good at cleaning up after themselves as you wish they were. Amongst all of the, the postcards, show, uh, show ads and things that are on the wall, there's a framed photograph of Chris Gethard doing an improv scene with uh, just him and a bottle of water on stage. Yeah, that's not here though. That, no, that's, was that at Urban Stages? I think that's Urban Stages. That's during a DCM, I believe. Where uh, he Or it's a, under St. Mark's. No, that's... I think it was... That's Urban Stages, I think it was. Right. He was abandoned by the, the rest of the team, like, walked off and yeah, left him there. Maybe it was five dudes or something. Yeah. Yeah. Also, back here, there used to be a... You can kind of... Maybe you really can't. We used to have... Originally, when we came into this space, we had a giant mirror hanging up against this back wall above the one couch. Uh, and that eventually shattered... And then we had Walsh's head hanging there for a while, and then that we, we that went away. I don't know what was here. We had something recently, and then I think we took it down to put up a DCM uh, 19 uh, poster for photos and stuff during DCM, and I, I don't know what we forgot to put back. 
Um, but who cares? Yeah. We're leaving. Now here, uh, <laughs> we're now in the bathrooms. These are very tiny bathrooms. The performer bathrooms. The performer bathrooms. And again, there's more. One thing we have is Connor right now is, you can't see it because this is an audio tour, but Connor is standing by our sinks. We have two sinks. I'd say the far one is rarely used because you would normally just go to uh, the first one. Connor's using it. I'm taking a photo. And if someone goes to the first one while you're in the second one, you cannot leave this yes. first one. And normally if someone's at the first one and I come out, I just share the first one with him. Yeah. So that second one I think is probably like an original sink and this yeah. first one has probably been replaced. And this one's like as new. Uh, yeah, they're both yeah. great. But um, this is where, you know, people wash the blood off their face from their crazy sketches and it gets messy back here. And uh, you can just see how the walls are much dirtier back here. I don't know that, yeah, I don't know if we've ever repainted this bathroom wall besides the one time. Um, but now we're at one of my, fa- I really, from this audio tour, I've really fallen in love with our bathrooms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the stuff that, that's going to get it, that's going to be a little bit loud. But uh, there's a bit of a history to these bathrooms that um, both upsets me and makes me, and also makes me laugh at the, the, what happened afterwards. So, oh, right. the, these bathrooms have, again, Stephen Gemberling, Gemberling, he decorated them, and he has in both bathrooms, uh, what he likes to do is, yeah, he cut, he'll cut out some artwork, and then he'll glue it to the wall, and then he'll paint around it. And both bathrooms are very different. I would say the one on, the one on the left, oh, this artist, I forget this artist's name. And I, I feel bad, but you can look it up later. Um, I'll put a photo up, and you guys will know what it is. Uh, but they're very disturbing kind of photos in a good way, in an artful way. And then this, the other bathroom has New Yorker cartoons, or no? Well, originally, no, Mary, Mary Petty. Who is Mary Petty? But originally, weren't they a little bit more matching in that the original bathroom had... I'll get Different. to it, Connor. Okay, I'm sorry. Jesus Christ. Sorry, I'm sorry. Yes, this, uh, we have drawings of Mary Petty for the New Yorker. They're in the, the bathroom to the to the right. Again, just drawings with little captions. They're great um, and silly. And you can look them up, and I'm going to take some photos right now. And a lot of the punchlines, I feel like, are burned into my brain. Yes. From pre-show. Here's one of a man with a, a therapist, and the quote says... Get out and mingle with other schizof- schizophrenes? Oh, I've never seen it written that way. Anyway, we're discovering new stuff all the time. I'll take a photo of this one, and you guys can all know what I'm talking about. Now, what happened, um, I forget how many years ago, but the bathroom on the left had um, many more drawings inside of it, and they were of nudes. Um, and there's nudes in here too, but they were of men and women, maybe a little plump. Uh, and I would describe as just like little pink dicks and pussies, <laughs> like cartoonish. And it was art. And someone got offended. And there were complaints, complaints about art, which I think is very frustrating. It was very frustrating to me uh, as someone who loves this place 
And, um, and what I love about this place so much is that we can experiment and we can go out and fail and, and, and fuck around to find our voice. So when someone is complaining about a, a different type of art that is also just an expression, it's, a, it's an ex- their expression of, of their feelings and, and, and whatnot. Um, so Stephen Gemberling was told uh, some decision was made to change the art in this first bathroom. So Stephen Gemberling uh, did, and he was told to do what he wanted. You know, they're just like, we just need to change it, do what you want. And so now in the bathroom, there's writing, and it says, we love, we eat and defecate, we urinate. And uh, again, I'm, I, don't, I forget what the artist's um, name. Oh, it's this guy. Girolamo Savonarola. I can't say it because I... It's hard. Know. It's hard. <laughs> um, so he, this guy led a campaign of censorship against art and learning, which destroyed many lives. So he had a campaign against censorship. And this is what it says on the inside yes, door. Yes, in the inside. It says this guy's name, Girolamo Savonarola, blah, blah, blah. Led a campaign of censorship against art and learning, which destroyed many lives. He was in the end consumed as he'd consumed others, books, art, furniture, and even clothing, um, in a bonfire of the vanities. And on the outside of this door, again, I'm not going to be able to say what this quote is. Connor, you try. Uh, just say it. Uh, just try and say it. Espandi la tua aspettativa stupidita e para promuere la censura. Great. So, the translation of that, which I have... Just do it off the top of your head there, Shannon. No. I have it very close. I, I, uh, I got it on my break. So the translation of that is, expand your perspective. Stupidity and fear promote censorship. So that was Stephen Gemberling's response to being told people are upset and have to, we have to change this bathroom. And... I love it. Yeah. Because I really, I understand that we can all be offended by things. Yeah. But you have, I just really believe you have to understand, it's like that is somebody's art and expression. And there's nothing about a little pink dick or pussy. Yeah, they weren't, it wasn't even like that. It wasn't offensive, it it wasn't aggressive, it wasn't over. uh, Also, my memory of it was that the two, the original two bathrooms were kind of a matching set in that, in the one that still remains unchanged was kind of like the uptown sort of high society version. And the other one was like a lowbrow like. Because the the New Yorker cartoons are all these like sophisticates and the punchlines are all a little bit like beyond me. And they're all and they feel like they were even at that level back in the day. Like one, one of the punchlines that's at my eye height when I use the bathroom is, Peabody, have you gone completely mad? And it's like someone's butler kissing them on the cheek or something. <laughs> yeah. So there's one that was like a very like modesty heavy sort of repressed. And the other one was sort of this like uh, wild id. But it wasn't like it wasn't like a bunch of Robert Crumb even. It was no. It was not like... Uh, it, what, super graphic. It was just a more sensual kind of. It was yeah. it was evocative of um, what are they called in like Rome and Pompeii the um, just like the nude mosaicy happy yeah. dancey. It was like like cherub kind of like yeah whatever yeah. they're called. It was very evocative of that kind of stuff. 
pictures and taking photos of all this. Yes, I'm going to make a post about the bathroom. I wonder if there's any them. photos of the original stuff. Original bathroom. There must be somewhere. I'm sure Stephen Gambling hopefully took some, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, I guess, yeah, I mean, this, this green room has lots of... I don't know what more to say besides getting into... This room's locked. More stories. Oh, yeah, I mean, I could open up. There's another room. This is also... We store our uh, the rest of the beer and wine. Yeah, just picture another room. Just picture locked. another room that's locked with a deadbolt. Um, yeah, we store lots of uh, our wine and stuff in there and our beer, our overflow. That we used to... No, I think we always stored it in there. Um, but yeah, there's just like lots of just great conversations with friends and meeting new people in the green room and um, it's just a really, yeah, it's a very happy, fun place. Yeah, it's all I have for the green room. I feel like I should have more, but... I mean, you have probably endless stories. Endless stories, but as far as an audio tour, this is where we hang out before shows. <laughs> we could have just said that. <laughs> but I gave you a little extra and some feelings on censorship. Feelings on censorship. All right, now we're going to walk into the back hallway um, where we open the door and we stick a, the bottom of a, a push broom to keep the door ajar. Now, this back hallway right now is very clean, um, but there was a time when we first moved in for the, probably for like half our time here, we, uh, there was dumpsters in the side driveway and that's where we would put our trash and that's where McDonald's and Taco Bandito they would put their trash so the McDonald's guys and ladies would come down um, uh, they have their own elevator I guess in McDonald's or something mm -hmm. and they would come down with their garbage or maybe they have like a basement or a chute that they drop their garbage in I don't know and they would have bins of garbage and during shows you would hear the bins coming through the hallways. Did you ever experience that? No. You would just be like, vroom, 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 or just like the bins being pushed, just like the, you know, the wheels that were like wobbly, pushed through, and they'd bring their garbage back. And that just meant there was always like leaks on the ground from their leaky bags, and it really, I don't think it smells bad. It just smells like a basement hallway right now, but it used to really, really stink yeah. of just trails of Coke and fry juice. Um, and we would have, we used, to, we used to have parties at the Chelsea Theater. I forget what year parties stopped, but it was, we'd have New Year's Eve parties, we'd have Halloween parties, we had parties after longest Herald Night of the year, we would have parties. I think JD and I are just on the cusp of having a, a little bit of memory of those parties before they stopped. Yeah, I think we were the last generation to experience those parties. Yeah. Where to a point where when I announced at a theater meeting, when I was announcing the Hell's Kitchen location, and I was like, and we'll, at the new space, I was like, and we'll be able to have parties again. No one cared. Oh, wow. <laughs> where, where for us, when it was announced that yeah. we couldn't have parties, it was like, no. Yes, it was. Uh, <laughs> then what will we have? Yeah, it was bad because it was, I mean, it would just be steamy. It'd be like bodies lined up against the wall it, it, and I'll get to it but we have like another room in the back where we would also be able to used to be able to hang out we would have kegs in there there'd be music in there sometimes karaoke in there it was just like you were in a cool basement party of just all your friends and it was and acquaintances and all these people that love the same thing and are like-minded and it was hundreds of us and it was awesome and the stage would be the dance floor yep and when you got tired you could sit down in the seats 
-hmm. And then if you wanted to talk, you'd go back into the green, green room. Well, the green room was more like get drinks. People would maybe be doing... Yeah, sometimes there's some like... Smoking or whatever. <laughs> uh, and then if you wanted to like talk or hang out more privately, people would come back here. I will say this back hallway, there was a lot of... That's where people would go to, to when it was like, all right, well, end of the night, people are coupling up and... If you're yes. in that back hallway at a certain hour, you knew there's a lot of people making out. I, yeah. My memory of this back hallway is just that it was... Watching like a, people make out. Uh, yeah, just like, what is this <laughs> thing that they're doing? Uh, no, just like a, a packed gauntlet of... Yes. Like, if you were trying to get through it, it was just like, there's maybe a little space to squeeze between all the people back here. I know that we're, I know that we're, you're, we're about to get to the, the, the famous valve mm -hmm. um, that led to the end of parties, but... Part of me thinks that even if what happened hadn't happened, we would have had to stop anyway just because the, the amount of people, amount of people is yeah, so yeah. much bigger that I can't imagine the parties being bigger than they were. No. Yeah, I think it would. Something else would have happened. Because this was pre-East Village Theater having been opened. Yeah, pre-Lloyd teams. Pre just like the yeah. number of, of performers at the theater yeah. is so much more yeah. now. And even when we have parties at the new space, it's not going to be, it'll be like, it's like you, no plus ones. Right. Very. So maybe it won't be, it'll, yeah. yeah but it's going to hurt a lot of people's relationships. Yes, a lot of people are going to be. This is also the back hallway where, at least I know it from Harold Knight, you would warm up. We're, right yeah. now, we took a right outside of the door. If mm -hmm. you went left, that's where you'd warm up as a team. Mm -hmm. And where we're standing down the hall to the right is where you'd get notes after the show. Yeah. Yeah. So There's you'd always areas. see one team. <laughs> getting noted oftentimes harshly by their coaches or whatnot mm -hmm. while you were down there playing whatever follow the follower with yeah. your Herald team or whatever. <laughs> but yeah. so during Herald night, you'd see like multiple teams out here huddled up. So it yeah. was sort of a fun sight. The vibe at one end is just everyone having fun and the vibe at the other end is everyone ashamed of how... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or if you... Um, had to like for some reason like a staff member had to like come and like walk through and like check on something in one of the back storage rooms. They'd like walk through like a team getting notes. Yeah. Um, or a team in the middle of something, and of course they would like react to the person walking through, and it'd be like, "All right, I'm not part of your warm up, guys." Yeah. So anyway, there was a point during one of our parties. I forget which one. I feel like it was like a New Year's Eve party. I'm not sure. It was New Year's. No, was it New Year's? I think so. Yeah. I feel maybe it might have been before. Oh, uh, maybe yeah. it wasn't. I don't know. I, I kind of try and block the bad stuff out. But there are um, some valves. And I'll say this. I don't know which one. There's a bunch of valves here. But it was one of these. Oh, these are like water okay. valves. So not like a round valve, but no, like a... No, no. Uh, there's pipes with like a lever type valve. And someone... And there's arrows that tell you which way that they're supposed to be. And someone took one and they turned it. And I, uh, yeah, they just like turned. Or maybe they turned this one. I don't know. That Actually, one's facing the wrong way right now. Um, Shannon, fix it. Oh, my God. I am not touching that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. See, that says cold water. So someone turned a valve and it released water. Um, and I believe uh, it did some damage to the tennis center. Oh, wow. On the top, and it caused a lot of damage that caused us to, it cost us money. I never knew that. Yeah. I knew, I knew that it happened. I never knew that it caused damage to the tennis or that it was. Yeah, it caused damage. That's, and it was just like, well, we've just, uh, you know, caused harm to the building that we want to stay in. And the theater. Yeah, so, and uh, no one knows who turned that valve. There's rumors. And 
I won't say who those rumors are. Don't no, no, don't no. say. No, I was just gonna say. say if you're listening, you know what you did. You know what you did, <laughs> and I, I, I think we all would love closure on it, and a, just it's like we would love for you to come forward and, and say I did it, and I think we're leaving, but it's just like we, it's just to put a face to the crime that caused. Uh, a lot of trouble for a lot of people and you know again nowadays we know that at this point we would not be having parties so yeah. you just ended them early and we've moved on but what would be great through. would just be a tweet with a photograph of your face and the tweet can just say I did it yep <laughs> but not OJ <laughs> <laughs> I don't need OJ saying it um, yes I would love that by the time we leave this theater that that person does come forward anyway that's part of the audio tour we had awesome parties um, and now we're going back, continuing through the hallway. Like there's this like giant, this pipe is just so huge. And you would just be hanging out right next, like imagine like your head just hanging next to this pipe. It's so gross. Huge pipe. This has to be a sewage pipe. Yes. Yeah. A pipe of this gauge. is. Yeah. That's, ha- why the, uh, that's why the pipes above the stage, I'm like, there's no way they can be sewage pipes because like, yeah. Shit would get blocked. Yeah, in these are the pipes. shit pipes. This is definitely the big shit, pipe. shit pipes. This is the shit pipe. So we'll go into. We'll do this one first. This is just our. This is our prop room, and it was not always a. It was not always the prop room. It was just a basic storage room, and we had. Um, Kilgore was a show that I've mentioned earlier, and so there was Kilgore props in here. There was dr- like drum kits. There was like a bunch of garbage, and it was like all piled up. And it were like stuff for the Delphos Marathon, um, the supplies we need every year, like certain trash bins and coolers and stuff. Um, but then I had that removed and put into another room. And this is our prop room, and it's pretty well organized. People have started to remove their props since we're leaving, so it's not as crowded right now. It's a pretty well organized system, and I, and I think it um, served it served us well while we used it. And people were pretty good about not making it a mess. I rarely had to send emails asking people to treat it better. I don't think I ever had to say treat it better. I just think I just said get your props. Um, yeah, nothing too too fancy. There is. Yep, that's the Terry Withers mysteries. That's your stuff, but you donated that to us. Yeah. It's the smoke machine. It just became the community smoke machine. It's a community smoke machine that you guys donated. Have there been any shows with smoke after? Have you used that? Mod teams. Um, I can't think off the top of my head. You have the key. Yes, I have the key in my hand. So it's nothing too fancy. There's lots of rules on the outside. Yeah. There is. I mean, it's very important. I think I, I am kind of a, a rules... But it's I'm funny. an artistic director, but it's It's a funny lot to of, see them like this, though. There's so many. <laughs> this is so insane. This is really insane. But it's, it's necessary. Well, and also, as we said before... Our, this, is, this is like when like a, a, a dictator finally walks out among the people. There's like, that scene. Oh, no. Oh, there's, no. That, there's that scene in the movie Nixon where uh, he's, he's cutting the parts of the transcripts that no one can ever hear, and then he looks down at the page, and it's all red. He's like, Nixon can't be heard to say this. And he looks down, and all of it has been marked out. Um, but but these are instead of what we said before, which was when it was uh, those buckets of props in the other room, yeah. you couldn't trust it. There was no security. I think the rules did make it so that people don't take it lightly. No one comes back here to, to steal no. top hats and stuff. And a lot of it is also just 
this is a basement theater, so there are, and we are below a grocery store, a McDonald's, mm -hmm. a Taco Bandito. And there's also some jokes on here. Uh-huh, there's some sass. I put some sass yeah. in there. So having your props in a garbage bag is not good because, well, if all of a sudden there's a, a, a problem with mice or rats, they're going to get in your shit. So it's kind of a protective thing. Yeah. Can you hold this for me, Connor? Yeah. We're now going into what is called the chill-out room. Which? It's no longer. <laughs> Which, as it's long as I've locks. known it, it's been called the chill-out room and never has it... You were never inside this? No, I've been inside it, but it's never had a chill vibe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, originally it's a, it's a big room, and um, when we first moved in, it was. We had couches in here, and there was some storage, but it was mainly, it was, it was a place to chill out. So it was, um, yeah, just like a bunch of couches. And original. I didn't, I didn't know we had this many improv chairs. Yes, these are all of our Bentwood chairs that we use for uh, the during the Douglas Marathon. Gotcha. So this is um, this was a big space during parties. There'd often be a keg or two back here, and that's when the line in the hallway would get really long. Like people lined up to get to the kegs that were in uh, the chill out room. There's graffiti on the walls that is right now covered, but it's really cool. And Eugene Cordero did it. And it just gave this like a really fun hangout vibe. And then eventually, oh, like sketch, like sketch cram in the early days. This is where they would come and they would write sketch cram back here and they'd bring in printers and print stuff. Um, mod teams would meet here and have mod writers meetings. Uh, this is also where you would warm up back in the day, your, mod, your Herald team before you did it in the hallway. No you idea. came, you warmed up uh, in the chill out room. So you could be so much louder. Right. Because um, no one would hear you, the door would be shut. But then what happened is the, I forget why, and I think it was post when we stopped being able to have parties, or maybe it was right around that time, the landlord didn't want, um, just didn't want this to be a place that people congregated because it's, no, it's a storage room. And so there's, like, if there's, there's a no fire, emergency, there's no emergency, yeah. You're it's in like, oh, trouble. It's kind of terrible. The second I realized that, I'm like, oh, I'm a little claustrophobic. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's a little terrifying it is. back there's here. Like, it's definitely like a safety issue. So yeah. it's, like, it, it's like, it totally makes sense. It's a death trap. It's a, it could be definitely a death trap. So it's one of those things of like, yeah, it was great. With anything, and even with like the Chelsea Theater, like I never took it for granted because you would know that anything can go away at any time. So it's like hanging out in here was fun while it lasted but it would also like people would smoke like when we first moved into the Chelsea Theater people smoked in the green room you would smoke back here and then it finally got to a point I mean I might have been a squeaky wheel on that one I was just like I can't I can't like tolerate the smoke like I'm not allergic to it but I don't like leaving a, a place and smelling like smoke yeah Connor or JD will you grab that dolphin head oh yeah there's a lot of drums back here that's um Oh, uh -oh. drums nice. there and drums over there. Thank you. Will you just hold it, Connor? I honestly, this is just like a side thing. I need to take a photo. Oh, it's so fragile. That's okay. Oh. That's great. I don't think this is. No, it's different. Okay. Um, you can put. You can just put it up on top of this cooler. Okay. What was I saying? Um, yeah, so eventually we couldn't. So then that's when this was, oh, this is now just strictly storage. So Why are there so many drums? Oh, that's actually Dave Murray's drum kit. There's actually not as many drums as there used. That's a drum kit. Okay. That's, there's actually that. No, no, that's like a full drum kit. 
Is this weird? The shelf has a drum system? Feels like there's two oh, yes. full drum kits. Any th we used to have a lot more drum parts. We had like, I feel like we had like drum sets that said David Wayne on them, but they were like all busted from when like, maybe we used them a long time ago for Soundtracks Live. Are these extra seats for the theater? These are extra seats for the theater. In case they break? In case they break. We also have East Village Theater seats oh. up here. There's a lot of stuff back here. Yeah. But most of this was in that small prop room we were just in. Ooh. There's a big Kil Kilgore box. Yes, okay. there's Kilgore stuff. A bunch of this stuff is getting tossed. A bunch of stuff actually has already been tossed. This was much more packed mm -hmm. um, up until like three weeks ago. There's a lot more stuff in here. Oh, and actually it's gone. I was going to say the overhead projector that Delaney used uh, was back here, but we tossed that because it no longer works. There's three beer pong tables over there that we would bring out during parties that we still have. Um, but yeah, eventually, once this was beca became storage, then I made it priority to make that other storage room get cleared out and put in here so we could make that a nice prop storage room and give us all more space in the green room to hang out. So everything is just constantly fluid. It's going to change and adjust for the Now that, for the I better. see a, a big sign there that says, that's is that something from the old? That's an Upright Citizens Brigade goggles. I don't yeah. know if it says theater on it or not. It might just say Upright Citizens Brigade, yeah. but that might be from 22nd Street Theater. But we tend to keep those and... We might actually bring that. That probably might like get brought to the office and hung somewhere at the training center or the yeah. office. There's a photo of Zach Woods from Kilgore. We'll definitely like we'll keep that. I'm gonna probably try and get that hung yeah. somewhere in the lobby of the it's new great. theater. And then right next to it, you can't see it, but there's a Delaney one that's also very covered in blood. I think that's Delaney. There's a Delaney one where he's just like soaked in blood, and it's really yeah. great. Like the painting is soaked in blood, not Delaney in the in the, in the painting. Um, Trying to think if there's anything else back here of uh, like all this over here. No one can see it, but it's just the Del Close Marathon is such a huge festival, and it's three days. But like we have to keep all the stuff that we use each year because we can't buy stuff. It's already an expensive festival. Like you can see party space five of six. So like this is just so that we can. Throw yeah, I see that. like a bunch of tables that say party space. There's all these like garbage cans. Yeah, if it says party space, coolers. it's the stuff we use for the party space during Del Close Marathon. A giant bucket that says Diva Cup. That is for I believe Eileen um, Little Hands Clark's uh, cage match character Diva Cup. <laughs> I think this is a prop. <laughs> that's not what a Diva Cup actually looks like, Connor. I don't. Know. I wouldn't know. It's a little. Too I hear big. you talk about them, but I guess that's they're huge. See, I talk about them so that you'll look into them and understand the female body more, but that's up to you. I don't, like, I don't know what these chairs are. We have all these blue folding chairs, and I don't know why we have them. Blue and red folding chairs. Hmm. Um, they must have been for something, <laughs> but we have them. But yeah, all the Chelsea extra seats and East Village extra seats. What are the trampolines for? Um, trampolines are from the Tate brothers. Remember earlier? Yeah, earlier. This is a, a callback. This was, and I actually just learned this a few weeks ago because I didn't know, but this was from... Uh, when they did the Tate Brothers uh, at a Central Park summer stage show, maybe like in 2008 or something like that, or 2007, I don't know how long ago. So they were used once, and they looked pretty brand new. So yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that's, uh, this is, yeah, it was the chill-out room, and then it became storage, and... A lot of shovels. A lot of shovels, because when, when the snow comes so nice. down, somebody has to shovel the front and it's yeah. usually Nancy uh, and or previous facility manager, her son, or Alex Sidis. Um, and then just for maintaining. It's part of, you know, owning a business, running a business is um, a lot of work and takes a lot of people. 
and I think it would benefit a lot of people to understand that more. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> just figure out what it takes to just keep the lights on in a theater. For every light on, there's probably two people required part just of, to keep it going. Part of the graffiti on the wall says, what is game? Question <laughs> mark. I wonder if Eugene did that. Yeah. That's fun. Oh, I wish we could see that. I'm going to I'm going to put in a request that once this gets cleared out, we make sure that we take photos of that stuff. Cuz Eugene made some There's there's definitely photos of this space when we used to party in it that have uh that have it. But yeah. I think at one point the landlord asked us to paint the walls because he, they didn't want to look like a place that people hang out in, but it was like we there's so much shit in here. Clearly we don't hang out. So, I think they into that. Another fun fact about this space back here. Um, there's a couple storage rooms. You just got, yeah, pull it hard. You can't hurt it. That's good enough. Um, there's three rooms back here. This one says number two. It's not ours. Maybe at one point it was. And um, it's not the. Uh, it wasn't the chill-out room, which we were just in. Oh my god, this is so sad that I can't even get this locked to. Here, you do the hosting, I'll do the lock. Great, thank you. Don't edit that out. Thank you. Um, one of these rooms, either two or three, which we were in possession of them both, and then maybe they took the other one away. I can't remember, but... One of these rooms, two or three, when we first moved in, a homeless man was using as his toilet. So um, there's a back back entrance where there's dump there used to be the dumpsters. Right. And we think he would come in that way, then come in and then use this room as a, as a toilet. Maybe he slept in the hallways at night or something, but he definitely, or she, <laughs> I shouldn't assume it was a man. He or she or they could have done anything, and they shat in there. And I'd forget. Um, I'd always thought it was Seth Morris that was that had to clean it up, but I was corrected when I asked Alex Sidis. And I, I'm, her name is off. The, it's, it's escaping my mind. Her name's Deborah, and she lives in LA now. And her and um, a gentleman fella of hers cleaned up the human shit. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and then at the new space, Hell's Kitchen, we didn't have a, a homeless person shitting. But there was a, the Hell's Kitchen space was empty for several months before we um, took it over and then got the keys to it. And there was a rat that just had a time of it in the ladies' room. Oh, God. Oh, God. And I personally swept up all those rat turds. So I really oh. just, you know, it was a nice transition. Um, we could walk down here. Yeah. Why not? Connor, we're starting to walk down the hallway. There's a pump room. And... Um, I believe this, there's a lot of signs that were not always here that just say no items in the hallway, which is a big reason why eventually we weren't allowed to have tables for sketch teams and sketch shows in the hallway during, uh, for them to change and grab props from because we were leaving a mess in the hallway and it was uh, a fire hazard of sorts. And during my era of Herald Night, this is where Herald teams would always warm up. Yes. There was always a puddle in the far back corner and yes. a puddle right here. There's always puddles. It's not as bad now. I think they start to, like, as they, they let them get to a point and then they fix them. This was also 
this is the way you'd go to secretly get certain celebrities and whatnot out of the building. Yes, there's two ways to get people in and out if they, if they are of a higher status. And there's a back stairwell into a dumpster area, um, which is also a place that people will go over there and they'll smoke in the dumpster area, smoke their cigarettes. Um, someone within the last year went, uh, went back there to smoke a cigarette and, and came upon uh, someone getting a blowjob. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> It's a very dark alley. <laughs> More power to you. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Then there's also another entrance that yeah. um, on 8th Avenue, there's a giant gate in like a little grassy area. And there's only, according to the landlord, there's only one key to that lock. And so it's not, if anyone's like, I want to get in that get in that way, it's like, well, we, we don't have the key to it. We, have, we need to give like days notice to get right. the key. So we have, you know, a few times let... Amy in that way. I let Tina Fey in that way once. Um, but yeah, but no more. No more secret entrances. And now we are back in the theater. Back in the, in the theater. And the, the staff has arrived and they're getting ready um, for the start of the night's shows. And I think that concludes the audio tour. I'm going to say I think part one was much better than part two because of my energy. Um, well, let's do one last lap. One Just last see lap. if there's anything that you've Yes, okay. We're walking. I also think there's a lot of good content in this second part, though. There's things that I didn't know about that I think yeah. are fascinating. I yeah. actually think the second part probably has more listening qualities. There's more stories involved. Okay. All right, I'm convinced. So I don't, don't, don't judge good. the They're first part. Both parts are good, though. Okay. I like them both. How about there's... A li- okay, we're back in the theater. Oh, and the, the, the lights are on now. The lights are on, so we can see the frames. Where was that light switch? So against the back... Uh, the back of the house where audience will often stand. Eugene Cordero just walked in at the end of audio tour of the uh, UCB Theater. Wow, you can't even see me. Uh, I can't even see you. This is me hugging Eugene. Eugene's Hi. in town from Los Hi, Angeles. How's it going? JD. Hey, Eugene. Oh, wow, you guys are just meeting for the first time on this oh, audio cool. tour? You're also on a podcast called 12 Hour Day. Love it. Oh, that's great. I forgot yeah, that great. we're still doing our podcast. Oh, yeah. We're also doing a podcast. <laughs> you're, on, you're on two podcasts right uh-huh, now. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm doing a walking tour. Comedy for, podcast for And this. then 12 Hour Day. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm just doing some final thoughts. What's, your, what's a memory right now that pops in your head from the use from Chelsea? Um, just seeing the box office. I used to be an intern here. And, uh, and my wife... Um, I reconnected with my wife here, and she started taking classes, and I interned, and Eli let me let her in for free, so I looked like a real fucking champ. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why we have a baby now. (laughs) So that happened. And also, this is like where fucking everything happened, man. Yeah. Makes me sad. Tagged the shit out of that wall for New Year's. Yes, and we were just in the... um, Chill out the chill-out room, which you also Is that still... Tagged. No, you guys painted over that. We didn't. It's still up. Is it's it just, really? Yeah, it's just I'll, all fucked up. It's just all covered with storage. What was the thing you saw? the question? What is game? Question mark. Did you put that up there? No. That was someone else. Yeah. Steve Dressler, Dressler. probably put that up because yeah. he was still trying to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. Uh, this is good it. content. Uh, yeah. This is good content. So cool. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So I was about to talk about... Back here is... Uh, all these photos, but uh, there's a ledge back here that people always try to sit on. Uh-huh. But this is not a load-bearing. You're kidding um, me. Oh yeah, people. This one actually not that bad. 
that has this thing. But as you get to the sides, yeah, it's totally coming off the wall. People try and sit on it, and you have to be like, you can't sit so on it. It's so high. It's so high. But, you know, they, they, they try it. Is this still Performer's Corner? Yes, that's still Performer's Corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, is there going to be a seat at the new theater for Achilles? <laughs> I did when mention that earlier. It's yeah. a good callback yeah. to part one of the walking tour. Good callback to part one of the walking tour. He was the amazing guy who would stay for all of. What's DCM. interesting now? It was kind of we had Achilles, but now it's it's grown to like there's probably like dozen or so people that are at every like a lot of shows all oh, the cool. time that you can um, point out and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's That's great. Yeah, as the theater gets bigger, there's there's more and more people that hang out. Um, All right, I'm gonna yeah. go along. You, you can walk with. Where are you, where are you walking? I'm on? just I trying to see what the rest of the tour is. Yeah. Oh, I'm just trying. I'm at the end of it. I'm just we're just doing one more pass through to see if there's anything that I've missed on this uh-huh. walking tour. And there's and that's the only thing that came up was Eugene Cordero and the the back wall ledge. Those and are both. Does anybody ever talk about how? Intimidating it was to walk by all of these old pictures when you first started doing classes and shit here, seeing like all of the original UCB on the yeah. wall. It was just like, fuck, I'm not going to be able to perform here. Well, I think and it's now, something similar that came up is like, I think now when you walk by, there's no context to these photos. And I think you and I, since we started so early on in, in UCB's existence, yeah. that we know what all these things are. Yeah. But there's definitely people now that take classes that they're not taking classes because of the UCB4. They're taking them because of... Um, Mother. <laughs> like, a, you know, like a Sashir, they see Ben Schwartz. Yeah. Or like they hear about Katie, you know, Katie Dippold's writing or like any thou- of the thousands, Aubrey, Ellie, whatever. And they're not on this wall. I mean, they'll eventually, everyone, eventually this, this stuff will change at the new space. Like, we'll add new stuff. But, yeah, it's like, what is... I don't think anyone would know what, like, even... Um, Connor asked me about the Tate Brothers. Oh, God. So funny. Yeah. This was the first show that I ever saw at Solaris. Saigon Suicide Squad. Yeah. And it was um, insane. Right, Solaris, which is the original. So you saw a Solar Arts show. I never, made, I never saw a Solar Arts show. Yeah. That was I, the original venue that the UCB would rent out mm-hmm. to do shows. And I did um, Sean Conroy's Lights for his one-man show. Uh, teach or um, um, no, no, taught? No. no. No, before taught. It was like... He was, like, playing Sean Connery and stuff. I fucked up his audio all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Um, and then I would, yeah, and then I would DJ for the swarm there. Oh, so good. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. This is crazy, you guys. Yeah. I think this is the end of the, to- of the audio tour. <laughs> yeah. It feels like it, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I kind of just want to hang out with Eugene, and I don't want other people to have that. Yeah. <laughs> Aw. Aw. But we're still on the 12-hour day podcast. All right, well, that concludes our audio tour of the UCB Theater Chelsea. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, and if you're listening to this and I'm dead, boo. <laughs> oh, way to end it with a ghost. <laughs> I remember sitting... Oh, I just hit off. Did I fuck it up? No, you're probably fine. Fuck. If not, you have you it have all. It. I have yeah. it. Oh my God. Wait, what's the 12-hour podcast? 12-hour day with J.D. and Connor is a podcast that J.D. and I have been doing for a few years now, and every episode is at least 12 hours long, unedited. The whole ep- that episode? Each episode is 12 hours long. We usually run long, so most of them are like 12 and a half hours, 13 How hours. How do you run past 12 hours? Because you, you, get, you get close to it, and then you, you have other stuff to say, or it's like we got... 
we're not we're nowhere close to being home yet. So we'll uh, like we'll head back to Queensboro Plaza. And it might take an extra twenty minutes or something. You would think that we've never come close to being twelve hours. Is there is there moments where you guys are just quiet and just like? Riding yeah, I mean we've talked about this before. But there was one episode where we flew to a wedding in Denver and we both fell asleep on the airplane for hours. I was sitting uh, in this theater. One, I remember in my early going to shows all the time. I remember going to see. Was it Weird Birds? Was that? Yeah. 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 And we're sitting toward the front. And, and it was one of the formative shows in terms of when I really didn't know who anybody was in terms of performers. I was just going to see things. And I remember uh, the image of the beginning of it was just, because I think I knew what one, was it, what would it have been paired with? Um, I'm not sure. I wonder whether I even saw a spank of it or whether yeah. it was in the run or something. But I remember just the image came up and it was that bird and he just said, weird birds. Mm -hmm. I was like, what's this? Mm -hmm. And... I remember the seal bit uh -huh. uh, where you were seal's uh, backup singer, and so you're just singing the the backing vocals. And uh, but I just remember loving that show so much. Oh, that's great. But it was also a show, it was also that thing where you realize like you, when you see stuff and you have no context for it, so it's just pure discovery. You like don't know what the show is or what it where it's going. Uh, oh man, it's a really good memory. Man. What a fun place. Mm -hmm. So wait, shows go until the end of this month? Yeah, Harold Knight on the 28th will be the last public show. Mm -hmm. and, oh, then and then there's, there's the private yeah. on, the 20, on the 29th, the private week. Two weeks. God, that's crazy. Dude, Anthony putting up the cracked out wedding. I have... Um, so many more photos. I'm gonna do my. I was like, because oh. I, I have like my own. It's fun to hear all this. The orals, like his version of it. Yeah. And then the things like he remembers, of course, because he was artistic director. And then yeah. I just remember like, instead of flowers, it just was like cabbage leaves. Oh my god. Yeah. And I had like I baked brownies and and like pretended and like sold them or like gave them out so people thought they were pop brownies just to see like the placebo effect. Oh my god. And there was like, and I was also being. Oh, no, that's right. We're being recorded right now. Um, there's certain photos also that I have that I'm just like, oh, I would never post those. We yeah. talked earlier about, like, what we did years ago versus what we would do now. Yeah. The that's when the fire department came, right? That was the night where they, the electricity was being turned off, and we thought it was the night before. Oh, right. I, th I think I remember the cops coming. Yeah. And then, not, like, in a bad way, just being like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, yeah, Cracked Out Wedding was... So now, what awesome. was Cracked Out Wedding? So it's John Daly and um, um, Brett, Brett Gelman, Brett Gelman got, have, married. got married. So they have a rap duo called Cracked Out. Mm -hmm. It's rap Zilla and... Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, I'm sorry. I God, me too. I'm sorry, I forget. But it's like, okay. just honestly, if, if you listen, like, just looked up. Their raps were so funny. So great. So just fucking fucked up and dark and funny. Um, so they did Cracked Out Wedding, which was like a Tony and Tina's wedding, where they got married to each other. Their mm -hmm. characters got married to each other. And everyone was just like in insane outfits. Like Manzukas mm -hmm. was dressed as Osama bin Laden. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and there was other, other costumes I... Me and Bobby weren't sure who wanted to use the wheelchair, so we just switched off. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Neil Casey has, uh, was dressed as a priest and holding a neon God Hates Fags poster. Um, and it was like, yeah, it was just like everyone on stage 
And uh, so they were getting married, and uh, Rob Hubel was the officiant. I think he was oh, dressed as Ted, tonight. maybe as like Ted Nugent. Is it Tonoy? Podcast? Yeah. This is, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Twelve hour podcast, Eric Tonoy. And um, there was a. Uh, yeah. No, no, you're part of the podcast. Okay. Not interrupting. There was um, a scheduled power outage um, that we thought was going to happen midnight on Thursday. But instead, it happened midnight Friday. They said midnight Friday, so we thought that meant Thursday into Friday. What's but it actually happened uh, midnight Friday. So during the show, all of a sudden, all the power went out. Because maybe the shows were like 11.30 at that yeah. time. Maybe, and then we put... Uh, so then all of a sudden, the power went out. And the audience thought it was part of the show. Yeah. <laughs> but like Anthony, like no one knew what was going on, and he tried to figure it out. And then eventually, we kept going. We just had flashlights... Like, all the photos I took are just, like, flash. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, like, the flash, like, in-the-dark flash type of photos. Yeah. Um, What's the purpose of a, of a scheduled power outage? What are, what are they doing that where they would turn out the power? Oh, fucking no, Connor. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Probably restarting, maintenance. Some kind of maintenance, you know? Yeah, yeah they were, yeah. <laughs> They had to reboot it. <laughs> they had to reboot yeah. it. Turn it off and on. Make sure it works. Reboot. Yeah. yeah. I don't, yeah, seconds. probably some kind of maintenance thing where they think yeah. midnight on Friday, this build, like, these businesses are not going to need. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so it just made it all the better that it was just like turned into insanity and but it's interesting because this space does have a backup generator but since they turned the power off on purpose it's not gonna like during um, the blackout in 2003 it was like August whatever 2003 I was down here because there was a show that Amy Poehler was doing with her friend Amy Miles called Soundtracks Live and it was at that time I think it was Pretty in Pink so it was like a like a parody of like a redone version of Pretty of Pink with like live band and stuff and we were down here um, the rehearsals were happening and I was like a glorified stagehand I like in character would like walk across and like maybe had one line but it was like an awesome experience just to be a part of it and we had no idea that the blackout had happened and then I think it was Rachel Dratch who came down for the rehearsal and she was like, do you guys know what's going on outside? Because you, you didn't have cell phones back then. You, know, you weren't looking at Twitter and all that stuff. And I was like, what? And then we all walked out. And it just was like, it was just gridlock. Yeah. Because none of the, the streetlights were working. It was just like complete gridlock. Yeah. And all the power was out. And it was like, what? And it felt like a terrorist attack. Yeah, it was like very like, what is happening? Because, yeah, it was like yeah. a couple years after um, 9-11. And so I was like, what is happening? And I remember calling, we had a landline here. So landlines still work because those don't require power. And I knew of a couple friends that had a landline. So I remember like calling them and being like, what's going on? Like if they knew anything. And I think Jack McBrayer was in the show, but he was at Conan doing a bit. And so, or he was stuck in the subways maybe. Mm-hmm. I think Conan that night was just like in the, like they just filmed it like in the dark with flashlights or something. Yeah. It was like a very, but yeah, that was like a, and then it just became a place where like everyone just stayed here and we like got word out that like, oh, we have power and air conditioning. So if you want to come and hang out here, you know, the show's going to go on still. Like we're still going to have shows tonight. I think um, Charlie Todd. Charlie Todd. 12 hour podcast, Hi. baby. Oh, are you on the 12 hour? No, you are. Right you are oh, on nice. 12 hour day. Good. We're right into your microphone. Yeah. Nice. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Good to see you. Hi. Hi. Also, Hi. in that story, that means you had somebody's landline phone number memorized. Or written down, oh, yeah. yeah. Like you had an address book with you. I had an address book probably had, on no me. I, yeah. I was living in New York at that time when the blackout happened, and I had an old rotary phone 
that I didn't realize worked, but my, but my regular phone landline didn't work because it was also an electric, like it had a power source. But I, I could receive calls, but I couldn't make them on when I realized the old rotary phone actually still worked. Uh, I just couldn't dial out. Because you didn't know your number, or it just didn't work? Uh, no, the, it, the, that part of the phone didn't, oh. didn't work for some reason. Because it was just an old like prop phone that I had that I realized actually worked. Wait, what was the trivia? I know, I was looking at that too. It was what UCB performer is named Anthony Atamanik. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, uh, are you a guest on the 12-hour podcast right now? Uh, just happened to be here. Well, no, we did a simultaneous. I recorded yeah. a walking audio tour Welcome of this day. Oh, cool. It's so and exciting. I, I recommended like this to someone else earlier this week, podcast. so it's very exciting so to, it, to be so here for it. Uh, for, hey, if you're listening, I'm here. So. UCB long-form conversations. Now, is there a video that goes along with it or pictures? Or? I took some oh. photos as we went along. So. They're not going to be great. The, uh, yeah, and I forgot to take some photos some places, and I'm gonna. I'm not, I don't have time to really listen to it to know the order of the photos. Be great, great use of Nate Russell's virtual reality thing that he's been pushing is to yeah. get a yes. 360 camera in the center. Um, yeah, we don't have that, but uh, Morgan Evans is coming by tomorrow. He has some special camera that can take 3D photos. Oh, cool! That oh, he's cool. going to come and take 3D photos of the exterior and interior tomorrow, like pre ASCAT and during ASCAT to get some kind of. So when we're all yeah. 75 yeah. years old and we want to like. Relive. Now, are these like high-tech 3D photos, or are they like Eric Drysdale, old-timey 3D photos? Yeah, they're Viewmaster. <laughs> I, haven't I haven't seen them yet, and I didn't oh. Google the camera. I just got the request today. Uh, now, uh, we, we should fill in listeners that um, as more and more performers are filing in, this is because the, the first show of the evening is the curfew. And yes. so uh, these are all members of the curfew uh, who are one by one arriving at the theater for Saturday night's show as part of the New York Comedy Festival. No, it's no, they're not. not. It's not. No, it's a. Uh, that you were. No, no, not all shows are. Oh. So our show is only twelve dollars. Save three dollars next Save year. Th- what a bargain! Uh, if you're in town that weekend, save three. So the festival. What time does the festival start tonight? After nine o'clock, I think. It's a nine o'clock right, festival. Goat part of it. Goat's not. Oh, but there's goat, a festival show at nine. Stand up at nine. So this festival's getting a late start on Saturday night. Yeah. If um, someone writes on your on like an Instagram post, punch me in the face, Shannon. Like that's aggressive, right? Yes, yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah have you met? I them? mean, do you not know the person? I don't know who the hell they are. Then it's aggressive. Yeah. yeah. I don't like this. Eugene, you know your picture is still up at the bathroom in the training center. Oh, good. Okay. Oh, the like what is it like the, the singing singing center? Yeah. yeah. Can I tell? So you know why that picture looks so weird? My eyes are actually closed, and they had what? Um, Photoshop. Photoshopped my eyes open, so that's no. why. No. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I gotta look at what we're getting now. That's funny. So that's why it feels strange. Like, they were like, we need feels a photo strange. for this poster. Yeah. The only photo we have is of Eugene, Eugene singing, his... but he sings with his eyes closed. <laughs> so they superimposed my eyes open because my eyes do not look like that. That's so funny. Were you doing a Lincoln Center thing at the time, or was that a UCB yeah. thing at the. Was it like when UCB did shows at Lincoln Center for them, or you were. Yeah, I think so. Oh. That's also funny. It's like they made a poster of. Yeah. The performer from another theater with yeah. his eyes closed. So strange. How many hours have you guys been recording? I think we're like seven and a half hours in. Good day? It's been a good day. We, we're doing the whole, spend a day at Chelsea, and then we're going to go up into the window for the next five You're hours. You're going to hang out in the um, upstairs window? Yeah. Okay, cool. Just watch people walk by, <laughs> talk to people <laughs> as they pop in. Nice. Yeah, it's been I good. saw the new space. You walked in? No, I walked by. Walked by. 
It's very different inside than outside. Yeah, the outside is... Outside uh, feels like it's in the future. Yeah, it's very um, mis inside cons is from the past? Misrepresentation. Yes, it's it a is. misrepresentation. Yeah. The inside is nicer than this space, but it is... Hey, it Kevin. feels like a theater. It feels it like, a, yeah. worn, like a, a worn end theater. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Eugene. That's very good. Hey, buddy. How are you? Hey, man. What are you listening to? Uh, podcast. Left, right, and center. We're on a podcast. You're on a podcast right now. You're on a yeah. podcast right now, man. You're in the middle of a 12-hour day. Where's Connor? He's in the bathroom. His mic's still you on. You don't go in there. His mic's on in the bathroom. Yeah. You guys just don't talk it out in there? Well, right now, I'm, he's, wash, he's washing his hands right now. Well, how do you feel about me plugging other podcasts in your podcast? I think that's great. I say go for it. Great. Oh, uh, yeah, the inside of the Hell's Kitchen Theater is, uh, yeah, it does not match the outside. What it's is still, it going to be called? Is it used to be, be Hell's Kitchen? Hell's Kitchen. The outside will just say the Upright Citizen Theater. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. We don't know when we'll be able to change the outside. So right now, theater. yeah, yeah. The what? Cordero. UCB Gordon Ramsay presents House Kitchen. Upright <laughs> Cordero <laughs> Brigade. <laughs> but yeah, the inside definitely has its charm and, and flaws. It does. Yeah, it is funny great. how many people are scared about the outside being nice, which is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> any other business would be like, what? That's yeah, that's point? Right. It's yeah. like it's too nice, it's too nice. But the inside is like. This, I mean, uh, not as nice. not as bad as this. How many but seats? It's is that? This, but it's dark. 160 yeah. seats. Cool okay. feeling like this. What is this? Hey, this Hi. is like 150 plus like the weird benches. So we Welcome say like 158 uh -huh. plus standing room. There'll be. Um, figure out what the standing room is. Is there a performers corner type thingy? Mm, kind of, but I don't want that to happen. I think mm -hmm. there won't be. There can't be. Where it could be, but it's the performers corner is also just like we talked about it earlier. It's like so distracting. Is, sure. there, is there a performance corner in either LA theater? Um, not well, kind of. It's like where you walk by to get backstage, kind of in a similar way. But you can only really do a row. And it's like pulling the curtain after you walk through the office. In Franklin, space? yeah, right past, right, right after past. the office space before you get backstage. It's like that oh, you're same opening. Kind of thing. Yeah, they're gonna open the house. I do think this corner, as performance corner or whatever, uh, is rare. Yeah, there wasn't really even that kind of spot at the old old space. Twenty right? Second Street. Yeah, no, no. So like, like this is just it was just performers in the audience. There's, yeah, there's yeah, never yeah. been a spot where you could be in the green room and poke your head out and like, oh, someone's doing something on stage. I'm gonna watch it for five minutes and go back in. That's really yeah, rarely it's a thing. Very rare. The twenty yeah. the the at Twenty Second Street though, you could actually. You could still sit. Like, you were sitting on those benches on the side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, that's where a lot of performers were yeah. sitting at that bench. I remember, like, being that a college student and seeing, like, you and Curtis Squared sitting on, on the benches. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then if anybody came right in that was performing, you kind of felt like you had to get up. <laughs> um, but there wasn't, like, a green room accessible right. way to watch shows live. Right. But I don't think that's at anything. <laughs> it is sad to lose that, but it's... It's rare that we, it's, it's more just like, oh, that's a cool thing we had that I think we took yeah, for granted. Yeah, we caught a unicorn and now we got to let it go. <laughs> Someone else gets that unicorn. They're going to open the house. What do you we, guys need to we do? We should probably maneuver up yeah, to the we'll window. Start. I'll help you figure it out. Yeah. How are you? How's the little one? He's good. Uh, he's good. Super cute. Getting thick? Getting thick. Is your kid getting thick? Get that thick kid. Fucking Quincy, little, aka little Snappy, doing great. Are you, are you in town for family business or? Uh, a mix. A mix. So business brought you, and you could see family. Yeah, that's good. 
Business brought me so then I came earlier and went up to Rhode Island to visit my folks. We'll replace that. Are your folks living in Rhode Island now? Near your sister? Yeah. yeah we'll so you can see the grandkids? Yeah. I'll bring, I'm going to bring all my stuff. Be, I'm going to leave some stuff down here. We might be trying to get them into an LA one. Mm. So it's also trying to figure out that whole situation. Right. And also, you know, you know, I'm like, is it Happy Gilmore that the grandma's in the um, old folks home? Yeah. Where Ben Stiller lives? Right. So that creepy kind of thing still kind of haunts me. But I'm just, <laughs> I like... I'm worried all the time. Man, the conversations we have have changed in this green room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, my conversation in this green room used to be like, who took my cooking king away? That's my cooking. I'm good. Right. Um, I'm allergic. Really? Mm-hmm. I, I meant no offense. No, no, no. You're I'll, allergic to apples? Take, yeah. The skin. So am I. I have the same thing. If you can, if you What if I don't like this? Are you mad? I can no. eat. I have the exact same thing. Them. What about almonds? We have the same one. <laughs> hey. Almonds, sometimes avocados. Sometimes. Depends. Um, uh, pears, anything like that. I wonder if it's the pest. I don't know. Because like if there's, a, there's a specific type of seed fruit mm -hmm. that it's that where it's like this really bizarre mix of like almonds, pears, apples, yeah. avocados. Sometimes almonds are okay. If, I mean, if they're roasted... Great. Exactly. If they're raw, I might have an issue. Exactly. What's the issue? Like gas? No. Uh, like itchy mouth. Yeah. Um, like throat. Yeah, your throat and mouth, you get this like, Ugh. just like swollen feeling. Are you That's allergic terrible. to um, aspirin also? I, you know what? Can you take Advil? I, I do Advil, but not aspirin. You can't do Advil. I can't do Advil. I can't do aspirin. Yeah. Aspartame, bad for me. Interesting. Oh, yeah. I'm curious if it's all the same chemicals. And I was going to say, I remember that we did overlap years ago on the weirdest. I directed a pilot with John Michael Higgins. Uh huh. That you did like the smallest the bit on. Thing yeah. On? And it was one of the weirdest. It was a project was it that. Was a morning show type thing? It's like, uh, what a day? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a thing that was written and produced in like a week and a half. But I was like, I know we've overlapped somewhere. Very cool. Are you just handing out apples? Is this like a I bought, instead I, of Halloween? Well, he bought apples for us to share them, and I was like, I can't. Right. I don't can't eat apples. Yeah. I was just looking for a, a cheap thing to buy. That so would funny last how the, day. the the one thing that you decide to bring, there's two people that cannot eat. Them. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Strange. I know. Don't let me forget my crackers. I left my crackers down here. KD. Okay. I won't leave. Uh, we gotta, we'll we gotta leave tonight. Yeah. I get those um, Murph Meyer and Diana Kolsky. You know them? Probably not. It's Diana's uh, birthday party. Very cool. And, we get uh, chairs for the. I've missed the last yeah. two years, but they do a keg and weed party. Should, should we get chairs for the window? If you want. Where Where would be Where could we get chairs from? Um, we can take some. Uh, probably from the backstage. Okay. You can fit like a. No, I mean, we can take some of those bed ones. Oh, where we're gonna store the beer at the Hell's Kitchen would probably be like a hot chicks crawl space. <laughs> Let's get you settled up there, and then we'll figure yeah. out what you want to fit yeah. in it. Because if you want, like a, you can fit a folding chair, but like only sideways. Were those stools, maybe? You want to sit on a stool? No. I think no, you no. maybe maybe a Bentwood chair would be the easiest. I think that's smart. Yeah. 
sorry. Go right ahead. All right, we're now we're now fighting the tide as we. One, two, three. Sorry. Guys, it's the perfect time to go upstairs. I know. Great time. Excuse me. Sorry. There's a sold-out crowd entering the theater. We're we're now leaving the theater. I think it's nice to get the audio atmosphere of this. Yeah. People coming down the stairs, side by side. All right. Sorry, these adult men are going to hang out in this window for five hours. Did I break that? Did I break it? Did I break gonna, it? No, 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 you didn't break it. There is an outlet up there. That's great. You see it up there? Yeah. That's perfect. Do you want an extension cord? I got one. Oh. You want a space heater? Right, we're not there in the window. One, maybe. We'll okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be back. All right. Great. I think you'll want Bentwood chairs. We'll get you Bentwood chairs. That's great. Thank you, Shannon. And um, a space heater. All right, That's I'll great. be back. I might bring a stool or something just to put the equipment on. Or one yeah. of those mini block tables I'll steal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I will. I'll put my bag downstairs. Sorry, I'm gonna scooch by you. Now, uh, just for listeners, my audio uh, JD still and I is. are now yeah, in the is. window at UCB. And. Uh, there's a thing I hadn't noticed before, which Sorry. is a, a, a safety <laughs> pin that hang, is hanging uh, like an oversized. I'm mic'd for their podcast still. Like They're going to be in the window. Tower. For the rest this is actually a functioning safety pin. I can't tell. I'm going to give them a couple chairs. Like you have an extra space heater? Oversized safety uh, pin that's hanging from the ceiling here. I can also find one. Um, or just take the one from the green room. This makes me feel like I wish right. we'd done this every week. Yeah, so do I. I love being in here. Um, it's very fun. All right, I'm going to go get my other stuff to plug all this in. Okay, and I'll just be here. Do you want me to monologue while you go take care of stuff? Yes, I'll leave my microphone here. Okay. Um, so right now I'm in the window of UCB Chelsea. JD is leaving all of the gear on the ground. Shannon has gone to go get uh, chairs for us or something else. And... Uh, uh, the store open here, and I'm very excited to be in this uh, in this little chamber for the next how many hours? What time is it now? It's it is now 7:22, and and we're going to be here until midnight, I think. And uh, it really is. I've never been in this window except I think on one other occasion. I was in this window when the stepfathers took a, uh, our, our, our team photo at one point was taken in this window. Um, but now I think it's an ideal place to record several hours of a podcast. Here Shannon's bright chair. Thank you, Shannon. One bent wood. Thank you. And that's better than a yeah. folding. I wish I had hosted a, just a private interview show in here on a regular basis now. <laughs> One audience member, one guest, one host. If you want, uh-huh. you have permission to move these posters? Just like move them? Well, I mean, I don't know if they're blocking something, if you want people to I see. I think we can work around it. I think okay. if necessary, I guess we would move them higher, but I, don't, I think they're good where they are for the... I mean, just for po- if you want to take the effort of moving them and then putting them back where they are. Yeah, I'll, I'll wait till JD gets back. But well, we might do that as long as that we, we'll. Uh... Ooh, a space eater! Great. 
go. This is a nice space heater. Is this not donated by um, Reggie Watts? Reggie Watts. Oh, we got a Reggie Watts space heater. He donated it to the theater. Fantastic. Isn't that nice? How nice of him. It's a very nice one. It's like a Dyson, but it's not a Dyson. Well, and fortunately, since we need it at the new theater. It's a Dyson. I'm sorry. It is a Ooh, Dyson. It's a Dyson. <laughs> Fucking hell. That's awesome. Um, Will we meet at the new theater? Yeah, probably. Yeah. It's New York City. It's hard to keep any place in New York City warm. Yeah. All right. We got John D. That'll be here all night outside. We'll try to we'll try to keep him entertained. You can also take that um, safety pin down. Okay. Yeah, I'll do that. It's kind of blocking you, right? Yeah. Now the standby being let in. It's a lot of standby. A lot of standby. And you don't have to put it back up. Really? No, we're moving. Okay. Just leave it on the ground. Okay. What was the safety pin for? That is that, um, that, the... it means like we're a safe space for all people. Like the oh, right. we're like post. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I you know, remember now. Trump's a monster, so we all had to figure out a way to talk to each other to yeah. say Perfect. we're good. And you have a space heater. And oh, I'll get you. you. Uh, do you want a, a table for your stuff? Yeah, I can go grab it though if you want. I'll find something of. Um, JD, I know where there's uh, Shannon said if we want to take the posters down temporarily, we can. Um, Sorry. Yeah. Uh, we just got to put them back up when we're done. Right. Uh, so. This is a tight fit, huh? It's a tight fit, but I, I gotta say, I love it, JD. We're, there are these posters Here announcing. Kind of, let's just take two of the posters this down. Next between us. Yeah. Yeah, we only. Oh, shoot. What? Someone's mic is feeding that. Alright, uh, we're taking the posters on. There's these nice posters that are on the uh, window at Chelsea right now announcing the move to Hell's Kitchen. They are blocking our, uh, our, our ability to be seen, so we're going to temporarily take them down. Here's a table. Thank you, Shannon. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. So those Bentwood chairs go behind the back wall. Got it. Okay. And this goes in that area the where all the furniture, furniture is. Wonderful. You did it. I'll take your mic back from you. Oh, yes. So you can have a private conversation. Just put those against the wall. Just put them against the wall. Just lean them against the wall? Just tape it against the wall. Tape it wherever you want. Okay. And then just put it back where you found it. Okay. I think if you put them on the ground, they're going to get all yeah, yeah. clean stuff. I'll put this one right And just get uh, the clear tape as well. We'll just get clear tape, yeah. Nothing else will stick. Gotcha. Thank you, Shannon. Thank we might you, have Shannon. a little bit of a hard time since it's cold, but I think it'll be okay. Yeah. We're not trying to save these posters. Yeah, they should go last a month. This need to last two more weeks. Two and a half weeks. Shannon, hi. Hey, it's Shem. Hi, Shem. Uh, Awesome. Thank you, Shannon. Yeah. Shem, are you here to see a show? Sadly, yes. All right. Are you well, still recording? we're gonna yeah, we'll be recording at midnight. Uh, say hi whenever you're coming out. We'll have you on the podcast for a few That's minutes. Amazing. And I'm just putting this thing, Connor. Yeah. That you thought you broke off that you didn't break off. We'll just leave it here. Great. Yeah. Great. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Shannon. You're the best. Yeah. 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 Quiet. Yeah.
I agree. I'm. All, I'm like. We should have done this every week. Every week. <laughs> um, yeah. So JD and I are now firmly, firmly ensconced in the window of UCB uh -oh. Chelsea. Uh oh, this is weird. Uh, so we're visible to the public. Chelsea Clark is here. We're doing our podcast, uh, and she's coming in for the curfew. Yeah. Chelsea, are Chelsea. you excited about the show tonight? Yeah, very excited. Um, hot, it's cold night, hot crowd. Are you guys recording right now? Oh, yeah. You're, okay, you're, you're, you're in it. You're in the podcast. Are you changing the battery or something? No, no not right now. Uh, we will have to change that some batteries soon. as it goes. Okay. Oh, yeah. But I'm dropping stuff everywhere. Well, ha have a great show, Chelsea. Thank we'll you. see you on the way out. I'll see you on the way out. Okay. Um, we're at 729 in New York City. Uh, this does feel like we're the host of a radio show now because it feels like the kind of thing that a radio show would do, which is to do an yes. appearance somewhere where we can be visible. Where we can like be a seen, local radio show. Like though. a local radio station. And uh, we're getting... We should have some sort of signage that we're 12-hour a day. Yeah. Doesn't it feel like that? Yeah, it does. You don't have any paper, do you, in that bag of yours? No. That crazy I mean, you could go down and get some from... Uh, Sure, we could. John Manji or whoever. If anyone, yeah, we may maybe that's something we can ask someone to fetch us a piece of paper. Uh, to I, we should have worn our shirts too. Mine's in my laundry bag. I wore it too recently. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm right now. I'm wearing my uh, Twin Peaks Christmas sweater uh, sweatshirt, um, which is. Maybe as good a time as any for me to transition to among the things that I wanted to talk about. Give me one second. Oh, whoops. Uh, What's happening? Nothing. I'm just going to turn off this one channel. Okay. Test, test, test. Test, test, test. There we go. JD, JD, JD. Connor, Connor, Connor. Connor, you're a little low. Little low? Little low? A little low. Now you're back. Now I'm back in style. We got it. Um, this will be our guest lav. Great. So this. And um, then the last piece of this puzzle is I need to just plug us in. Mm. And then we're going to be all set. This yeah. is going to be... We should have done this... Oh, I need to give this back. We should have we been doing this eons ago. This might ruin we us. Nope. What might ruin us? Nothing. I just unplugged something and I thought it might go poorly. It didn't. No, I, I do think that we can uh, find more spaces like this for future episodes because there's something fun about finding a visible space that's also private. Like, we have our privacy right now, but we're all... This is actually kind of a, an interesting little metaphor for the nature of the podcast itself, which is that right now we are in a very private space. Right. But we're also completely exposed. Right. Like, visibly, every passerby on the street, we're in a display window. So we are being stared at, waved. People feel like they can... Already there have been multiple people who've waved in kind of a jokey slash jovial fashion. 
Yeah, strangers who are just like, hey. Um, which can be interpreted or, or perceived in a number of ways. It could be perceived as like kind of aggressively jokey, like they're making fun of us, or friendly and playful, like, hey, they're, they want to be seen. I'll show them that they're being seen. So far, it's all seemed pretty playful. Yeah. Do you um, have that battery pack, that, those good batteries? Those good, good batteries? Good. Yeah. I'm going to put that in the good bag. In the good battery bag. Um, but for everyone who sees us in the window, you know, we can look right back, and, and, and they can be seen by us. Um, and I'm going to take a little um, photograph. Um, and I have pretzels if you want to. Oh, great. I have apples if you lose your allergy to them. Oh, great. That's wonderful news. You call this the display window? Yeah. Um. Okay. We do need some signage, huh? I think so, yeah. Do you want to run down to the box office and just see if they can pass you out a piece of paper and a marker? Yeah, I will. And some tape? Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm going to tweet out the photo of us and... Uh, what hour are we in? Um, 7.45, something like that. So we started at 11.50? Yeah. So we're in the eighth hour of 12 hour day? Yeah. And which episode do, you, do we think this is? Episode 14 or 15? Yeah, we could have looked that up. Okay, I'm going to go get the paper. While I do that, you look up what I'll episode. look up which episode um, is most recent. Um, and... I'll leave my mic. Yeah. So, I feel like... Lots of parts of this episode have been sort of transitioning, but I, I don't think that's a problem. I, don't, I think that's still listenable because it, it's been the sound of people getting things done. All right, so I'm looking to see. Yeah, this is episode 14. So we did our 12th episode last summer, and then the next one wasn't until April. Is that correct? Can that possibly be? Time. The nature of time is terrifying to me because it really does seem like even though, in some ways, 2017 has been excruciatingly slow. There are, there are weeks that have felt like months and months that have felt like seasons. And, um, yeah, okay, so our last one, we did a, a episode 12 in November, but it was recorded in August. Then, then we did an April episode was the next one. So we're in episode 14. All right. Okay. Um, we're in episode 14. We are. I'm about to steal a piece, a piece of tape from one of these posters. Um... I'm going to have an apple. Which mic is my mic? All right. Um, well, I was going to start, well, I was starting to say before, because it's something that uh, 
I probably, I assume I talked about it a little bit in, in episode 13. I've certainly talked about it at some point in the episode before then, but the last time we would have recorded an episode, I would have been in anticipation mode for, uh, for Twin Peaks, The Return, the, the third season of Twin Peaks. Oh, right. It, and uh, the thing is, now it is after the fact, and yeah, and uh, yeah, I uh, when I was there's a, someone on the on the I street who wants to say hello. I can't hear what you're saying. I couldn't hear what he was saying either. It was just disorienting. So now, uh, I love that when people come in, they're just going to hear you guys talking. Yeah. Like the door's going to be shut, but I think you'll forget that they can hear you. Oh yeah. Can yeah. you hear? Can you hear us really clearly? Yeah. Yeah. So if we're talking, this is the volume? This is the volume that we're talking at. We're just talking about whatever is going on with us. We're telling secrets. We're sharing stories. Uh, Shannon is now in the hallway testing to see the volume and how, how uh, audible we are. But also, you're going to be sending it out to the internet, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Um, so Shannon is now out on the street. She's leaving. And Oh, can you send us the photo you take, Shannon? Can you send us the photo? Can, can oh, you shit. can you email us a photo? Email us a photo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, now she's gonna go across. Oh, watch out, Shannon! Watch out! Oh, uh, Connor just thought yeah. Shannon was about to hit. get hit by a bike. Um, oh, or a car. Be careful. Oh, <laughs> Um, I, uh, Shannon's taking our photo. Um, so now, so I would have been anticipating season three of Twin Peaks when we last recorded it and having no idea what it was going to be like. And now we're in November and I've experienced 18 hours of Twin Peaks The Return, the full third season. Uh, and it's just another yes. thing about, like, what's interesting about the passage of time is that, like, when we started recording this podcast, I never would have imagined there would ever be another Twin Peaks thing. Right. And then the last episode would have been me in that the blissful state of anticipation, a slight amount of dread at what if it's bad, what if it's not any good. And what did you think about it? I loved it. I don't love everything about it, but I do think it is um, one of the most extraordinary kind of TV watching experiences that I've had in the sense that not everything in it worked, but most of it, it was so ambitious. It was just like 18 hours all directed by David Lynch. Um, and it, it was not, like some of the things that I have legit criticisms of it are also kind of to its credit. Like, there were elements of it, like, the original show was sort of salvaged a lot by the music. The musical right. score would... Weak episodes of it would share the same wall-to-wall kind of musical score as the um, as the good episodes. Right. And so they would all feel sort of of a piece. They, it would c- carry you along. And in the new series, there's a lot of scenes that, like... Um, it's just very silent or very sparse. And where there could have easily been music, there could have easily been score. And there's actually some pretty impressive videos on 
uh, YouTube of people who added the original Twin Peaks score to scenes from the new season. I have to say, in, in almost every instance, I feel like, oh, why didn't they do this? Like it, it's better right. with the score. But I kind of respect the fact that it is uh, uh, an example of. I think it was obviously a choice. They could have easily. They have all the music. So it, it was like David Lynch making the choice. It's like, no, I don't want to use music all right. the place. I want to use silence. It's a show by you know two old men, and it wasn't in denial about being old. Like It's a show about kind of like right. the, that things change. They can't be how they once were. Um, you, it's, almost like, it's almost cautionary to the, to the extent that it is about um, how you... Uh, you kind of can't go home again. It, it was just like, it was sort of like... Um, it approached things at an angle that showed growth. Yeah, and maturity and sort of grace. And also, like, there were episodes where it felt like this show would not have been greenlit under normal circumstances. Like, if you pitched a show that was, that m- this much of the cast was kind of older, right. it, almost to the point where it felt like Oh, this is like my my generation's version of Golden Girls. Right. Like, even though I was old enough to, I watched Golden Girls when it was on. But like, older olderish people, um, when Golden Girls was on, it was like, oh, this is a show about that speaks to um, being older, and it was hit because people wanted to see that. And this is a show, even though it's nothing like Golden Girls, there is an aspect of it that it like, when I was a teenager, the original Twin Peaks, like. It sort of it spoke to me at that age, right? And this new show, this this new version of it, didn't really try to be that old show at all, and I really liked that. I really liked that it was like um, we're gonna make the thing that we want to make now. You know, what was interesting is that because everyone was talking about it, I really wanted to watch it, and I I hadn't. Yeah. So I started watching through the original series. Yeah. And I got pretty far. Yeah. But not to not the end. Not far enough. Yeah. Not far enough. And certainly didn't watch any of the new stuff. Didn't watch Firewalk with me. I think I made it to like season two, midway through season two. Yeah. That's where it's supposed to get a little rough for people. And I felt that, and I think I was just sort of like, All It's right. a big time investment. Yeah. I mean, I'd be curious to know, because I think someday you might, there's a chance you might pick it up. Right. It's just a big time investment to watch that much. Yeah, I sort of tried to have it on in the background a little bit as I did stuff. Just keep it, but I just couldn't. I just didn't have enough time. There's other stuff I wanted to watch. Yeah. But you liked it. Yeah. And there are scenes, there are scenes, there are moments that are among the best work that David Lynch has ever done. Right. Which that alone, even if it was just moments, that alone is kind of like remarkable because, you know, when you reach that age, it's exhausting to direct a film even as a young or middle-aged person. Right. And when you've already said a lot, you know, you could be forgiven for like not being at the top of your game or not having new things to say or not. And there are legitimately moments in this where there's a scene in particular, there's one scene in particular and it, as it turns out, it has. N- I don't know what the purpose of this scene is in the show. Like, I don't know what it ties into anything right. else. And when the scene started, I thought, ooh, this is a bad scene. And then about a minute later, I was like, wait, no, no. 
this is a good scene. And by the end of the scene, I was like, this may be the best scene in the whole show. It was, That's so interesting. It was so funny and so weird and so unlike anything anybody else would ever think to do. And I can't imagine how you would even explain to someone else, here's what I want this scene to be and have them take you seriously, you know? Um, there's also aesthetic stuff that it's interesting because, like, this is obviously, it was shot in, like, high def. Right. And so there's parts of it that don't feel filmic, that it feels like HD video. And there's something that's, and, like, David Lynch knows how to shoot on film right. and they know how to make it. It's clearly a choice. He, there's times when there's, like, special effects that are, like, aggressively, aggressively not good effects. Um, it's clearly a choice. I'm sorry, I'm getting distracted this time of talking because people are passing by like two feet in front of us. Mm-hmm. And I f- it's a very interesting people watching. Mm-hmm. And everybody looks at us yeah. and makes eye contact. But because we sort of feel like we are displayed, mm-hmm. they don't feel like humanly it's a problem to make eye contact. Like, yeah. So there's this real weird thing. And then I keep just sort of waving at people. Mm-hmm. And then that sort of breaks the moment. It's it's uh, it's very bizarre. It's a bizarre sort of thing. Well, we now have signage. It yeah. says Twelve Hour Day with JD and Connor, and it has our Twitter handle. Doesn't explain what Twelve Hour Day with JD and Connor is. No. Um, Should it have? No. I don't think so. I like that. That is what it is. Yeah. I also tried to move us so we were more centered in the thing. Yeah. I was being blocked by some of the signage on yeah. the window. Do you want me to move further? No, no, I'm good. Okay. Um, That's interesting. Uh, now you saw Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, actually, before we talk about that, did you see Soderbergh recently had a little thing about the new Mad Max Fury Road? No. He was like, I watched Fury Road re- again recently. Yeah. And I, 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 I can't figure it out. I can't figure out how he made this mm-hmm. because that's another director who hasn't made many things. Yeah. And basically came back and made a very modern feeling action film that was spectacular. Mm-hmm. And Stoderberg basically says, like, my job as a technician is I try to look at this and figure out how it was made. And he was like, he was like, I could not in a million years make this film. He's like, I don't know how this film was made without it either taking 30 years or with hundreds of people dying. Uh-huh. He's like, I, I literally walked, watched through scenes and I try to figure out how I think something was made and I get there, but I still don't realize how it was made within the time, safety, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it, it honestly is amazing to me. I don't understand it. Yeah. So I think it's cool when you have see directors, visionary directors. Hello. Hello. Um, it's going to be weird for as a whole listening experience for our podcast to have moments where you just stop and say hello. <laughs> and you don't hear the other person. I feel like we should have another sign that just says, like, it's a 12-hour long podcast. Or something like that. Sure. Um, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're going to keep getting distracted by these things. Mm-hmm. But I think that's cool when you see people return to their territory again. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they land it and it shows, it, it, it matures and it grows like you're describing Twin Peaks, like I'm describing Mad Max. Mm-hmm. And there's sometimes when... Um, oh, yeah. That's a, someone just walked by. And they're listening. And they're listening. And you're probably listening to this. You're listening to episode four. Episode four. Late night round table. Late night round table with Sal Gentile. Great. And uh, at some point in the future, you're listening to this episode right now. Yeah. That's crazy. I can't wait. I can't wait to get 
So you're, right now you're hearing yourself here, episode four. Wow, that's crazy. You're like your own looper. Sorry. You're like a looper. What I, a looper, <laughs> looper, looper. Looper, looper. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, right. What's your name? Rob? Rod, R-O-D. Hi, Rod. <laughs> what a great format for having guests. We, we yell through a, a pane of glass. Is that too loud? No. I could put a lob out here. That's kind of a risk. It is a high risk. It's a big risk. Hmm. We're talking about whether we should put a microphone out out there. We're talking about we're, we're talking about whether we should put a microphone outside the window, but I think it's a big risk. Yeah. I mean, do you want me to go buy one? No, no, we have a we have a microphone. JD, I trust your judgment. I mean, I don't. Yeah. Um Just in general, four conversations like this. Yeah. Um, well, you'll catch up in, a, in over 100 hours from now. I can't jump in until an hour from now? No, no, what I'm saying is, you're on episode 4, and this is episode 14, so you, we're 10 episodes away. Okay. So, 10 times 12, you know what I mean? I got it. This is Boko. Yeah. It actually works if, if the, uh, can you film it as video, JD? I think it would be a yeah. good video excerpt. Oh, wow, uh, yeah. Do you have any, a message you like me to send uh, Just tell Matt hello from 12 Hour Day. I'll say hello from 12 Hour Day. That's great. Terrific. Are you this going is, here to see? I'm, uh, I'm living a dream right now. Um, are, you, uh, are you here to see a show? No, I, was, uh, I, I, left, I have the show later, and I figured I would swing by just to see if you guys were still here. Oh, great, so you saw our tweet. I'm sorry? You saw our tweet? Yeah, I saw the tweet, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great. Rod, we're so glad you came by. Yeah, it's great to meet you guys. I actually think this is be- I've Wait, can I try something? Yeah. Okay, give me two seconds. Okay. Test, test, test. Try talking. Oh, I can, I can talk. I can, okay. Never mind, it doesn't work. I think this works. It's crazy. So many times I've heard you mess with the levels and like worry about the audio coming. I'm getting to see it. This is that. You're seeing it. Um... I actually think this works. I like having. If we, is how's the sound to you in the headphones? Can you hear him? Can you hear Rod? Sort of. You can't hear Rod. I can hear him a little bit. I mean, that's enough. This is kind of the viewers have to work. The listeners have to work for it. Would it be great if we had a mic like? If there was like a hole in the window, a hole in the front window. I don't think that's. A I don't think there's any chance there's. A, yeah. Just in general. I don't think there's any... I think the whole point of building a window is for it to have zero holes for anything to go through. No. Maybe. Um, this isn't... This wasn't built for, like, Hannibal Lecter. I don't think there's any holes. No, I, I guarantee... Do you, see, do you see any holes on your side? What a fun game for the podcast. 
Don't break the if we break the glass, we're in so much trouble. Yeah, I actually like I like the this method. I think it's a crude method, but I think it's uh, visceral. Um, what do you have between now and the show that you're going to, Rod? Uh, nothing. I was just gonna take my time getting there, I guess, or maybe just get there early. It's down in the Lower East Side, so you know, not too much of a hike. I wasn't sure how long it was gonna take me to get here. Train me what they are. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. One thing I like is that, like, I, for listeners, Rod has his ear pressed right up to the window glass, and I, I have my mouth right near the window. I took a photo of it and a video of it. One thing that I really like is that people feel comfortable making eye contact with me while I'm doing this until I make eye contact back, and they immediately look away. Yeah, uh, to the listeners, it's, it's a crazy experience because it's like I'm so close and yet so far because I, I really have to strain to hear through this pane of glass. Uh, and, and I feel I feel like these sirens in the background, there's any anything can totally interfere. I can just yeah. barely make out what they're saying. It's sort of like the end of Interstellar. Yes, oh, it really is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen that one in a while. Is the glass cold on your ear rod? A little bit. This is the weirdest. I'm so uncomfortable. It's not, it's not too bad. Are you trying... I'm going to try. Hold on. I'm going to try and see if it makes any difference. I can't imagine it would make any difference, Rod. Okay. This is... Thank you. Yeah, we get just got a 10 episode uh, 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 extra Extension. order. Extension. It's not a new season. No, oh, oh, I was recording, I think. Thank you. Well, this is extraordinary. I wonder if I just. Tried, tried this method of just hanging around uh, outside of the Walter Kirk Theater and might be able to catch Springsteen in the same way. I bet oh. I bet he does similar stuff. That actually probably does make sense. Yeah, I bet if you hang out at certain places outside that theater, you can hear it. He, he says, you guys just go hang out by the stage door every day. Someone's bound to say something to you. get to meet him. Do you enter that lottery every day? I mean, I enter that Springsteen lottery every day, and every day I get an email that says I lost. I, did, we, uh, did you try to submit as a, a verified... Uh, oh, yeah. Thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it doesn't matter. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, I'd love to see him specifically in that kind of a venue where it's... Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Have you seen yeah. Uh, live elsewhere? Yeah, I, I saw him once with the E Street Band uh, in London, and I had really good seat uh, close in Earl's Court. What, what year was it? This would have been 99, I think. Sorry? 99? Yeah. That was the first time I saw him. I was, uh, I was six years old. Yeah. In Cleveland. And uh, I saw him on that, on that same tour. Yeah. And the last time was in uh, Chicago in 2015, I want to say. Yeah. When he was doing the river, like the whole, like the... Right, yeah, yeah. Um, when I saw him, he could, I was still, I was very impressed he would do that thing where he'd slide across the stage on his knees. I remember thinking, like, that feels like a risk. It was, yeah. It was, uh, you know, it was interesting because uh, I feel like his his fans can be kind of divisive as to, like, just the type of people they could be sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really on display because, you know, the back end of that album is so, you know, subdued and, uh, you know, the, the songs are kind of a little more... Yeah. Low key. And my dad and I were really excited because, you know, I don't think... 
some of those he hasn't played live like ever. Yeah. And you know, you know, Drive All Night's one of my favorite songs. We're really glad to hear that. And so we, when we get to that point of the, the concert, the uh, there was a lot of fans that were just like talking the whole time. And uh, my dad scolded a group of men his age who were just chatting, standing in a circle uh, while all of that was going on. And he's like, guys, there's a show going on. And they 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 wise up and they kept watching. But these are the same people like when when he plays Born to Run that I, I look over at them. And they're just singing to each other, and they're just looking at one another, uh, seemingly oblivious to the fact that, like, Bruce is right there. And, and I'm like, that, that's the experience that you're having, you could be having in a bar listening to a jukebox or watching a cover band, and you didn't have to pay all this money. Like, yeah. There's no sense of presence, it's more of a nostalgia. You know? What's your Twitter handle? At Roderick O'Toole is your Twitter handle. Uh, two D's? Sorry? Two D's? R-O-D. I went to the U2 Joshua Tree concert this summer, and it was a similar situation. Once it, once it wasn't one of the singles, there were people who would just tune out, even if it was a song they hadn't really played in decades, you know? I, um... I, I recently, uh, U2 is one of those bands that like I, I loved their greatest hits for a long time. Mm-hmm. Some of my favorite songs, but recently I've been trying to like take artists like that and dig through their discography and like determine like am I am I just a greatest hits fan or am I a real fan? Yeah. And I had never listened to Joshua Tree in its entirety. It's such a good album. Yeah. I don't know, I think that's gotta be one of my favorite U2 songs. Yeah. And that was one of the ones that people talked through. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah, that's it's crazy. Really, it's a shame when that, when that happens. I'm guessing those are probably the kinds of people who, you know, it's the same with Springsteen where they're like, I wish you wouldn't be political or, you know. Oh, yeah. It, literally, they said that exact phrase. The two people who were sitting next to me were, uh, I think it was like a mother and daughter, and they were getting high the whole time. And then there was a point where Bono started going into like a political speech. And they were like, Ugh, I didn't, I paid to be entertained, not to listen to all this. I'm like, if you are, if you, in 2017 uh, are surprised that Bono is political. I don't know where you've been, you know what I mean? It's crazy. Yeah. I, uh, I went back and watched uh, the Zoo uh, TV tour. Yeah. The, Hello. What, what was going on with that when he was doing like the characters? We're just oh, recording yeah. a podcast. Very curious. Yeah. Uh, next week, <laughs> We're recording a podcast. Yeah. Do you want to explain? Yeah. Rogers is slaying to another guy who... There is a man who came up and also presses ear against the glass. Yeah. Yeah. This man seems confused. Yeah. But he immediately mirrored Rod and began pressing his face against the glass. Yeah. Which I appreciate it. Don't you feel like there'd be something fun if we had a lav mic out there and we could yeah. talk to people? It would be, yeah. What, what hour is it? Uh, we're in hour eight. Hour eight. We're eight, hours, eight out of hours. I'm a big fan of the podcast, and I heard they were Now, I can't tell if you at home can hear Rod. I don't think you can. Right now? In general. Maybe not. But I bet if you, uh, uh, listeners who want to uh, get aggressive and really pump up the, the levels, that you can hear it. Yeah. 
I bet there are people who could isolate the audio and get Rod's uh, content. I do think there's a version of this where I could just put a mic out there and like tape it to the glass. Mm-hmm. But then someone could just take the mic and walk away with it. Yeah, there is that risk. I don't think it's worth the risk. You don't think it's worth it? No. Yeah. Um, well, now we're now we're. Uh, I think to, it's worth the risk. I mean, it's, it's totally an, up to you. It's like an eight hundred dollar risk. Eight hundred dollar risk. Why don't you? Why don't we test it first by you put a two hundred two hundred dollars in cash out there and see how long it lasts? You think someone would take it? I think someone might take it. Yeah. Talk to him, JD. How are you? What are you? Where are you going to? You have all the bags. You have so many bags. Where are you going? You've got all the bags. Where are you going with all your bags? Does that make sense? I didn't actually hear what he said. He's showing us what's in his bags. It's donuts, some light bulbs. A book called Equations of Eternity. This is an advertisement for Equations of Eternity. Yeah. This is very bizarre. Well, now Roderick is talking. What's this gentleman's name? Don't know. Don't know. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good night. Oh, you dro- he dropped tape. Oh. And he's running fast. It's silver tape. Silver tape. Roderick did a good job of doing the right thing. Yeah. He could have stolen it. What did that guy... That guy said something kind of cheeky at the end and ran off, right? Yeah, I don't know what he said. We're going to have to ask Roderick what he said. Roderick, what did he say at the end? He said something kind of like uh, silly, and then he ran off. What was the last thing he said? Uh, The last thing he said was, uh, listeners of the podcast, enjoy this episode. Oh. That's great. My name's Leonard is what he said. That was the thing. Yeah. Yeah, he seemed skeptical at first, but then that last little flourish was very friendly. Yeah, he did have a lot of, a lot of stuff in the Wait, I have an idea. Yeah. And he got the book from the thrift store. Okay. Wait, let me try JD has an idea for the microphone. What is it? Okay, I'm going to take the headphones off for a second. Okay, and I'll just be here in the window. Uh, JD is right now making a maneuver. Oh, God. He, oh, are you all right? Yeah, I'm okay. He's going outside. With Keith Haskell's microphone. With Keith Haskell's Okay, my idea is. Okay. You want to bring your mic up there? Somehow. You know? Like, if I could tape a mic there. He dropped a roll of tape. We should have just said nothing. But if I type. If I taped a mic here, okay. do you think someone would steal it? Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't advise it. What if I covered this with a piece of paper? So you just there's a way to conceal it or something. Right. I could do that. Should I try it? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Here, you talk to Connor. All right, cool. Um, oh, oh, wow. Okay, 
it's, it's not, not too cold in here. You no, should recap your conversation. Yeah. Because it was hard to hear. I'm losing my mic here. Okay. Uh, should I just cl- clip this on? And the, uh, no, just whatever you want. Like you this? Hold it okay, I'll just hold it. Okay. Um, so that's your full name. Is Roderick O'Toole? Yeah, yeah, Roderick O'Toole. Yeah. Um, is that Irish? Uh, I think I O'Toole, O'Toole's Irish. I think yeah. Roderick is Scottish in probably yeah. Uh, yeah. in origin. Yeah, but yeah, Irish, Irish family. Yeah, Irish German. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Um, and what were? We, let's recap. Sure. In case, in case I was garbles. Yeah, we were said before talking about Springsteen. And right, and and talking about how uh, Springsteen when he played the River was playing a lot of songs yes. that, that were album tracks, mm-hmm. and, and casual fans were. Yes. Sort of tuning out during those parts. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And how it's it's an interesting mix because there's that, and then there's like the more hardcore fans yeah. who are, uh, you know, uh, love the entire catalog and everything you know that he's done, or at least at least his ambitions. And ambition. I definitely, I definitely have. It's interesting because I had a free ticket that someone gave me to go see uh, John Cougar Mellencamp. Oh. Uh, this summer, so I just went along with some friends. Okay. I'm not like a. I'm a very casual, like, I like the handful of singles, sort of. Sure, yeah. And it put me in the position of, like, I'm at this outdoor venue concert, and he's playing it, and uh, anytime he would play a song that I didn't know, I would just be, part of me would be furious, because I'd just be like, and then when he played, like, Jack and Diane, he played, like, like an acoustic, quiet version of it Uh that um, didn't have the things that you enjoy about it, like, it didn't have that, dun, 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 dun. It didn't have, and I'm like, oh, that's why. That's what we want to hear. Uh-huh. And the, uh huh. It's there's a specific term for that type of uh, like drum sound. Or something. Yeah. It's uh, I there's a whole video on it about how it was big in the '80s and now it's oh, making right. a comeback. Can, it's like closed something. Yeah. I anyway. I'd, closed mic or closed uh, mic drum something to that effect. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to derail your story. No, no, no. That's yeah. fine. I don't feel just stopped away. Yep. Or just waving. Hello. Uh, just waving. Wow! Wow! Yes. And uh, but there is a there I is have a, a plan. Okay, what's your plan? I got this all figured out. Oh fuck! I keep... Every time JD leaves Ooh, yeah. this uh, little space, he has uh, an okay. So what's your plan, JD? I'm going to tape a mic on this. I'm going to tape my mic because that one's Keith Haskell's. This yeah. is a worse okay. off. But which you think of it in terms of paying for the next one? Would you rather pay or give Keith a new one, or pay a, or lose a more expensive one? That's right. If you replace this one, I he assume this is less expensive. Keith Haskell won't be mad if you if we pay for a. Yeah, he doesn't care. I'll buy him a new one if I break. Yeah. Okay. So this is the I one you're going to rig up. So what's your I think plan? So. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tape. I'm going to tape it on the glass. Yeah. And then I'm going to put paper over the transmitter and tape that. Yeah. With a sign that says "Do not touch." Yeah. Interesting. Hey, Leo. Outside the window, I think people will follow instructions. They'd be an interesting social experiment, if nothing else. Hi, yeah. Lou. Hi, Lou. <laughs> Hi, Connor. Has so much of this just been like going people good. through the glass? Yeah. Well, no. It just it seems like people want to talk. Cool. Yeah, it's fun. I think so. I know they should be. UCB Comedy should be doing all their podcasts from here. Okay. In that yeah. bag next to you. Uh, it's you don't want me to get up. Yeah, yeah. I'll just do it. Uh, Careful. How how are you doing this evening? Uh, what what are you up to? Uh, 
It's pretty cold. And stay warm. Yeah. Lou, would you like an apple? Um, are they good? Are yeah. They good? yeah, yeah. Can you text Keith? I yeah, what are we going to say? Can you say... Robert, would you like an apple? Uh, sure, why not? Okay, and pass this one to Lou. I'll give this one to Lou. All right. Can you text him and just say, JD's doing something risky with the lab. Okay. And we'll buy you a new one if he breaks it. Just get permission Thank to do it. You You're so welcome. welcome. You're welcome. I guarantee you. Can I have that? Wow. All right. Thank you, Okay. And you can, I usually go by Rod. You can just go Rod, sorry. That's fine. I'm used to your, I see, I've, you, I've seen your Twitter handle before. I've popped up on the, um, but, uh, but you have a beard in your Twitter handle. I have a photo on social media. That's a fake beard. Yeah. Great. I realize now it sounds ridiculous that I would even imply that. Don't just use this for your... Yeah, I'm going to call Keith Haskell and ask him. Yeah, call him and ask. How can I help? You're good. I'm just going to squeeze through here. You know what we could also, JD, another thing we could have done is put our phone number on here and then people could call from outside and put it on a speakerphone. That's funny, too. Mm. I think it's funny if people can walk up. All right, people will fall for this shit. They'll respect it. No, they would. Most of the people you're going to interact with are going to be people waiting in line. Right? I assume. That's what I think. And the people in the neighborhood who walk their dog. Now, I have noticed this is a little difficult to hear you guys. Yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> yes, that's a thing. That's a, that's a flaw in the plan. But. You guys do have a notepad, so you should have a shorthand of, like, notes to, like, show them. I just murdered this apple. Yeah, you went buck wild on that. Thank you, Rod. Uh, and Lou, you can now talk on the microphone. <laughs> I can now. Yeah. Wait, I can now. You can hear me audibly. Are we audible? Let me see if this works. We're doing a, te we're doing a test. It works so good. And it works. It works. All right. So All right. Great. Terrific. A great podcast. I'm it almost makes me want to see if we can get a deal. Nice to meet you. Whoever takes this over after we just have the window. Oh, they got two. They got two Sony. They got three Sonys. Oh no, two Sonys and uh, Sennheiser. And a Sennheiser? Yep. It's a little gear talk. Good gear, right? Good gear. Gear talk. Hi there. You want to talk to us? You can talk in the microphone. Do you want to talk to them? Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> 
Yeah, the problem with this is that you can hear us crystal clear, I'm sure. We get nothing. You need a notepad. You could be saying something hilarious and we're missing it. No, but I bet. I will bet. I will bet that you use a notepad. Get the gist of what we're saying. Just through the way we say Listeners, a small crowd has gathered. Probably eight or nine people out here now. As soon as we put up the mic, people just flocked over. And this is actually a problem because they don't like you. This is actually a problem. Disperse, disperse, disperse. All right, how are you? They're saying they're good. Are you good? How are you? How are you? Connor, write a question that is the question you'll ask everybody. Okay. <laughs> Everybody's gathering around. Shannon's gonna get mad at us, I think. No, I don't think so. Here, all right. How was your day? Uh, people can just tell us how their day was. That sounds good. This works great because I can also turn down the outside or turn up the outside. No, they just said. Oh. Okay. How was your day? Be specific. Okay. Into the microphone. Okay. It was okay. Great. What did you do? What? What did you do? I cannot hear what you say. He asked, what did you do? Oh, how was it? Be specific. Uh, I went on a blind date. A blind date? Ooh. Was it good? It sucked. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. Um, There's a man with a dog in a white hat. What's your dog's name? Winston. Winston? Yeah. I know a guy who performs in this theater named Winston. Ready? Yeah. Give him my best. I will. Winston, no. I've got to go. He's busy. All right. Have a good day. It's a great conversation. Um, this is funny. Hi. No, no, I was just saying hi to him. <laughs> is this humor? What? Humor? <laughs> Are you guys humorous? Say what? Are He's you guys humans. funny? He's not even as funny. Are you guys funny? <laughs> He's Are asking we funny? if we're funny. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> What's this guy's story? What's your deal? My day was great. Yeah? What did, what did you do? What did, well, what did we do today? We, oh, we, we went, drove here from East Long Meadow, Mass. to see our son and his wife that live in Brooklyn. And, we, and my sister, too. <laughs> That's my, my daughter. And we just finished a cannoli. So she designed the pop-up for Yankee Candle over in Manhattan. So we came to see that. It was really awesome. Designed the store? Designed the displays? I'm sorry, what? Designed the, like, the displays for the store or designed the whole store? I can't hear you. Design the, she designed the pop-up store? Yes, she's the designer. She's like the key designer you for really, the pop-up. You really want to talk to Yankee her. Yankee Candle. Come here. So it was really cool. You guys should try to get over there and see it. Come here. Talking to this. So. Hi. What does that mean, you designed the pop-up? You designed the whole store, or what did yeah. you do? Well, I designed the concept of the pop-up shop for Yankee Candle. Oh, that's great. What? That's great. Yeah, that's awesome. Good. Well, congratulations. What, what did you What did you guys do today? We're, we're, this podcast is 12 hours long. 12 hours. <laughs> That's horrible. Find a better way to <laughs> communicate. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're in, we're in hour eight. Yeah. Right? It's like almost like a sideshow. Almost. Yeah. Almost. So close. <laughs> do you take breaks? 
No, we can't. It's 12 hours. And you've been here for eight hours. We, we've only been in the window for a few minutes. <laughs> Don't try to describe that. Uh, but we've been recording since before noon. Okay. And we'll okay. be recording until around midnight. Where are you guys going now? In. You're going in here? We're going to Have a break. Into the theater or to the grocery store? Here. Right. Yeah, it's uh, Jared Logan. Yeah, Jared Logan. All right. We don't have tickets, though. Oh. What are you guys going to do? We'll be here. Here. We'll be here when you leave. That's horrible. No, it's good. <laughs> Do you want an apple? No, no. You want no. an apple? Yeah, he wants to give you an apple. I don't want an apple. You don't want an apple? No, no. Why not? Maybe, maybe she wants an apple. You want an apple? <laughs> yeah, you want an apple, Sam? I'm good, thank you. Okay. You guys want an a, a air freshener for your car? Yeah, we'll yeah. take it. Yeah, yeah we'll take it. Yeah, we'll take it. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, there you go. That's from Yankee Candle. This is from Yankee Candle. Oh! Which you designed. Yeah, right. Thank you. Thank you. Perfect. Great. All right. Well. That might come in handy later in, in here. Right? Right. Especially if you're not getting, a, like, a lot of bathroom breaks. Right. Right. Oh, my God. We need to get you in here. No. <laughs> this has turned into a sort of chaos. I'm going to go ahead and take out this uh, air freshener and hang it. I think that's smart. All right. This is pretty good. I mean, they can't hear us, which is the only bummer. I think that's great. What scent of air freshener is it? Um... It says Bals balsam and cedar. Bals balsam Just and cedar. <laughs> seasonally appropriate. <laughs> Just show it to him. Oh, yeah, that's right. You could just show it to me. That's great. That's great. All right. Okay. Okay, well. We got to figure out a better way to communicate out. To them? To them? Yeah. I kind of like the disconnect. That you're shouting? <laughs> Rod's apple just exploded under the apple. window. Rod's apple fell apart completely. Um, it was a very funny visual joke, which is just what any podcast needs. Um, I do have to, I do have to run, but thanks again for Rod, thank me. you this for stopping by, Rod. Thanks for stopping by, Rod. Episode. Um, and on behalf of the 12 heads, thank you. For, for making this. this Rod is saying thank you, know, you to all the, for the various of all 12 heads. Uh, unique ways in which people listen Ooh, to it. Connor, I think strong. your Bob died. My Bob died? Strong yeah. smelling? No, it's still. No, this died then. Oh, oh, I see. This is me though. Yeah. This anyway, is intense. have a good night, guys. <laughs> this, is good, this is intense. Woo. This is really intense. It's good. It's too much. It's, it's, too, it's much. too much? It's, it's too intense. It's overwhelming. It's supposed to be overwhelming. It's, this is a lot. It's already, this, it smells like a Christmas tree exploded. I had a cannabis one a little while ago, but this guy's a real we card, used huh? that one up. No. Oh, my God. All right. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> this is insane. You're back up. What was, why was I down? Uh, your receiver died. Oh, my receiver died. Okay.
This is so dumb that we're doing that this. We're doing this. The moment there was like a crowd that formed, that I was like, uh oh. Lou is saying goodbye. Say it in the microphone. Bye. Bye, Lou. <coughs> uh, how, how much time do you have left? Four hours. Four more hours. Four hours? Oh, this is very doable. Easy. This is easy. Yeah. I'm sure you've been in more compromising positions for longer times. So. You know I have. Hundred <laughs> percent. All right. Well, enjoy. Uh, enjoy your space. <laughs> <laughs> What are you doing? Connor, Connor, Connor has lost his mind. <laughs> <laughs> Connor's, <laughs> Connor's pressing his face against Connor's standing on the chair, pounding the glass, screaming with his face against it. <laughs> Stop. Stop pounding the glass. <laughs> I'm, wait I'm waiting to get noticed. You're being noticed. Um, no, I think it's funny that I can stand in the window, and this probably looks visually arresting, I think. Don't you think? Yeah, it does. Um, I do feel like we're going to get in trouble. From who? I don't know. Only if we draw another crowd like we did before. I mean, that was genuinely, I got worried <laughs> that we were going to have to shut it down because the second you put that mic out there, we had Everybody just, came wandering. Everyone came wandering. Like, it really felt like, oh, is this all it takes to get an audience in New York City? It was a lot. It was like we were, it's like we started doing acrobatics near Times Square or something. Yeah, you realize how simple it is to draw a crowd in New York. I mean, in truth, it was just one family that is waiting to try to get into a show that's already sold out. Um, now, they're, they've moved over to be away from us. They moved over into a, a, just to the side of where we are now. Um, I bet if I turn up their mic for that, I could spy on them. Really? No. No. Um, yeah, I do feel like... I mean, there's no way to have a normal conversation now. With us or with them? With us. Yeah. This toy is too fun. This toy is too much fun. Um, I w yeah, the weird thing about this is, to a podcast listener, there is no difference between this and a normal <laughs> episode, where we were, except it's slightly less coherent, because they're not getting the visual element of what it is like that we are now trapped in this glass coffin. <laughs> the... Uh, yeah. Hello. And uh, it just does seem like... Um, right? Have a good day on the back of this. Yeah. So we can tell people to go away. Yeah, this is bizarre. Or have a good evening. Um, I, oh, so Blade Runner, uh, 2049. <laughs> yes. I really liked Blade Runner 2049. I liked it too. And I, and I, I'll tell you, I was never a big fan of the original Blade Runner. You had a way of describe. I heard you describe Blade Runner recently in a way that was perfect. The original Blade Runner. Um, I believe, Bla <clears throat> I believe Blade Runner is a movie that, um, and now I don't know the exact phrasing I used. Yeah. But I believe Blade Runner 
uh, is a movie that works best as a amalgam of your memories of Blade Runner as opposed to the movie itself. Right. Um, like, the ideas, the concepts, the things that you sort of remember from it are stronger than maybe the movie itself is. Yes. And uh, going into 2049, I was really tired, and I was like, oh, no, I'm going to fall asleep during this. I went with Chad Harbaugh. And about, whatever, like an hour in, there's a sort of a lull, and I was like, uh-oh, here we go. And then it just got me, and I just stayed with it. And I genuinely believe that what Roger Deakins was doing with his cinematography is going to be mimicked for the next, like, ten years of action. Now, this is what I heard you say that intrigued me, because I, I watched it after I heard you say that. And you said there was something that had to do with key lighting or something? So he moves both his key and fill light. Like, he does these, like, moving key lights. Mm-hmm. Explain what that means. isn't static. So normally you have, like, oh, in a scene, and Deacons is very famous for this, and a couple other people are famous too, but having motivated sources of light. So a scene is lit. Um, in each scene, the light is coming from a specific place. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, in, in the scene that's right here, our light would be this purple top light. Yeah. And you'd motivate it by saying, oh, we're in a window, and so those wind things. So you might help that with some movie lights, but you always motivate it with something that's diegetic to the scene. Now, in Blade Runner 2049, he actually has these like moving lights that are sometimes justified narratively, but that means that the shadows on the faces of all the actors and everything is changing constantly. And it adds this level of like, anxiety and anticipation and unknowingness that's really, really interesting that I think creates this frenetic energy that like hasn't really been, it's been done in small ways here and there, but I just think it was so interesting and I can see that being ripped off in the future mm-hmm. uh, in the same way that like bullet time was ripped off in the Matrix and things like that where it's right. just like these things just move and I think that's going to be a big part of Blade Runner and the score was amazing more sound effect than it was score there were mm-hmm. so many things where it was like and it wasn't even like music it was like a motorcycle starting mm-hmm. noise that would just keep repeating I yeah. just thought it was a really interesting movie and yeah. I think there was always some narrative stuff and some details of it that were complicated but like or stuff that wasn't perfect but I thought all the style elements and craft elements of it were so Amazing and specific, and so well done that yeah, it's going to set the tone for some stuff in the future. Mm-hmm. Hi, we have some people outside the window. Is this being recorded? Mm-hmm. Like on a TV? No, for a podcast. My day was really good. Which I hung pod- out with my friends. Great. Yeah, Which podcast? that was great. 12-hour day with J.D. and Connor. What do you guys... Every episode is 12 hours long. The podcast is 12 hours long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys just, like, hang out here and, like, mm-hmm. talk to people and whatever. Yeah. I'm sorry I gave such a boring answer. No, no. But, like, I feel like it's against your ethos to lie. Yeah. You wouldn't want to have liars on your You get it. Podcast. You get no, it. No, That's right. When That's is exactly this being right. featured? Sorry, what? I want to know when I can hear her say about her day was good. Like a week. Yeah. Okay. Eight hours into the How episode fourteen. What? Eight hours into this episode, she'll say it. <laughs> How was your week, Devara? Your day. Sorry. Week okay. is fine. Week. How your was your day. week? My day was satisfactory. 
What happened? And my week was satisfactory as well. What happened to make it so satisfactory? <laughs> yeah, Deborah. Well, the question is what made it happen to make it so satisfactory or what didn't happen that only made it satisfactory? Your choice. I'm going to be famous on your podcast <laughs> pretty much. That's what I'm that's what I'm getting from this. Yeah. So this podcast in this okay. podcast um, is a, is a good part of your day. It was wonderful because I'm in graduate school. But the drawbacks of that is that I have homework from graduate school. What are you studying? I'm in a doctoral program for clinical psych. Eey, that's hard. So it's a lot of work. Yeah. But it was satisfactory. Mm. That's good. So that's great. What do you guys do when you're not thinking, thingy for twelve hours? Uh, comedy and and TV shows. Comedy and what? TV, television. Oh, cool. Yeah. Are you guys famous on YouTube? You watch television? No. Are you right for television? <laughs> What? You watch television? Or no, no, we work on it. We work on TV shows. You are on television. Yeah. He's an actor. I'm an actor. What show? Uh, the Chris Gethard show on True TV. You do look. Yeah. What are you? Are you gonna be famous one day? He is famous. He is already famous. Oh my God! This is soon so cool. by you. Soon by you. <laughs> Fame. If, if you so desire. He doesn't desire. No. He's fame a for you. behind the scenes. He's a Got it. director, Got it. producer. Career success. But yeah. no fame. Yeah, you know, yeah. whatever, you know. You take the fame. Yeah, and I perform at this theater. I do comedy shows here. Oh, at UCB. Yeah. She didn't know what it was. What? This theater? I had to explain what UCB was to her. She didn't know. It's okay. Sorry. You've got a lot of... You, you don't need to know. You're studying clinical psychology. You, you have other things... To, I'm not so savvy with pop culture. It's okay. But There's I do get Cosmo it. magazine. It's, it's overwhelming. Time. So, what? There's too much pop culture. You can't absorb all of it. You were in Cosmo magazine? Do I? Yeah, I try and keep up with it. Okay, that's a different Are you a Cosmo magazine reader? <laughs> so, so why was it so significant that I it read it? It is the height of culture. I'm yeah. just you curious. want to know what's going on, Cosmo magazine <clears throat> yeah. is where it's at. That'll do it. Next Lots of conversations about feminism. It. Lots to say about if it is or is not feminist. Right. Yeah, you should read it and let me know your thoughts about that. And then talk okay. about it for 12 hours. Talk about it for 12 well, hours. Have a good day. Have a good I'll, evening. I'll look out for myself being famous on here. Yes. Um, hi. Hi. Okay. Someone walked up showing a black jacket. Um, today I showed my parents around New York. This is the first time they've been here since I moved. And we went to watch the Michigan State football game. We got destroyed. But then we were drinking, so it was okay. And then we went to Central Park, and now we're here because it's, like, my favorite place. And I've seen you before, and you're very funny. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Just pointing at Connor. My question is, can we go to the bathroom? <laughs> you're, like, live on something, you realize. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> um, where, where is home? Where did you come from? Um, we're from East Lansing, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I live in East Village. Yeah. No. Okay. Very nice. Yeah. That's very cool. What is this? Uh, it's this podcast we do. Every episode is... <laughs> doing this for 12 hours? Yeah. Eight hours. This is eight? We're in hour eight right now. We're going to be here till midnight. Do you need to, like, leave and go to the bathroom? Oh, God. You no. You're very bathroom-focused. <laughs> what the heck? We've had a lot of wine. <laughs> you guys get in line. I gotta... um, good luck with this. Thank I've you. I've listened to it. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I hope we find a bathroom. Um, this is a very bizarre. It's a strange episode. Listeners, I mean, this is... <laughs> half the episode is us talking, half is us shouting, <laughs> and then hearing strangers tell us about their day. 
Yeah. Um, I wonder if I have any other paper. No. Do you want other paper? Yeah, that's good. Um, you can always write on the back of these posters. <laughs> the um, well, that's very interesting because I mean, every I, time the door closes, yeah, you can, hear, you can feel the glass move. Yeah, and it weirds me out. Um, I liked Blade Runner. Uh, it felt long. Interesting. Like it felt long for I think for what it for for the kind of movie it is. There was a part of me that felt like no, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Uh, great. <laughs> um, it felt long. Uh, uh, the person we were just speaking to took a picture. That's what that was just now. I realize there's things like that that we don't. If we don't explain them, it just sounds like he goes quiet. We go, yep, okay, great. All right. Um, you know, it, it, to with movies that get over two hours, I'll often sort of have the question of like, is there anything in Why? about this that because. I remember I used to have a feeling when I would go to a, a when when movie rental stores started that you could almost guarantee that if a movie took if a movie was on in one of those thick boxes where it was two VHS right. tapes anytime I ever rented a movie like that I was always pleased with the movie um, like Godfather Part Two or Lawrence of Arabia right. or Reds or like and the reason was I realized it's like. It's such an extra added expense, and it's such a cost in terms of, in the theaters, it's, it's fewer screenings, uh, and for home video, it's just more expensive, you've got to do a double tape. Right. That it's like, in, order, in any era, in order for a movie to be that long, it has to be um, justified. Like, well, Lawrence Arabia can't be a two-hour movie, it has to be longer. Right. Godfather Bar 2 can't possibly be a two-hour movie, you'd, you'd lose too much. Right. And... And there are movies where, even if I like the movie, there are movies where I'll, I'll think, why was that movie two hours and 45 minutes or something? You know, where, and with Blade Runner 24-9, there was, I did have a feeling afterwards where I liked it, but I, there was a part of me that was like, I'm not sure, and maybe a more detailed reading would show me, like, ooh, if you cut this, it would really hurt the movie. Right. But it did feel like when it was, when it was done, that it could have been, I think there was a way to do a two-hour version of that, you know? Right. Um, I could be wrong. I could be someone more passionate about it. Could maybe put forward an argument. Yeah. Well, so here's what here's my feeling is it's sort of like I think a part of Blade Runner in a weird way is that it has to be a boring movie. Interesting. Like I think a part of the Blade Runner experience is it being a movie that is so long that you forget a lot of the details and it washes over you. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think makes I don't know if it makes it a better movie, but I think that's just like what the concept of Blade Runner is. Uh-huh. It's like you walk away from these movies having feel like this like weird dystopian future has washed over you. And you remember some details and scenes, but there's also some stuff you don't remember, and because of that, the world feels really rich. Uh-huh. So like I think you're right. I don't have a compelling argument for why it shouldn't, why it needs to be a long movie. But I also feel like weirdly that's what it is. That's its style. Mm-hmm. Because the first one's that. You think back to the first one, you're like, what yeah. exactly happened in it? I don't really know. But no matter what, everyone has these really rich memories of what the experience of, was of watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get that. Um, 
I... The other thing that you said we wanted to talk about earlier was Stranger Things. Have you finished season two? Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm on episode seven, the infamous episode seven. How do you feel about the infamous episode seven? I'm in the middle of it. Um... No, I don't really have a. I don't have that much of a problem. I'm just a man with a black hat and a black jacket looking at us. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a huge problem with it um, so far. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty early on in it because even if it is cheesy and feels totally different, the whole sh- movie is a pastiche of other movies and other things. Yeah, and I get sort of where they're going with this one. So I don't feel like they have to be beholden to any specific style yeah. or tone because I think th- their whole thing is that it's a bunch of stuff put together and something mm-hmm. you're going to like and something you're going to not like. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. How, have you, how did you like the second season in, in total? I liked it. Um, to me, uh, I liked it in the same way. You know, like... I think I, with both seasons of it, like I realized some, I realized in the, one of the things I like about it is that it, I feel like it's a sincere show. Um, I don't think, I don't think there's anything on Stranger Things that really uh, blows my mind necessarily. You know what I mean? I don't think there's anything on it that, where, weirdly, I think the credit sequence, more than anything, is the thing that kind of, like, lodges in my brain. Right. When it comes to the show itself, I just find it very likable. Right. I think the imagery is evocative. In the second season, I'm, uh, um, their, obviously, generous music budget makes me very happy because I like the way that it's right. really digging into, like, we're an 80s show. Um, I think it's and they mimic famous shots of 80 movies really well yeah and I also feel like they're very consciously kind of um, they're paying homage in some ways as much to freaks and geeks as they are to actual things in the uh, from the 80s like I agree there is a part of it even though freaks and geeks is a very different show tonally I do get like a Sam Weir feeling when I think about some of those characters and I get a uh, uh I do get like with the teenage kids they feel like the the freaks and the kids definitely feel like the geeks group yes. definitely follows and that I know that part of that is like borrowing from the same template that freaks and geeks was but it also feels like um, they also I'd be surprised if they weren't fans of freaks and geeks who kind of like that's part of their appeal in doing a show like that as much as actually calling back to the 80s yeah I feel like a lot of it is callbacks and some of it is just them taking a bunch of stuff they liked yeah. or didn't like. Yeah, like um, even just like the way that they cast people like Matthew Modine or Paul Reiser in this season that it is like Paul Reiser is someone that even though Mad About You was a 90s show I think mostly there is like something about Paul Reiser as like one of the 80s stand-ups and he's... Uh, yes, B- I agree. Burke in Aliens is obviously like the first thing you think of when you think of him I being guarantee you Part of what they were doing was casting people, because also the other, the other person is Sean Astin. Mm-hmm. It's like it yeah. feels like they're intentionally casting people who their careers were '80s based careers. Also, like this season is very Goonies, you know. Yeah, it's got a lot of a Goonies vibe to it. 
Um, and it feels to me like, yeah, there's just like, I just find it very enjoyable. I, I burn through it pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, I was surprised when people said they were mad about episode seven. Because but people are mad about it. So here's something that happened to me, which was a, a failing of my own mm-hmm. in many ways, is... Um, now, we, I, we should pause for a second because the first show of the evening is now the audience is letting out. So there's going to be an interesting conflict between uh, John wanting to move people along and people stopping, and people stopping to see this. Um, I feel like... I, I don't want to make his job harder. Yeah. Um, we should maybe like wave people on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. The man who stopped and screamed and pointed at us. Uh, that was the first person that I feel like was trying to be clever in a way that was mean. Yes, he was trying to hurt us. Yeah. Uh, he failed because he didn't commit to it. He committed to it and then ran off. Because we are impenetrable um, when it comes to our feelings. Yeah. Um, a very uh, a full audience now leaving the theater. And we're getting... A, a, a lot of what we're getting is... Uh, Stairs of confusion. Stairs of confusion. People are not sure what's going on. A lot of them will have heard us as they're coming up the stairwell, and then they turn the corner out the door, and they see us in right. the window. And some people recognize us. Oh, here's Shem. Shem? I want to invite Shem in. Uh, Shem is okay. Shem is okay. He's going to come in. Um, you know Shem? You know Shem? Yeah, no, yeah. Shem. Come on in, Shem. Shem, join us. Um, join us. Um, so... Uh, now, everybody's got to move along. you got to move along. She yeah. dropped her thing. Yeah. You dropped your thing. You dropped your thing. We're going to help you move along. Everyone move along. Move to the corner. you got yeah, to keep, keep, keep going. going. you got to keep going to the corner. You've got to keep going to the corner. Everybody move along. Yeah. Move all the way to the corner. Go all the way to the corner. Okay? you got to move to the corner. you got to move to the corner. Move. you got to get out of here. you got to move to the corner. Because right now, if we don't do this... People are just going to stand in front of this window. We yeah. need people to move to the corner, all right? Uh, now, Shem uh, has joined us in the booth here. and Shem's in the booth. Shem is in the booth. Uh, do you want to hand him a, does he have a yeah. microphone? Shem, oh, hand, me, hand me that know. microphone on that cable. Okay. I have to plug it all in. Okay. Yeah, give me that end. I, I have to do the thing where I press the button for a second. Okay. Wait, I'll do it like this. Okay. Counter, take a deep breath. We're back. Test, test, test. Test, test, test. Shem's in the house. Shem is in the house. Now, Shem, uh, what's the deal now? What's happening with you in New York? Now, Shem, you and I met in London. Uh, You and I met in uh, the Beast uh, five DCMs ago. Oh, yes, so, so our first interactions would have been in New York. Yes. I, uh, I'm, I'm fuzzy on the timeline. Yeah, Shem, your whole thing is that you're from the UK. That's my I, whole deal. But I, yeah. I see you, I feel like, every other week in New York. Uh, it's very upsetting. I'm currently working as a uh, video director in New York, which is very exciting. But I'm currently, like, interning now by, like, pushing people to the side, which is very exciting. I want one of those little batons. Yeah. We're getting a lot of salutes and waves. People, people seem to respond better to us just pointing to them to keep moving. 
than they were when we were trying to do inter- engage with them in the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Oh, have you not had people like dropping through? Yeah. We've had people. Hi. Um, and so, uh, but Shem, you're a New Yorker now. You, you, you're basically a New Yorker. I'm basically a New Yorker. It's been like, and how are things going in New York? Uh, it's, it's obsessingly cold. There are rats everywhere, and uh, people are lovely. So wow, like, so it's a mixed bag. No standby. No standby. There's no standby? There's no, we're being told there's no standby. I think people believe that we work at the theater. We don't work at the theater. I mean, you we do don't... work at the theater. Yeah, but we don't well, know ticketing. I don't know the ticketing format. <laughs> Talking to the microphone? Someone, we're now like luring someone up to the microphone. How was our my day? It was great. I'm sp- speaking into this. Be specific. Be specific. Yeah. I saw Pusha T at a store. Do you know Pusha T? He's a rapper. No. No. Oh well, I saw him at a store. He was just chilling. I didn't talk to him or anything. Oh. Just let him be himself. This is a man in glasses and fingerless gloves yeah. talking to us. Yeah. Well, that's great. What? That's great. It's so great. Yeah. And then I would All right, I, I, I got to move people along. We got to go to the corner. Everybody's got to go to the corner. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Just move it along. along. Just along unless you, you have to ticket. You just got to keep moving along. Move it along. Move it along. Move it along. Move it along. All right. All the way to the corner. Got to keep it going. Got to keep it going. That's your way. You got to keep it going. You got to keep going to the corner. No. You got to go. Sir, you gotta go. You this gotta go to the corner. Gotta go. This guy's gotta go to the corner. Wait, let's read his time. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Read his time. Read his time. <laughs> oh, he's just shut his screen down. Gotta go to the corner. You gotta go to the corner. Come on. We, you, Everybody. We gotta keep our eyes out. If we can read people's texts, I want to be reading people's texts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we should get a piece of paper and say, show us your texts. <laughs> no, I think that would be misconstrued. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure someone would show you a text. Now, this guy, this guy, is that the texty guy? Yeah, this is the text to go with the gloves. Yeah. yeah he's not leaving now. He thinks he can stay here all day. They're all just standing. They're all just standing around. We're not a show. This ain't a show. You gotta go. You gotta go. Unless you're here to see a show, you gotta go. We're Down trying the... to say something. No, we're not a show. You gotta go. Either go in here or go there or go there, but you can't stay here. You gotta go there, you go in there. You go over there, you come in here, but you Wait. cannot stay here. Read her text. Read her text. This is it. We got caught on that one. Um, don't you snitched on me? Um, John, do you need help? Do you need help? Do you need people to move along? Demo needs to know help. Okay. He is very good at what he does. Yeah. There's some sort of deal going on over here. Yeah. Oh, that's just the, the bunch of dudes who are at the back of the last show just texting and chatting. Yeah. Oh, they're exchanging some sort of something. Yeah. Um, so, Shem, chilly. what's been happening? What's been happening lately with you, Shem? Do you want an apple, Shem? Do I want? Do I want an apple? Do you want an apple? Uh, can I get an apple in Later. an hour from now? Absolutely. Yeah, I'll swing back. This an is hour. The, this is the rare podcast where that question. Uh, <laughs> the answer that question <laughs> is absolutely. Uh, well, I'm going to go do a show at the Triple Crown now, right now? which is very exciting. Yeah, right now. Great. Uh, I, if there's a fire, run. I've as heard. It's a death trap. <laughs> um, still ensnaring uh, many a generation of uh, young, young comedians. Exactly. Oh, it's very exciting. Um, what's the name of the show? Uh, I wish I knew I'd be a, a better promotional host. But wait, I can pull it up on my... It is... 
happening. Well, no one will ever hear this, but Baxter presents Mike's mum's birthday mm-hmm. uh, and performing with a team called Trash. Uh, and I think we're doing a cat's cradle. Exciting stuff. What's a cat's cradle? I don't really know. It's like a, one that. It's it's, a, it's, no, you know. I do, what it I do is. know exactly what it is, actually. It's a Harold, apparently, that um, Sharma invented where everyone's on stage the whole time and you sort of move between. So if, even if you're not in the scene, you like become background and scenes and blah, 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 blah. blah oh, I see, like, I see. Yeah, it's yeah. one of them. Uh, should be fun in some way, shape, or form. Uh, I see. Have, that, so that has to do with cat's cradle, like the. the like, like the kind of way that. It looks when you make the string is yeah. how it looks on stage and you're kind of like always blending between so it's like shifting scenes. I immediately was trying to figure out like a Vonnegut reference a thing like in the last scene Ice Nine gets dropped into yeah. the end of every scene and freezes everybody. I, I mean you could probably do a really nice Slaughterhouse-Five type Billy Pilgrim uh, yeah. type form. Yeah. Uh, we do a, a Mother Night we do a I mean DCM20 applications have yet to be submitted yeah. so like this could happen. Shem, did you end up submitting a three-on-three? I did. We're in. Uh, I'm performing uh, with Alejandro, who's downstairs, and he's going to come up here later. He's one of the interns. He's great. Great. And Lindsay over there, he's waving. Uh, and we're performing against some very great people. Uh, yeah. And you're not playing this year. No. Well, sad times. Well, I was disqualified to lose twice from the festival. Did you pull people up on stage? Yeah. Well, we did. Three on three is a is an annual improv tournament where JD gets kicked out for being too progressive in his improv. That's right, as it should be. <laughs> the members of Jump on Three are punished for pushing the art form to its limits. Was that in right. Shiraz? That was Shiraz. You're not going to stump Shem on an improv scene question. Hold he on. knows the stats. We know it all. Uh, sadly, yes. Well, I'm going to go do some improv. Uh, thank you for having me inside. I'll, all right. Uh, Swing by again for that apple. Thank you, Sean. Yeah, we'll see you in a little bit. Have a good show. We'll see you later. Um, Oh, they're talking about us. They're talking about us out there. There's buzz happening. I hear people in the stairwell talking about our podcast. Oh, God. Something just buzzed in my ear. (laughs) Connor's chasing an insect around. See, Sean. Yeah. Um, I can sort of do a live mix thing here where I can bring up the outside. Yeah. I can sort of hear what they're saying. Yeah. I can bring it down. Yeah. Um, there was a. I'll, this I'll, might be the best promo we've ever done for the show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but then if people listen to this episode, do you want to talk? You want to talk? That's very cool. Thank you. Hi, I'm Noah. Hi, how are you? I'm okay. My day was good. I went to see a play. I saw a play. What happened? Uh, Jesus hopped the A train at the Sign- Signature Theater. That's uh, Stephen Adley Girgis. Mm-hmm. Is that Stephen Adley Girgis? I can't hear. The playwright is that Stephen Adley Girgis? I could be wrong. I think you're wrong. That's fine. Who's the playwright? Who's the playwright? I don't remember. Okay. I think maybe. But you're then wrong. I went to see uh, the new uh, the new UCB theater. I like outside. How was it? I don't know. I just saw it outside. Oh. What did it look like? I think it. I don't know. It looks fancy. Ooh, fancy. We fancier than a basement. Yeah. We're moving on up. Yes. Yeah. Above ground. Yeah. How's this episode going? Yeah. It's inconsistent. Mm-hmm. It changes a lot. Okay. Because people walk by and 
talk to you? Yeah. Yeah. But they can't hear us. <laughs> so it's a yeah. problem. This is a very strange conversation. Yeah. Okay. But thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. I love the podcast. Thank you. I've listened to all of them. Um, some of them when I was still in Israel and then in Boston, and now I live here, and I saw that you had an episode today, and I was very excited that I could possibly be in it. Now you're in it. You're in it now. I am in it. That's and, weird. And now, right now at home, you're listening to yourself in it. I'm, I hope me in a couple of weeks is very happy in life, and that she's enjoying the episode. And that she doesn't think to herself, this is the worst part of this 12-hour day uh, episode. It's not. There was some really bad parts. Okay, good, good. That weren't I'm you. I'm happy for myself in the future. Yeah. Thank you for letting me in. Have a good Bye-bye. night. Yeah. Um, hi. You're going to break the glass. Connor's panicking. This man's saying no. He, um, want, he wanted to do the, the spot. Do that? Because the end of the... Sur- That's right. Rapid. Oh, Jeff Hiller is here. I forgot. Yeah. Now, the members of the curfew have gathered up outside of the theater. Uh, Just because of the lighting, it looked like you didn't have pants on. That's sort of my vibe. Wait, are you allowed to talk? Because you're not. I am talking. Oh, you are talking? Yeah. <laughs> You just can't hear us. Can't you can't hear me, but you can talk into the microphone. Well, can you turn this we can into hear a speaker? I can't imagine that the people listening to this 12-hour-long podcast are going to enjoy this bit. Did you Part of the problem the is in order to I have to yell for here, you to hear me. Oh, and it's going to no. their ears. It's going to sound like the there's too much just outside. The lava is just outside. Oh, there's a very Thank expensive you. lavalier res- microphone right here. And you put a little tiny sign on it that says "Do not touch" in a sharpie. So there's like a five hundred dollars of equipment I could so, run away with so right now. Yes. I will be quiet about that, yes. JD. Somebody <laughs> could see that run away, and you have to get out from behind that glass <laughs> and then chase. Yes. Oh, it is on the outside. Yeah. That's pretty funny. I don't see what this game because you can't interact with us at all. I can hear you. I know what you're saying. I can. I can't hear you. I can hear. But I can hear you. Can hear you. Wait, so when are you going till eight a.m.? How was your day? Be specific. Um, we, had a, we had a good show. This is the Curfew UCB Theater. Uh, we're up at 7.30. We're going to be at the Hell's Kitchen Theater by the time maybe this comes out. I don't know. You guys release it quickly? When do you, re- when do you release your show? Two weeks. Two weeks? A fortnight. Okay. Um, you know, we were just talking that we're not part of the New York Comedy Festival, and <laughs> we hope that one day we'll be New York comedians. That, that's, well, that's on our mind. I have a question. Uh, is this 12-hour day with J.D. and Connor? Does the D in J.D. stand for anything? Because there's a J with a period and then just a D on its own. That's the most Eric Tanoy question or comment that's ever <laughs> been... Is it like Harry S. Truman where the S had no period because it didn't stand for anything? When do you go till? What time do you go till? I think 11 p.m. is when they're done. Eugene! Have you have you overheard anyone like I'll ask Eugene a question. talking shit about us out I here? I want to ask Eugene or, a question. No. Or like yeah. gossiping about anything out here? People will turn their back to us in text and then we Oh, we and you've text. read some people's texts? Yeah. That's perfect. Is there is there any news on other space? What'd you say? Is there any news on if other space No. Because I, I 
no news. <laughs> I really like that show a lot. Yeah. And I, I'm always hopeful that there'll be another... I think Paul got, has the rights back now. And, and he really wants to do more. He wants to do more, yeah. Do you think it'll happen? I don't know. Just because of everybody else, I think, also still having um, uh, contract things. But also, you know, like, I don't, I don't know what other um, platforms are looking to do more. I just wish, even if they put that first season on a they platform everybody has. You can Yahoo find it down. on Yahoo, but you that's it. And their server is the worst. So you can, I think... It's on like a I Tumblr. Eventually, it'll be on like Hulu or something. Like They're all up on like a Tumblr, right? What happened? They're all up on like a Tumblr. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a Tumblr that says like save other space, I think. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Well, I like it a lot. Oh, thanks, dude. Yeah. And anyone listening to this podcast, you should go to saveotherspace.tumblr.com. And you can watch. It's a really good show, and all the episodes are there. Eight episodes. Eight episodes, and it's a really good arc. And It is a fun arc. And for people listening to the podcast, I want them to watch the show and, and tweet about it and try to get it a second season. Yeah. Any other plugs? Any other plugs? Any other plugs? Like Jeff? <laughs> Chelsea? What's going on with the Dyson fan? Is it hot in there? This is a heater. Huh? It's, it's a space a heater. heater. Oh, that's a heater. Oh, it's cold in there. No, I know not you. When did you start? Uh, around noon. Oh. Um, today, I went to see Illyria at the public theater, and it was better than I expected it to be. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I really enjoyed it. Have you, heard, have you seen it? Illyria at the public? Illyria? Illyria at the public. Illyria at the public? Illyria? Did you, have you seen a leer at the public? I can hear. This is so unsatisfying. I'm I can hear him loud and clear. My day. Oh. Little snappers. <laughs> Does anyone want a little like snapper? A, is that is Gala your favorite kind of apple? I just bought a bag of apples. I'm offering them to people. Does anyone want an apple? I don't apple? Thank you. I don't eat fruit. Do you want an apple? He doesn't eat fruit. No well, fruit. Like baked or cooked into something. Vegetables? Wait, what? No, I don't eat You're raw fruit. You're a vegetarian who doesn't eat raw fruit. I don't like that. It feels weird in my and mouth. And you don't Is eat nuts. Real? Yes. Do. You guys both don't eat, eat vegetables. Or, you don't eat raw vegetables? Oh, I knew I that. I do eat raw vegetables. I, I use vegetable smoothie every day. Fruit's got, I think, like pollen you don't eat raw fruit. Uh, no, I eat raw fruit, and I make a vegetable smoothie that I eat every day. Today I had two vegetable smoothies. What hour are you on? should poach a pear. What's that? Probably hour nine, I think. Thank you. Do at least four more. I will. See ya. Um, hi. Hey. Uh, okay. Um, it was kind of a tough day. Uh, I, I went to my cousin's bat mitzvah, um, which, you know, it's fine, but uh, for me it's just kind of a difficult social situation. I don't know if I'm being too loud or no, whatever. You're good. Okay. Um, yeah. No, it's just like it was tough because it's like I wanted to go because my dad always says you should go to these things because like you don't get to see your family that often. Right. And so I went and then I didn't really talk to anyone the whole time and it was kind of like you know, a lot of, like, loud music and, like, 12-year-olds dancing and stuff. So, yeah, I was pretty uncomfortable. I, I like, left, uh, I left, like, the main room. I went to a side room and called my friend for, like, half an hour, which was, that actually reminds me of, like, things, 
a thing you say to do on this podcast a lot, which is call a friend and talk right. to them. And that was nice. Um, yeah, and then I, like, saw you guys tweet, and I was like, oh, I want to see you in person. And so <laughs> then I came here. Thank you. And, like, it actually, like, helped a lot. Like, it made me feel good. It oh, gave good. me something to look forward to. That's um, awesome. Because I love you guys. <laughs> like, Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Like, you're both, like, individually and, like, together, like, an inspiration to me. For real. What's your name? Uh, it's Tanny. Tanny? How do you spell that? T-A-N-N-Y. Yeah. All right. You're on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I tweeted you guys <laughs> earlier. Um, I've also met you both individually. <laughs> like, Right. I'm, I, I met you, like right before my 101 show or maybe my 201 show right. or something. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. You were about to go on you were like, oh, I, I listen to 12 Hour Day and we talked about it. Right? I don't know what you said. No. Yes, we've met. Yes. I remember. <laughs> yeah. How'd that show go? The curfew? How'd the show, oh, the, how, the how'd the your 101 show go? Uh, I think it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really remember it, but it was probably good. Yeah, thanks for asking, by the way. The, uh, I guess people listening probably know this, but they held up a sign that said, how was your day, be specific. Um, the only other thing I should I could say is that, like, uh, the, we, it was in New Jersey, and we drove over here from New Jersey, Are and the traffic was stressful. What? Are you from New Jersey? I'm from Long Island. Okay. My cousin's from New Jersey. Where do you live now? Uh, right now I live in Toronto. I go to school there. What are you doing in New York? What? What are you doing in New York? Uh, visiting. Okay. I'm literally visiting for the bat mitzvah, for the bat mitzvah, and then I also got to see the Gethard show on Thursday, which was amazing. Oh, wow. That yeah. was a good episode. I thought it was a fun episode. Huh? Good episode, I thought. Oh, it was, like, perfect. And, like, uh, it was super fun. I thought the musical guest was, like, amazing. Red bra. Like, yeah. Really fun. Uh, and, like, I don't know. The episode, I thought, went really well. Where are you staying in New York? Uh, I'm I'm going back to Long Island now. I'm, my parents are there. Right. Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to like keep up, keep up. Sorry, <laughs> take up too much time. You can't. It's a twelve-hour-long podcast. That's true. We have so much time to fill. <laughs> okay. Cool. <laughs> How have you guys been? Been good. Uh, it's been a. It's been a lot of work in a row. We're ten episode. We're in a ten-episode stretch of the Gethard Show. So right. It's exhausting. So I've been tired. Okay. But otherwise good. Emotionally tired. You're tired. I'm trying to mime this out 12 heads as I talk it. Hmm. Yeah. I'm fine. Okay, good. <laughs> That's good. Wow. Yeah. What are you going to do now? What are your plans for the rest of the evening? Sorry? What are you going to do now? What am I doing now? No, what are you going to do now? Next. Like, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to go home. Where? I'm going Toronto? to Penn Station. Huh? To Toronto? No, to Long Island. Oh, oh Long I'm going to go to Toronto tomorrow. I'm taking a bus tomorrow night. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any plans for tomorrow morning? What's your, what does your uh, Sunday morning look like? Tomorrow morning? Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to go try to buy a suit for myself, because I don't have a suit, and my stepmom wants to help me with that, so it's convenient I'm in town. I'll try to do that. Where are you going to buy a suit, do you think? I don't know the name of the store. Uh, she knows, but I'm not sure. Right. Yeah. 
I think we'll do that. That's marked. Uh, hmm. What else can I say? Oh, um, I guess I could just say, like, I guess you probably got, you've probably talked about Chelsea a, a bunch. Um, yeah. I haven't, like, been around for that long, but I took 101 summer 2016, and, like, I spent, so I spent that summer at home, um, and I guess I, I mean without getting too specific I like suffer from like mental health issues and it was uh it was kind of tough like it was kind of a specifically difficult summer and uh like the Chelsea theater kind of became like a lot of people say this but it kind of became like a second home for me yeah same for I'm sure yeah (laughs) um and it's crazy like it's just like a theater and like I don't know it's like I bear, I don't do anything here. I just go see shows right. and stuff, and I don't know. Like it's such a warm feeling. It's like I'm really gonna miss it. I think. Yeah. But who knows what the? I don't know what the new place looks like, but I don't either. Nice. Yeah. I'm I'm hopeful. Yeah. I'm also sad because I'm I'm very sentimental by nature. Hmm. Not uh, sure what you said. Sentimental. Sentimental for yeah. sure. And so I. Uh, the idea of any change to me is like sad. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I can only like I can only imagine like how sentimental you guys are. Like I've been here for like a year and a half and Yeah. Yeah. But I think the new place will be good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it will. Yeah. Um Would you like an apple? Oh, uh yeah, actually. Yeah. I'd love Come an on. apple. Yeah, yeah. Push your Here, use this microphone while you talk to us. Okay, hi. Thank you. Thank you Here's so an much. Apple. Um, I appreciate this apple. Yeah. Um, I'm actually pretty hungry, and I might have like gone to get dinner at Penn Station, but now I think I'll probably eat this and eat at home. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, I've saved you from uh, Penn Station food. That's probably, uh, I could have saved your life. <laughs> you know? Yeah, thank uh, you. There's a lot, there's rats down there, you know? So you had your bar, your bar mitzvah today. Uh, my cousin's bat mitzvah, yeah. Not your, you didn't get bat mitzvah today. You had your cousin's. Yeah. Then, where was it? It was in the city? It was in New Jersey. Okay. What brought you into the city? This show, The Curfew. The Curfew? Yeah. How was it? It was pretty good. It was good? Yeah. I mean, it was like a solid, um, like, competent improv show. There are some fun. of the most solid improvisers that exist. For sure. Yeah. Um, it didn't, like, blow my mind. Like, I think... A lot of, like, or maybe some, like, women and men herald nights have blown my mind. Sure. I think a lot of it, too, is when you start coming to shows and the teams that, like, speak to you. And you're just, like, yeah. you, you, I, you get those people. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, women and men. Have you seen them? I have not. Who's okay, because they're, they're, like, relatively new. Um, Zach Willis. He sure. taught my 101. Um, Zach and I play video games all the time. Ryan Haney, Molly Gaby. Right, right, right. Uh, Zach, can you play video games? Yeah, we played Destiny 2. We played Overwatch until Zach had to delete Overwatch because he played it too much. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. He gets very into video games. Really? Okay. Yeah. He's the best. He's great. Ryan Haney's (laughs) great. Molly Gaby's great. Is is Denny on Women and Men? 
He's on Higgins. No, he's on Higgins. Yeah. Who's on what? Um, is Bob Ben on Wayne? No. No. Um, oh, uh, uh, um, who have you mentioned so far? Uh, Ryan Haney, Molly Gaby, Zach Willis. Uh, oh, Sarah um, Grace Wellborn. Oh, Sarah Grace. Kleinman? Yeah. Matt Kleinman? Is he? I thought Kleinman was on it. Maybe he's not anymore. Oh, Patrick Noth. Oh, Patrick. Yeah. Patrick's my old buds. Yeah. Patrick uh, and I did hair. We were on the same 20 year anniversary of Harold Knight. Oh, yeah? yeah? We did our beats together. Yeah. I wish I could have gone to that. It was fun. We came up the indie scene together. You know, Dreamboat Jump on Three. Sister teams, really, truly. Mm-hmm. So that's just some old <laughs> indie improv. You were on yeah. Jump on Three. I've seen like old YouTube videos of Dreamboat like promos. It's like a very obscure thing. I don't yes. know why I've seen this, but I know the name Dreamboat. Yeah, that's so funny. I, I always like I read like I read the IRC like I like I love the history. Uh-huh. Yeah, I love it. Once you get into it, you get into it. Yeah. I wish I was around longer. And I, Kevin Hines driving by, waving oh. goodbye to us. Good car, Kevin Hines. Well done, car-wise. Kevin, Kevin Hines. good Kevin, job. What a car. Next time, if any of you run into Kevin Hines, say, Kevin, good job on that car. Kevin, great wheels. Saw your wheels. car, great wheels. Kevin. Great wheels. I want everyone to talk to Kevin Hines about how great his car is, but never attribute it to this podcast. I just no. wanted to get a feeling that people are talking about that car. Exactly. Um... The, uh, yeah, I think, you know, the, the funny thing is, because you were saying about how, like, you have a nostalgic feeling about the Chelsea Theater. D- you did your one-on-one show here. Yeah. Because we met outside your one-on-one show. Yeah. And you were like, oh, I listened to 12-Hour Day, I feel like. Yes. Uh, and I have a terrible memory for this sort of thing. Where, where did we meet? Um, I met you, I think I met you on the corner uh, over there, right after a um, way past my bedtime. Oh, okay. Like over that the was summer. Very late. Yeah, it was late. I was with. I met. I had met. Because um, that's an eleven o'clock show that's done at midnight, and then it takes me an hour to put everything away. So anybody who's still around after that, uh, it's a late night out. So, oh man, I feel like I must be tired. Um, I feel so bad. I'm forgetting his name right now. Um, From the show. No, like, uh, so someone who's, like, in the sort of, like, Gethard community. Is it Patrick Kottner? No. No. He doesn't work on the show. He was in the in audience. The oh, in the audience. Um, um, he's, like, he's the longest tongue in America. Oh, yeah. Phil Romano. Phil Romano. Yeah. I, I feel so bad that I forgot your name, Phil, if you're listening. But you didn't but... forget what he's most famous for. No, yeah, uh, of course. You can see his, his face. World, his world record. You knew his accomplishments. Names are hard. Yeah, so I had met him. I met him that night at that show. Um... And I had only like seen him on the Facebook page before, right. um, and so he was like looking to meet one of his other friends, and so we had walked down further, and then we like came back, and we said like, oh maybe we'll like run into Connor, and I like I waited because I wanted to meet you. That's so nice. Um, yeah, I ended up. Oh, you know what I did? I ended up asking you because I had made, I had just recently made a Facebook group called Unofficial UCB Improv Students Community. Right. And this is a group that I made because, like, I wanted something, like, some way to connect to the community. Right. Totally 
fails. Like it doesn't. It's not active in the right. slightest. There's a bunch of people in it because um, I don't know if you guys know Otter. Yeah. He's like he like added a bunch of his friends, but like no one ever posts anything in the group, and it's like. Mark Ledgerboard just walked outside, dumped a full coffee onto the street, and then walked into Aristides. <laughs> what is his scam? What <laughs> coffee scam? What grift is, he is this? Mm. So you made an unofficial UCB student group that did not take off. Yeah, uh, which is fine, but I don't know. It's just like I guess I'm always co- sort of looking for that like feeling that I get from like listening to podcasts about yeah. old school UCB, right? Yeah. and stuff and it's like it's hard well it's an interesting thing because even though you're saying like you're sad about the theater feeling like home even though the main thing is like you've come to see shows is like so it's 2017 now and this is the year when it really started like I'm always aware of like I started classes in 2009 and I bec- and I got put on a house team January of 2011 so I had like a little over a year and a half where I was just a student doing uh, indie shows, class shows, and coming to see shows. But I was not like on the performer page, not a house performer. And, but during that time, if Chelsea had moved at any point during that time, I would have been like, oh no, this place, because even when I was, when my main relation to the theater was as an audience member, it felt like such a um, special place that I, I totally get the, I don't think it's ridiculous at all to, to think of it that way because it is just like in the same way that like there's movie theaters that in Manhattan that if they closed I would be like no that's like a, one of my like havens you know that's like a I feel like UCB in particular is a place too where New York can be a very overwhelming place and if you have any level of stress or anxiety New York's a place that like pries at that and amplifies that and then you go into UCB and you go down these stairs and like on a cold night like today it feels warm Everyone takes off their jackets, and you're around people who like the same thing as you. Everybody's laughing. Everyone's trying to make each other laugh. And it just feels like, oh, this is a place where I feel safe, where I feel like these are, these are my people. Yeah. This is my world. Yeah. So even if you're not on the stage, which same thing. It was yeah. two years just being obsessed with it before I was a performer. You, you feel like you're a part of it, and you feel like, oh, this place gets me. More yeah. so than even like the people who think you're like, oh, this place... With these walls and these dumb posters and the, the stuff to talk, like this is, I feel comfortable. This is a like a weird, and the fact that it's underground, it's like this womb-like place where you just enter and you're like, for now, I'm safe. Whatever's going on outside, yeah, I'm with people that I know I can trust that like the same things as me. We're laughing at the same stuff. I don't know. So I, 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 I feel that same thing. Yeah. Um, it almost feels like not in a helpful way but like it almost goes away a little bit when you're a performer not the nostalgia or love for it it but changes it shifts yeah. it no longer feels like oh this it doesn't feel like that Harry Potter Mark Ledgerwood's he's offering, offering sure yeah cupcakes. he's offering cupcakes I'll oh. have a cupcake I'll take a cupcake so I think I'm gonna get going thank you Mark Hey Mark, what what was your what was the deal with the coffee? What what kind, of, what's, what's what kind of scam you got going? Uh, I have no scam with the coffee. When I walked out, there was a bit of coffee in a cup that was just sitting by the door. Jealous so of I the cupcakes. Throw it away, but it was so full that I didn't want to throw it into a garbage can Great. with a full cup of coffee because that's going to be a nightmare for some poor garbage boy. I, we thought it was some sort of weird refill thing you had going on where you go into Garcia's get that coffee. Refill. Oh wow, 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 no! I wouldn't throw out good coffee. But that's it, why I couldn't figure out what the animal was like. Because <laughs> we saw you walk. It looked us, You walked out. Dumped coffee and then went right into Gracie. <laughs> like, he's figured out something. He's doing some sort of next level coffee grift. Oh, wow. No, I have no grift going yet. 
Did uh, you just get these cop these cupcakes? cupcakes for you guys? Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Do you want Thank a cupcake? You want one? Oh, you uh, want them. of course. I'm, yeah. I'll take a cupcake. Yeah, so your cupcake uh, should come in here. Okay. Yeah, come on. And I'll get out. Oh, you know, have a cupcake if you're, because that that'll go with your apple. Oh. Have a cupcake. Sure. Thank you so much. Station. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Tanny, have a good trip. Yeah. Safe travels. Uh, good luck picking out the suit tomorrow. Uh, it's useful to have a suit. I bought two suits a few years ago, yeah. and I've mostly used them for comedy purposes, but okay. also they come in handy for weddings. Yeah, and I, I, I needed one today. Yeah. Tighter is more in style right now. Okay. Having fewer folds and it drops on your shoes is more in style now, so just keep that in mind as you're shopping. But okay. also get one that you like. Don't worry about the trends. Yeah, I tend to think more on that end of the spectrum. But I'm yeah. trying to stay trendy. I'm trying to look good. Not People me. have said that it looks like I have no pants on right now, which is a trend. It's a trend. Trend oh, fashion. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Very thank nice you so to much. see Safe you travels. Have a good night. Yes. And safe travels back to Toronto as well. Um, there's two things. There's two things that I want to talk about while while they're on my mind. Um, two things I want to talk about while they're on my mind, just because I think I they're interesting. I could really use a cupcake right now, also. Yeah, just because I think they're interesting, um, and they're and they're a little controversial. What? Did that join yes or no? Or? Yeah, join. Oh. Yeah, join. Um, and I'll put a pin in those because I want to talk to Mark for a second. Uh, how's your day, Mark? Uh, my day's going pretty good. I'm a little bit hungover, but getting over it. Wild night? Um, not super wild, but... Uh, Enough that it, it left a mark. Exactly. Mark, I, I, I didn't mean question. That. Yeah. I didn't mean that to be a pun. N- I know. Or any play on words. You I, know, I, 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 I get I it. Been, I would have worked harder at it. <laughs> through periods of your life mm-hmm. where I feel like you expressed that you're going through a lot of anxiety and stress. Yeah. Your hair was much longer and you had longer facial. Now that you've cut your hair, is that a sign that you've had some growth or yeah. is it a sign that you got a haircut uh, it's both uh, I feel like I am much more centered I feel like I know kind of a little bit more of the trajectory that I can aim for um, my career stuff is becoming less ambiguous and less uh, I don't know nebulous hey. um, it's been that's good. awesome it's awesome so we have an that's how what's your day be specified Mine was good. What did you do? How were yours? Great. Great? I like that. <laughs> What's your name? My name, Michael. Michael? I'm Connor. Okay, Mike. I'm JD. 12 hour day with JD and Connor? Wow. <laughs> that, that'll be in there for. Really? <laughs> for 12 hours? Yeah. yeah. My goodness. You want a cupcake? That's awesome. Just having little monkeys? Yeah. You want one? Do you want one? Wow. Oh my God. That's okay. That's crazy. All right. Oh my. He's saying, oh my, that's crazy. We are definitely going to pull that that. audio. Oh, that's a mic that you can hear me. Yeah. Yeah. Right? He said, don't touch. Yeah. Wow. So you have little monkeys? Yeah. And that's it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We talk. And you're gonna you're gonna go to sleep or nothing? Not today. No. <laughs> wow. That's really awesome. Thank you. A little fan there? Yeah, a little heater. Yeah, so you get it cool? Yeah. yeah. You wow. want an apple? And a little munchies. Yeah. <laughs> you want an apple? You want an apple? No, 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 no. I'm okay, I'm okay. Okay. I'm okay. I have a little boot. Oh good. I'm going to go home. 
Go home. And chill out. Good All right. right. Have fun, guys. Nice to meet you, Michael. In the morning, I'll see you. If you're still here for the 12 hours, I'll see you in the morning. Okay. <laughs> All right. Have a good night. All Bye, right. Michael. Um, so, sorry, we were saying before. Oh, no. About uh, career trajectory. Career trajectory, yeah, yeah. I just feel like more stable. I feel like my living situation is stabilized. Uh, I'm just less chaotic. That's a good feeling. Yeah, it's a great feeling. It feels like I'm 28 and have 28-year-old life stuff. I feel, and this is just because this is my experience, 26 to 28 were very complicated, stress-filled years for me. Yes. But it wasn't until 28 that I started feeling balanced again. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, I've lived in the city for about five years now, and for that entire time, it always kind of felt like, at what point am I going to like run out of money? Am I going to have to move home uh, or just call it quits? Yeah. And I don't think I have that anxiety anymore, which is nice. It's nice. It feels nice. Yeah, the yeah. The sprinkles are mysteriously on the outside of the paper a lot of yeah. them. I don't know how that happened. Like, I don't know how they made these cupcakes and they got so many sprinkles on the bottom and the outside. Of what the, if they put the sprinkles on after they put them in the <laughs> I believe they did. Uh, now, Mark, you're one of the first 12 heads, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, your last guest, Dan... Tanny. Tanny. Um, I think I met him uh, because he was a 12-hour day fan. Really? Mm-hmm. Like, he knew who I was uh, from, from the from podcast, which was wild to me. Also, yeah. Gether tells a story of... I'm going to turn that outside. Gether was in Edinburgh doing his show. And mm-hmm. after one of his shows, someone came up wearing a 12-hour day shirt. Yeah, I sent one to Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think his that. name is Thomas. Maybe. Uh, that might have been him. It might have been somebody else. I sent a few international. But Gether always tells that story. He's like, it was insane. Somebody came up and they had a 12-hour day shirt on in you, Edinburgh. You know what's funny is I met Justin Linville, uh, Chris's assistant, because I sent him a shirt from when he back uh, when he lived back in Texas. A so 12-hour I ne- day shirt? A 12-hour day Wait, shirt. he has a 12. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so I, I remember uh, like corresponding with Justin before he moved to the city. So I remember Justin from Texas. I remember him being Gethard show caller mm-hmm. and all that stuff. I didn't realize that he was a 12 head. 12 head. Yeah. Um, I also call anyone who's ever listened to an episode a 12 head. Yeah. If yeah. you listen to a whole episode, it's, you're a 12 head. Yeah. It's so easily uh, contracted uh, and you can't get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I um, was up in uh, Woodside the other day and I went to the Woodside diner that I met Connor at. Right. Uh, Which has been completely remodeled now. It looks completely yeah, different inside. Totally different. Um, but... It was very funny to... That's where we had beans. Mm-hmm. Yes. Was that episode one or two? 12 I love that. Um, sure. I got a perfect mix-up of that. Yeah. <laughs> As he walked by, I went, 12-hour window day. I love it. <laughs> that is, uh, from now on, no, 11-11, November 11th, shall mm-hmm. forever, from this one, I'll be known as 12-hour window day. Um, in order to celebrate that holiday, people are encouraged... To get into some sort of display window and stay in it for 12 hours. I also think, Michael, you couldn't hear it, but he had a moment where he went, 12-hour day with J.D. and Connor. Wow. That and is, it was like so perfectly paced that I'm like, that should be our new theme yeah, song. Yeah, you have to cut that out. Maybe Gas Peels put a beat behind it. Yeah. We should definitely... Yeah, there's uh, Tim Dillon. Uh, we should definitely... Um, Hey, Tim. 
fans. How are you? Good. How are hey. you? Good. Good to see you. What are you doing? We're doing our 12-hour podcast. You're doing a 12-hour podcast? Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. Well, this is episode 14. Every episode is 12 hours long. Well, that's reasonable. Yeah. yeah. That sounds good. I'm going to pop down and watch Jared Logan. All right. All right, guys. I'll see you soon. Good luck. Good to see you, Tim. Thank you. Actually, can I get another cupcake for Alejandro? Yeah. yeah. Take all the cupcakes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Give those to everyone. Give all those, two of them. Yeah, both of them. Well, I also bought a bunch of snacks for the interns. Oh, that's so nice. Um, what were we saying before? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I, I miss the way the old Woodside Cafe looked because it used to have a more um, an old-time diner kind of feel. Yeah. And there's still another diner in Woodside that feels that way. Mm-hmm. But what I forgot about it is that they're completely unreasonable. The other place is nicer. Mm-hmm. The other diner has like a couple different Irish breakfasts that each of them have half of what I want and half of what I don't <laughs> want. So like I want to get like bacon and Irish bacon and beans, beans and toast. I don't want black pudding. I don't want – and no matter what you – they won't change it. Really? They won't change it. And they won't – you can't substitute even if you're like – just even if you're like, I want cheaper things, so it's actually better for you guys. Yeah. If I'm, I'll pay the full price and you give me less. Um, but I don't want this. I don't. Want, and they just absolutely refuse. Wow. And so it's not a. Whereas Woodside Diner, like you order what you want, and they they're nice about it. What's weird about the new uh, inside of it is it's nice. Mm-hmm. It's a much like more. It feels more like a nice restaurant kind of. Yeah. But there is something about it. It's like, oh, you lost like a lot of charm. But I get why someone thinks like this is not like I get why it's better. Yeah. Um, but it is one another one of those things that makes me a little sad right. because it's like uh, it was this old thing, but then they got the money to refurbish it, and now everything's like shiny and new. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, it's gonna be like 30 years before it feels like uh, it used to feel. You know, it'll need to age into yeah. having that kind of charm again, like a new pair of shoes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, um, was that after just the first episode that... I think it was, because it was, uh, me, Hannah Blackman, Casey Miko, uh, and it was just a Saturday afternoon that we tweeted at you that we were going to go do a pilgrimage to Woodside and, uh, like, go retrace the steps, and... I remember like trying to figure out the diner's location. It, might have been, it must have been after the second episode because it was the second episode that we went to my apartment. Right. So it must have been... Got it, got it, got it. still in the early days. Although mm-hmm. when we were banging out these episodes every couple of months. Are you guys are doing a podcast? Yeah, we're doing a podcast. How was your day? Listen. Don't touch it. Just talk into it. Oh, oh, hey guys. Hey, man. How you guys doing? A microphone, yeah. I'm, we're from, uh, I'm from New Orleans. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I'm a DJ. I travel the world, man, and this is my friend Joe. What's your name? Uh, McFly. Ever heard of, like, uh, Boombox Cartel? No, but that's, I will, you, I'm uh, the wrong person to oh, ask. Oh, true, true. Ken McFly, spend that film. Figure it out, man. <laughs> nice nice talking to you guys. Film. These guys are awesome, and they're wearing really cool salmon pants and an awesome <laughs> Levi's button down. They fought. That guy looks like he needs to be in, like, a TV show, and you, <laughs> fuck yeah. yeah. I, Chris, this, everything, this fucks, everything in this whole vision is amazing. You guys are All good. Right. The owls are not what they seem. That's right. That's what my shirt says. Yes! Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! Uh, I don't know if the listeners will know who he was referring to when he gave the description for each of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here's, it's, it's a quiz time. <laughs> um, so, the things that he said. Well, there's a loose dog running there's away. There's a loose dog. Oh, 
Man. So it's a quiz time. He said someone's wearing really cool salmon pants, but he said with a, a comedic pause to imply that they're not cool. <laughs> he said this guy should be on a TV show. Uh-huh. And then he also said uh, the owls are not real. You know, the owls are not what they seem. <laughs> okay, I think Which we've given what? away the owls are not what they seem. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, we've tipped it off. So um, which one of us is wearing a Twin Peaks reference sweater? Which one of us should be on TV and which one is wearing salmon pants? All right, submit your answers, and the correct answer was J.D. Amato. I'm wearing salmon pants. Connor Ratliff, owls are not what they seem. Sweatshirt. Mark Ledgerwood put me on TV. Um, I believe that the DJ's friend, whose name escapes me, um, he didn't say I don't believe. Well, he started naming. He says I'm a DJ, but then he, he said McFly, his... and then the other guy. Yeah. I don't think he said his he name. He asked if we knew the Boombox Brothers. Yeah, yeah. we don't. Um, <laughs> we didn't. But the other guy, I think, was aggressively quoting um, Silicon Valley at us. What was he saying? The other guy kept pointing at us and saying, these guys fuck. This guy fucks. Yeah. Uh, which is something that a very aggressive character in Silicon Valley says about Zach Woods' character. I was right. going to say, I wonder if they think J.D. is Zach. Maybe they do. Uh, maybe. I, think it may, I don't think I look I think this guy it. just likes taking that and using it as an aggressive compliment. Mm. Well, I think it was he was trying really hard. He was like, it's an opportunity to be funny. Yeah. And he's like, what's funny? What's funnier than jokes I've heard? What's funny? This thing that I thought was funny that someone else said. Yeah. Um, do you know, uh, we just found out, I didn't realize that, you know who painted, the, who stenciled this in the window? I don't. I know a lot Michael, of stuff. Michael Delaney. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I wonder if he's going to do a similar thing at the new theater. He should. Yeah. Connor's been enjoying standing on the chair. Standing on the chair again. Okay. Uh, I do like the fact that, t- I think visually this reads, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think it lo- it feels weird maybe socially to do this. Mm-hmm. For us in here, but I think it actually like we we have the full uh, spectrum of this window to use. There's a part of it that feels like this looks interesting. Yeah, uh, I just have a question. Who put the uh, the air, air freshener? freshener? Oh yeah, I did that. Okay. Well, it was a team effort because a, a family came. Yeah. And the Hello. daughter of the family, she designed the entirety of the store. Up oh, there's a woman a parka with red hair. Hi. Hi. What are we doing? Uh. Um, it was really interesting. We just saw a modern dance theater show right here, and I randomly invited him two hours ago. You can did, talk. Did you like the show? The show was great. Yeah? Did he really? But did, did he, he really? You didn't like it as much? It was good. It was good. Okay. What was the show called? Y'all know what the Matthew, I don't know. Matthew, oh, the Matthew here. That's the Matthew there. company. Yeah, but it was a... But it was like a compilation of shows. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A, okay, like a, just a, whole, a whole evening of dance. Yeah. Yes. It's like what, a showcase. What prompted you to go? Huh? Why did you go? What prompted you to go? Where did I go? Yeah, why? Um, one of my coworkers is, is she's a professional dancer. Where yeah. do you work? What's your job? Where do you work? What's your job? We're, we're teaching artists, so we're art, we're performer artists. Great. Uh, but we all just go into these schools and stuff and just share our art with kids. And her ha- hers happen to ha- happens to be dance. Oh, 
That's cool. I do other things. And how do you guys know each other? How do we know each other? You uh, mutual friends. Met at a wedding ways back. So. That's awesome. Yes. Why are we talking to you guys? What's happening? Is this we do a, a podcast? Yeah. Is this some type of like social experiment? Is it a performance artist? It's a podcast. Oh, cool beans. Are we on the podcast? Yeah. Can we read? Can we follow this later? Yeah. Uh, that's our Twitter. Okay, this is really cool. Okay, yeah. we just want to be part of it. Is there a show going on later tonight? Yeah. All the time, yeah. Oh, okay. And you're just going to sit here and do the podcast? Yeah. All right, this is cool. I love New York. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good night. Have a good night. Have a good night. Um, the, uh, yeah, no, so the air freshener, um, there were, the second JD put that microphone out there, immediately there were like 12 people out. Like, it, a crowd formed. Yeah. To the point where we were like, we may have just caused a problem because <laughs> the one the one thing that I associate with this particular block, part mm. of the block is that you're not supposed to stand yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, um, Although we actually, when the show's let out, we started doing a thing where we just point to the corner and it actually, I think it helped move. I bet it does. I mean, like, that's what the line control's job is, just to keep pointing people doing, to the corner. We're just like, a, literally like a Christmas window. It's almost a shame that they didn't do that before. They should have put an animatronic thing. <laughs> or gotten like, as an improv student, I would have definitely been like, all volunteer to do a shift in the window where I just go like, <laughs> dress up like an elf and point, go to the right. corner. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so there was people there and one of them uh, designed the pop-up shop for uh, Yankee Candle. Oh. And so I think it was her dad who said, do you want this? And like handed us this... Uh, air freshener but it was it was really intense when we opened it oh yeah so we put it up here because i did smell it when i walked in here oh, really? and i have been in this window many times and it's never smelled it's never like, uh balsam and cedar no never not once yeah um what's that what's that noise now that's the heater yeah but it's cold not hot oh let me look and that that heater was donated to the theater by reggie watts reggie watts uh, it was because it of Dave it, Murray. It makes weird noises, kind of like he sometimes does with his music. Yeah. All right, let me see if I can get this going. Mark Legendary Great. All right, I flipped it to heat. We'll see if it does anything. Let's see what happens. If it doesn't, that's okay. It yeah. should. It's okay. It's kicking on. In a weird way, the the fact that we only moved into the window once the. Um, show started has made this podcast go like we don't have that much time left really when did you start we started a little before noon oh okay and what time is it now it's like uh like nine thirty. yeah i mean yeah, this three hours that's two and a half that's so quick it's been a weird episode i Maybe can't un- tell if it's listener it might not be listenable it might be the most unlistenable episode I don't know. Oh, you fell asleep on a plane for three but hours. That was listenable. But you can listen to that at least. Uh, <laughs> As opposed to like me yelling at people through the window while they try to yell back. And so what this oh, is, interesting. there's a period of time when um, Rod joined us where he was yelling through the glass, but we couldn't hear him. And so you could definitely not hear him on the podcast, but Connor was screaming back. So... In order to get either side, you'd have to be doing some pretty solid live mixing. <laughs> wow. And then now we've created the system where we can hear them clearly, but we didn't figure it out how to get them to hear us. So there's a lot of us hearing people say what their day was and us going, great, that's wonderful. So You know what? That's, I think that's the, the endearing thing about this podcast is... <laughs> that it's unlistenable. <laughs> totally unlistenable. No, it's like from one episode to the other. Like, we're trying this. Yeah. 
And also, this part of the podcast is completely different from the part that was a walking tour of Chelsea, which might be very listenable, but might also be of no interest to some people. Yeah, sure. It's also, probably very alienating to... Also, I believe Shannon deleted... Shannon was also recording it. I, for, yeah. Uh, and she, I think she immediately deleted her version. Really? Yeah. Oh, no. Because she just turned off the recorder instead of stopping the recorder. <laughs> oh, gosh. But well, we have the we backup. Have, we that's, have it. Fingers crossed. That's, yeah, that's what I told her. I was, like, I was like, I think we have the whole thing. But we'll see. Yeah. Did you meet her here for this? Yes. She's yes. the one who let us in. She didn't let us in. Got it. Yeah, because yeah. there were no class shows today. Yeah, we lucked out. Yeah. We lucked out. And th- what are the shows tonight? Uh, Jared Logan right now. Jared Logan right now. Before that, it was a curfew. Next is Grandma's Ashes, followed by a midnight show that's Keaton Patty's. Uh, I don't remember the name of it, but you. Family Circus cartoon. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, no, they. Very funny. They're I great. had to unfollow them. What? I had to unfollow them. Because there were too many? There's too many. Who would do like 40 in a day? That's a lot. I know. You gotta slowly trickle those out. Yeah, that's what I was like. I was like, you've got enough content for a year now. Just hold the trickle. But I'm also talking to Connor Ratliff. The man who tweeted releases, a thousand times about Porky Pig. Tweeted a thousand Porky Pig tweets. <laughs> and and it, you're also recording a 12-hour-long podcast. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Uh, exactly. We're all we're, guilty. We are li- you are literally a man in a glass house right now. <laughs> stones. Please don't throw stones. We have to get our security deposit back. Uh, we're not getting it back. Uh, yeah, there's no way they're getting that deposit Hello, back. Woman no, no, no. Goodbye, woman with the book. Um, man hey. The chat. These all sound like novels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we should play a game at some point where we guess people's names. Yeah. Um, a people watching podcast where you can't see the people we're watching. Yeah. Um, that does sound like performance art. Mark yeah. is someone who listens to the podcast. Yes. And now is on the podcast. It's mm-hmm. on the podcast many times. Mm-hmm. What should we be talking about right now? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh,. I'm trying to think if there's anything from very early episodes that would be fun to tie together. That's the interesting thing. It feels like there's been a lot of people that have started listening from the beginning as mm-hmm. of late. I'm, you see, there's someone in the subreddit that was like, I just did a listen through. I just started listening today. Mm. Yeah. So in like a year, they'll hear this one. Yeah. Too late. Too, too, too late, late to save them. Yeah. Uh, I... I don't remember what we have to... Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, the Polish Deli, have you been back? Where's that? The oh. place where we got the awful soda. The oh, terrible Euromart. lemonade? Euromart, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but you did say, didn't you say recently someone went to Euromart? Well, people will tweet everything and be like, hey, I went on a trip to Euromart. Uh-huh. But then I, it's like, cool, but that's also like not far from my apartment so I'm also like, but also like I'm not worried about it but it's like a weird no. thing people be like oh I'm very near your apartment but I do remember I mean, being able to find it online no yeah, no right I mean train. your apartment oh really yeah just based on based on the podcast the amount of times we crossed the street and the amount of times we I was like Connor turn here not even that I think at one point uh, it was like a description of the facade interesting oh interesting Oh well. Um, oh well. Oh well. Oh well. Oh, well. Yeah. Listen, um, if you're trying, if you're trying to use twelve hour day for bad, you can do it. <laughs> it's, all, it's always been possible. The um, no, I don't think we've been back to. I haven't been back to your mind. Do you ever go in there, JD? Uh, you know, every now and then I am tempted to, but I just don't, and I don't know why. You want to know what it is? I'm a person of routine. 
Yeah. And I know the there's two groceries. Okay, here's some shit. Fucking crazy. And you live in Astoria, don't you? No, I live in uh, Gowanus. You live in Astoria for a second. Nope, never. I guess I'm thinking just... Casey Miko lives in Astoria, yeah. I think I saw you on a train to Astoria. It's probably Hamlet Casey. It could have been me. Um, I will go there occasionally. Right. Um, but, okay. Here is some crazy shit. I'm okay. pointing at Mark and Connor to right. emphasize. Nope. You know what? <laughs> get, getting up. I'm going to sit while you get up. So, Connor and Mark both sat down. I Going to the subway one day. This is about a month. Uh, no, three weeks ago. Yeah. There's a man... At the, the, I'm telling the story horribly. There's a man at the swipe area, swipe yeah. card area. What would, you, what would you even call that? The turnstile? Area? But the area before the turnstile, what do you call that area? Like a swipe lobby? Zone. Yeah, I guess I'd say there's a man at the turnstiles. He's at, but he's trying to swipe through his metro card. Nope. He is handing out pamphlets. Okay. You take the pamphlet, and it introduces you to the fact that in Astoria, they're going to be doing construction on almost all of the stops on the NW line. And if you bring up right now a subway, a subway map of New York City, follow the NW north to Astoria, and it, it's one line. So it's not like there's a bunch of other subways you can take. There's just one line for us Astorians, and yeah. it's got two trains on it, the N and the W. Yeah. The N and W hit all those stops, and so if you, you try to live near one of those stops, it's not a long walk. Yeah. They announced. The stops are as follows. Queensboro Plaza, 39th Avenue, 36th Avenue, Broadway, 30th Avenue, Astoria Boulevard, and Dipmars. That's all the stops. Yeah. They announced that 36th Avenue and 30th Avenue are going to be shut down for repairs from November 3rd, which was like two days from when they're handing out the pamphlets, until, drum roll please, June 2018. Shit. Your neighborhood just got bad. So that's... That's the thing. I'm off the 30th Avenue stop. I'm actually sort of between but two stops, so I can walk to a different stop. Yeah. That's not so bad. It's, it can't take me two minutes yeah. longer. I've timed yeah. it because I'm a psychopath. Yeah. But that means for the next year, my subway stop doesn't exist, which means my favorite pizza place, that late at night when I come back late, like tonight, or any other situation, I'd be like, I'm going to that pizza place to get pizza after we do this recording. Now it's not convenient. Now I have to walk an entire subway stop and then double back to get to my apartment. Yeah, the place where I go grocery shopping, the place where I get my prescriptions. I can't just get it on the way to the train or off the train. I have to make a concerted effort. Oof. Now here's where it gets a buck wild. The weekends over the summer have been no trains into Manhattan from Astoria. That continues to be the case. Yeah. So, not only can I not take my stop anywhere on the weekends I can't even take the far stop into Manhattan I have to take I have to walk extra far to take a train the opposite direction to then take a train into the city which is insane then it gets even crazier every now and then they do some maintenance where they say from 10.15am to 3pm these trains there's no trains going into the city so now there's Broadway and 36th or Broadway and 39th Avenue only two stations you can use those stations after 10.15 don't go into the city. So that just means I don't have any trains to get in the city within any walking distance of me during the day, during weekdays. It's fucking insane. Is it like alternative bus service or is it no. just like, good luck? They've, they've just even said no shuttle bus. They're just like, sorry guys. That things, feels like an attack. Things are going to be 
things are going to be crooked as fuck up here, and that's just how it's going to be. Peace out with MTA. We don't really care about you. Oh, that's horrible. So it sucks. It sucks, and now it's cold. That's really bad. And I had a bike, and so biking in the city has been a blast, but now that it's cold, that's mm-hmm. all not going to happen. All right, I'm well, stepping down. Because I recently, I got a, after, 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 uh... Oh, is my mic still operational? Yes, it is. After Tom Levin's wedding, our, friend, our mutual friend. Uh-oh. What? Am I not recording? No, something. Yeah, you died. How long? Uh, probably not long. I mean, maybe my whole story just got... Bungoed. I don't think I've ever been there in person to watch the battery exchange. It's, it's not a good process. <laughs> um, so Connor can you is hear mute. Yourself? Uh, yeah, I can hear myself. We've got all these rechargeable batteries now. Ooh, some of them are done. Looky, look. All right, test, 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 Connor. You got me? Yeah, you're good. We got you, bro. Fortunately, that was just when you had the headphones off, so that was while you were telling the story. I didn't really say anything. Um, well, I know I visited recently uh, our mutual yeah, friend, the static might have fucked me, that's okay. uh, Tom Levin and, and Molly Thomas, who just got married, our mutual friends, um, and I went to drop off something at Tom's apartment, and I had and I couldn't go to their stop. I had to walk from the next stop, which wasn't right. that far. Yeah, because you know me and Tom live within. Yeah, walk each other. Yeah, and. I didn't get the full story, but when I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to... Tom was like, uh, my local stop is closed. And I was like, oh, that sucks. He's like, I don't even want to talk about it. That's a very Tom Levin. Yeah. And aside from anything else, an additional thing, an additional factor in your subway misery is that when you are, you know, you have one subway stop here and, and it's closed, so you have to go to the other subway, it also has the effect of making that subway... Double crowded. Double crowded. That there's twice as many people waiting for trains. Uh, there's twice as many people trying to get up the stairs, get down the stairs, right. go to where the turnstiles are. It adds like a, a, a level of congestion that is fun if you hate life. Yes. Um, I had two trains today that I had to let go by because I couldn't get onto them. Yeah. That's a MTA. And the thing, the, the thing that really sucks about it is that public transportation, uh, I mean, there's always going to be downsides to it. There's always going to be difficulties. It's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to organize how to get around a city. But in a, in a, when it works well, public transportation is a modern miracle. It's, yeah. a, it's a beautiful thing. What a beautiful thing. Call back to an earlier story. That was a 9-11 joke that I just made right now. Ooh. You don't even realize it. I don't. But you'll hear it when you hear the episode. I'll smile. Um, the, um, yeah, I mean, I've been, I mean, one of the, one of the casualties of uh, Chelsea moving to Hell's Kitchen is that, for me, 2017 has been all about Taking the Long Island Railroad from Woodside into Penn Station. Connor's learned that he can take the Long Island Railroad. I thought you knew that. Well, I knew I could do it, but I was always like, well, I don't want to... It's expensive. It felt like it's daredevilry. And and then I was running late one time, and I did it, and they didn't take my ticket. And and so the next day, I took it again, and they didn't take my ticket. And Mm -hmm. so the next day, I took it. And after a while, I was like, 
this ticket is not as expensive as I thought because a 625 ticket, once you use it 10 times, is nothing. And you're riding almost for free. And, or for such a reasonable amount, considering it's 10 minutes from my neighborhood. But that's factoring in them not taking your ticket. Yes. True. Um, but then I've also started, um, on occasion, taking it. When I go the other direction, they always take right. the ticket. And there are times when I'm like, you know what? I actually just don't mind. Hey, Brandon Scott Jones is here at the theater. Brandon Scott Jones has just entered. He's coming for uh, Grandma's Ashes show. Brandon, do you want to say hi? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Hi. Hello, hey, come, come on into How's the window going? for a second. Hi. Come into the window. How's it going? Hey, we're uh, we're just recording our podcast. Oh yes. Uh, oh, oh, the twelve hour one. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, very nice. very I'm excited. Halfway to s- through the very first one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Hi. Yeah, Hello. Big uh, fan of the Gethard Show. <laughs> Listen, you don't have to be a fan of anything. Oh, okay, we just cool. We're just our friend. Here. Oh, I'm happy to be Here's here. Here's our friend Brandon. Oh, I'm so happy. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, you're the fir- I believe you're the first of Grandma's Ashes to arrive. I. That is probably true. Is I, that is that normal? It's it's. I think it stems from like a deep rooted anxiety of being late to things that right. I have, and so I think I perpetually am early. It's either me or or Abra. But uh, you predict Abra will be the next along. Abra will be the next one. I kind of like this because I was fascinated by the order in which uh, the curfew arrived. Oh yeah. really? Who uh, um, can I guess? Who oh, yeah, guess who was first? I don't think you'll guess it. I don't. I mean, the I would my guess would be Charlie Todd. No, yeah. he was at least third. I think right. Uh, yes. Can I guess? Yeah. Was it John Timothy? No. No. Oh, Chelsea? No. No. In a way, this is unfair. It's maybe unfair. This is also revealing that I'm not sure who the cat... Lauren (laughs) Lauren Adams. Lauren Conlon Adams. Um, it's an out-of-towner. Oh, it's an out-of-towner. Yeah. Um, I would have uh, then... uh, Oh. Here's a clue. Yeah. Did you see uh, King Kong Skull Island? Oh, Eugene? That's right. All right. Uh Yeah. Eugene Eugene Cordero. John Timothy. Uh Uh-huh. I thought, oh, uh, yeah. John Timothy came shortly after. Yeah. Yeah. Then Charlie... When did Tanoi arrive? Oh, I would have guessed Tanoi, but I'm now I'm glad that I did. Tanoi came right after Charlie. Right. Okay. Then Kevin. Full then house Chelsea. tonight for them. Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, Jim. No Jim. No Jim. It, I mean, Jeff came before Chelsea. Chelsea was last. Chelsea's always last. Yeah. Chelsea's always last. Now, do you like getting places early? I do. Oh, uh, I y- yes, but I think it's I don't know. I think it's, it's more that you like, fear getting places yes, late. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yes. That's what I was gonna say. Is, yeah. Do you enjoy the time? waiting for the event as like a mental transition or do you just not want to be late? I think that there's like probably like a deep-seated comfort in it that that maybe isn't the most functional thing in my life but right. at the same time I feel like it it's something you know my dad was somebody who if like I had to be to be somewhere when I was a kid we got there two hours early just to get like used to the environment yeah, yeah. and so I think ever since then I've I feel like it just was like it's just something it's part of my bones now yeah. how do you do when you're late? When um, I'm f- very apologetic and I'm very perfume, I mean, like, and I I get very anxious on my way there. This makes me sound very cool and very fun to be around all the time. But I, I promise were, you, these people have listened to 160 hours of Connor. And I, yes. So you're with well within a crowd where anxiety and peculiarities are way out. Oh, there. good, 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 good. That's nice. Actually, it's a comforting. Even though we're in a like a essentially like some sort of like almost tomb right now. Yes. I actually referred to it as a tumor. Did you really? Yeah. Yes. There's something very like um, natural history Egyptian. Yes. <laughs> like this is what a sarcophagus you know, looked like. You know what we discovered um, is because we we drew a crowd when we put that microphone outside the window and oh, we yeah. were like, oh, this is bad because this is the one spot that they want to keep clear. Oh yeah. We found that they a long time ago they should have put people in this window. Yeah. To direct because we just started oh, pointing to go to the corner and people did it. 
And they oh, were kind of like, great. instead of being mad at a person on the street, yeah. uh, scolding you to like go to the corner, yeah. people sort of reacted like, oh, we're part of it. Like, we're part of the... Yeah. They sort of, it's, yeah, I think like, they, they, their attitude was like, the people in the window are yeah. telling us to move. Yeah. We'll do it. Oh, my God. I, I'm so happy we came here. The Upright Citizens uh, people are the funnest. They're uh, so fun. They're so fun and weird and quirky. Mm. Now, I'm going to say one last thing because I don't want to yeah. get up here 12 hours. Wish I could. Um, how, what hour are you in right now, by the way? What time is it? Um, it's probably close to 10. We're about 10 hours in. Yeah. You're about 10 hours in, so you guys are on the, you're going to end at midnight then. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, uh, we'll leave shortly after you probably. Oh yeah, you'll, you'll guess who, the, you make the prediction now. I won't, no, just make the prediction after I leave of who's the first Grandma's Ashes you'll see leave with the show. Okay. And then we'll just see if you're right. I don't want to know what it is. Do you, do you I think, think I know. do you think you know? Um, I do think I know who it'll be. But I also don't, um... I also don't want. I don't want to talk about it any more than that yes. because I don't want. I don't want to like subconsciously play my hand, right. you know, and like. Because then you have some ability socially, dynamics wise, to sort of. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But that shouldn't affect how yeah, you, you guys sort of like, lean on the wheel, numbers. kind of. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so Aubrey, you think is going to be next? I think Aubrey will Who's be. Who's going to be third? I think Drew will be third. I think um, Carl's will come up. Come up last. I think we might be four strong tonight. Maybe. It's a fun night. I I can't remember if. Um, Winston's going to be here or not. Well, I name-checked Winston earlier because there was a man here who had a dog named Winston. Was it a white dog? Yeah. Was it more than and one? More than, was it, have, more than was one it dog? three dogs? No, 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 it was one dog. No, there's a man with a pack of dirty dogs that walk around <laughs> here and um, Aubrey all loves telling Winston. this story. Yeah, they're all named Winston, but Aubrey loves telling the story that whenever I see him, he's always like, pick him up! And I'm always like, no, that's okay. I mean, I love dogs, but like, they're dirty. <laughs> and he's dogs. like, no, no. I'm like, no. He's like, do it. I'm like, okay. And so I, I picked up the dirty dogs. <laughs> it's all the time. That's it's also it such an unusual dog owner to be, be like, pick him up. Pick, pick up him my, up. Pick up my dogs. You want to pick him up? Have him. Um, really quick, my, my story that's reminding me of is I spent um, a, a Christmas season with the Upright Citizens Brigade um, in a uh, window at Barney's on the Upper West Side, and I was a, a Santa that would give digital sleigh rides, and it was like we were the, the interactive wind, right. like Christmas window. And so, so this feels very comforting, like a return to form and home for me. Um, and this is just a side note. Uh, podcasters, ignore this part, yeah. um, but following up on what you said we should do our interns for the last oh my God. night show. That, be very, yeah. that would be very fun. I was thinking about it. That was that would be like great. Yeah. Even if it's just a quick version of the bit of just I, I just remembered some of the stupid jokes that we had about the curtains yeah. or like the bar. Yeah. But I don't want to give anything away. Yeah. <laughs> but we should submit it. Um, and what else do I want to say? Um, oh, this is an obscure thing, but it's just as a thought in my in my mind because we were talking about Winston Knoll. Yeah. An early memory at the theater yeah. was that uh, Greg Tulescu, Tulescu, yeah, I was for his name. He subbed. He subbed like for either one of my 101 classes. Like he subbed for one of the classes, mm -hmm. and I saw him in shows. And then I also would see Winston in shows. And I remember the first time I saw Winston, I thought it was. I thought it was Greg. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. But I thought, like, he looks different. Like, he's done. Yeah. I thought he had, like, done something to change his appearance or something. Oh, that's... But I yeah. thought they were the same person. I feel like he... I, just from... as I've never really interacted with him, uh, like, in IRL, but, like, from, like, just watching him on stage, I feel like there was a genuine transformation of his appearance at some point. I could be wrong, uh -huh. but I do... I feel like... So you're not wrong that way, but... Right. Knowing Winston and knowing what Greg Tuklaska looks like, I'm yeah. Yeah. surprised. Yeah. But what are you going to do? 
Um, do you have any plugs you want to, any projects, anything? Yeah, let me let me plug something. I'm, I have Grandma's Ashes right now. <laughs> All right, so, so, if so if you're listening to this. this. So people, listeners who don't experience time in a linear fashion, no, no, make no, no, sure no, no, to... No. Uh, so, uh, Mark Lederwood, if yeah. you want. Exactly. If you're so anybody, yeah, anybody who feels like they can go back, travel through, open up a rip in yeah. the space-time continuum, set and that come rift to this on eleven eleven. Yeah, exactly. At, at ten o'clock at and 11, get there early. A hundred percent. And wait, do I have anything I want to plug? I don't know if I do. Are, is your show part of the New York Comedy Festival? It is festival? part of the New York Comedy so it's a Festival. Festival show. The curfew show was not part really? of the New York Comedy Festival. Really, it was a rogue I don't understand how it works. I don't either. Because New York Comedy Festival happens, and shows are happening everywhere, and some mm-hmm. of them are happening here. Yeah. And Stepfather's is part of it, and yes. Grandma's Ashes is part mm-hmm. of it. Why the cur- why the comedy festival is like part? Of, no, it goes not goat's up not right part now. of it. Oh, interesting. There you go. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is, but I think maybe it's probably um, business. It's business. It's you know, it's the business. It's business. It's a business. And also, I, I really do love knowing that these people are seeing me in the window and they don't know that they're going to be seeing me on stage later. So this oh, looks like some sort of like pre-show yeah. where like the speakers on the outside are turned off and they're like, turn it Has anybody been like, we can't hear you? Yes, everyone has. Oh, yeah, really? Okay, hear. that's I can see that. Yeah. This would be a funny thing to do as like, uh, you know, like uh, before sporting events on TV, they have mm-hmm. like the pre-interviews yeah, yeah. where it's like, People can see like, oh, yeah. player tonight, they're talking about what there's like, yes. so if we did like a window yeah. thing where it's like interviewing. <laughs> Yes, you I were right. It. I knew it. Hello. Come Aubrey here. Aubrey Tabak, second to arrive. Second to arrive. Predicted. Aubrey, talking to the microphone. Aubrey. Yeah. Yeah. Aubrey oh, through, oh, oh, Because we won't be able yeah. to hear oh, yeah. oh. Aubrey. I was, so they snagged me for their wonderful podcast, and we made, I was the first one to arrive at Grandma's Ashes, and we were making a prediction of who would be the next person to arrive, and I, without a doubt, said, I was like, With I guarantee no it's going to be Abra. Wow. All right, that's yeah. our order. You have to guess who number three is going to be. Ryan. Oh, Ooh. interesting. I said Drill. No, you know what? If, it depends on... Is Ryan's your guess, too? It depends on his bike ride, but yeah, I'm going to stick with Ryan. Oh, I've been like holding the microphones <laughs> to my face this entire time. Someone smells skin in here. Oh, it's oh we got a, 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 a joy. Someone on the street, their daughter designed the pop-up shop, pop-up shop of Yankee, Yankee Candle. Candle. And then the father said, do you want this? And then gave us the air freshener. Oh. Yeah. Not bad. And we have the, we have the heater on. Oh, yeah. It's going to get cold. Yeah. Also, I just bought this new jacket today. Congratulations. It's $600 jacket and I, I am poor now <laughs> is that true yes, that's a really nice jacket I bought a new jacket really warm and I was very concerned that I, I did the same th- I, yeah very similar I had, black to do jacket it. Like I had to do it I will say though REI is having a big sale right now <laughs> no! are you serious yes oh no I missed it out I went to Patagonia hmm but you're, you're happy with the purchase. That's okay. I'm happy, I am you're happy, happy with the purchase. That, that was a dicky move. I'm sorry. In my mind, I was like, maybe you can exchange it, but I guess if you... I think they have, like, a good return policy. Maybe you could sing maybe it. Maybe I could. Ooh. I just want... This thing is really warm. No, I'm roasting. I'm roasting with a little piggy. I'm a little pig in a blanket right now. Um... I'm gonna. I'll pass this mic over to Abra. I'm gonna go downstairs because I gotta pee. Okay. <laughs> do it, do it. All right. Uh, here you go. Ooh. Guys, have fun. Oh, watch out. Be careful. Oh, he's caught up in a little web of tables. Oh, good. All right. How you doing, Abra? I'm doing well. How are you? Bye, Mark. Bye, Mark. Nice to see you. Hi. How are you? You look lovely in your sweater. Hi. Hi, Abra. Come on in. Abra, I believe this is your first time on 12-Hour Day, right? Yeah, not because I've declined or anything. No, just because haven't, you haven't been around haven't, when it's happened. The only way to really be honest is to be near us when we happen to be doing it. Yeah, we don't really book guests as such. Yeah, but you're kind of, Connor, you, you're pretty nitpicky about guests. 
I wouldn't, Abra, but I wouldn't. No, I, I have a, I have a theory that about you and your guests. Okay, I want to hear this theory. Um, and what does this apply to? Which shows? My talk shows? I can tell uh -huh. Connor's already getting. I know he doesn't like it. This. I'm gonna stop. Cause no, no, because you might be, here. you might be right when it comes to my talk show shows. Mm -hmm. Um, in that, yeah, I might be. Yeah. But, um, for a twelve-hour day, no, it really is just. Oh, okay, so I just need to know. Wait, I want to hear your theory, though. No, I he, do want to hear it. He'll get mad. No, because Connor's one of the most sensitive people. It's not true. Yeah, it is. But you, you bully me, Aubrey. No, no, no. no. It's <laughs> just, you're you're a sensitive soul, but you you try to hide it. But I, I have I, never I, hide my sensitivities. Yes, you do. What? I act like a big tough guy. <laughs> no, but it, you. I don't think you would be like, hey, what you said really bothered me. I and absolutely would be like this. Yeah. Can you whisper it in the microphone? I'll listen to the headphones so everyone, our viewers, you and I will hear it, but Connor will not hear it. No way. He'll get mad and then he'll never tell me. He'll never me. listen to it. No. Uh, Abra, I'm on record. I'm on record as saying repeatedly, and I'll say it publicly, that you're one of the funniest people in the world. You're, oh, you're definitely one of the funniest people at UCB uh, New York. <laughs> and I felt that from the beginning. You were the first house performer that I ever talked to uh, in the sense that, like, I sought you out, I was at an indie, performing at an indie show and you were setting up the lights for it and I came up to you right. specifically because I wanted to tell you that I thought you were one of the funniest people on Herald Night. Thank you, and very, that is very nice. And yet, but you have these theories now that I find out about, about that I'm nitpicky <laughs> about guests and yeah. that I won't book you on a show. Do you want to do George Lucas talk show? Uh, not after this conversation, I'm not gonna get a, I don't want a pity invite. It's not a pity invite. I wouldn't have I imagined, I wouldn't have imagined that that would be a show that you would want to be a part of. Out with you, I know, but it's late and it's at the Beast and it's George Lucas. <laughs> like, there's a lot of boxes that it ticks yeah, that aren't. I understand. Because you have a late Saturday night show. That's true, Connor. Right? Mm -hmm. And are you a night owl? Do you like like being out late? It depends. I mean, you do the Lady Jam, don't you? When that happens. I mean, I did for a very long for a very time. Long time but you, have you done it lately, or, or mm -hmm. you haven't done it for a while? No, I I retired. the The new crew took over, and so they host it now. They don't have vets come back and do. Uh, I, uh, you're I well. I assume you're always welcome. Always welcome. They're not nitpicky. No, 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 no. They, they would the never be not like, like me. Um, nah, yeah. to me. So no. Yeah. What's been going in here? Different things. A lot of chaos because of the uh, we attract attention, and uh, there's been some technical issues. Oh. Um, earlier in the podcast, we sort of were in the main theater. We were only in here for once the show started. Right. I kind of wish we'd been in here longer because it would have been nice in the daytime, I think, to have. Yeah. We would have had more time to figure out what the social rhythm is of people who want to. Because we, we put that microphone there, but we can't hear the people on the other side of it. And they well, can't they hear. can't hear us, but it's yeah. recorded. Oh, so it's picking it up. Well, that's yeah. good. And I think we have an easier time hearing them than they're having hearing us because we're not. We don't also have the ambient noise of New York City. Yeah. Right. And it sort of echoes the yeah. glass in here. Yeah. What does your sweatshirt say? It says the owls are not what they seem, which is a Twin Peaks reference. I was going to guess it was something Twin Peaks, yeah. even though I've never seen it. A yeah. DJ made fun of how he looked. I don't. Shortly. I don't Who perceive did? that. I don't perceive that. That. Was what was Connor, his What was his name? DJ. Connor, I really hate to say it. He was making fun of us. I don't think he was. What he's, was his name? DJ. He's trying to crack wise about it. What was his when name? When did this happen? This was like 30 minutes ago. What was his name again? DJ. DJ McFly. DJ McFly. There's no way that DJ McFly was making fun of us. DJ McFly made fun of us. I think he liked us. I don't think he liked us. They just ended their oh, show. Boy. Is it going to be two problems with Grandma's Ashes? There's only two players so far. No. Is this the way it, it works? There's two that 
will arrive substantially ahead of the others? I think it just varies. Yeah. Um, no, we're all good, good, good booze. Yeah. So, they'll be a nice, lovely crew. <gasps> Should I put it in the hole to hear what's coming up? We just heard, a, I think, a little bit of a fight or something, right? Something, something comedy show? What'd you hear? I heard, I think she went, fuck you, I'm at a comedy show. Oh, I didn't catch the first part. It looked like they might have been fighting. Maybe a scene of ground was like, why are you laughing so hard? Yeah. Um, we're gonna when the oh when the crowd comes up, we're gonna help directing the traffic to point them to the corner. Uh, Do you think it'll be clear what you're saying to them? It, yeah, because I I just started. You did it before. Yeah, doing that. Uh, ready? Um, because otherwise people stop and stare. All right, go to the corner. Well, this is great. Yeah, it's a really fun dynamic because I think people f feel like they're being. Uh, Included in what's happening in, in the window. In what's happening in here. Yeah. And when I first walked across the street, I thought Brandon was a poster. But then, oh, oh my God, it's Winston! Winston! Uh, he did it! Nobody thought Winston would be number three. He, it usually, I mean, he really surprised. He's so proud of himself. He doesn't even know what he won. Yes. What? Oh, he's Come on the in back sweetest. here, Winston. All right, I'm going to trade off. All right, Abra, thank you for being on the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for show, having Aubra. me. We're going to trade. You're on your 12-hour oh, podcast. Great. All right. Here you go. Here's hey, guys. Yeah. Hey, Winston. Hi. I'll see you in there. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> you all right, Abra? Yeah. All right. Hey, guys. Hey, Winston, nobody thought you would arrive third. So Brandon really? guessed that Abra was going to arrive second, and she did. And then Abra guessed, and Carl's. Abra guessed that Carl's. Carl's was going to be third. <laughs> And Winston guessed that Drew was going to be third. No, BSJ guessed that Drew was going to oh, be third. BSG, I'm sorry. Yeah. BSJ no, it's all good. I'm usually one of the first people. So I who do I think is going to be next? They, they thought you weren't coming at all. What? They thought you weren't coming at all. Why would they? I In no way did I indicate that that was a... They thought there's no way Winston Knowles is coming to the show. You know what I say? Who's next? That show's not a show without me. <laughs> um, <laughs> who do you I think, think it's, it's between Drew and Carl's, right? I think it's Drew. Carl's right. is usually, depending on, well, he's not biking today. Yeah. Because he usually bikes, and yeah. that kind of affects it. It's too cold. What is the, what is the crowd, re what is the uh, bystander reaction been? Um, pretty good. Yeah. Some are baffled, some are confused. Oh, that's okay. Now I see what you're doing. Yeah, I'm helping, because otherwise yeah. they congregate. Dear listener, Go Connor is pointing. Go to the corner. You gotta go to the corner. You gotta, you gotta go to the corner. Uh oh, sassy. Yeah. They yeah. love it. Yeah, the crowd is eating it up. You gotta go to the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta go to the what, corner. What hour we are we hey. on, guys? Hey. Very strong. It's very strong. All right, uh, they gave us that. Everyone, go to the corner. Go to the corner. Um, can I tell you, Winston, I'm yeah. very excited to see you because yeah. there was a man earlier who had a dog, and the dog's name is Winston. It is a incredibly popular dog name. And uh, and I mentioned you to this dog owner. I yeah. said, I know a guy who performs for him, Winston. Oh, you want to need an apple? Uh, Sean's come back for his apple. Oh, great. You want an apple, Winston? I'm great. I've had two apples today. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, hey, Shem. Hello. Just come from Oh, yeah, I should have helped. Where did they go? So what hour are you guys on? Uh, gotta go. Ten. Whoa. Okay. Wow. All right. Yeah. So you guys started at midnight this morning? 
Midnight this morning. I'm not going the, the midnight of the middle of the morning. Don't leave me out. Yeah. Oh shit. Uh, you got to get. I guess I always forgot that you guys. Oh my god. Oh, okay, Dave and I are standing outside. Yeah, the theater attendants hate you. No, no, we love it. We love it. What? Are you freezing? Yeah. What's been a highlight so far besides this moment right now? Um. I think it's just I like the vibe of being a, a kind of an it's art project. Dynamic. Yeah, and how long have you guys been in the window? Uh, just since the show started. So like okay. since seven. Seven, three hours. Okay. Which crowd has been the best in terms of niceness? To you um, I I gotta say I curfew. prefer the curfews crowd to this crowd. Curfews yeah. Crowd. This, this crowd is not a UCB crowd. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wait till you get our crowd because it's gonna be turnt. This crowd's gonna Cause be because this is because this isn't just Grandma's Ashes. This is New York Comedy Festival presents. Oh man, Grandma's Ashes. Uh, so these people don't know, yeah. but I can hear their whole conversation. Yeah. Oh, wow. What's on the bathroom? Yeah. Of course, what are you doing? They just said they're gonna find a bathroom. Oh. Maybe for some. Whoa. I think they're just finding a bathroom. Yeah, no, but no, they no. both said, let's just do it. Now, let's means let us. Winston, let your imagination run wild. So, okay, so what you guys are saying is they decided between shows to go down and bone in the bathroom? Yeah. Yeah, let's just do it. If during your show, two empty seats. <laughs> we, will, we will immediately assume that's what happens if we have two empty seats. Well, you're, like, the, That's what has to be. The format of your show is that people write down secrets. If one of the yeah. secrets you get is... We just did it in the bathroom. You'll know who it was. That would be great. Uh, one of the common secrets we have is I'm in love with the person I'm at the show with and they don't know. Mm-hmm. Really? That's a great one. Here's the funny thing. You know what just happened is we cleared the window. You guys did it. He had to go further down than the window yeah. to tell them to move further. We're doing a good job. This woman's giving me death Yeah, they do not like. They, they, yeah, they do not know what's going on. They do not care. Uh, I, got, uh, I want them over. Yeah. It's just a friendly hand, uh, you know, friendly way. Friendly hand gesture. <laughs> friendly hand gesture. It sounds like friendly hand job is what I was about to say. Yeah. Oh, guys. Um, well, none of Grandma's Ashes is coming. So it was BSJ and Ambra and me. And you. And, so you, it's and you're going to be a total surprise. Because no one expected Winston Knoll. I don't... That's... I'm not here next week. So. You they can't? Thought, they thought you for sure were coming. Yeah. They've been calling you Winston. No, he isn't here right now. Oh, man. I hate it when they do that. I hate that nickname. Winston, no, he isn't coming to the show. Uh, yeah, no, I, do, I hate it when they do that. Um, well, guys, um, Gotta go get your thing I might need to go, but I don't know. I'm sure. What time is it? 10-10. Oh, okay, we've got time. Plenty of time. You gotta go. You gotta, gotta go. go. You gotta go. They are looking at you like you're an animatronic rope, like, like that it's not affecting. Connor, you did the Barney's window. Did no. You not, was that not you? That was BSJ. We, did just, you heard not that, do we it? just heard that. We just heard that story Okay. I feel like you did. It was, oh yeah, it was BSJ and Joel. No. Yeah, it was two guys. Yeah. I for some reason thought it was you, as well as BSJ. It feels like the type of thing that I would have done. We. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Kath and I went to go see them, and it was fun and weird. Um, have you guys tried to like pretend like you're animatronic? No. No, that's a, that's not a, a bad that's idea. That's a fun yeah. idea. Try to get the guys coming out of our show who are probably wasted to see. Right. Yeah. 
Except, oh, what's going on? What? Said, they said, we're helping you. They're helping us. Yeah. We are helping you. She said, you're, the window's bowing. The window is definitely. I don't care. But if yeah, you we're almost <laughs> out of here. <laughs> if it, <laughs> if it's we? smashed and kind yeah. of fell face <laughs> Oh, my God. Here's the thing about you guys, you would keep going. You'd be like, well, Connor just <laughs> fell through the glass. It would just be like, here we are in the emergency room. Um, if, if I fall Christ-like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, guys, are we, it feels like, are we trashing the theater before we leave? Is that, oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, right? yeah. Are we going to do that? Is that what the thing is? Yeah. Come here. Talk to the mic. There's a mic there. Your pants have faded. You've been in there too long. My pants have faded? Yes. Too long. Like, come out. <laughs> My pants are fine. Plus, you need the standby people. You know these people? That's a real ticket. Okay. Standby real tickets. Yeah. Standby yeah. real tickets. It's good to know. It's good to know. I like your and necklace. Have you, you have not been Did in there. Did they just go to the show or are they coming to the show? All right, so we're totally now hooking you up to Instagram and Twitter to see if you're fake. Look on Twitter. Are you fake people? No, we're real people. Look you're on fake. Twitter. I think you're They're fake. Real. Look on Twitter. I'm not really seeing you. Are you going to the next show or the last show? <laughs> What's your name? What's your name? I said his What's your name? Val. Val? Oh, it's Ryan. Oh! Hello, Ryan. Pod Save America. Uh-uh. <laughs> I thought yeah. it was Drew. John Lovett. John Favreau. Hey, buddy. Wait. You no one thought. You got to their podcast. Just say hey. I uh, got it. Ryan has to be. Okay. Oh, don't go in the bathroom. There's a couple in there making love. Yeah, okay. Whoops. Um, are they coming to our show or they, did they go to the last show? It wasn't clear. Here, let's ask that woman to come in and find out what she's talking about. Hey. I don't want to talk. No. That would be 45 minutes. I yeah, think. no, no. It's going to go on too long. Okay, so I was wrong. It was Ryan instead of Drew. So Drew's last. Drew's last. Drew's last. If at all. Guys, I'm going to head home. All right. Yeah. I'm not going to Yeah. Home. We won't, tell, we won't tell him you showed up, and yeah. no one will believe you, and Ryan's already forgotten his site. Great. Uh, I, I Congratulations. Do you want to plug your podcast? Oh, yeah. I'd like to. Um, our, it's not a 12-hour podcast. Pod- it's called Mission to Zix. Oh, you're on that. I am on that. I'm I on mean, that is yours, is more what I meant to say. Uh, what? Yeah, we got to get you on the podcast. Is that what Yeah. <laughs> What's happening? I was recommending, but I was also giving you the out if you didn't want to, if that was an inappropriate thing. Oh, no, no. But you would be perfect on as no, a guest would, on their podcast. I'd love to have you on. I haven't, I haven't heard it yet. That's fine. But now I know that if I ask you, you're like, I can't. I know why. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you don't like it. <laughs> well, so Nicole, it's you, Nicole. No, it's me, no. Jeremy Bent. That's who it is. Uh, Seth Lind, Alden Ford, Mujan, and Ali Kokesh. Right. It's very fun. I did an episode of it, and it, it's, it was a f- so so great. And it, and JD, it would really be in your wheelhouse because so uh, it's an improvised sci-fi comedy podcast, and it, cool. it would just be like exactly your kind of thing. It's fun, That's and we cool. just got we just did last night or yesterday. We had Paul Tompkins on the show. That's awesome. For your was it for your holiday special? Yeah. That's great. So we're really excited. It, but that's, yeah. a, that's a real guest. I don't. No. Don't, that's not. I no, don't, you are a real guest. We would we would love to have you. No, no, we're so excited to have they love, people who they get They love sci-fi. guests who have initials as part of their names. Yeah. And Paul, Paul F. only has one. You got the you yeah. got the double. He squeaked in. We were like, all right, well. All right. Uh, but anyway, yeah, come listen to it. Connor oh, Connor's on episode three and it's just so funny and Thank you. It was a great you. great fun to do, great fun to listen to. Well, we will have you back. We'll have JD on. We're going to do a second season, I think. So we'll see what happens. That's great. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks.
Um, Connor, don't force Winston to invite me onto his podcast. I wasn't. I was trying. You know that's my nightmare to feel like someone's forced to have invite me to a place. I don't care. I want to hear you on it. Um, Um, I thought they were talking about you wearing no pants. Oh yeah, people keep thinking that. Because you have salmon-colored pants. And they keep saying my pants have faded. Two things I want to say before we end up with uh, another guest or whatever. There's two, two interesting little sort of behind the scenes a little gossipy maybe even. Got it. Um, things. And they're both sort of UCB related, but we're so deep in the podcast that I think uh, they're kind of interesting. Uh, that's door keeps opening. Um... But one of them was uh, kind of a funny, interesting thing that happened, which was that, um, so Stepfathers was supposed to do Cage Match two weeks ago. Right. And uh, Cage Match is a competitive improv show here at UCB on Thursday nights where teams like do sets and the audience votes, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, right. I, know, I heard what happened. Yeah. And so, but you get... Asked, you get sort of a sign like, your team is up this week. You're the challenger going up against the winner. And so Stepfathers got ours just a couple weeks ago. And, of course, Thursday nights at 11 is when Shannon and I have Gethard Show. Right. Uh, Delaney can't, Michael Delaney can't do Thursday nights because he lives in Dobbs Ferry and he has kidney dialysis on Thursdays. Uh, so he's able to do with our shows on Friday. But he, he's also at the point where, like, He's been in the theater long enough that, like, coming all the way in for a late-night cage match when he lives so far away is just like, you know. And Sylvia has a young kid. And so it was only going to be Alex Dixon was the only one who was going to be available for the show. So we were like, oh, well, Alex, you can just do a one-person improv set. And we were all so excited and so stoked about it. And genuinely were like, oh, this would be so cool. And Alex would do a really good job. Yeah, and she did. I've seen the video of the set, and she did amazing. It It was so great. But, it was, but apparently there was, like, some controversy that then bubbled up on Facebook where there were people who were like, oh, the stepfathers can't be bothered to show up for... Uh, they should have, like, forfeited their slot or something. Now, we, there, there were only two weeks left in the, in the season before, right. so we couldn't have traded for another slot. Right. But also we were like, this is cool. Like, if I was coming up to the theater and one of the teams just did a one-person show, I would be... If there had been like a one-person Ruru and it was just Anthony right. Tamanek, I would be so excited to see that. And but then there was this weird thing that happened when like Alex showed up at the theater and the other team was there, and uh, one of the people on this team apparently was like, "I don't mind talking about this because I think it was kind of rude and I think it was like I don't right. like it as behavior." So like, yeah. I'll I'll I don't know the names of the I mean I don't know the names of the people, but. Was it a non-house team? No. No, it was like a, it was an indie team. Um, but one of the people, uh, Alex, went up to them uh, to like say hi or whatever, and said, uh, "Sylvia really wanted to be here, but last night she found out she wasn't going to be able to." Um, and one of the guys in this team, this guy was like, "Yeah, it would have been really nice to meet her." And so Alex was like, "Okay, well, you know, she performs at the theater every Friday night, and she's also a teacher, so there's." Yeah. If you want to meet her, there's plenty of opportunities to, you know. She, she's not, this wasn't your only chance. Right. And the guy was like, yeah, it's not the same. And Alex told me that story, and I was like, oh, man. Like, at that point, like, if I had been there and someone said that, I think that would have been the point where 
I would have been like, I've made it my decision now to destroy you in this. In this. Right. Because I was just like, man, what a like passive-aggressive, annoying thing to say. Hello, someone on the street. Do you want to talk? There's a microphone. I don't understand. No, 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 the people No? There's a microphone there. I'm not interested. Um, the, the, um, and it was just a funny thing that that became a controversy because it was such an obvious thing where it was like, this should be a fun thing. Right. As opposed to being like a controversial thing. Um, but then, on the other thing, which is a more public sort of fight, right. um, is that, uh, Whenever the th- it got announced that the theater was moving to Hell's Kitchen, right. Pace Magazine uh, did this like snarky top ten list that was basically like, well, now that you're moving to a big fancy theater, um, here's the top ten things UCB needs to do. And they were all increasingly sarcastic um, versions of saying that UCB needs to start paying its performers. Right. And uh, and this was uh, this was an editor, the, one of Pace's comedy editors, who's actually. S- Somebody who, um, I saw a couple of UCB performers, because again, this is like a controversy that crops up every few years, and it's usually almost always like either a disgruntled stand-up does a set at UCB, and then it's like, I want a cut of the door, and they're like, oh, we don't do that. And they're like, why not? Every other stand-up place, you can get a cut of the door. I think, yeah, well, they're also like charging more for tickets, and they have drink minimums, and all these other... That's not necessarily true, but... Uh, but a lot of them are. Like, whenever yeah. I've gone to see stand-up shows... Like, when I went to see Adam Conover do his first stand-up show at Caroline's, I still remember that it ended up... Here's Drew. Here's Drew. You're last. Drew is last. <laughs> Come on in, Drew. Drew, every member of Grandma's Ashes came in one by one and predicted who would be the next one in. Uh, you were guessed to be the third one in by many people, and you were last. I am last. I think I, I, there was a whole situation with uh, the F train and the C train. It was just bad train luck. I went way deep into Brooklyn, Church Avenue, a lot of bad stuff. And oh. I got some good news for you, because every member of, the, of your team didn't think it was going to happen. Winston's here. Winston's here. Oh, I thought he was going to come. I, good thing I'm last, because honestly, I was going to give some really good predictions, and I'm going to tell you this right now, I was going to be 100% right the, across the Okay, board. who do you think is going to be first out? First out. For, to leave yes. tonight? Uh, Brandon. Perfect. Scott Jones. Okay. It, yeah. Who's Brandon. going to be the last? Who's going to be the last to leave? Uh, uh, Abra. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think that's going to be DSJ right. out first. Abra out last. And I'm gonna, you can hold me to that because I think I'm gonna be right. All, All right. right. I don't have to go warm up. All right, yeah, I got it. Well, I just got it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, bye. Um, like, I remember when I went to see Adam, he got his first stand up slot at Caroline's, uh, at Caroline's, uh, up near Times Square, and that it cost, it ended up costing me like over 60, 60, like $65. Oh, yeah. The standby line. Yeah, the standby line. Standby line. Standby line. Everybody in the standby line was very friendly. They all waved. Um, yeah, just having done a lot of, like, quote-unquote stand-up shows in Brooklyn that aren't, yeah. like, big affairs, they just give people whatever, 20 bucks, things like that, in a way that's, like, pretty not complicated. Yeah. I, my feeling is, I feel like 
obviously, I've been a part of the UCB system. Yeah. I get paid, and I think that system works fine for yeah. reasons. All of the things that people bring up about that issue, I think, are valid. Yeah. About coming up in a theater where you don't get paid does, in a, in a way, pre-select the type of people that can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also know that, yeah, it's a theater, and you can sort of, like, you build the community that you want, and the, yeah. the type of system that you want, and it has its pros and cons, and there's certain people that have found a lot of joy and comfort and community in this thing, and there's an ability to that. But I also think there's people that, when talking about this, are like, how would it even work? And it's like, it's not that. Like, it works in every other venue in New York in a way that's not that problematic. Well, there's two things I think of that. One is that... Hello. Hey, it's Casey. It's Casey. How are you? Come on over the microphone. Hi. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. You just see a show? No, I, I just came from a couple blocks away. I saw your Instagram. I was going to say hi. What'd you do today? What? What'd you do today? What'd I do today? Um, I taught a class in, this morning. What kind of class? Uh, yeah, I taught like an audition prep class. Yeah. That's what I do. <laughs> uh, and then I watched a lot of TV and I went to a birthday party. What did you watch? What did I watch? I watched The Real Housewives of Dallas. <laughs> it's very entertaining. Oh, can you hear any of this? Yeah, I can hear all of it. Is it am I coming through? No, she watched Real Housewives of Dallas, I heard. Yeah. 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 Uh, you guys are a little hard to hear. You can't hear us at all. It's okay. I can make out a little bit, but not very much. It's okay. We didn't think this out. Yeah, I'm... Well, if there were more people out here, I wouldn't be able to hear you at all. But I can kind of hear you now. A little bit. Yeah. 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 What? I like your hat. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, one of my customers gave it to me at work. Oh, really? Yeah. It's okay. nice. I think he made it, but I don't know. He didn't really say much. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. What hour are you in? Uh, what time is it? Uh, I don't know. So we're we're in the we're like it ten, is ten and a half hour. What? We're in ten the, and a half hour. In the eleventh hour. Oh wow! Okay. Didn't expect hour. that. No, you're right. We're up to the because the twelfth hour starts at eleven, right? right? We talked to Mark. Uh, I haven't yet. I can. We talked to Mark. Oh, you talked to Mark. He gave us cupcakes. Oh, that's nice. Very nice of Mark. Mark's very considerate that way. Is this um? How many days are left at Chelsea? When Wait, is it? come in. I want to talk to Casey. Yeah, come on in. Come, oh. Come I want to hear about this audition prep. Yeah. I want to hear about this. Uh, I want to hear. I, I don't know what you do for work. Um. Well, well I have I'm two really jobs. I'm really loud. Oh, I didn't realize. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I have two jobs. One is I work at a spice shop and I put spice in, into jars. Ooh. Uh. Wait. What does that even mean? Uh, my boss blend ha, like makes special blends of spices, like cooking spices. Right. And my job is to package them. Interesting. Yeah. In a is the when you're packaging them, is it for display or is it for security and like keeping oh, them fresh? It's it's for keeping them fresh. It's for like wholesale. Got it. Yeah, like we sell to a lot of um, restaurants and a lot of. Uh, uh, you know, like cooking stores, right. like William Sonoma or something like that. Interesting. Yeah. And your other job is audition prep. Then. Yes, I'm a I'm a vocal teacher, and right. I uh, do audition prep for uh, students auditioning for like musical theater colleges. Now here's a question. Yeah. 
I have considered. There's one of the things that I cannot, for the life of me, do is I cannot sing. Okay. So I've considered as just a on a lark. I was like, what if I got a like a child level vocal coach <laughs> to teach me. me how to sing? Could someone like myself with no experience or ability? There's some drama going on here. Can you please, some kids running away. Um, could someone like me who has zero experience or ability to sing at least get to a baseline, medium level of ability? Yeah, I think absolutely. I, I think that um, there's a lot of people that use the term tone deaf and almost nobody actually is. Right. You just aren't like listening to yourself. And once right. you learn to do that, a lot of the times you can, I mean, that's going to be the hardest part. And after that, you probably can grow from that. I don't think there's an age limit on learning how to sing. Yeah. Because right. you can sort of sing. Yeah, I can sort of sing. Like yeah, you, you can, can sing. sing. No, I'd say you can sing. JD says I can sort of sing. Well, I don't think you'd consider yourself a singer, but I think you can sing. Yeah. I've sung. Yeah. I'm like a character singer. Right. Yeah, I think you can legitimately sing. Thank you. You hit all the notes in a healthy way. Thank you. This is These are professional opinions. Yeah. I feel like I've accused you of being able to sing before and you've denied it. Maybe I have. But now you're stating you can sing. I haven't said that at all. I've said I'm a character singer, which means like a, I, I think I'd be good in like the music man. Right. Oh, you can sing better than that. No, but that kind of singing where you say the things and then you do, like I could do that yeah, fully, fully. You could do, I mean, you could do where that. Where it's like a pool table, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I think that that shouldn't limit you to just that. No, but that's I think just, like. That's usually a role for someone who actually cannot sing. And yeah. You can sing. Yeah. Um, but what, then he has to the sing. Is guy music man? Uh, yeah, well. The first guy who did the Music Man, like, the Broadway people are going to be able to sing, but but that's a show you do if you're going to, like, pick it for your community theater or something. You pick that show because you're like, I really like Joe, but Joe can't actually sing, but he can speak in rhythm. Yeah. That's sort of why I was cast as action in West Side Story, the history <laughs> performance of West Side Story. Nice. That's a Is he the one that says, cool, cool, say cool, daddy? No, he's... Not in the he, play. Oh. He sings Officer Krupke. In the movie, oh. he does sing cool. You're right in the movie, but not in the play. So you sing Dear Officer Krupke? Yeah. That, that's the Russ Tamblin part? Sing is a heavy that's, quotation. That's the Russ Tamblin part, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. But they switch it. In the play, it's switched where... Uh, Russ Hamlin would have sang cool in the stage production. Ah, okay. Right. Yeah. I was not aware of all that. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, and when you say musical theater, correct? Yes. Not opera, not little opera? Uh, I have been trained in, I've been classically trained. Okay. But my passion is musical theater. Mm-hmm. Right. And my understanding of musical theater is that that world is a nightmare. <laughs> in terms of trying to audition to get into shows. Oh, yeah, that's a nightmare. That's I have an audition tomorrow. It's an absolute nightmare. What's the audition and, for tomorrow? Uh, it's actually like a general audition for casting directors. It's not for a particular gotcha. show. Gotcha. And gonna... I've heard there's a lot of that. And there's the union-non-union line. is a very strict line. And that's why so many musical theater people want to be equity or whatever. Yeah. Yes. Because then you can skip the, like, having to get up at 4 a.m. and wait in a line. 300 people. Uh, ideally you can, but it's actually so saturated right now that, it's like it's just a that they line. have to get up at, at maybe not 4 a.m., but like if I go to, I'm 
in the middle ground where I'm not in a union, but I'm a union candidate. Mm -hmm. Right. Because if you amass a certain amount of points, you can you have the option to pay to join the union. Right. Or if you get an equity contract, you can skip that and go into it. But I'm in the middle there where I've worked on a union show, but I'm not in the union. Right. So I have to show up at um, like 6 a.m. And sometimes I'll see equity members there too because they can book appointments online ahead of time. But once those appointments are full, there are appointments you can sign up for day of. And because there's so many people in the union now, right. they have to start showing up early again too. Right. It's it's a weird, and there's like a lot of shows that are becoming non-union now because mm -hmm. A, they know they can pay less and B, they know that people aren't thus getting into the union. So there's a lot of very talented people who can't get into the union. Right. Yeah, it is a nightmare. It's yeah. like a logistical nightmare. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, if you can get an audition appointment online, you're set. That's great. But there's yeah. like thousands of people trying to click go at the same time. And I feel like musical theater auditions are like famously very cutthroat. Where they'll like stop you mid-song and be like, thank you. They'll do that, but I don't think it's as bad as people portray. portray. I think it's a little bit rough sometimes. Uh, but I've never had someone uh, be actually rude to me. Right. I've never had a casting director be rude to me. I've right. had someone out in the holding room be very rude to me. But right. I've never had someone be like, you ain't got it. Like, right. get out of here. Uh, I have waited for 12 hours to audition, and then they told you you don't have enough time. Right. So that has happened to me, like, dozens of times. Where you wait for them, and they're like, hey, we're all out of slots. Yeah. Sorry. Well, it's what, what it is is because I'm second in line. I'm the candidate. Right. There's, like, three lists. There's the, can the union people, and then they get actual appointments. And everybody mm -hmm. else, it's like an open call where it's first come, first serve. Yeah. But I, as a candidate, get seen before people who aren't a candidate. So I'm basically right. on the second list. Right. Which gives you a lot of hope, but then you also just end up sitting there for 12 hours right. a lot of the time. Sometimes you do get seen, and it's great. And you get seen in the first hour, or you get seen in the 12th hour. Yeah. So it's just like, plan to have your whole day right. sitting in a room, and maybe it's going to work out. Right. It's <laughs> infuriating. That sounds like it a nightmare. Is. It, it is. But once you get in the actual room, it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice to sing in front of important people. Mm-hmm. What's your go-to audition song? Um, if I were to sing, like what I'm singing tomorrow, is uh, it's called Let Things Go. It's from the musical Ordinary Days. Ah, yes, Frozen. Yeah, Let that's things it. go. That's right. Let things go. <laughs> that's exactly. Um, yeah. um, I have like a couple go-tos because you have different categories. For right. So um, what's the category of this one? This would be um, up-tempo contemporary. What's your up-tempo contemporary? Um, up-tempo contemporary. I'm trying to think. Um, what would it be? And ha are we talking for for musical theater, or do you ever do something that's not a musical theater song for a musical theater audition? Uh, if they ask for it, they do. If it's like a pop rock show, yeah. like for Rent, I was told not to sing anything that was actual musical theater. You had to sing pop yeah. rock music. Interesting. Um, yeah, right. for my uptempo contemporary would be. Uh, uh, I just freeze every time you see through me and you know what you do. Electric Blue. You know that song? Uh, that's not. I'm thinking of Electric Blues from Hair. No. No. No, oh. this is a pop song from the 80s. My, oh, okay. Yeah, no, I, I'm not very I just freeze pop. every time you see through me and I'm all over you. Electric Blue. Mine would be the vocalization part of Under Pressure. Mm-hmm. 
They'd remember you for that. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely remember you. Um, or, or I would sing all of uh, pop music by M. Mm-hmm. Has, pop, pop music, the rock. Yeah. I'll do um, Bow Bow Chicka Chicka from First Bueller. Uh, I'll do uh, Somebody's Getting Married from The Muppets Take Manhattan. Somebody's getting married. Somebody's getting married. Somebody's getting married. Somebody married. And you just do all the Muppet voices, and that way they know that you're a married. good utility player. Yeah, it shows you have range. Yeah, and they're like, we could, he could be a good chorus player. We can use him as the butcher in one scene and the baker in another. There you go. Um, I don't think that's a bad choice, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I would do every character's voice just because uh, you have to show them you can sing, like, what you what you do best. Yeah, but what if what you do best is a different character on every line? Well, then you've got to show up with that. you got to <laughs> show up with your best. Yeah. Do you ever have to, uh, do you ever do dance moves when you do the song? Uh, Not in that audition. They might ask you to come back and dance, but... I, you can move during an audition, but I wouldn't dance specifically. Would you ever show up for an audition with a boater hat and a cane? Uh, it depends on the show. All right. I mean, I think a cane's a little excessive. Props are a little bit much, mm -hmm. but a boater hat, yeah, I could do that. Now, are there any projects that you've done that you're specifically proud of in New York? In New York? Um, I did this play, which was... It was a collection of, it was like an anthology of Teresa Rebeck plays, but, cause she wrote a lot of one acts. So it was like pretty much everybody had a one act except I, I was in Teresa a, Rebeck. you do? Oh, she's amazing. My mom and her went to Notre Dame together. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. She's one of my favorites, honestly. Yeah. She's so good. Yeah. And she got done dirty by the TV industry. Yeah, it kind of, but she's still, I think, I mean, I don't know what her actual, career position is, but I'll say in theater, she's still, like, pretty far out yeah. there. But after, uh, what was it called? Uh, what was her show? Oh. Um, what was the show? Smash. Oh, yeah. Smash was great. I right. thought Smash was good. But then they took it away from her and changed it, and they were like, now it's bad. And yeah. she's like, yeah, you changed the whole thing. Yeah, it, it, sh they turned it, like, into half Glee, which right. I liked Glee when it started, but it's a different kind of show right. than mm -hmm. Smash. They just both sing, and they thought that was enough to make them the same show. Yeah. Um, That's so great. interesting. Yeah, that was one of my favorite plays we've been in. It That's was, so cool. Was, Does This Woman Have a Name, which is actually the only not one act in the show. It was like every other scene was my scene. Right. That's so cool. Yeah, it was about a sex phone operator. Interesting. Very good. It's a little of its time now, like, because it was written in the 90s. But right, and that doesn't really exist as much anymore. Yeah, but it's really fun. It's a really fun play. Very poignant at certain points. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, what time is your audition tomorrow? 11.20. Uh, it's not there. Um, I actually have an appointment, so it's actually not too bad. Is Sunday a normal day for auditions? Um, I don't think it's as popular, but, yeah, there's usually auditions on Saturday. I think Saturdays are more popular than Sundays. Uh-huh. Uh, but... Most casting offices are going to have a regular work week, so it's usually going to be during the week. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's not unheard of or anything. Yeah. Yeah. I don't do them too often because I used to work on weekends, but now I'm trying to do that more. Uh, that I have the free time. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. That's cool. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully it actually works out. I've done this one a couple times, and it's worked out okay. Like, I've gotten calls, but no jobs, so. Right. Uh, 
I hate auditions. Yeah, me too. They're really, really bad. Um, Some people are really good at it, though. It's like a whole separate skill. I bet you're good at it. It depends on it depends on what it's for. I mean, like, I really sometimes I'm wrong because I've auditioned for stuff this year where I know I'm completely wrong for the thing and I've booked it or or I've booked something like usually my attitude is like, well, maybe I'll be good and they'll think of me for something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I don't like the thing, that's why I don't. I really hate it when I'm auditioning for something and I actively like. If it's like a commercial, I'm like, this commercial is stupid. It kind of won't matter to me how much money it is. I'm be like, I don't want to be in this stupid commercial. Yeah. I once had to audition for a mountain bike commercial. What did you have to do in it? Say stuff about a mountain bike. You'd be riding a mountain bike and say things? Yeah. I don't know why I was asked to do it. I was asked to audition. Here's the three things I've ever auditioned for. A mountain bike commercial. Mm-hmm. All people that, my rule was, it's the rule of threes for me. Yeah. You ask me if I want to audition, I say no. You ask again, I say no, I really don't. And if you ask a third time, I'll be like, fine. And these... Well, the first two applied it. The second one was more of a friend. They were like, oh, that would be fun. The first one was mountain bike. The second one was a uh, video camera. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And in the audition, they told me to improvise, and my improvisation went to a dark, dark place yeah. that did not paint the product in a good light. Yeah. And they said, I think we have what we need. <laughs> and then the third one was a friend of mine is a, a producer and writer of uh, Crashing, the HBO show. Uh-huh. And they're like, hey, we have this character. Would you come in? And I was sort of like, yeah, sure. And my friend texted me. and was like, hey, we think you'd be good for this. Would you just come in? And I was like, yeah. And then I don't know why in my head I imagined that. It was just like, oh, I'll just come in. I'll do the thing. I'm happy to do this part. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I was like, got there. And it was like, oh, an audition room full of people all for this part. And I was like, mm. oh. Oh, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Because now it makes it this, you want this, but a lot of other people do, and you're, like, competing with people for it. Right. And it was during a work day of something. Mm-hmm. I forget what it was. President show? No, it was, it was before President show. Yeah. And I just didn't have time to really look at the sides too much. Yeah. So I, like, tried to memorize them as best I could. But it was, it was a part that required me to be, like, dirty uh-huh. <laughs> in a way that was, like, that was the joke of it. And they asked me to improvise, like, this mean, dirty thing. Yeah. I did, but again, it was, I think I just w- was like, okay, but this is not who I am, but I'll go to this place. Yeah. And then I had the thing afterwards where I was like, um, you know, I couldn't remember what, and they were sort of like, oh, cool, so blah, 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 and this sounds good. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I, you know, this person is the reason they asked me to come do this. So, yeah. like, as me trying to say, like, I'm not here because I'm not here because I'm good at this. <laughs> yeah, I'm here uh-huh. because, and they took it to mean that I was like, "Oh, I'm friends with the producer." Oh, like you were trying uh-huh. to play that card, and they were like, "Oh, well, we'll make we'll make sure they see the audition." I was like, "No, no, no, no!" no. I'm saying, I was like, I had to sort of be like, "No, I'm saying that's why I'm so ill-equipped for this." <laughs> I had to be like very clear. It's like, "Oh, I'm not equipped for this," and I yeah. did this just because this person asked me to. I thought it'd be fun, but. You should probably go with some of these other people who are actually good at this. Thank you and good night. I, uh, I, was, I was so uncomfortable because it was just yeah. one of those things where you're like, oh, yeah, this could be fun. Oh, this is not what Yeah, it's, it's fun if they're like, I want you to play this. Well, I've had a couple of things like that this year that are frustrating where something has been phrased as if it's an offer. Right. And then it turns out that it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Like there was a, a thing that um, there was this job that was going to be for like this Facebook 
series on Facebook, because Facebook's starting to do like right. content. And there's a series, and the, the reaching out to me was like, we'd like you to host this show that we're doing. And it's going to be on Facebook's video channel. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. Like, come in, uh, but we're going to be filming it really soon. So there's, like, not a lot of time to prep for it, but we really think we'd like you to host this thing. I was like, great. So I went and had a meeting with them. And my only question I had was, like, like this is SAG, right? Like, this is covered by, because I'm SAG. And they were like, um, yeah, we think so. We're going to be figuring because it, it was this thing that was going to have, like, celebrity guests and stuff right. on it. And... I came in and, I had, and I'm like, actually, this would be perfect because I've been doing these, like, um, I've been doing shows like this at UCB that are this kind of character-based interview format for a couple of years. So I know how to, I know the rhythms of this. And they're like, well, we're just worried that, you know, the episodes need to be at least, like, eight minutes long or something. Like, oh, I said, uh, oh, yeah, my I re- worry. I remember. I'm like, my worry would be that we'd be able to cut it down to that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not... People are always worried about, like, we won't have enough content. I'm like, I'm never worried that we won't have enough content. Like, that's the last of my worries. And, and uh, he says our yeah. 11 into. Yeah. <laughs> but it is just like, if you, if you put me in a format with a, a, another guest and we're going to talk about anything, I'm like, right. the, there's a pretty big window before I start feeling like we won't have interesting content. Even with a boring person, I'll just, like, yeah. prod them until they, like, do something. So, I, so we go and we have this meeting with them, and my only concern is, like, i got to make sure that this is SAG, if, it, if it's, because other, and they're like, we don't know. And at one point, one of the people was like, um, oh, um, actually, I think that would be something that you would figure out on your end. And I was like, uh, no, absolutely not. Like, it's not the actor's job to make your production <laughs> yeah. SAG compliant. Like, it's, you're the producers, you know, of this thing. And then, like... And I had all these ideas for it, and I thought it was going well. And then, like, the next day, the message that I got was that they actually decided to go with somebody else for it. And I was, but and there was clear, it was like, oh, you were having conversations with, like, eight different people. Right. You're, like, casting a wide net. But everything about the interaction was phrased as if it was, like, I was doing them a big favor by, like, jumping in at the last minute on this thing and that they were interested and... I guarantee... You want to know what really happened? What there? really happened? They were terrified of SAG. They were not SAG, and they wanted you, and then no one thought that through. And then when you were like, this is SAG, right? They were like, abort, 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 abort. Maybe. That's 100% what happened. Yeah, very. it sounds like it, honestly. Yeah. Um, But but I've had a couple of things like that where it's been phrased as if it's like, we want you to do this thing, and then I find out that other people were being talked to about it. I'm just like, oh, you just didn't want to have the awkward conversation of making it an interview or an audition, you wanted to be able to act like everything was cool and then pick whoever you wanted. You know, that it's yeah. sort of like, uh, um, they didn't want to ever have the tension in the room and just only have the thing of like, yeah, yeah, we're having a friendly chat about the this project or whatever. Um, did I ever tell you, I, I don't know if I've told, I, may, I, I assume I've told everything I've ever said on the podcast before. <laughs> My favorite audition where I, I did improv that was completely wrong for the product. No. The German sausages commercial? Well, that, because, have I told you what, because of my camera thing? No, tell me the camera one. You tell the German sausage. German sausage one. This was an audition that, um, where my, my improv was entirely appropriate for any show that I would do, like a stepfather show and ask at. And I just, it didn't occur to me until the, the audition was ending that I was like, oh, this was not, not, uh, not what they wanted. Uh, Jordan Klepper was waiting in the next group of people to go in. I remember I went in for this thing, and it was supposed to be, we are three of us going in at a time, and they wanted us to improvise up at the top of it that we were, like, at a barbecue. 
and just like do some chit chat, improv and stuff, and then at a certain point transition into, um, hey, did you pick up those German sausages? I, I forget what the brand was or whatever. And the commercial was supposed to be that we banter. We say, did you bring up, pick up those German sausages? And then we say, no, I forgot to. And then some NASCAR celebrity who was going to be in the commercial right. drives onto the lawn and is like, I got the German sausages. And we're like, yeah, right. And so the two guys are bantering, and I'm the one sitting down. We start the audition, and uh, the guy goes, uh, hey, does anybody know if, uh, if, uh, if uh, Deborah is coming to the uh, barbecue today? And I go, Deborah? I thought she was in the hospital. <laughs> the two guys look over at me like, what the fuck are you doing, man? And they go, uh... No, no, uh, uh, Deborah's fine now. Uh, she's out of the hospital. I went, oh, thank God. <laughs> the guy goes, hey, did you pick up those German sausages? And that was my only contribution to the thing, was to imply that Deborah was sick. And it was whatever she had. I was like, oh, boy, thank God. And like, they're done, like, thank you. And, and I'm, I'm sitting there while they were doing the actual text of the thing. And I was like... Ah, it's probably not what the sausage people want to imply that like there's someone someone in this world who's sick. <laughs> and a sick person's yeah. friends would like this. Yeah, it's like Deborah's got colon cancer. Yeah, just like uh, the just like uh, and then I remember walking out of the audition and looking at Jordan Clapper who was waiting to go into the next group. I was like, "Good luck. I think I think I cleared a space for you." Uh, that was my exact same. And there's a certain irony to this. You'll never mind. Yeah. Um, but so it was this weird camera thing. And this was thing, a thing that I said, like, no, I don't want to do it. Like, and they're like, we really, we really think you'd be good for it. And this was in the middle of when I was doing improv and stuff like that. So it was someone yeah. who was just a UCB fan, right. probably. And they were like, like, we really think you'd be good for this. We really, we really love it. And I was like, no, I just, and they're like, just could you, we'll move the date for it. And I was like, I was like, I just can't. They're like, well, how about we're going to do auditions tomorrow? And then maybe you come to, and I was finally like, all right, fine, I'll come do it. And it was, like, all the way out in, like, Dumbo or, like, that area. Like, not convenient for me to get to. Yeah. I was like, ugh, okay. So I traveled out there. They had me come into this room, and it's for a a Canon camera. And uh, so it got really cold again. Or it continued really cold. Um, They have this box with a camera in it and they have all the bullet points of things they want to talk about. And, you know, I know cameras well, so I start, they're like, they're like, they're like just feel it out, just like talk about the stuff. It's sort of like an unboxing video kind of thing, but you're talking about all the features. And I was like, okay. And so I start talking just legitimately about what's cool about this camera. I was like, oh, well, it's cool. It has this. And then, you know, it's got great lens and this thing's actually going to be helpful for this. And, da, da, da. and I start getting into the tech stuff about like what's actually cool about it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool, 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 cool. That was awesome. It's so cool how familiar are the cameras. How about we do one where focus this one more about just like build this sort of character around that stuff and sort of have fun with the like character aspect of it and like mm. take it wherever you want, take it wherever you want. And I was like already feeling like, okay, sure. And like, you know, like just having that vibe of like, all right. And as improv goes, whatever vibe you're sort of feeling ends up in the thing. So I start going, I was like, it's like, all right, so this is a great camera. It's got this uh, variable zoom lens that's like three times longer than whatever industry standard thing, which is great. If you're filming something across the street, you can zoom in all the way. So if you're looking at a building across the street, you can zoom in all the way to the window and see what's in the window. And then uh, it has uh, a 
night vision and great low light. So if the lights are off, you can see what's going on. The lights are off. And then it's like, and it's got remote printing. So if you want to print what's in the window, you can print it. And then if the person starts moving, it's got balance. And I start just turning into this like psycho stalker <laughs> who's like stalking a woman. And I just keep going deeper and deeper until I just start ranting about, like, I, I got to a place where I was like, and then if she stops and tells you to run away, you tell her, I am your guy. And I just start, like, <laughs> going into, like, whatever insane thing. And at the end of it, they're like, okay, I think that's good. And then it was, like, this 20-something guy and girl, and they're like, they're like cool, so I think, do, you, are, do we need another one? Or, and they're like, no, I think that's good. I think we, you know, like, <laughs> that thing that I've been on the other side of the table so often, I'm like, I think that's good is code for, yeah. like, that's we're enough. done with this experience. Yeah. yeah. And so it was that thing where I was just like, cool. And then immediately walked out, and then Christian Capazzoli started walking, and I was like, hey, so uh, this is all yours, man. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. oh, boy. Go for it. Yeah. So um, it was an uh, interesting audition. Yeah. But it was the exact thing where I was just like, and you've asked me to improvise, and I went to a place that I wanted to go. That is not helpful for you or for me, and I should not have come here. But in a, in a regular improv context, would have been entirely appropriate and welcome, because it would have been... Uh, <laughs> Maybe, also? <laughs> no, I think, like, if you commit to being a... Uh, this was also of, five years ago. Yeah. But I also think... I wouldn't have done that audition today. Yeah. But in an improv show, that kind of crazy character might be fascinating. Yeah. They want you to improvise, but within a very um, structured small box. They want you to way. say they want you to say different words. Yeah. They don't want you to improvise. They, yeah. yeah, and they want you. Yeah, they yeah, want. Imagine it, you wrote this commercial. Make it yeah. your it's own. Like the same thing, though. The have imagine fun. we didn't pay copywriters to really flesh this out yet. Have fun with it. Make it your own. Imagine we haven't finished writing this commercial yet, and we want you to finish writing it in this yeah. room. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and they want to sell some cameras, you know. Of course. Who doesn't? Yeah. Um, and they don't know what they want. They don't know. Um. Yeah. Oh, I'm starting wait. to crash. You know what I mean? Yeah. So am I. I'm hitting that thing. I'm hitting that wall. I was just you talking know? about the Astoria train fiasco. Oh, which which one? Because you're off, you're in Astoria. Um. Yes. Are, are you up the hour though? Uh, I am now. Yeah. Oh. Well, I have to take that one. Well, I have to take the NW if the R goes down, which is all the time. But 36 and 30th Avenue are no longer stops. Forever. Until, Until June, June 2018. Ooh. Well, that's. Well, that's weird, because yesterday I was going to take it, and they were like, when we're also not stopping at Broadway. Yeah, that I was telling that story today. All the story is a, a nightmare train desolation. Yeah, I mean, the R and the E are not much better, to be fair. Yeah. And then whenever the M runs, it's, right. it's just like they don't want us to get out of Queens. I've never taken a Z train in my life. Don't know if they exist. I don't know where it goes. What do you mean? It doesn't go to Queens, does it? The JMZ. I've just never ridden a, a Z train. Where did, why would you need to? It feels like at least once you'd be in a situation where you're like, oh, I'll take the Z. Yeah, it's like you've been here long enough. It seems like if it exists, I should have needed it at some point. Uh -huh. I don't know if I've taken a J train. I feel like I've taken a J train once. I took a J train once. That no, that doesn't go to Ridgewood, does it? I don't know. I, maybe I haven't. There's a few trains I haven't taken ever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, I have to go see if the E's running either way. So All right. I hope it is. It's great to see you, guys. Have it's good to see you, Casey. It's good to see you, Good luck in your audition. Thank you. Yeah, very good luck in your audition. My audition Cross. advice is tip your hat before and after. And tap your cane to the right and to the left. 
Yes. All right. Writing that down. Cartwheel out. Perfect. Perfect. Yep. Somersault Stick in. Stick the leg. <laughs> exactly. All right. Have a good night, guys. See you, Casey. All right. See ya. Um. Audition advice from JD and Connor. Cartwheel in. Tip your hat. Cane to the left. Cane to the right. Stand up. Sit down. Run all around. Run all around. Open your mouth. Close it. Open your mouth. Show your tongue. Show your teeth. Show your gums. Show them five fingers. Show them five fingers. Show them five toes. Show them five toes. Lift your leg. Lift your other leg. Clap your hands in front. Clap your hands in back. Show the length of your hair. Read your sides. Read, read your sides. Tap then, your cane to the left. Tap, tap your cane, cane to the, the right. Then get out of there. Cartwheel your way out of there. And that's how you audition for industry. Industry. Now you're singing. Um, should we... Because when we hit 11.50, when we yeah. hit midnight, we've done our 12 hours. So I feel like... Because what time does the show go to? 11.30-ish, probably. When they go out and that crowd we should start. Appears, we should start wrapping up. We should start wrapping. Go get my crackers, head to the train, etc. Exactly. Um, I agree. Um, matter of fact, I'm almost inclined to think... I'm almost inclined to think that we could start restoring this booth and not worry, not worry about the post-Grandma's Ashes crowd. Do you know what I mean? I feel like we've gotten our... Oh, I see. You know? Interesting. I don't know. What do you think? I feel like the post-Grandma's Ashes crowd would be excited to see us as they leave. Okay. But you're hitting the wall of tiredness. You want to get home. Um, no, I'm just thinking of like it'll take a few minutes for us to get this place back in order. Yeah, that's true. Um, I just feel like it won't be easy to put all the mobile stuff back together. So once we do that, we cannot do that. Once we go... We're done recording. Well, no, no, once we go, it's just we can't stop and return. You know what I mean? Like, once we begin the cleanup, yeah. we're on our way out. Right, 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 right. I'm just thinking we probably don't need that outside mic for when the, we're, the crowd's leaving because they don't yeah. really talk, so we can maybe do a couple of those things. Get yeah. the posters back up or something, maybe. Right. Um, and then once that audience is gone, then we pack up our stuff. Do you want me to take the mic now? Yeah, let's go ahead and take that mic now. Here, I'm going to give you this mic. Okay. Um, just as when the, when the crowd is leaving, that we don't really get a lot of people talking into it at that point. No, I think we've had our fun with it. Yeah, we've had our fun, and now it's done. We've had our fun, and now it's done, and now I'm JD80. And now JD's going out to the front. JD's going to talk into that little microphone. Can you hear me, JD? It's very hard. It's very hard. I'm actually impressed that anyone heard you. Yeah. Um, it's very hard. Yeah. Um, what I was starting to say before about that that Pace magazine thing about Ow! oh, you all right? Nothing. I just sitting down is harder every day. Why? Are you in pain? Are you in physical pain? No, I just honestly, I just my body 
has more pain than it has. Stand up, sit down, it's like a kind of thing. Oh, it's just the aging process? It feels like it. Is it just being a tall person at 30? I think, honestly, it's all my sports and athletic are great, but my joints get worn out a little bit. Yeah, because like running and things like that is... So then it's just once I'm warm, I'm good to go, but when I'm cool, my muscles sort of relax and tighten up a bit. Oh, interesting. We're probably not going to have a third guess that I need to be wild. I don't think so. Hello. How are you? Okay. Um, I couldn't talk to her. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, doesn't matter. She's not our friend. The, um, no, what I was saying a while ago about that, when we were talking about the Pace Magazine thing, the, because I've had the experience of like, what's the place that has the bulls that you, uh, what's the venue in Brooklyn where uh, people are bowling with the, on the sand in the upstairs bar and then there's oh, the theater um, downstairs. I always, I always forget and call it the bell house. It's not the bell house. It's no, the, that's, um, uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, Brooklyn. Mm. No, it's the name of this. Um, it's flashing in and out of my head yeah. right now. Yeah. It is called. Ugh, it went away. It was there for a second. Something bar. I don't know. Um, I'll get it in a second. But what about it? The, well, uh, the, partly this is just a thing about like why I can't do shows in Brooklyn anymore just because I, I I used to every now and then when I get asked to do a show in Brooklyn I'd agree to do it and then I would I would always sort of forget that that's it's like 90 minutes away right that it's like on a, on a weekend depending on the train travel or something like that that it would be like if I was in Missouri and I was asked hey would you come do a bit in a show in St. Louis I'd be like no it's a two hour drive I'm not going to do that right um, but I did like two shows last December and they were both fun shows they were both shows I did like bits in but they were things where, like, I waited for, like, two hours. My bit was, like, late in the show. Right. And then at the end of it, we split, like, a cut of the door. And it ended up being, like, $12. Right. And at the end of it, the $12 actually felt worse. It actually made it feel worse because once I'd factored in uh, my time, I was like, oh, it's such a small amount for... Like, when I thought of it as work, as opposed to, like, I'm doing this because I want to do this for fun as part of the show. Right. It actually ended up feeling kind of like, well, it's not enough where the money feels good. It actually sort of felt weirdly, like, not an insult, but, like, closer to, like, oh, it really is, like, for the 90 minutes it took me to get there and back and then the two hours of waiting to do my bit had a different feeling to me when I started thinking of it in those terms. Um, but Yeah, the, I think... For me, having done, like, like Night Train's a show that I've done three or four times. Yeah. And you walk away with, like, 50 bucks or something like that. Yeah. 40 bucks, something like that. And that feels nice. Right. And they just come up and they go, thank you, and they hand you money. Yeah. And it felt simple and, like, cool. And I yeah. feel like, oh, right. I go do that show... The audience likes it. I did my part, and I get this money, and I get to have dinner because of that. You yeah. know what I mean? Or like a couple nights of dinner. Yeah. Um, but the in a way where it's like it just feels like uncomplicated, and it feels like there's some shows that could. I I just think there's. I think to me what it is, 
is there's a, a lot of versions of that model that could work. And I think sometimes the UCB community can shut down that conversation mostly because it feels a, like a, a criticism or assault on the system that's already in place as yeah. opposed to like, I think there's some versions of models of that that could be pretty easy. And also, it doesn't have to be a one-size-fits-all thing, you know what I mean? It, there could be shows that are like, oh, like the weekend shows. Right. Weekend shows, you get door cuts. Weekend shows. And if you're doing Herald Night, you don't. And if you get this, you do. And you do this, you don't. Yeah. So. the For me, what it feels like, I always feel like, because I def- definitely feel like the Pace Magazine top ten wasn't assault because it was literally saying that by not... I didn't pa- read it at all. By not, its it. thing was like, by not paying performers, you are um, poisoning society, basically. It was sort of like, you are making a system that is unhealthy and that ruins everything. And... Which is different than saying, like, some theaters have a paid system and some theaters don't. And I feel like there's room for both kinds, but the ones that don't pay have to be able to offer something else, which is something that you don't necessarily get right. at, a, um, at a theater where we're operating on a different model. You know, like, if it was a paid theater, you wouldn't be able to do a show like Gravid Water because Broadway actors wouldn't come do it because we're like, we can't. It's... Uh, it counts now as like a non-equity theater or something, you know? Right. Um, so there's things where it's like different. But anyway, the, the interesting thing was that just in terms of like the social media dynamic of it was that the article comes out, I felt like it was a, uh, um, a pretty sarcastic, and it was an assault because it was saying like, you're doing this and by not paying performers, you are... Um, Pricing out people who can't afford to perform in a theater unless they're paid for it. Which I think is true. But I don't know which... I think that's living in New York is what's pricing you out, not that you're, you're, you can't afford to perform at a theater unless you get paid to perform at a theater. The 50, even the $50 you get for, for Night Train is not enough that it would be like, well, I just can't afford to do the show unless I get this $50. Like in New York, that's... For you, it's an extra you know, yeah. meal or something. But I think it's less about the physical economics and more the philosophical idea of engaging in a thing that by definition is not going to lead to any way to support yourself. See, well, that, that's where I think it's different because I think that the, like the school is what makes money. And part of the reason that people want to go to the school is because the theater uh, is what it is, which is a very unique uh, place in terms of how high the bar is, how cheap the shows are, and that you know there's a reason why people want to keep performing even though it's not a place where you make money performing in shows. Yeah, I'm and, also saying this yeah. correct of loving UCB and oh, yeah. part of that system. So I'm not this is not oh, yeah. a criticism or it's just like I think philosophically some of those and I didn't read the pacing and so I I've heard yeah. that the tone of it was frustrating but uh, but it was just interesting to see like the way the way that stuff like that blows up so quickly on social media and the tone that people take when they are... Because uh, especially considering the fact that, like, uh, like I'm getting ready to retweet my annual thing where Mike Yerg and I performed our Christmas songs at Pace right. Magazine's Christmas party. Right. That was not a paid gig. And it's streaming forever on their website. And we wouldn't have had a problem with that. We were happy to perform there. Right. But it, it is a very funny thing to think that, like, you can't take a high horse argument about... Paying performers is the only only moral choice that you can make. While your website is hosting performances 
by comedians and musicians who are performing for free uh, on your website in perpetuity. Yeah. Streaming forever. Um, Because I would never, like, I didn't have a problem with, I was happy to be invited to perform for Paste. But it is an interesting thing because I don't think they've given thought in terms of, like, oh, we have all this content on our website that's just, like, perform at our Christmas party and we'll put it up online and it'll be great exposure. And it is. Yeah, my feeling about the whole thing is just, like, someone built a shoddy platform onto which that, which that, onto which, someone built a shoddy platform on which that conversation could never happen. Mm-hmm. It was sort of like, here, I'm going to build this shoddy boat, now let's all jump on and have this thing, and then the boat fell apart, and yeah. it was just like, everyone is wet now. <laughs> Whereas just sort of like... yeah. Because I think that's a, I, that's the thing to me is more like that conversation. I think is a conversation worth having. And I think when people shut it down, they're like, no, of course not. Or people are like, it has to be this way. Right. On both sides, people are like, oh, everyone has to be paid this. Or people would be like, no, no, like it's insane that everyone be paid. It's like, okay, I think there's an actual real conversation there that'll find that you can find a middle ground that's actually reasonable. Yeah. But I also think. It needs to be a conversation. It doesn't need to happen on Twitter on the back of an article that everyone seemed to think the tone was offensive. And I don't think the response to it is with, like, weird, snarky, attacky tweets as well. It was just like, like a, a, again, yeah. just felt like a shoddy boat on which everyone was having. It's like, no. Yeah. We're all just jumping in the water now. It felt like a, it felt like a, a dumb context under which to have this not conversation. Yeah. Uh, and that's more what I was watching. It's just like... And it, it lead, led to a bigger thing to me, which is going on in general, where just like, I've s- said this thing before, which I stand by and people have told me, no, I don't stand by it, but um, I believe an aspect of it, there's holes in this, this, what I'm about to say though, is where it's like, I like Twitter better when it was, because pe- the joke about Twitter used to always be people like, well, why do I want to hear what people are having for breakfast? I don't right. care. And I'm like, I actually preferred Twitter, which is people talking about their breakfast. And people pointed out when I make that joke that they're like, yeah, but it gives voice to a lot of people who are otherwise voiceless and there's a lot of information getting out there to people from minority voice and things like that that otherwise would not have equal footing, which I think is totally valid. What I don't like is that it diminishes all conversations to whatever, 120 characters. 280 now. And now it's whatever, 280. But still, it's it's a fiscalization of the philosophical, like, de-evolution that's taken place where it's just like everything has to boil down to snarky rock being thrown after snarky rock being thrown like even when like a major tragedy happens now even among comedians and people that I, I love trust and respect it feels like there is this unspoken contest of who's going to have the cleverest spin and right. phraseology of the moral quandary of this situation that maybe will catch on and get 3,000 retweets or whatever. Right. And you see people changing the tone of how they communicate to try to latch on to that in a way that feels like, oof. Yeah. Like, you know, like, there'll be a shooting. It'll be tragic and awful. And people who maybe are, like, people people who are no engage earnestly in stuff and have ideas that are this and that, then suddenly their tweets become, like, yeah, well, obviously the only way, to, it's, like, some sarcastic, it's, like, Oh, you're trying to write this thing that you hope people will be like, yeah, this person got it. This yeah. person summed it up. Yeah. And it's like, that's what our discourse is now, is like, 
snarky one-liner competition on all sides, right? it sucks to me. And I just hate seeing it, and that's why it's like, I don't know. That's yeah. why this conversation even, I'm just like, I hate seeing it all reduced to this just points versus points versus points versus likes and retweets. And I find myself doing it. I see these conversations, these arguments, and I see who's getting likes and retweets. And I'm like, oh, this, this side's winning. And I'm like, no, that's, that's not how conversations happen. Yeah. It's not weird one-liners that then we vote on. I don't know. The whole thing just makes me sick. I had, I had a thought recently when I was in, I, I think it was when I was in a hotel for one of these weddings um, that, I, that I was watching part of a news broadcast. And I've always been annoyed by how, and I grew up with this because my, like my dad was on the local news and there was always that, that stuff that's built in for the banter between the news people. Right. Where it's like, which is a little bit different when it's like my dad was a weatherman. So there's always that thing about. That when he throws back to the anchor, the anchor's always going to make a joke about whether it's going to rain or something, and the sports guy will make a joke about, oh, who's, are the Cardinals going to, you know, blah, 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 and they'll throw in things like that. And that used to be kind of like the province of local news, but like Walter Cronkite wouldn't spend a lot of time making jokes during the CBS evening right. news. There was like a, a sort of a firewall up, and then at a certain point you'd get to the point where, uh, is that the guy with the dirty dogs? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the the percentage oh God, of time so the percentage of he time he just told those people like oh you want to pick them up <laughs> to the pregnant women yeah um they're the percentage of time on television news now that is devoted to news anchors making jokes trying to make each other laugh attempting to do comedy is so depressing to me because a lot of times it's not even it's not even that they have jokes they just want to be funny in those moments in between things and it's supposed to I think be like relatable or friendly or something like that but you'll literally watch whole segments on the news where it's people trying to make jokes who are uh, failing at it like they're not even right. phrasing things into the form of like this is a great joke it'll be like oh yeah you should try you should try one that seems like what you would uh Jim would love that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't leave me out of it, guys. So yeah. I, and they do that sort of thing. And it occurred to me that as someone who works in comedy, how a, how a professional journalist would, would feel if comedians um, started just throwing in um, new, just news items, just information into their acts that just wasn't true. But that's like, what I feel like a lot of Twitter is. But imagine it's just, it just if part of stand-up comedy was literally saying, like, uh, so, uh, I don't know if everyone saw Ringo Starr passed away today. Very sad. Right. And then just transition back into jokes like that. And, and people would be like, wait, did Ringo Starr die? Like, oh, no, uh, stand-up comedy does this thing where they put in news items uh, that aren't true, that aren't sourced, they're not verified, just facts that aren't true. That is the equivalent of journalists spending a fair amount of their broadcast attempting to make jokes that are not workshopped and that don't have, like, a sense I, to them. I almost feel like another analogy is, like, if between news items you saw these news anchors go, like, here's a painting I painted. Yeah. Do you like this? And it's, like, weird scribbles on a thing, and you're like, why are we watching this? Or like why are a, you doing this? sing a line of a song that I wrote. Yeah. In between, like, you just wouldn't... 
people would very quickly uh, uh, call it out and say, like, hey, you should stop showing your paintings. You should just get to the news story. Yeah, so a thing I was going to talk about earlier that ties into this conversation was... Um, so the context of this is I use my Twitter and my online presence sparingly these days. I've locked down my Instagram account to be private or whatever. Facebook, I really don't use at all. Mm. And Twitter, I pretty much... For a while, I wouldn't use it all. Mm-hmm. I'd delete every tweet yeah. and then decide not to tweet at all. Um, and then we were waving at people. Um, and then for a while, I got comfortable with it again. Yeah. But I would always be very clear. I never wanted to tweet anything that I claimed was a fact, anything where I was making a definitive statement. I would, I would make sure all my tweets had, I feel, I think, yeah. my opinion is, like just so that no one could come at me for anything. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And then even, I started doing a thing where like, if I really wanted to talk about, first I, I did a thing where like, if I really wanted to talk about, if I saw something I really wanted, I'd tweet, I saw this thing and I liked it, I'd love to talk about it, mm-hmm. please do not talk about it with me on the internet. Like, don't comment here. Yeah. And people would respect that, and be like, great, I'd love to talk to you in person. Yeah. And I thought, wonderful. Because I just, I don't want to have the conversation on Twitter. It's not a place to have a conversation. Yeah. And, you can't say anything on the internet without someone telling you why you're wrong. Yeah. So, anyways, I started getting comfortable with Twitter again, and I started posting more stuff like that. Like, hey, just saw this movie, and I love... Just finished blank. I enjoyed watching it. Something as simple as that, that almost was, like, purposefully simplified. Yeah. So then this thing happened where I hadn't tweeted for a while, and then um, I turned on and watched the Netflix show Atypical, mm-hmm. which is about... Uh, a family with an uh, a t- autistic son. And it's sort of a comedy mm-hmm. about it's a comedy drama. You know, it's a dramedy where it's like about the difficulties of a sibling with a disability and someone with autism and how that plays into it. Mm-hmm. I ended up really liking it. Yeah. So I watched the whole thing, and it's not a show that I think is a great show by any stretch, but right. it, it, it resonated it. with me. And it resonated with me specifically because growing up, having a sibling with a disability. Yeah. The ref- and being around a lot of people with disabilities and people with yeah. lots of uh, spectrum issues and different versions of Asperger's and autism and yeah. very interesting and also being around other kids who were siblings that had uh, siblings of people with disabilities there's a lot that they really nailed about that experience and things that were very specific to that dynamic that I was like wow they actually did a really good job of encompassing that in a funny way and it's not perfect but it's like oh I, I got to see this thing that felt like it resonated in some way yeah so I just posted online uh, just finished watching Atypical I really enjoyed it that was it yeah and then I got a handful of people that tweeted at me uh, yeah but uh, you should read this article about how it's actually a, a dangerous portrayal of autism and uh, I actually think it's a bad show because of that and just everybody mm-hmm it wasn't everybody it was a handful of people yeah and I was mad because I was like for a couple of reasons and and I was in a bad mood and I responded in a way that was snark I think it just responded with the words okay to all of them <laughs> just sort of like okay yeah here's me saying I like something and these people have to chime in and go yeah, yeah actually you didn't like it or actually you shouldn't like it yeah which is snark is on me. It's bad on me, and I, I think immediately de- deleted all those tweets. I was like, "This is this is exactly why I don't." The internet's not. Yeah. This is not for me. 
because they were fully within their right to express these things and for a lot of people that's a conversation starter yeah everyone's trying to start a conversation but I was very sensitive yeah but anyways it was the exact reason why I was like I just don't think Twitter or any of this stuff is my is the medium on which these conversations well and even even like are it's also happening. easy to take things and if you're listening and you're one of those people I apologize I was you know Thanks I was I was in a crappy mood and it was you were just trying to start a conversation and I was I was also the one I, think I was the one be taking it too sensitive and also I think it's like it. I think it's fair enough to um, uh, like sometimes people will have a They'll intend to be playful or they'll intend to be like, hey, but this is interesting too. Exactly. But it doesn't read that way and I think it's perfectly fair to be... Like, there have been people who responded to my Porky Pig tweets jokingly with things that were along the lines of like... One person said they were... Uh, it was like they tweeted something and then they said they, that their original response to my Porky Pig tweets was going to be something along the lines of that this is the world's slowest suicide note. Right. And, and my response to that was just... Um, mm-hmm. Hey man, like I'm having a blast watching these. Like right. they're like just saying. I was just like questioning their premise. That it was like, this is not me in some dark place. Like just watching Porky Picker. I'm like I'm, yeah. I'm I couldn't be more comfortable or in a better mood. That it's one of those things where it's like someone intends something is like, like somebody on Instagram at the moment is. I can't tell what their tone is because I'm not sure, but they. They've started commenting on Instagram posts with things that are like, no, or just like, uh, I think you need to stop. And I think that their tone is trying to be playful in the sense right. of like, how like Shannon would be with me about right. stuff, or like someone would give me a hard time. Right. But Shannon... I feel like I would tweet you during the program, you're or text you'd be like, hey, Connor, are you okay? Yeah, things like that. But you know me, so I know how to take those right. tone. I think Berbigley has done that to me before, where it's been like, I'll be in the middle of a crazy tweet storm, and he'll be like, uh, do we need to talk? Yeah. But when someone takes that tone and you don't know them, it's hard to read when, they're, when the response is just like, you need to stop this. And what happened to me is when I responded okay to those people, yeah. then other people saw that and started responding okay, or one person started responding okay to my tweet Yeah. as like a, if you're going to be a jerk to these people, I'm going to be a jerk to you. Yeah. And then I was just like, this is, this is not for me. Yeah. And it's, it's, all, I, I, it's, it's not on me. It's not on these people. Because like you said, I think these people are trying to, in, in my situation, they're just trying to have a conversation. And yeah. I was just not wanting to have a conversation. And that's when I realized like, in my head, the moment I did that, I was like, okay, what did I want from posting this online then? And I was mm-hmm. like, well, I wanted people to like the tweet and then say, oh, I'll check out that show. And I was like, what I didn't want was a conversation. What I wanted is people just to see that I watched this show and like it and then be interested in that show yeah. or tell me how much they also liked it. And I was like, that's not what Twitter's for. It's not what social media is for. So I don't think social media is for me. Yeah. It's about a conversation. If I'm not interested in that, then why post any of it other than for the like dopamine kick of seeing people liking and retweeting. Yeah. So that's why I was like, I think I'm done unless there's something I want to put out there that is fits that. Yeah. I also think there's this weird thing of like, of, um, I mean, social media is this, obviously in some ways this big mess of a, you know, there's, it's not any one thing. It's a right. lot of different things and you can kind of figure out ways to, it's like this big, 
it's hard to find a. Sh it, it doesn't have a natural shape. You have right. to kind of like treat it almost like a topiary, where it's like I right. got to try to cut this big sprawling bramble of a bush into the shape that I want it to be. Right. Like I, I saw that there was some. I, I don't know if this is true or if this is a rumor thing that there was going to be some app that you could cull your Facebook down to people that you've... If you haven't interacted with someone in over a year in Facebook, that it, like, automatically... Defriends them. Defriends them or something. And uh, I have thought, like, if I had the time and the energy, that I would just go through my Facebook, and if I don't immediately know who the person is, and I can't figure it out within, like, one, then I would just unfriend yeah. them. And to... I would love to be able to get Facebook down to just the people that I'm actually friends with. Right. Even even maybe down to the point where it's like, if I'm acquaintances, then I'll just see you on Twitter. Right. Or whatever. But that Facebook would be a thing where it would just be... It almost makes me want to start from scratch, set up a new Facebook account that's just for people that I actually right. know and I'm friends with and would socialize with. Yeah. But it also seems so daunting because then there's like layers of like, well, there's people that I'm not I like, but I'm not that in touch with. But it it's nice to have the option to right. I might see something that would spark me to. Yeah, I I think that that I've had that same instinct. Obviously, I've del I deleted all my Facebook content. I used mm -hmm. a special app that went through and deleted every comment, every post I ever made, Ooh. which is nice. And I scroll through it just to see what's what the hap is, yeah. but I don't comment or engage almost ever. Maybe I'll write one comment a month. Uh -huh. I don't like it. Twitter, same thing. I toast a thing, the moment someone responds, I'm like, I don't want that. So then I'm like, well then why am I doing this? Yeah. The only one that I actually really like is Instagram. That seems to be a common thing because Instagram is pictures and it's fun and nice. It's pictures, it's fun, it's nice. You get to see the actual thing. Yeah. Having said that, I will say that, like, I'm always trying to figure out, and I'm not always good at this, but, like, for me, tweeting, live tweeting that Porky Pig DVD to me felt like, even though that's not what Twitter's designed for, uh, I know that there are people who bought that DVD set because they saw... Yeah, me enthusing about it and I've had people who are like oh I didn't even know about this and then I noticed because we were tweeting about it every day that I was like maybe I should get that and then people who were like I bought it and I'm watching it and it's really fun and I wouldn't have bought it other I wouldn't even known about it otherwise no I think that's cool I that, think it's for me is that my threshold is that like one negative interaction and it spoils, and it spoils the bunch it. Yeah. spoils the bunch which is a me thing and I, I need no, to get I get that, that too because it does. It'll put me in a rotten mood. But I, it doesn't even need to be a negative to, interaction. It needs to be. I need to just not be happy about it for it to spoil the bunch. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is such an interesting thing, though, because like. And also, you know me that. I think I can have a pretty quick trigger for. Not trusting someone's intentions. Mm -hmm. Not in a normal way, but like I think. Once you're in my trust circle, I trust you. Yeah. But if you're outside of it, it takes a minute. Yeah. And if you're a stranger, I'm going to... Like how mad we got when they said we're, stupid, we're so polite. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like this DJ McFly. DJ McFly. Hello. Hello. Hello, McFly. McFly. Hello, McFly. Hello, DJ McFly. My mom Anybody bought home? me a computer and I make beats on them. Hello, McFly. Um, 
full respect to DJ McFly if you've listened this no, far. No, I don't give him. I don't give him any respect. I think they were. I think they were fans. They weren't fans. I think they were fans. I think they enjoyed what we were doing. Um, I'm not a DJ McFly fan. Check out his beats online. <laughs> <laughs> what time is it? Uh, 11.30. Okay, so the show's going to be let out. Because I also realized we have to bring these chairs back down. Yeah. I don't think we could do that during the show. But we'll do it in the break. Right. Wait, in the break. Between Grandma's Ashes and the Midnight Show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you want to start packing up a little bit? A little bit, yeah. Um, um, I'm undoing these mics, so if we talk to someone again, we'll have to just do the thing where we... Really narrow over yeah. to them. Yeah, I don't think we're going to have a lot of guests I'll teach you how... Point. Teach me how to what? Wrap a mic cord? Just do it in a circle? You over-under. A little of the over-under? This mic's been improperly wrapped in the past, though. Oh, so it has, like, a bad shape to it? Yeah. You can tell it's been, like, hurt? It's been hurt. Um, well, let me look and see if there's any major topics that I wrote that I... Um, or tweet fans if they have anything that they were hoping we were talking about. Because sometimes people are like, oh, I was hoping to hear your guys' take on... Benghazi. Um, Did you see someone on Gethheads um, just piece together that Scott Holmes was in the room and also your security guard? Yeah. Someone was like, wait, is this the same guy? <laughs> um, uh, Anna Maria is asking for um, some words of positivity and encouragement. She's been feeling down in the dumps lately, and a 12-hour day surprise would be a joy to come upon. Oh, I had an idea for a career for Anna Maria. I mean, she has a career, but a place for her to work. Yeah? What was it? Oh, I know. I remember. I'm not going to say it out loud. Don't give it away on the podcast. Someone else might get that job. No, exactly. Um, The, uh, I see, I think Shannon has already uh, posted, like, some UCB bathroom uh, memories. Oh, really? Um, Well, Anna Maria was a part of creating some of the best comedy of the past two years, I think. mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. At the late lamented CISO, which we were... Talking about the very beginning of this podcast, yeah, um, which is very sad that it's gone. But I do I give think you these pretzels. You don't want them? No. I give them to you to keep. You want? You just want me to carry them, or you I'm want to keep? Forever. I probably give them to, uh, to someone outside. Yeah. Uh, along with these apples. Can I give you trash also? Yeah, I'll take trash. Can you be the trash man. I'll be the trash man. Connor, trash man, Ratliff. Um. I'll put these in a good bag. Um, He's the trash man. I will say, and I'll speak in in blind item. uh, I'll speak in blind item uh, speak, sort of. But the the thing that we were talking about uh, earlier in the week, uh, the the project that I'm like to be working on, as of this moment, it appears that 
the things that I want to happen are the things that are going to happen with it. That it's, oh, really? Yeah, it seems like the situation, unless I hear otherwise in the next like week or so, it seems like uh, this. Pro- I have this project. I can't say anything really about it right now, but hopefully it'll be coming up pretty soon. And it's looking like um, most of the things that I sort of brought up as far as how I wanted it to be, people didn't have any objections to. Right. Um, Hopefully there'll be a fun thing that I'll be able to talk about. Do you know when you're doing that? I think January. If there's any way I can be helpful, let me know. I will. I mean, my assumption is you'll 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 always be super busy, but. Well, the problem is. So I have have December and January off. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go on a vacation, but also. I want to help you however I can, but also. I don't, yeah, I couldn't obviously be a part long term of a thing. Yeah. I also, my main, my main goal for you and me, other than doing stuff with 12 hour day in whatever form of media we can move it into. Right. Um, I think, didn't we already pitch the TV show version of it on the show? Yeah, we may have. JD has an idea for how to turn this podcast into a TV show. Uh, I mean, TV show in heavy, heavy quotes. Streaming show, a show, yeah, exactly. No, not not a broadcast, not a network show. Although, can I tell you something? What? I did pitch it to a network, not a ne- not a formally, but mm-hmm. someone was asking me, and I was like, "Here's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Let us do this." And what did they say? They're like, "Interesting." No. Oh. <laughs> it was like interesting, ha 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 ha, in a way that I was like, "No, I'm serious." Yeah. I put it in I put it in someone's ear. Oh, okay. That would be interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, it would never happen. But just imagine. First of all, just picture uh, any channel, and now think of a channel that has a twelve-hour gap in their schedule. Yeah. Twelve hours of programming that just seems like. But that we was, don't know what to do with it. That was my thing. Wow. We don't know what to do with the midnight to noon block on our uh, on Tuesdays. But I think there are gaps like that that I'm like, you don't make much money any of those gaps anyways. Mm-hmm. So just let someone go buck wild on it. Um, that and Terry Withers mysteries are my two priorities with you as far as like. Yeah, Terry Withers is a hard one. But it'd be a great one. We already know it's a great show. Here's the thing that I've decreed, though. Yeah. My next project will not involve celebrity guests. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. Celebrity guests are great, but getting celebrity guests is a true nightmare. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would be for Cherry Withers Mysteries. Because <laughs> we offer something that most shows don't offer celebrity guests. Catering. The best catering. All right, I think... Do I hear the audience letting out? Yes. Um, I'm not going to put it into full mobile mode yet. Okay. All right. Are we standing up for this? I am. You don't have to. I'll do it. It's going to direct people. So maybe... Was that the first people in the, in the audience to leave, or just where they walk out early? I don't know. Um... 
It is a chilly boy. This little window? Yeah. Yeah. It's a cold night. It's a cold night in New York City. It's a cold night in New York City. It's a cold night in New York City with the kings of the night. I'm going to leave this Yankee Candle um, thing there. You don't think that's going to like catch fire or something, do you? No, hang it from the hook. Oh, hang it from the hook? Hang it from a hook like near the back, near the corner, and let's see if it stays up forever. Is that a hook in the corner? Oh wait, here I've got the place. I got the place. Okay. So if I don't die, don't die, JD. I'm gonna move my. Yeah, just move the chair. Be safe. Be smart. Be sensible. Um. Right. Yeah, that's great. Um, as far as like an inspiring positive message, if, wait. Let's just tell twelve heads. Yeah. It is if you're looking f- at the window. Yeah. It's the top left corner. If you're out on the street, look up to the top left corner and see if that Yankee Candle air freshener is there. And if you if you come by and spot it, tweet a, at us. Take a picture of it. Yankee. Tweet at us. Tag Yankee Candle in it. Tweet at us. Tag Yankee Candle. Tweet at us. Uh, Whatever their Twitter is. And hashtag it. Yankee hangy? Yankee hangy. No, I don't know. That sounds like it. Oh, yeah. That sounds, that sounds like... Uh, someone attacking yeah. uh, the north. Um, Yankee thanky. Yankee thanky. And if it's, not, if it's not there, don't tag Yankee Candle. Tag... Where's the air, fre- where's the air freshener? Yeah. Just tweeted us, where's the air freshener... Hashtag where did it go? Hashtag mystery 2018. And at Pontiac. Yeah, at Pontiac. Like at them at the end. Yeah. As, as if like you guys should see this. Yeah. Whatever Pontiac's Twitter is, I assume it's just the word Pontiac. Yeah, or like official Pontiac. Yeah. Or real Pontiac Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Um, or if they're like, if it's like a funny alt brand, maybe they do like not Pontiac. Um, I think we jumped the gun. That, that, those were just people who were walking out early from the show. <laughs> they were just dissatisfied. Yeah, and with then their we, experience. we pointed them to go to the corner. Oof. Oh, she got a chill. A little chill. Chill, Bill. Um, so a positive, inspiring message. Now, one thing is like this is our pre Thanksgiving, pre Christmas episode. Yep. Um, ching, 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 bells, ching, ching, bells, ching, 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 Turkey, 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 turkey man. Turkey, he walks down turkey, with the turkey, turkey man. Open up the oven, put in the bird. And if you're whispering, you can't be heard, because turkey is a yelling time. It is when you take the lime, squeeze it in your eyes, and feel the pain. Open up a lion's mouth, take out their mane, rip it from their head, wear it as a hat. Then you get down, eat turkey, and you are fat. Um, do you have plans for Thanksgiving? I'm going home to Chicago yeah. for almost a whole week. It's going to be great. From Tuesday until Saturday morning. You're already anticipating how relaxing it will be. It's going to be so nice. It's, it's going to be... I also... I, my cousin is a... I have very successful cousins who are all in college right now. Uh-huh. 
and one of them is a swimmer for Yale. She's a very talented swimmer. Mm -hmm. And she had a swim meet at um, Columbia. Yeah. So I went to Columbia to watch her swim, and I missed the entire meet, but I got to see her. Mm -hmm. But I realized how nice it is to see family. Mm -hmm. I really like my family. I have a lot of cousins. How many cousins? On my mom's side, I have 26 first cousins, I believe, or 24. On my dad's side, I have... uh Uh-oh. Six cousins. I couldn't even keep track of how many cousins I have. Yes, six cousins. But on my mom's side, all of my first cousins once removed and second cousins are very close. Uh I went to a wedding, and a lot of them live in New York. So I have, like, tons and tons of cousins that I'm friends with. Uh Uh-huh. These people are arriving for the midnight show, I assume, right? Yes. Getting here bright and early. Um... And we'll be so what was your inspiring message about Thanksgiving? I don't know. I don't know. It's just like it's a... I always feel like this is the most exciting time of the year, even though there's also a, a bitter... There's also a melancholy aspect to the holiday season. Well, here's what I'll say. Yeah. And people have mentioned this about 12-hour day. Yeah. Right now, Connor, are you anxious about stuff? No. Not at all? Not really. Are you stressed by anything? I don't think so. Are you angry about something? Do you have any negative feelings in general right now? Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, these they're, they're, they tend to be like larger sort of societal things. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot to be angry about in the news, obviously. The last time that you had those large angry feelings, mm-hmm. did they pass? Um, Were yeah, better or they transformed into other things? Yeah. I'm trying to keep <laughs> trying to go in a positive direction. Yeah. Because my feeling is all of my anxieties and things like that, and someone mentioned this about listening to 12 Hour a Day, is that you things work out for yeah. the most part. And even if they don't work out, they still work out. You make it through. Yeah. So the things that stress you out now, they are stressful, and it's okay to be stressed and have anxiety. But time will continue to move forward. Yeah, time marches on. Time marches on. I do feel that time heals a lot of things. Yeah. And, I mean, I definitely feel like, if I think about things I've been stressed out about in episode during episodes of uh, 12-Hour Day, like, I think, like, when I was stressed out about um, renting the theater for George Lucas Talk Show when I was starting that out, and I was renting that theater for two shows at Producers Club, and I was, like, stressing out about it. Uh... Years ago, at this point, so almost four years ago. Yeah. Um, and then I think about like that was really such a small thing to be stressing out about, and the show ended up at UCB and has been a very uh, um, positive experience and, a, and not really a source of stress, a source of a lot of fun. But when I think about how stressed I was about that that day, like trying to right. like sort that out, like. I didn't need to be that worried about it. Like, the worst case scenario is I was going to lose, like, like have a weird scheduling issue or lose some money on paying for a venue. You know, it was, like, all small stuff. But it's easy to get worked up about stuff like that. Right. Um, It's easy to get worked up about... um, What's the most nervous you've ever been about money in your life? um, I mean, every now and then I've had, like, a big, like... 
dental bill or a big like tax burden or something, to, like a tax bill to pay or things like that. I mean, probably most stressed about money was probably like a decade or so ago when I was like working six days a week at Barnes and Noble and barely making enough money to make rent every month, you know, and where it did feel like I spent all of my time working just to keep my head above water. Right. And it felt like I don't have the energy to change my situation. Like, I don't have the energy to... Right. I don't have the creative energy to find a way to make another living, and I don't have any prospects for other jobs, and I don't have the resume to do anything else. And... You know, now it's sort of, th- now looking back, I'm like, oh, everything worked out, you know. Right. You know, it's not to say that everything always will work out because... Um, Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, there's plenty of plenty of lives that go wrong, plenty of things where uh, all you have to do is look. So we act like we are. Yeah. I don't know, I currently act like Yeah, mannequins. we're just being uh, mannequins, gesturing to go to the corner. It's working okay. Yeah. yeah, but we're too fascinating. You gotta go. <laughs> yeah. We have to come to life to if we fascinate people too much. Um, and we have to sort of become like enchanted robots then explain ourselves further that we're not here to be looked at. <coughs> Don't cough. It does cause people to move out from the window, but to be right outside of the window looking at us trying to figure out what we're doing. I don't know if this is listenable, this part, but I think it is. Well, there's nothing to listen to. There's nothing to listen to. Just the sounds of people leaving the theater. And then we tell, we just point to them to keep moving. There's Ben Warheit. Where? Right in front of us. Ben, come into the window. Ben. 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 Wait, let him, let him talk to his friend. No. no. Ben, come into the window. Hi, Ben. Yeah, I just had a uh, lunch with Brian Stern. I ben heard. Stern. Ben, come in here. Yeah. Be a robot with us. For how long? I gotta get upset. 30 I'm seconds. Not done my, my You're not done writing your show. I'm not done writing my own show. Ben, we're right. Say hi to everyone on a 12-hour day. How on a 12-hour day? Okay. How have you been, Ben? Uh, pretty good. I just... Uh, Watched improvised Shakespeare. Oh, they're great. Yeah. Where were they? 921. Oh. Yeah, it was really good. My girlfriend had never seen them and nothing like that, really. Oh, man. They're so good. Yeah. It was really good. And What's the show about you're about to do? The show? Yeah. Oh, Lewis Black. Um... What's the name of it? It's a, it's a Lewis Black. We're all doing Lewis Black. You're all doing a... It's a thing where you, you do tracks from his Lewis Black's comedy album. Yeah. 
And uh, we didn't get to listen to him before. Oh, really? Yeah. Are you mine's called Multitask My Ass. Are you so you got to read it, but not? No, no, no. We're imagining what it is. Oh. Okay. Writing it and performing it as if we were really in So you just know the title of it? Yeah. Uh, what, what are we... Oh, we're are trying we to get live? people to move along. Are we're live. You're on our podcast right now. Okay. It's not necessarily live as much as it's a recording and it will be live when we post it. Oh, nice. But this is like the last hour of the podcast. We've been here for a while. Oh, wow. You've been here in the window all day? Um, for like the past five hours. Oh, okay. Are you nervous about the show? Um, a little bit. Because... Uh, I haven't written any material like this in a while, and I read it for my girlfriend, and she's like, no, I see what you're going for. Ooh. <laughs> That's the worst response. <laughs> but I don't have, I don't have the Lewis Black voice, or, you know, so that, you know, I wrote it for him, not for me. I think he'd do it good. That's really funny. I'm going to get in there. Thanks for letting me... Uh, Thanks for being on the podcast, man. It's very nice to see you, Ben. Good to see you guys. See you, Ben. Have a good show. We're just quiet now. If you're listening yeah. to the podcast, this is unlistenable. No, it's very listenable. I mean, it's just the ambient, it's the ambient noise of inside the Chelsea window. Brandon Scott Jones was the first to leave. Brandon Scott Jones won. He knew he was going to be the first one. That's why he didn't say it was going to be him. Yeah. What's your face? I'm going for a, a weird plastic look. Neutral. We have to talk. We have to try to do a Jeff Dunham kind of thing. Yeah. Where we can keep our mouths neutral but still talk. Yeah, absolutely. I can talk. I can do the ventriloquism. Here's me, Jeff Dunham. Hey, boys. Yeah. Hello. Uh, Brandon, Brandon won. Yeah? He was the first to leave. Opera close behind, though. I didn't perform. I did. He just sat and yeah, watched. chose not to. Winston. Also, we saw the dirty dogs. We saw those three dirty dogs. Oh, yes. Oh, maybe you didn't tell us that story. No, I didn't tell them. <laughs> there are three dirty dogs. Yes, do and were they, how dirty were they? <laughs> bye, bye. No, there's three what? dirty dogs. One of them is Winston. Oh, okay, yes, that's me. No, no, there's a guy who, there, people always oh, say, pick up the three dirty yes. dogs. That wasn't you? No, you said we saw a dog named Winston. Yeah, and wasn't there someone who always Opera runs? told us that story. Guys, I'm not on mic. This is not good. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Winston. Love you guys. I think we've done our job. Yeah, we did our job. So let's pack up. Okay. 
Ah! Are you really in that much pain, JD? It's not pain as much as I just feel like Discomfort. my body's gonna hurt. Okay, so should we put new tape on these posters to put them up? We can. It might. Let's put them up as it is, and then we can support it with extra tape. All right, we should take this off first, right? Hide that somewhere, also. What? Our Twitter handle one. Hide it? Like, in the bottom corner. Oh. Okay, here. Okay. Man, this window what? really bows out when you touch it. It's a flexible window. Is this the right spacing? I was just having him tell me. I think I gave too much space next to mine. Uh-oh. But that's on me. That's on me. That's on me, guys. I didn't have to wear my lady coat the whole time. I never got cold enough. Yeah, it was not cold enough to put a coat on, but it wasn't cold enough to feel it, you know? Yeah. Um, Where's our Twitter handle? Can we just put it down in the... uh, Put it right below that, that sign. Right here? Perfect. Perfect. And there's Shem again. Hey, Shem's back. Shem's back. Come on in. Okay, this is UCBs. This is UCBs. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna go mobile mode. Okay. Hey Shem, Shem how are you Hello. doing? I'm doing great. Have you finished? No, no, we're not done. We're still recording. Of course we're not finished. I don't know when you started. Started about noon. Well, we started about 11.50, but we lost 10 minutes, so... Oh, okay. so if we're uh, together, we're never finished. Yeah. I just want to let you know, I was an idiot. I knew I was going to be last, because I'm doing this show. Why did I say <laughs> I would be last? Oh, because you're doing the next show? Yeah. Why did I say I would be last? Who was first? We well, know. I don't know. I don't know. Brandon. Who do you think was? Brandon? Hell yeah. Because he has to get out swung. Oh. All right. How'd the show go? Bye, Drew. It was good. It was good. Very good. Now I'm going to do with Lewis Black impression. Enjoy it. Great. Ben's nervous about doing it, so give him some extra support. I'll let him know. I'll let him know. Um, how, how did Ooh, your show at Triple, Triple Crown go, Shem? Oh, I had an exciting experience. Uh, uh, what happened? Oh, well, like, we did the show in the Zimpop, and we were like, good, like, people enjoyed it. But there were two people there who just found it on Facebook as a free comedy show. Had never really seen improv before. Uh, That's awesome. Can you save that? Manji did that. I want Manji to... Is there a way to save that? There must be. Um, You can... I'll ask Manji. Yeah, he has... He should have it in his um, video. But yeah, um, they'd never seen improv before. So they just didn't... Had no idea what was going on. Yeah, but we took them to here. Uh, and they were like, there's this whole thing. And they went to the basement. They're very excited. They saw Grandma's Ashes. Wait, really? Um, yeah, they were like blown away. Like they, they they just randomly made friends with us. That's so cool. Uh, and yeah, they're now like, oh, it's so cool. And they have a bunch of flyers. And yeah. That's a cool yeah. thing to do. Yeah, it was a fun time. Are you going to wander through the streets back to Queens? Yeah, we'll yeah. go to the train and then part ways. I'm sure. Yeah, where are you headed, Shem? 
uh, going to go to a bar uh, with the team and uh, hang out and stuff. I just popped in because I wanted to say on mic. I, Wait, then say it on mic while I do this. Oh, I, ooh, I have a laugh mic. I'm probably holding it too close to my mouth. No, you uh, Great, yeah, no, not like nothing important, but like I really love, uh, I really loved. There was an episode uh, where I think you were with Sal uh, Gentili at some point in time, and you were just ribbing him about working on like a late night show for. Like, that is one of my favorite moments. Four hours almost this ongoing bit, and I was like wandering through like the streets of Amsterdam, just listening to it, and it was like fun. It was really cool, and then right at the end, uh, you you ribbing him about like not doing a thing for his job. And then right at the end, Connor was like. Oh yeah, uh, I, I don't disclose where I work on the podcast no, because Sal was saying, Sal was saying, Connor was giving Sal a hard time for not disclosing who a guest was mm-hmm. for keeping something a blind item. Yeah, and for hours you gave him the <laughs> hardest time about remaining something as a blind item that you didn't trust us, you don't trust our viewers, all that stuff. And then Sal was like, "Oh yeah, I ran into it." You and you're like, "Oh, uh, I don't say where I work." And Sal was like, "What?" <laughs> for hours. That yeah, was one of my the that, great moments. In the yeah, that moment was yeah. like the it was like a four hour long payoff, but it was just truly uh, an enjoyable moment of podcasting. Anyway, yeah, I enjoyed it. I'll give it back to you. I Thank you, Sam. I had a real reason though, because like he works at a place that has security. People aren't going to go. People don't just wander into uh, late night with Seth Meyers to hang out and ask Sal about writing jokes. Right. Whereas I would have people if. I would have. I had people who would come into Barnes and Noble Union Square when I worked there, who would just wander around and ask me questions about improv while I was shelving books. And which sounds like a sitcom situation. You know what I mean? Like, like the like you hit the bass slap, like boom, 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 and then, then yeah. you're in the thing. They're like, so tell me, you're at a show and you're this, and it's like, uh, it's a, an easy way a writer would be like, okay, they can be doing something while having this conversation. Yeah. Ugh. Well. Joyful. It was nice to see you, Shem. Uh, have a fun trip home. Thank you. Thank you. Good, good, good. Wish us good train luck. Oh, all the best train luck. Uh, and I hope you like... Yeah. I'm not even going to... I'll just listen and find out what happens. All right. See you guys later. See you, Shem. Bye-bye. I feel like this is by far our most disparate episode in terms of, like, how listenable one hour is compared to the next. Yes. I feel like this one might get wildly divergent reactions in terms of, like... I think, I think some 12 heads will hate it. I think some people will be the last time they listen. Some people will really like it for the... Some people will be like, this is... No, you guys are too harsh on yourselves. This is the best episode. Uh, I don't know. Those are positive polys. Um, they're just trying to show off how positive they are. I'm going to hang this up. Safety pin back up in the uh, from the hanger up here. Um, I, you know, I'll tell you one thing. This is kind of a little. This goes a little bit against. I'll tell you one thing. What? That's that's the theme of Twelve Hour Day. What? You just started what you're saying. I'll, I'll tell, tell you, you one thing. I'll tell you one thing. Um, <coughs> and I. I'm almost not disinclined to name the movie specifically. I think I won't because I don't think there's much use in it. But there were a couple of movies this year that came out that had trailers that I was so excited by. Like, the trailers 
looked so good that I thought, oh, this movie's going to be fantastic. Ooh. And... Can I guess one of them? Yeah. Mouth it. Um... Oh, God. What just, oh, the thing I just hung up crashed into the window because I knocked into it. And kind of was terrified. Spill it out for me. Spill it out for me again. I, I, didn't, I couldn't tell what you were trying to say to me. Okay. I'm trying to spell the letters. Oh, no, I didn't see that movie. Okay. I, I didn't see that movie precisely because you advised against it. Oh, well, I advised similar to um, the Ang Lee movie. It was yeah. an interesting experiment. Yeah. Um, Which, like, was it a totally successful movie? No. But was it worth watching for other reasons? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um... No, there were two movies that looked like they were, uh, and you could probably, I mean, one of them was probably pretty easy to guess because it was a, I think a pretty divisive movie, but there were two movies that specifically looked like art house horror movies, kind of. Right. And I thought the trailers were so intriguing and exciting. And in both cases, um, when I saw, I saw one movie and it was, I didn't really like it and I kind of started falling asleep during it. Wait, one of them wasn't... Oh, right, yeah, yeah. And then another one uh, that I just recently saw, and I just wasn't engaged by it at all. Like, it was... Every image in the movie was striking. Um, right. <laughs> I know that one. Okay. Right? <laughs> I think I know what Connor's saying. Yeah. But I almost want to s- say that I don't so that I can see another performance of those words. Connor um, was acting out those words. Do you think I know, you, you, know what I, I know? you know what I'm saying? I got all the words, but I don't know that movie. Okay. From the, the filmmaker who made... Yes, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> also, there's people that were just watching us, watching us from across the street as you were like charadesing that. Um, and the thing is, I liked I liked like the mood of it, but I just wasn't compelled by right. the movie at all. Right. And now I never saw that the one that you just said. Yeah. But I've heard people really liked it. Yeah. Um. But now there's a third movie that I'm excited about that I think I, I think is going to be really good, which is the three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. The Francis McDormand. Uh, I don't know anything about that. Take a look at the trailer for it. It's, it's a really exciting trailer. Can you um, just yeah. Put your arm, yeah, just hold that for a second. Yeah. Um, sort of wrap myself in cables. It's Francis McDormand, Woody Harrelson. Um, Thank you. Uh, um, who else is in it? Um, it's got a huge cast of like really good Sam Rockwell, um, Peter Dinklage, uh, 
else. That sounds cool. That yeah. sounds like a good cast. Yeah, it's a Martin McDonough movie. Guy did it in Bruges, playwright. Right. And uh, although I, it's called, th- it's about the woman who her, I think her daughter was murdered, and she, she want, she's like, puts up these billboards to kind of shame the police that they haven't like closed right. the case. Uh, sort of, it's sort of about like a, a, a grieving parent who like goes on the war path and is kind of like has like destructive behavior. Like that Jackie Chan movie. Oh, a little bit. Yeah, like an, uh, like a yeah, like a version of that. Um, um, all right, let's do small stuff first. Fuck. Yeah. This shit. What do you want to do with this sign? I don't know. Something, right? Right. Feels weird to just. God damn it. All right. need help I with? need to put this stuff down for a second. I remember how I was so proud that I thought I bought the perfect bag to solve all of our problems. Uh-huh. Well, I didn't. <laughs> okay. You were really proud of that bag. I think it's a good bag. I think it's okay, but... I just problems keep happening. Problem keeps happening. And I, I got this. Okay, I'll take this. I'll also try to take this extension cord. Not, yeah. I think I can do this. I did it. Um, okay. But the uh, the TV ads for this movie, Three Billboards Outside Ending, Missouri, uh, keeps just abbreviating it to calling it Three Billboards. Like the announcers, like Three Billboards, starting this Friday. Right. It really annoys me that, that when you have a movie that has a long title, long title like that, that they just like. Because I don't think I want to see a movie just called Three Billboards. Right, and it's also like, well, then why did you name it? Yeah. That. I'm also fascinated by that when people name kids and they're like, we're going to name the kid this, but we'll call him this. Is that a shot at me? Do you do that? Oh, just because of your name? Yeah. No, but like as His a. His pre- name is. John, but we're going to call him JD. Was that planned? Mm-hmm. I don't. I never understand it because it always seems to me like the nickname should like happen. Well, in my family, what it was. Sorry, it looked like in the light was reflecting everywhere. It looked like there was white stuff all over my lips. Yeah. Is there in real life? No. No. Um, well, what it was for me was my dad's name is John, mm-hmm. and I think my parents wanted to give me that name but my mom did not want to be in the house the two Johns two Johns right Ugh. sorry it's a better it's a better reasoning than I've heard so they're like we'll call him John so the name is passed down we'll call him JD yeah we'll name him John but yeah. we'll call him JD so I was born JD but the most frequent question that I feel like I get in my life is people being like when did you call it, when did you uh, why did you call why did you call yourself JD when did you decide to do that Right. Which is an annoying question. Um, hey. Hi, Mark. See Will still here. Yeah. We're, we're, closing, just, we're closing up. We're packing up stuff. Okay. All right. Packing up, shipping out. Packing up, shipping out. Maybe. We, we're not sure if where... you want to take that heater... Yeah. We're not sure where to put the chairs. Um, the chairs are, are backstage. Oh, backstage? That's where they're from. But there's obviously a shot. Oh, shit. I almost dropped all the fucking gear again. Ooh, it's a bigger step than I thought. Yeah, I just did that. Here. 
Um, we'll do this. So I'll take this stuff. Has this show started yet? The midnight show? I think the show started. Here, Connor, you wait here. Yeah. I'll take all this stuff. Okay. okay. The big Sharpie goes to Brian. Thank you, sir. The small Sharpie goes to me. This goes to me. This goes to me. Okay. That's trash. Is that garbage? Can I throw garbage in there? So there's some foreshadowing there if you want to watch. Root of all evil is from it, 2000. Is it going to be garbage or is it going to be garbage? Z-Dog from Kicks and Fucking Where's the garbage? Uh, of course, he was also the subject for this great all-star Goosebumps book, Snowman Lewis Black, <laughs> uh, where his soul got trapped into a snowman who then complained about George W. Bush. Great book. If you want to run it? Um, watch his face. How's it been tonight? Pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it's been. You can hear us? Yeah. Carrie from up there. So, Louis Black is the spokesperson for Aruba.com, which I did not know. Uh, you got a direct line, a a direct uh, acoustic right? sort of line. Right. Yeah. Felt, felt like I was... uh, but of course, what we know Louis Black for is his stand-up comedy, his famous angry finger-pointing comedy. Some, we put a microphone so tonight, out what we were going to see so people is could talk into the uh, a covering of yeah. Louis Black's album called Oreo. And if you had this album, if you flipped it over, you would see all the tracks. Yes, yeah, so recording. Yeah. Katie's, I think, returning stuff now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, do you want these pretzels? Uh, I mean, I'll put them in the booth. Yeah. Is that good? Yeah. And, yeah, just put these in the booth for whoever wants. Yeah. And then we have that weird table thing up there. And I think he brought it down. Oh, he did? Okay. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. So I think we're good. We're clear. Yeah. Uh. I just hang it right there in the middle yeah. of the box office. As if the, so, the as if that's instead, what's going on. Instead of that's what's happening. No, no, I, I think. You can throw it out. Yeah, you can throw it out. You can throw it out, or just give it to a super fan somewhere. Huh? Just yeah, give it to the next. Give it to whoever wants it. I'll do a quick raffle. I'll do a quick raffle. I'm going to go pee. Thank you, Mark. I'm going to go pee real quick. Okay. Hi. This year, and it's not me. Here's how you know he's crazy. I think Connor. Oop, I'm so sorry. I've made your life a hell for the past ten minutes. I think Connor's mic died. That's what happened. So I'll just talk because you guys can't hear Connor. So I'm in the bathroom again, where Shannon pointed out how cool things are. I'm sorry, I'm focusing on going to the bathroom because I really had to go. All right. Okay. Let me see what's going on here. So, mask got power. 
Let's get power. Bad. Also, can you check your mic? Yeah. For whatever reason, I'm not getting signal from you. You're not getting signal? Signal? Oh, that's why. No, you're too good. far away from the receiver. No, it just unplugged. Try talking again. Now am I talking? Test it louder. Test it loud, loud, loud. You're good. Okay, I'm gonna get my Packers. Yeah. Now we have fully covered the Lewis Black album. You guys, without further ado, let's have a round of applause for our first Lewis Black. Please, a round of applause. <laughs> And this is Lewis Black's thoughts on my dad's painting. Uh-oh, we're about to lose Connor. Test, JD. Give me a test, Connor. Test. Got it. Test, test, test. All right. All right, now we are leaving Chelsea. Uh, roughly 12 hours after we arrived here. What do we want to do train-wise? Well, what works best for you? What do you got to get to? What, the N, obviously. Okay. Are we close to a 7, though? Um... I feel like we could just, if we walk over to the end on this street, is that? Yeah, that works. Does end stop local? Uh, yeah. Okay. At this hour. So let's do that. Um, I just don't want you to have to wait outside for a second. I, I don't particularly mind that, because I have gloves and a hat if I get cold. and I, I, like, I'm not even zipped up in my coat right now. I'm wearing my lady coat, and it is warm and lovely. Um, How am I going to fucking do this? This sucks. I hate this thing. Can I hold anything? No, I just, this thing keeps falling out and it sucks. Oh. The honeymoon is over between you and that audio bag. Yeah, right? Um, right. I think this works. It's for sure going to fall off. It's a stupid bag. It sucks. <laughs> um, I just feel it already falling off. Actually, here's what I'll do. I like how the, this podcast, this episode's ending. I'm be grumbling about this bag. Yeah. Well, we're on the move. We've been we've been lucky all day to be in a safe space for the for the day. 
And now we're back in the wild and woolly world of Manhattan street it. life. Yeah, right? We've been, it's wild and woolly. Uh, we've been... Tour, we've toured a basement together. We've been animals in a cage. We've been art in an exhibition. Animals in the zoo. Uh, the, Looks like uh, I need to do one quick thing. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm good. You good? Yeah, I just need to do... I have the my headphones on over my hat. Mm-hmm. So I need to do, increase the volume. Yeah. Um, so that I can hear. I'm going to put my knitted hat on as well. Um, All right. All righty. Um, yeah, it's an, it's an interesting thing. We're, we're now walking... We walked this street earlier in the day, this exact same patch of street, and we walked, walked past Rachel Ray's studio. Uh, we're now walking the same path again, but it's dark. It's after midnight. It's after midnight. After midnight. Um, that's my covers of Michael Jackson. That's our that's our cover of Michael Jackson. This has been Thriller. a frenetic episode. Oh yeah, all over the place. We did some walking. We did some talking. We did a lot of guests. We yeah. did a couple things that were shouting through glass while not hearing the other side of the conversation. Uh huh. The um, it it has given me some thought in terms of like for our next episode, imagining a location where we can, in a similar sort of way, interact with the public. Right. But maybe minus the obstacle of the communication uh, dilemma. Being being one way and one way only. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because I do like that idea of being able to get... Yes. What? I made cookies last night, and I got them just waiting for me at home. (laughs) Don't you like when you surprise yourself with something? That's such a delightful sentence. Ah, oh, yes! I made cookies last, last night, and I got them just waiting for me at home. <laughs> Isn't that such a great feeling? It is, but I like how they're a little bit personified. Like, you gave them a little bit. That's what they're doing. Those cookies are just waiting for me. Hey, JD, it's us. Eat us. Murder us. <laughs> Murder us. Rip our, rip our heads off. Rip our legs off. Heat us up so we're hot. And then read us. We've been waiting for you since you made us. We were born and now we die by your hand. Bike on the sidewalk doesn't know what to do. Bike on On the the sidewalk sidewalk doesn't know what to do. Um, That was a song about the guy who just rode a bicycle at us and kind of wobbled back and forth because he's not supposed to be on the sidewalk. Uh, in Queens, there's this thing where delivery people fucking live by their own goddamn rules on those scooters. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they just fucking are hauling ass on the sidewalk. <laughs> and they'll have that moment where they'll sort of look at me and be like, which direction should I go? And I'll sort of give them that same thing of like, I, I don't know, man. Yeah. You're not supposed to be doing this. There's no <laughs> rules for how this works. Yeah. 
Um, sounds uh, of Manhattan nightlife can be heard in these the waning moments of this episode. I'm getting new furniture in my apartment. From where and 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 what kind of furniture? Which all items? over the place. I'm just trying to adult up my apartment a little bit. Right. Because Keith Haskell made the comment recently where he's like, "Yeah, your apartment's good, but it's like you don't have any like real furniture." And it's all like sort of college stuff. And it's, I think it's nice. Right. Like, I think my apartment's nice, but it, yeah. is, it is like a lot of like iron, like, you know, like shelves you get at Home Depot for your garage and one black bookcase and like a fold out red couch and a sort of cheap coffee table. And it's all clean and nice, but there's nothing that is like nice grown-up furniture. Yeah, you got to go to Jennifer Convertibles. I'm, I've found a couple of places I've, and I'm just going to stop the whole joint. Where are you going to get your furniture at? Well, I went to this place called Interior Define. Uh-huh. It's a Chicago-based company and I'm going to get my couch from them. Yeah. And then there's a place called Sit Down New York Ooh. that has a lot of cool stuff. I think I'm going for a raw wood, iron, light colors vibe. Because yeah. I think you can get that stuff sort of banged up and it's okay. Yeah. But because I don't have any real vices, and this is the first time I'm like saving money, I always, I'm like, oh, I can't, I, I'm allowed to buy myself things if I need them. Yeah. And new furniture is one of them. So we'll see. I also, my mom asked for the first, like, you know, like, oh, Christmas, birthday. And I was like, I need a new vacuum. Yeah. So I'm getting a new vacuum. All good stuff. There's exciting. Nothing, there's nothing interesting there, but no, it's all exciting domestic stuff. You know, it's it's uh, it's nice and it's good to be in a position where you can. Uh, let's go up let's, to 28. Yeah. We're behind a, a drunken couple, and we didn't want to get stuck behind them. Drunken couple. Um. Yeah, no, I think that's fun and exciting, and it's uh, it'll it'll feel refreshing to you, you know. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um. The station's at twenty-eight. Although are we close enough to just See? go to Herald Square? Buck wild. Yeah. Scooter guy on the sidewalk. Own rules. <laughs> Ryan, riding a scooter on the sidewalk while texting <laughs> with both legs off the scooter. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say before? Um... You love New York City. I do love New York City. I mean, there's a part of me that sort of thinks in terms of, you know, I worry about how much longer New York will be around, you know? What does that mean? Well, just like, New York feels like one of those places that it's kind of this like fragile little island that what how big a catastrophic kind of weather event would it take to make it so that 
New York felt like how much would it take I mean we've certainly seen like enough movies where that's the scenario where it's like right but a weather event that catastrophic would take out a lot of other places a lot too, of other places there's just something about New York that seems like uh, you know like when I was in London I noticed that like like the London Underground uh oh um, a lot of club goers here the, the, the subway in London you know when I 30 years ago they had stuff that like the the MTA is bragging about getting now like like the MTA will brag that it's like we have countdown clocks that show how long till the train gets here right and I'm like they literally had that in 1992 in London right so you're talking about something that uh talking about something that you shouldn't really be proud that you're getting it now it's kind of like we got a VCR right um and the, but I noticed when I was in London this time that despite, I think, having things a little bit more on the ball in terms of the way their public transportation works, um, they can't, there's some things that are just hard to fight against, like that there's just way more people in London than there used to be. And so the trains are, are at various points crowded in ways that they they didn't used to be and, and in ways that, and in ways that they weren't weren't built for right so like when a when a british train in london is overcrowded it's actually kind of almost worse than the way the oh, the, no. the new york oh no is it not, are there not trains here what days what days today the 11th we're safe all right um so, when a train is packed, it kind of feels like not only is it packed with people, but everyone's kind of like hunched over because it's right. the train's like too short. It's like built, it's not built to be like packed full with people. That's so interesting. And it feels to me like every place is a little bit like. Just reaching its capacity? It's yeah. Like 15 minutes until the end train. Two minutes till a queue. Out of any UC or no? Not so much. I guess we could take a queue up to. Uh, I don't want you waiting outside of Queensboro. Wait, let's hope this is the right one. Let's just wait. Should we just wait the 15 for. Yeah, we can. That one, let's do that. Um, Maybe a W will come in between those. Maybe. Maybe. Um, dun, 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 dun. I just. I, I, I sometimes think in terms of like. There's a part of me that feels like New York is... It's like one of those things like Atlantis that will think back on and be like, no, no, no. Everything was so close. There's so many people on top of each other. Yeah, I always do have that thing where it feels like New York is kind of on bothered time, like it's on, on borrowed time. It's like, are there 50 more years in New York or 100 more years in New York or 20 or five? Right. But that... Wouldn't take, it doesn't take much to shut the city down. Like, right. if, you, if you have one of those days where a couple of trains, like there was a day when, New, uh, uh, like about a month ago, where uh, like three things happened in an afternoon and they collectively made the city sort of go crazy. What were those things? Well, I Googled like, why is, is what's happening with the trains right now? And they were like, a madman jumped onto the tracks at West 4th and right. led police on a, on a chase so they had to shut down the third rail and shut down all the trains. Right. Meanwhile, someone else fell in front of the track on another line 
and it ended up being that like five train lines during rush hour were I stopped. That. And what it led to was just like people on the streets were just, people were just walking in the middle of the streets to try to get over to like Penn Station to get on another kind of train or something. And it was like, New York just felt crazy. It felt like there were just people sort of roaming wild and walking in the middle of the street and, and when you got to where there were trains, they were just overflowing with people. Sorry, there's someone yelling. Yeah. Um, this is not Q train. You're not our train. You're not for us. Yesterday, last night, there was a um, there was an exhibit at this place called the Adam Baumgold Gallery, which is up on like uh, East 66th Street near Central Park, and it's a tiny little gallery. But occasionally, they will, he'll have exhibits of various like cartoonists, and he's right. had Chris Ware a number of times do signings there. And, and uh, so last night I went there. Uh, I told Louis Vega about it because he's over the past year, I've sort of been like, Louis Vega got into Chris Ware comics, right. and I became his sort of like... Chris Ware mentor? Yeah. Uh, kind of guiding it towards like, well, you gotta read this, and you gotta try to track this down and see if you can find this. And, right. And so, um, and we'll always like, and so, you know, I've had a lot, a number of very friendly interactions with Chris Ware over the years, um, where, we've corresponded or we've had conversations and he's always been very nice and I always think he's not going to remember me. Right. And he always does. And so, but I always feel like whenever we have an interaction, I always feel compelled to kind of remind, like do the diligence of reminding him so he doesn't have to keep track of who, who, a person that should just be a stranger to him. Uh, But, so I was at this place yesterday and Louis was there and I was like oh, I hope he I hope Chris Ware will remember me just because it'll feel kind of cool and less embarrassing than if I then I was like oh right right or whatever yeah. and so I you know a couple of people were talking to him and I'm kind of waiting there with Louis and I want to introduce Louis to Chris and so I go up to him and I'm like hey Chris it's uh, Connor I used to work at Barnes and Noble he's like oh yeah yeah how are you and then uh he brought up, he goes, hey, I was really excited to see you in, uh, in Don't Think Twice, because he's good friends with Ira Glass, who right. produced that. And he's like, yeah, I was watching the movie, and then all of a sudden I was like, hey, that's Connor. And so it was exactly the, it was exactly the interaction that yeah. I wanted to have in front of Louis that was like, I wasn't like, because ex- sometimes when I would say like, oh, I'm friendly with him, or we've like, right. that it feels like, oh, am I making more of this than it actually is? Right. And so I, afterwards with Louis, I was like, I'm actually glad that, that was like, it verified me uh, that I wasn't exaggerating. Yeah. That we're like friendly acquaintances. Yeah, it's weird when that happens when it happens so much where there's like people that you know in small ways, but there's a good chance, a coin flip chance, that if you went up to them, they might not remember you. Yeah. And, and if they perfectly did, be reasonable. Perfectly reasonable. But you also know 
that is just like a strictly human thing if they weren't someone who met thousands of people every week or yeah. every month or whatever that they'd probably remember that interaction that you had so it becomes this fun weird thing where you're like do I know like Seth Meyers is an example like Seth came and did Gethard's show he did cop show so I spent a full you know at least half a day with him on cop show yeah directing him very close, doing stuff like that and then I've run into him once or twice because of the folks that I know at late night and just yeah seeing him there then he comes to the Gethard show and it's like there's a pretty like 85% chance that he doesn't remember who I am because why would he he meets so many people mm-hmm. but he's also one of those people who always is like hey good to see you again yeah how's the you know like yeah. he's one of those guys that does connect back always yeah but it's just that coin flip and you feel this thing where you're like I don't want them to feel uncomfortable I don't want them to feel uncomfortable being like ooh I should know this person but I also don't want them to feel uncomfortable being like JD you know and I remember the thing where it's like oh we did this back in the past like, that's uncomfortable yeah like I had that t- a, a small version of that but it's different with Eugene where I was like man I know Eugene and I worked on something together I cannot figure out what it was yeah and it was only until like half of the conversation that I remembered it. Yeah. But even though I was like, I know we've met before, I'm still going to reintroduce myself because we practically haven't met. And if he has no recollection that we met, why not reset this? You know what yeah. I mean? I will reemphasize for people who haven't seen Other Space, Paul Fix to come. It's good. I think I, I have the tweet. I have a tweet in my drafts folder that. It never feels like the, uh, it's one of those I'm like, it never feels like the right moment to do it exactly. Right. But it is a thing where it's just like, it is sort of like the great lost sitcom of the past decade in that the only reason it's sort of not known is because the platform it was on was Yahoo Screen. What was that show about? It was Paul Feig's version of like a Star Trek comedy. But there's been a handful of those in the past couple of years. Because mm-hmm. there's that one right now with what's his name? Yeah, the Orville. Um... But this was like Paul Feig's return to television comedy after, right. like he hasn't done anything since Freaks and Geeks, and it was you know Neil Casey's in it, and Eugene's in it, and a bunch of other people you'd recognize from various other things. Really good cast. Oh, uh, Joel Hodgson's in it, um, and it's got a really good shape to it. Did you watch any of the new MST3K? Some of them, yeah. I really enjoyed it. I, I, I the only reason I haven't watched the other ones is just because of time. I really, really enjoyed so, the ones I saw. Especially on President's show, I always had, when I get into a good rhythm, I'll have a Sunday ritual where I'll sleep in, I'll wake up, and then I'll go get like some sort of pastry or something from a good yeah. deli, get some sort of like sandwich or something, yeah. then come back and I will watch, like so growing up, we had Sven Gulli, which I've talked about on the show yeah. before. So that was on Sundays. And so like Sunday afternoon, my dad and I would always watch Sven Gulli, You'd eat breakfast or a late lunch after a soccer game or before you, whatever. You know, sort of like you could still be in PJs kind of or it's like just that Sunday period of time where you got nothing to do. Yeah. And we'd sit and we'd watch Sven Gulli, which was like horror movies with funny commentary and sketches in the middle done by this goofy guy. Yeah. So for me now, it was like, and I would also, older, I'd watch MST3K around the same time. Yeah. So it became Sundays when I was working on President's show. I didn't have to think about much, not too much stress or whatever. I just had to 
wait for the next week to start. So I would wake up, go get a pastry, go get breakfast, and then sit down and turn on MS3K and have like this childhood Sunday. Yeah. Or just for an hour or two, I'd watch this thing, eat whatever, take a nap, fall asleep, everything. But it was it was so good, and they picked such funny movies, and they had great commentary. Yeah. There's one series that I think you'd really get a kick out of. It's like some weird like fantasy boy wizard series uh-huh. that like feels like it was. I mean, it feels like it was like a direct to VHS, but like at the time was high budget. You know how do I describe it? type of person that would make like a local commercial yeah but if they decided to make a big budget film right like what they'd spend the money on right but still shot really poorly directed awfully right you know but like but they bought all the monster masks they wanted or they paid as many extras as they wanted for a scene yeah so it was so interesting and there was like three of them and they're common and like felt like all local costume makers that made whatever they just poured money into it yeah. like the local town of like hey you hear he's making a big uh, fantasy movie you know yeah but uh, forget, I can't remember what the name is it but it was so funny to watch and their commentary was so good yeah and they did such a good job of recapturing that feeling of MST3K of the, yeah. the in between sketches of mm-hmm. feeling like this world that you're in yeah uh, no, I really, really liked... I, I've seen, like, two or three of the new ones, but it's just a matter of, like, I'm sort of saving them to whenever I have the time and I'm in the mood. Uh, yeah, they were really good. They also did that thing where it's, like, making me laugh out loud when I'm by myself watching it. Uh, it's kind of a rare trick, you know? Right. Um, There's so many things too. It's like not new territory to say this, but like, there's so much stuff that like you can't you can't watch everything you want to watch. Yeah, it's impossible. Yeah, like people have recommended so many shows, just like I'm, there's so I'm not gonna ever get around to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the fascinating thing about the current time period in terms of shows, like I have a list on my phone like over 20 shows that I'm trying to get around to like the, like I just watched all of BoJack Horseman and because uh, I had started it when it came out and then something got in the way and I didn't finish it like I'd watched part of the first season and then I caught up with it and just like pushed through I did the same with the show Insecure everyone just, like, said pushed that through. everyone said that BoJack Horseman's really good mm-hmm. yeah it's great um, sort of like it's interesting because Bojack Horseman and Rick and Morty are both these very kind of like smart animated shows that are adult and also have like deep veins of sadness in right. them um, or, or sadness and some cynicism but it's like cynicism that's like loaded with enough emotion that it doesn't feel cheap Right. But it actually, like, if the characters feel pain, it, the show takes it seriously. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, and Insecure was a show that I, I barreled through a couple months ago that I wanted to watch last year and didn't watch any of season one just because it's it sort of like... What's that show about? It's, um, it's the one by um, Issa Rae on HBO. Uh, uh, Natasha Rothwell writes and is on it. 
Uh, and it's just really good. It's just a really good show. It's a very L.A. show, but it feels like actual L.A., you know? Right. Um, but even, even like, catching up on whole shows like that, um, it does feel like we're... And that's part of the reason why there's a part of me that's optimistic that we can get... We can get Terry Withers Mysteries made into a show, and it can be a good so many show. <laughs> but the thing I'm, the thing that is, I feel like it's an easier time to get a show made, a good show made and made well. But the danger is at this point that like, it could be a drop in the bucket. Yeah, that you can make a great, you can actually make a show, and almost no one's aware of it. It's also a scary time for TV to me because you can make a great show, no one's aware of it, and there will be no record of it yeah that your show can get erased um I think it's a scarier time to um I thought these people were all getting up what? I thought these people were all getting up this guy's about to tip over um the uh um the uh, it also feels like a, a scarier time to make a movie. Yes. Unless you're unless it's a Star Wars movie or something. Right. Although even it's a scary time to be hired to make a Star Wars movie because just because you get hired to do it doesn't mean that you get to make it. Or and make you it. don't want to be the the one. It takes one movie to destroy this entire thing that's happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if one of these Marvel movies tanks super hard, yeah. one of these stories that tanks super hard, it'll just be like, this, the, the glass will shatter. Yeah. You know, I hope these people are all going to leave. Instead, there's a cartoonishly drunk man behind Connor. Yeah. Yeah, he looks like a drawing of a drunk person in a Hallmark yeah. card. Or like if Norman Rockwell had to do like a. <laughs> yeah, we're just saying goodbye to each other. They're not getting up. Oh, yeah, right. Whatever. We'll be fine. Um. He looks like a drunk Ziggy character. He looks like the character from Act 3 of Ziggy's Gift. Yeah. That we never got to see. What do you think Ziggy's Gift was? Uh, the gift of giving. Friends or giving? Friendship. It was something like uh, kindness. that. Kindness. You think it was kindness? Yeah. I bet it's like at the end his dog brings him a bone or something. Maybe I should leave New York. Why? No, I mean, I just, I said, chaos unfolds on this subway. Uh, I'm excited to have December and January off. Yeah. Um. Down goes McGinty. Oh, back up. Yeah, full fall. Like, like a fall that. If someone did an improv scene, you'd note them afterwards. Yeah. Of being too clownish and too broad. This guy's really a piece of work. And he's also, like, dressed nicely. Yeah. 
in a, in a way that makes me feel okay. Megan Fineman. Megan Fineman. He's just a man who overindulged. Um, well, the interesting thing is, like, you are, you're busy all the time. Yes. At the moment, because you're right in the thick of producing this TV show every yeah. week. And, uh, how many more episodes? Two. Two. So this week, and then you have a week off. Yeah. And then the finale. Yeah. Um, and then you got a couple months off. Yeah. And then back in the back in the saddle. And then ten. Uh, meanwhile, the thing that I'm working on will start ramping up in December. That's if it doesn't fall apart. Right. Um, and then the the bulk of the work of it will be in January. Uh, and then uh, and then Gather Show back in March but you'll be back to work in February right yeah yeah. well that's the thing here's what's crazy to think about yeah with this extra time that they've added on at the end of it we will have done 47 episodes on cable including Fusion yeah yeah isn't that weird to think about yeah because it always just felt like oh we have a little chance a little shot but 47 episodes of cable is pretty good yeah that's enough that you can for, you forget what some of the episodes are. You, for, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you couldn't possibly list them all. Right. And then 157 on public access, I think. Um, but it's... Uh, I mean, the thing, that, the thing that is lucky for me, I think, is that... Uh, I think I probably have a different relationship to the show in the sense that, like, uh, even though it's moved to being a real TV show, my, my like, your relationship to the show is different now than it was on Eminem. Yes. And that it's a full-time thing for you all the time working on it. Yes. My relationship to the show has remained the same in that it's, the day of the show is mostly when I'm... Yeah, we basically... We do exactly what we did on Eminem, which is actually it's hilarious how similar it is. Because you would be a cam- you were a camera guy, yeah. so we always knew you were gonna be there anyways. Yeah. So we could just tell you the day before or the day of, hey, you're also can you do a bit tonight on the show? Yeah. You do the warm up, so we know you're gonna be there anyways, hanging out, yeah. quote unquote. And then the day before, we'll be like, hey, also you're gonna do a bit on the show this week. Is that yeah. cool? Yeah. It's like the exact same in a way that's very funny. Yeah. Except you get paid money. And it's... But it is the thing where it's like, yeah, there's this show and I show up on the on the night of and... Uh, and it works out. Yeah. It also is funny to think that, like, someone watching the show, you might think that there's more thought put into all the pieces of it mm-hmm. but like it literally is like the day of oftentimes you're like oh, we're going to do a thing here and you get like sort of a half idea and then you're just on live TV yeah like 
If we were better at our jobs, we'd be a lot more controlled about what's going on. But it is not that. But that's also you know what I mean? There's something funny about how unplanned it is. Yeah. Compared to, I think, how, you, how much you'd imagine you'd need to plan a live show like this. Yeah. Well, the other thing is that, like, when I was dressed up as Colonel Sanders that week... Yeah. Um, that was... Plan- I mean, we rehearsed that. Yeah, that, that was obviously vet and everything. But there was a point where, like, Shannon made some joke about how... Uh, KFC should hire me not as the colonel but just as the colonel's friend Doug who just looks the same and I was like that's a hilarious that's hilarious right that would be hilarious in commercial Colonel Sanders just said this is my friend Doug who just looks exactly the same and then my reaction to that was my first, the line that I instantly said as Doug was I'm vegan and the and I was like that's a funny commercial and it like there is something about that that I'm like, that's as funny as any weird commercial they're doing. Right. If Colonel Sanders has a vegan friend, Doug, who just hangs out with him, then I'm like, I think that would catch my attention as a KFC commercial if Colonel Sanders had a vegan friend, Doug. Uh, and I'm like, that took five seconds. And I think I would, if I was KFC, I'd be like, yeah, let's do that. I don't know if it'll sell more chicken, but it might. People will see it. People will see people, it. it, it it's as, it's as, as, as attention-getting as any um, weird commercial that you see in the right now. And, and there's a part of it that's just like, the, there is like an opportunity for a loosening up of uh, the... Uh, Concept of advertising. Well, not just, just like the idea of like there's a, there's a preciousness sometimes about like, uh, content in terms of like if we think about this we'll make it better yeah and oftentimes it's just like uh, the the mess like there's already so many things that are so planned and so perfectly put together that I actually think the, the excitement is in the mess is in like getting interesting people and putting them in kind of messy situations right and seeing what happens uh yeah, I mean, you know, I know that I, you know, I believe that. Yeah, that's what most of my television. That's yeah. when I get the call. Yeah. Remember we did twelve hour day and I cut my arm. Yeah. Throwing the thing out the window. I still have a scar from that. Ooh. I only got a stitch that night. Yeah. A single stitch. So I just get stitches. I snitched. I snitched on the half. Wow. How many stops are we away? Two. Two? Lexington and Queensboro. Alright. Um, we went long. We always go long. We went like an hour long. We often go an hour long. This was definitely like a 13 hour episode. Well, we lost 10 minutes. Ugh. You see how often I go to look for my watch? It's such a habit. I never pull my phone out to see Yeah, what time we went it is. like 13 hours. Alright. I think not even kinda, close. I think that kind of makes up for, like, there's at least an hour of dead air in this episode. Did you know we went long in the Gethard show one week? Did I tell you that story? No. You would get a kick out of that. The dating episode. Really? It was so funny, you would have cracked up. So, 
Jason, the um, script supervisor, he's the one that's sort of in charge of time. Yeah. And he and I have all these meetings about how long to keep each act, and on the fly, you've never been in the booth, have you? Yeah, during it. On the fly, I'm calling out, add another call, take a call away, have a door to commercial, move this bit here, just shifting things around on the fly to make sure we can land the plane like yeah. on time. Uh, in a way that's very funny that Jason was like I watched back the episode and saw the moments where Gether did this there was two moments in particular where we were like flashing on the prompt to like go to commercial and Gethard in like a very funny mischievous way was like I see you tell me to go to commercial but this is too good I'm staying here yeah. one of them was during the apple chant yes yeah but what that meant is that going into the last act we only had like five minutes or, so we have the fifth act of our finale and the sixth act of musical guest yeah so going into the fifth act yeah the finale we only had five minutes which was a little bit less time than we needed yeah so I told Gethard I was like you gotta go fast yeah. this man fell in his head hit me um and <laughs> I just wanna make sure it was no yeah and that act involved Gethard and Ellie going downstairs where there's no teleprompter no communication at all yeah except our stage manager that's it so I go tell Gethard I was like you gotta be fast you gotta go quick so acts happen he runs down there during the show you see me run and go fast run he goes down there and we're about to be on time and then suddenly he notices that the monitor behind him is doing this weird thing where it's like when you film a monitor that's showing what you're filming yeah. and it creates this funny he's like whoa and they start playing with that and we're like no 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 <laughs> and the whole thing goes so long he is, he's not seeing the throw to commercial so he goes like a minute or two long and then he throws to Murph who has a very funny moment like he didn't realize and uh, then so during the commercial break when I find out how much time we have I'm like, Jason, how much time do we have until, like, based on this, how long is our sixth act? And Jason goes, negative 10 seconds. Which basically means, like, the show's over during the commercial break. So we had to freak out and contact Atlanta and figure out what the heck to do. And they were like, we're going to take promos away from the next show. And we can give you guys up to, like, two minutes if you want. And I was like, I know no matter what, I'm going to get in trouble. So I was like, no, we're not taking two minutes. I was like, we'll take... We'll take what? This man dropped his bag. Um, I was like, we'll take a minute and a half. So it took a minute and a half, but it was like full on, like, a, like our show went long on in a way that I didn't know you could as a TV show. We had to solve it in the one minute of our commercial break. Because I was literally like, so what do we do? Did over into the new hour? It did. Yeah, which by is, a minute. Which is seems fine when it's like at midnight. On but a it was thing. something we never considered until that moment. Right. Oh. I thought. Right. Yeah. Drunk guy fell over completely. Yeah. That wants to happen. Okay. Yeah. It's very dangerous when someone's that drunk on yes. the subway and they're insisting that they don't want to sit down. There we go. Yeah. Oh boy. 
Where are you going? Well, it's been a 12-hour day. Man, what a 12-hour day it's been. I mean, I don't know if we... This ending matches the weird freneticism and outside influence of the yeah. episode so far. Yeah, the guy that we were talking about before just collapsed on the ground and then someone helped him sit down under a chair. It's been a whole thing. Um, all right. Well, J.D.? Well, it's kind of it's been a good 12-hour day. It's been a 12-hour day. Ooh, there's a lot of people in there. A lot of people waiting. That means that the means train the train's going to be closed. Or the trains aren't coming. No, I think it's going to be soon. All right. Have a good 12-hour day, Connor. Uh, I'll, t- I'll see you soon, JD. Stay warm. I will. Stay sober. Stay safe. Um... What does this mean for you, JD? It's me I need to take a bus or a cab to get home. Oh, I'll do it. Um, I wonder what... So JD's getting off of the train because it's not taking you anywhere near your apartment. Where was it going to take you to? Get Mars. Three stops past my stop. Um, I guess I should have just ridden that. Well. Would it have been easier to take a cab from Ditmars? No, I would have just walked. It would have been a long walk, though. I'll just uh, walk and take a cab from here. I guess I'll wait for your stupid train. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, that's a nice callback to your train troubles from before, because it really did verify how stupid, how stupid your train line has become. Ugh. And now this platform is so full of people that it's actually a little bit like... Like, it's easier to imagine a train arriving that's already completely full. Right. You know? Yeah. I can see that. We're about to say something. Oh, no, it's the 1 a.m. beep test. Uh, now we're just on the platform at Queensborough Plaza. This was... What, what a false ending to the show. Yeah. I hope nobody turned off their uh, player... Because you're missing the ending of this episode. Um, it's just a completely packed platform at Queensborough in a way that tends to make me feel a little unsafe because I don't like I don't like being on this platform when it's so full of people that I feel like it right. would be hard to get off of it. I've been on the platform sometimes where it's so full that it feels dangerous that you're going to fall off the other side. Yeah. Like overflowing with people. Yeah. Um, Ugh, this sucks. I hate these trains. That yeah. sucks. Why would they do that? Do you see what they do to us? What were they doing exactly? What's the purpose of it? I don't know. Construction? How infuriating. Yeah. I'm trying to see where cabs are going to be. Down on the ground there. That's so infuriating. These stupid trains suck. MTA sucks. Yeah, I wonder whether we should both just go get taxi cabs. Right? <laughs> That's how this episode ends. Let's just, yeah, let's just do it. I don't think a train's coming. Let's just go. Ugh. I mean, I almost never get cabs, but... I bet your train's on its way, though. I don't think so. And also, I, I don't even... I don't want, I don't want yeah. it. Yeah. Um... 
We're just walking down the stairs now. We're just walking down the stairs. We're just two stair guys. That's all we are. Just a couple of stair boys. The stair boys are back. Ugh. And, I mean, the thing is, it's... There is something about, like, when you see, like... There's something really depressing about being on that platform. The complete, a completely packed platform on a Saturday night, well after midnight, and it's all just people desperately wanting to get home. I think you're going on that side, I'm going on this side, though. For taxis? Yeah. Okay. Right? Probably, yeah. <coughs> um, Alright, so should we say goodbye here? Let's say goodbye here. Should I take my mic this time? Since we're not doing a dramatic uh, uh, train leaving? Train pull away? Yeah, let's do it that way. I'll just hand you the microphone. That way you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> I dropped it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Connor, this has been a good 12-hour day. It's been a good 12-hour day. Talking to your It's been a 12-hour day. It's been a nice day. It's been a very nice day. It's been a good 12-hour day. I think there, it's been a strange day. It's been... This is maybe the weirdest episode. I, I do think it's the weirdest episode. But I don't think it's a bad episode because I think there was something for everybody over the course of this 13-plus hours. But definitely there is also something that everybody didn't like as well. Yeah, which is just, that's what life is. You have to be, you have to be prepared for that. In life, there's always going to be something that you don't like. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs> See you, Connor. Oh, what a dumb ending to this episode. How sucky is that? How could they do that to us with these trains? Ooh, there are some though. There are cabs though. Alright, well now I'm just walking down the Queensboro Plaza. Vestibule area. Actually, never mind, never mind, never mind, never mind. Go ahead. What's that? Come around. All right.
How are you? Good, I'm just going to Astoria. Yeah, and that's perfect. Anyway, this is light, you can take a right. Yep. And then just up at that stoplight at the end of the. Yeah, and just straight, straight here. Up to the stoplight. Yeah, sorry about that. Yep, anywhere around here is perfect. Thank you so much. Actually, if I should get a receipt, that'd be great. Awesome. Thank you. Now, I'm at my apartment. I did edit out where I said what my street number was. Oh, this is a weird episode. Oh, thought that was my cab honking at me because I forgot something. But it was someone honking at my cabs didn't move. It was a weird one. <clears throat> I'm glad we did it. I feel, you know, it's funny because I feel like there's a lot of life stuff that happened to Connor and I. We haven't done, we didn't do too much of an update. We just sort of hung out. 
So I bet we could do another episode fairly soon where we just talk about life updates. Because we've had a lot of them. We didn't get into too many of them here. We're too surrounded by people. People and things. Oh. Anyways, I've been exhausted. This was actually a really fun day. Sometimes I dread the recordings, but today was actually a lot of fun. And I'm like going home feeling energized and not like wiped out. Yeah, because you tell there wasn't a moment in this episode where I was... I mean, there were some moments, but... I didn't get exhausted like I normally do. I was energized by this. Which is nice. Alright. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll do another one sooner than we do, did these last ones. Ooh! I forgot about the cookies again until now. Yes. Ah, <sighs> This has been a good 12-hour day. Alright, have a good one. Bye.